Shaw, you weirdos and weirdettes. It's time to get back to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is episode 92. <laughs> you had a pause. What do you think I was going to uh, ban again or, or protest your fucking sing songs or something? I didn't sing song nothing. You, you kind of had baby. a pause there. Like you thought Booyah I wasn't going to say anything. Booyakasha. Booyakasha. Yeah. What episode is this? Episode number 92, brother. 92, Eric. Only eight more. No, no, none, no more of this. No more of this. Yeah, that, that, I mentioned it on the spotlight, which you were not on, Eric. It was That's right. just me. How'd that uh, go for That you? was just a joke. That was a joke that, that went sour. <laughs> on us. We both uh, both bought this past week. That we, we both took woke up on far. Monday. You when I don't know if when you woke up, I was in the shower like, why are we doing this? Yeah, and I we, don't know. They we just have both had the, a joke. We had the both. We had the same thought where it's like we always yeah. talk about how when a book is canceled, people give up on it. Yeah, yeah, and especially I'm thinking to myself like, huh. A lot of people just jumped on, you know, DCR went down and they, they kind of joined in and then they might not know that we're joking uh, because they just started listening. Yes, we are not going to end. Even old time listeners didn't seem to know. We're just fucking idiots. Yeah. I, Brandon, Brandon knew it was a joke. He said, you've been saying that for a year. And I think <laughs> I have. I think when you started in with it as well, uh, that's when all it became bets crazy. Yeah, yeah, all bets were off then when you agree with me. I That was just my joke <laughs> from fucking episode 10. Uh, but yeah, sometimes I get tired, Eric. Sometimes we I all get to tired, have baby. a night of sleep. Not tonight, though. Nope. I think it's going to be a long one. Oh, God. A long one indeed, because, well, I'll get into it in a minute. Hello and welcome to the official, unofficial podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of 10, 8, 2016, Eric. That is 10, October. Huh? That is October 8th. 2016. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Batman Podcast Network. So goddamn you proud. Can, you can find us on Twitter at Weird Science DC. Like us on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics. Go to Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com and email us whatever you want to email us. We will read every bit of email on this podcast. It's true. In 20 sections. Uh, but the <laughs> email to do that on is Weird Science DC Comics at Gmail. Dot com. Uh, we'd also love it if you subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get this yeah, fine, do that. fine podcast. If you don't want to do it, don't. We didn't get any reviews this week. Aww. No reviews to speak of. Uh, but you can also call into the Weird Science Rent and Rave line, which is 641-715-3900. Enter extension 452-328, followed by the pound sign. It's just that easy. And... We have a couple rant and raves. Uh, nice. The first one is from Christian. Here you go, Eric. He's going to make a, a little bit of a request here. here we oh, go. shit. Hi, Jim and Eric. Uh, this is Christian. Hi, Christian. I uh, just call Hi. in to say, well, you guys are doing great, but, oh, my gosh, just finished your, all your just for the hell of it. What a bunch of awesome nonsense. It's nonsense, I love it. but it's awesome nonsense. Awesome Hearing, nonsense. Jim talked about do. how he wants to, if he had to fuck, Mary, kill Casper, Beetlejuice, and Slimer, <laughs> he would fuck Slimer, kill Beetlejuice, and then Mary Casper could be a this abusive husband to him, which is <laughs> hilarious. Uh, so I want to know, when are you guys going to do more of those? Because those were awesome. Uh, and also, I just want to say, Eric, what, why would you leave Jim hanging? I mean, Hanging. he did great. He did a great doing the spotlight Damn all man. by himself. But, dude, 
Jim, Jim's your bro. Jim's your brother from another mother. He's your better half. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta back him up, man. I am the peanut butter. It's, you're the jelly. It's it's, it's, it's sad. I heard you're my wife. Just, just all alone, and every well. everyone bailed on him. It's just poor, Everybody poor did. old man Jim sitting yeah. over the recording <laughs> device, just talking to himself. It's 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 sad to think about. You you, you need to back him up, dude. Anyway, you guys are doing a great job. Uh, and I'll be listening this week. Have a good one. <laughs> Thank you, Christian. Uh, for the first bit, uh, we should be doing a Just for the Hell of It sometime soon. We were well, say, we one... planned on it like two yeah, weeks ago and, and shit fell through. Yeah. Yep, I was sick. And, and as then... for the spotlight this week, I got home on Wednesday when we were going to record the spotlight. My internet was shut off. My cable was shut off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, and... I told people this. Yeah, I oh, did... my God. <laughs> I told everyone. I, I didn't go full into the story. I didn't want to, you know, talk out of school. Or anything, but I was, and also at that point I was so frustrated by the time I got to record because what people did hear was the second recording of me talking about Midnight or Apollo. Also, that came after me desperately trying to find anybody to talk to me. And I know that uh, Kev from 365 Flicks wanted to go on uh, Twitter and say, like, oh man, I would have. I asked him to be on it earlier. <laughs> he didn't want to. Brandon was going to be on it. We were going to talk He-Man. His Skype connection didn't work. Reggie's computer crashed. I, and I just, at it one point. It was a fucked up I, week. At one point, I was just going to say, fuck it. We're not going to do it. And I thought, no, we always do it. And I did want to do something. So I talked about Midnight or Apollo. And I hope I made it very clear that we are not going to use that audio tonight. That was just for the spotlight. So me and Eric have already talked about Midnight. Yeah. I should be an expert on that fucking issue Seriously. because I, I did a review of it. I did two recordings of it for a spotlight, and then me and you talked about it again uh, together. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you had a problem. Basically, Jess didn't pay your goddamn bill. Well, that's I was the thing is, I, I was so upset it. at first because the bill was supposed to be it was due on Friday. Then like yeah, I did like yeah. I, I wanted to pay it the week before. She's like, oh, it's not due till next week. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. I can pay it again. So I spent that money on other things. So when I got home on Wednesday and the bill was due, I'm like, I don't have the cash to pay for this right now. So I had to wait till Friday to turn it back on. So Wednesday and Thursday and most of Friday were just fucking dead to me. And I'm like, God damn yep. it. But thank you, yep. Jim, for picking up my slack because oh, I hear you I did was, a great job. It was funny, though. Uh, I get home and I get we're on. We're supposed we're to record do, at we're 6. We're yeah. the spotlight at 6. So I get on. I'm like, okay. Usually I'm, you know, desperately trying to get things together around 6. I'm making dinner and all this. And yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll show up at 10 after. This one, I was actually early. I had it all ready. I'm like, Eric's not on. This is very weird. Like, for you to not even show as on on Skype yeah. It's fucking weird. So I just sat there trying to call you on Skype. Nothing. <laughs> so then I'm like, okay, got to about quarter after, I think. And then Tanya comes down and goes, hey, Jess just told me on Facebook they don't have the internet. Their internet's down. Yeah, and I, I had started... to wait till I don't own a phone, so I had to wait till after yeah. six o'clock for oh, Jess to come. So like, can you send Jim a text, please? I actually, I actually should have. And that's the funny thing is, she didn't send me a text. She sent Tanya a thing because I think that she might have been afraid that I would have flipped out. No, but the it... thing, the thing was that she, uh, her phone just updated and it lost all her contacts. Oh, okay. She didn't know your number well, anymore. I'm down here, and Tanya says, like, hey, uh, yeah, Jess said their internet isn't working. And I'm telling you, this was me. Bull fucking shit. I said, she didn't pay the fucking bill. And I went upstairs. And I'm like, you tell. I was yelling at Tanya. And then I'm like, wait a oh, second. Cause we, were, we were just having that conversation on Monday about yeah. that. Oh, so angry. And then I'm like, 
tell tell Jess. I actually I have her number still, so I sent her a message. Have Eric call me now. Yeah. And then you called me, and you're like, yeah, yeah, the internet's down. I'm like, god damn it. She didn't pay the bill, did she? And you're like, this and that. I'm like, you fucking – Yeah, but for some reason, I, I, I saw the bill then. It said the 7th, but for some reason, they shut it off on the 5th. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to take a look more at that bill. I think that bill probably says the 7th from fucking last month. I'm telling no, I you. took a look at it. I don't know. Yeah. The, the cable and the, the phone do not shut shit off. Usually, they give you an extra month. That yeah, that's, apparently we were behind a month. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. where this seventh was not the seventh of October. That was the problem. I believe that seventh was the sep- September seventh. That's uh, it's all coming back. I'm getting <laughs> angry again. I was so fucking angry. <sighs> then I was gonna uh, fucking drive over and grab your ass, and we're gonna do this together. And I just thought we're gonna be here with two like fucking hugging. Talking in the mic. <laughs> I'll be like, look, Eric, I'll, I'll page through the book here. Here you go, buddy. But yeah, and then I just, I just decided to do the fucking thing. Well, thank you, baby. It. I hated it. I, I can't stand doing it. It is weird to try to like, because we don't really set up jokes or no. anything like that. So this was probably the most serious I've been talking <laughs> about a book. I tried to throw in a fucking couple things of humor in. It was just me talking about the book. And then it's yeah. all like, you know, you say something and then you're actually going, is this thing on? Yeah. Is, yeah there's no response. That. I'm just like, <laughs> and then there's, there's Midnighter. And actually, if you were aware of the old, I fucking sounded like I was doing a cosmic treadmill, Eric. And that is nice. not a bad thing. I'm not bad mouthing anybody. <sighs> yeah. But that is the reason, Christian. And I'm yeah, sorry it should that. never happen uh, again. Hopefully. But yeah, I, I talked to you when I got this, uh, this rant and rave from Christian. I even said to you that maybe, for our next just for the hell of it we can always do a very easy fuck mary kill that that is always that's always a go-to or we could do um would you rather we could do one of those silly games you know uh but i like silly games yeah so do i and uh the one we were going to do that i was sick and we couldn't do was the one on candy we're going to talk about our one candy. candies. Candy. We're going to do candy. We may even do that still. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of shit that we want to do. Uh, and we also have kind of plans on making the Just for the Hell of It a little regular. Uh, but that's going to be probably after episode 100. Hi, Jim and Eric. Uh, I, hit the, I hit Christian again. Uh, but the next <laughs> one is uh, the next one's Charlie, Eric. And are you sitting down? You might not like Charlie. Oh, no. You, you might not like him. Here's Charlie. Him. Charlie. Hello, clowns. This is Hunter's Bouts House. This is Charlie. Uh, I'm a first-time caller this week, and uh, I wanted to talk about um, Midnighter and Apollo. You know, I I really enjoyed this book. I think Steve Orlando is is a fantastic writer, and I think... um, Oh, God. What's wrong with you, Charlie? I I really don't mind the gay sex at all. It doesn't bother me. I had a friend. He said once he saw them in bed, it made him feel funny in the pants, and he couldn't do it anymore. Well, so, happened. you know, I told him that, that doesn't really bother me, so I can, I can read these books. I can read these books, and it doesn't bother me, because I'm, I'm not afraid of homosexuality. But anyway, I really like the Midnight or the Apollo Wills. It's a good book. It was a really good book. Um, on top of that, on top of that, uh, um, while we're on the subject of Steve Orlando, I, I have to say, Night of the Monster Men is probably the greatest thing that I've ever read in my whole entire life. I just think it's fantastic. It's such a fabulous book. I love the art. The art is very, very good. And, and 
I just can't, I can't say enough great things about Steve Orlando. You know, I, I wonder. Charlie has a head injury. Do you think he's from Florida? Florida? Is, is Orlando his Florida. last, is, <laughs> is he a Spaniard man? Do you I think, think Orlando, you know? Because I, I knew a guy once <laughs> with the first name, Orlando, and, and I thought he was a, uh, I think he was a Spaniard. He had pants and... But anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I, I really liked, you know, but my thing is sure it was a good issue. It was really good. <laughs> I had the problems with it. And I loved the romanticisms of the Deaf Man and the Dark Mansions of Forbidden Love. Uh, the is Death the Man. Forbidden Love, is, is it the lesbians? Is that what the Forbidden Loves is about? Um, but anyway, thank you it's for your time. Stuff. I hope you enjoyed the dead man and the Apollo and the midnight of the guy with the smiles and the hammers. And and I really hope you liked Night of the Monster Man. Steve Orlando is such a good guy. I just wanted to say it. Sure he is. Leave Steve Orlando alone. He wants to know if he's a Spaniard, Eric. Spaniard. Spaniard. I, I don't think he's a Spaniard. Charlie! And I, of the books that he mentions, the books that Charlie mentions there, I do think that I like Midnighter the, the best, actually. Yeah, me as well. That death man, Eric, <laughs> that death man, you liked a little more than me, but we had one last. We don't have a lot of uh, rent and raves. Uh, Mike oh. is on vacation. Dancing Mike's in Florida. He's oh. in Florida. Maybe he'll see Steve Orlando, who may or may not be a Spaniard. Uh, From Orlando. Yeah, we have one last rant and rave. And that is from Trevitt. He got it in late. He he uh, he tweet, tweeted me. I can't talk tonight. I'm really struggling. You know, he tweeted me, hey, do I have t- till 10 tonight to do this rant? Ram- 10? No. No. You have about five minutes. Got and till he got 8. got it in there. He, he fucking got right on, on and did it. I don't know if he mentions that or not because this is hot off the presses. Ooh. Hello, Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. What's Hello, going on, Jim? What's going on, Eric? This is Trevitt. Um, I'm going to try to make this as short and sweet as possible, but I am one long-winded son of a bitch. So, here we go. <laughs> First thing I want to do is talk about a trade I was reading. It was Wonder Woman Volume 1 by Greg Rucka. Art is amazing. Um, I don't know the artist offhand. I think it's a Drew Johnson or J.G. Jones, something like that. Anyway, they did a fantastic job. It's a fantastic book. If you like the lies, if you like year one, you will love volume one, Wonder Woman by Greg Rucka. I highly suggest you go and pick that shit up right now. Sounds good. In stock trades, you probably get that shit 50% off. That's probably like 10 bucks. Totally worth it. Do yourself a favor. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. (laughs) Anyway... Uh, this week's issues, I liked a lot of them. Uh, there's too many to mention them all. So, number one, I want to mention uh, Shade, the Changing Girl. Really loved that book. Loved the dialogue. Loved the story. Like I loved there. the story. It I was such it. a good book. Neither did I. Um, I didn't know what to think. Didn't have any expectations. Um, but it, I loved it. I liked That's it a lot. Cool. I would probably give it an 8.5 easy. Um I think I'm going to mention books that um, caught me by surprise. Another one would be Hawk, The Death of Hawkman with Adam Strange. I loved Adam Strange in that book. I, I really liked better. the art. I thought that was a great book. These these two books that I had no expectations for, 
were two of the most enjoyable books I read this week. What about the Deathman, Trevor? Because I loved reading Superman. It was gorgeous. Aquaman was middle of the road, but it it was, the art was very, very good. Yeah. Uh, Green Lanterns was good. Sam Humphreys is continuing doing a great job. Um, Jesus Christ. I I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I even enjoyed Midnight or an Apollo. That train scene when he ran through the trains, crushing skulls, decapitating people. You know, that shit was fucking fantastic. I like that. Um, you know, the, it, it it wasn't amazing, but for Steve Orlando standards, I was very oh, happy with it. I'm still unsure about JLA. I'm not going to go around singing the guy's praises. He's not getting a fucking Christmas card this year. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Anyway, he might be but a uh, he did a good job. Does that mean he's Mary Jewish? Monster Men, I'm still uh, meh about. Uh, I like it. It's not terrible. It's about a seven all the way through. I think Steve I Orlando know. is getting better. Around here, um, I mean, around now, uh, I thought the Batman issue was good. Uh, I really enjoyed the Riley Rossimo art. I, Ooh. Ooh. I really enjoyed Nightwing. I forget the name of the artist on that book, but I liked the art in that book too. I, I, I thought they were, I, I thought they were pretty good. Right. You know, I'd give them like a six point eight, maybe a seven. They're not terrible. You know, I wouldn't fucking piss on them, but you know. Well, something to read. That'd be fucked up. Jeez, that just went down. Go around pissing on books? Quickly. I might piss on them. Uh, <laughs> but, might like that. You have weird fetishes. Yeah, oh yeah, and Green Arrow. <clears throat> I forgot about Green Arrow. I really, okay. <clears throat> I really enjoyed that. But you say everybody asked for Beyond it. all those, the uh, last thing I would like to mention is Dead Man, because tonight. they went out of their way to make it look very, very pretty. The Man. presentation was great. It looks like a little mini trade paperback. Six dollars, mind you, but you get no ads. The story is a really slow till the middle. Um, you know, it's a mystery a little bit. It gets interesting. Sure I don't know what the forbidden love is about yet. Uh, I don't know if but it's because stuff. the main character. I think the mystery is why you know, I read it. <laughs> likes to fuck women, and uh, she also has a boyfriend. I don't know. Look like her, and you know, I, I, I got to stop for a second because. Through the beginning of that book in the middle, this 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 black chick. Now I I didn't know it was a chick. I, I thought Either it was a guy I, at first. I found out it was a chick later on. Because <laughs> they in the I think it was she was called Sam and she kept calling her Sam. And, and when she left the house, they had this weird moment like they wanted to kiss. And, 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 and fucking Bernice's boyfriend's upstairs sleeping, and she's you know, got and, a headache. You know, she kind of made. Bernice made the motion like she didn't want to, you know, kiss Sam. Sam's like, you know, it's okay, you know, we're still friends, basically, and got in the car and drove away. But Jesus Christ, I did not know Sam was a girl. I thought it was a boy for such a fucking long time. Like, the internal dialogue in my head, I create voices for the characters when I read. And I had a man's voice that whole time. (laughs) So anyway, the book picks up from the middle to the end when Bernice finally accepts uh, Boston Brand, a.k.a. Dead Man. And they start working on solving the mystery of who that uh, shadow ghost is. Um, I'm going to read the next one. Uh, I I want to see where it goes. But uh, I'm not fucking jumping up and down about it. Trevor's saying he's going to buy and read the next one. So, yeah, that's a recap of how I felt about the week. I'm sure there's some things I'm forgetting. It's a week. But uh, fuck it. Um, Wonder Woman by Greg Rucka. Make sure you pick that up. It's a fucking gorgeous book. Gorgeous. And, uh, yeah. That's about it this week. You guys, you guys, hey, you good guys work. over there. Um, thanks for letting me ramble. Yeah. Yes, yes. 
Yes. Cheerio. Thank you, Trev. Cheerio. Uh, Thank Trev you, had problems this week at work. He had to kick some people and ban them for life from his work. He sent me a picture of him, too. It's like the fucking security camera. It made me laugh. I'm like, I don't know that I'm supposed to be seeing this. This seems like, you know, top secret shit. But, yeah, so some person got pissed off about throwing away a receipt, and then they wanted to fight him. They were uh, crazy. Yes, they are. <laughs> fucking crazy indeed but yeah uh i'm looking at this i want to make sure also uh before we continue i do want to mention that toby our man toby who will we will hear uh from him in the mail section one of the mail sections coming up he's been making videos of some of the past like almost like a uh, greatest hits of the podcast some crazy episodes uh and little bits that have happened on the podcast and i i think that it's cool because even though he's on he's just doing it because he thinks it's hilarious and he likes to make these but i think it's it hilarious is, too it, it's almost like a history lesson to me now because <laughs> this today he actually put one up and i did put it on the site and it is the infamous jess walking in and yelling at us about talking about her dildo collection and if anybody hears that, you know, that's inappropriate and I'm mad at that, that all those quotes there, which I should actually just play them now that we're saying it. But I, th this thing, it's, you know, the that is inappropriate. Thing. I'm angry about yeah. that. It was inappropriate. And if you hear that, there must be a lot of people who don't have any idea what Jess was actually yelling about. And it then burned also, to the memories of a lot, though. Uh, and also how uncomfortable it was <laughs> afterwards, too. Uh especially this one eric everything you even hear me during it and i'm kind of laughing and i'm saying to you like what the heck is going I'm on i'm laughing then, too i was scared then, out of my yeah, goddamn and then mind this one you hear me jim and then i got scared and then i tried to like <laughs> fucking bad mouth her at the end because before that you i was so her. mad because she kept yeah, really she kept uh taking you to work late yeah. I, I, so for a half hour before that, I just kept yelling about her not getting you to work on time. And then that's how it led to you talking about taking a shower, reaching under the thing, grabbing some dildos and yeah, all I that. I just wanted yeah. a Q-tip. Reese yeah, Young got a big old black dildo on my hand. And this, it ended up being that you were late for work because of dildos. I, I don't know, but I was so angry <laughs> at you not being at work on time. You know, we got important shit to talk about at work. Uh, but yeah, if you want to do, go to the site and see, and Toby makes some awesome, awesome videos and he promised it. he's going to continue them. And he wanted to know, uh, some of the things that we wanted him to do videos on and even some people listen. So if you do have any suggestions on anything that you've heard in the past, or even if you haven't heard it and you want to know what it's all about, like we mentioned some things like Evine Live and, and shit like that. Stinky you Jamie, say, hey, Dirtbag Doug. No, I, I put it. I put them Wine all. Wine Stinky at the Jamie is one of my favorites. I, I also want to see cream truck abduction. the ice cream truck when Eric uh, thought he was going to be abducted. Uh, I didn't think I was going to be abducted until years later. Didn't think about it yeah, at the time. People I got in the, truck. I just and got then, in the back. Also, just I like the stories of you waiting for your father. You I don't there like those the stories. Fucking curb, waiting there with your little suitcase, waiting. Shit like that. Hey, you know, I'm sure there's a couple things about me and my dad. You know, also <laughs> the the Amish Puerto Ricans who beat me up. Yeah. <laughs> Shit like that. But yeah, the, if you want to hear anything, why did they become Amish know. again? I just that what happened because Reggie somehow thought that we met. I don't know. Reggie called them the Amish Puerto Rican, and then we just went off on that. But yeah, right. it was it was mainly just some Puerto Rican guys that beat the shit out of me. That's your boy. Uh, 
Yeah, that, your boy. That still <laughs> drives me fucking nuts. Even even the story about the, uh, hey, uh, keep doing what you're doing. I don't know. Yeah. There, there's a lot to pick from, but I like Toby doing them as like a history lesson for people. It's almost like if you weren't involved in the New 52 and we start talking about a book and we give you a little, you know, hey, this was happening there. I, I like these videos as that. I think they're awesome. For some reason, anytime I talk, I'm Yao Ming. I don't understand. I'm Yao Ming, Eric. Um, See, that's yeah. funny, too, because I went back because I saw you say that. I'm like, I never knew that little, like, uh, cartoon drawing was Yao Ming. Yeah, yeah. I'm Yao Ming. I thought yeah, it was Barack that, Obama. That, no, no. That is it for the beginning, and we're going to move on with the news. Now it's time for Jim and the news. Listening to Jim is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before all the meat and the cheese that's from under. And now it's up for Jim and the news. And now it's up for Jim and the news. And now it's time for Jim and the news. Oh, yeah, and I guess Eric's there, too. Damn right I am. Yes, you are. You know who else is here? LeBron James. God LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James is here? LeBron James. Oh, LeBron James is here. The guy is drunk. Oh, my goodness gracious. I got I, I to get fill your quota sample. here. I get paper sample. <laughs> oh, yes. Hello, weird science. Oh, my goodness gracious. I like turtles. Look at all those chickens. Oh, my God. I am racking up. I'm racking up the <laughs> Bonjour, door. Jim. Bonjour, oh, Harry. The guy is drunk. LeBron James. Yes, it's time for the news. <laughs> it is time for the news. And you know what this weekend is. We have been talking about it over and over again. And yes, indeed, New York Comic Con this week. Oh, this shit, weekend. really? And yes, it is. And God. Reggie kept saying to us that we had he had gotten us passes for Sunday. And I don't understand where he ever could have thought that we would be able to record this goddamn podcast. And then what are we going to leave right from recording tomorrow at, at fucking 5 a.m.? And then I don't get like to doing the anything thing. after who, we get done recording. Yeah, and who's last week, I actually slept until 2.30 in the afternoon. Chinese dentist. That'll happen. 2.30. 2.30. I've never slept that long in my life. It was like I was in a coma. I thought I woke up with a goddamn long-ass beard. Rip Maybe Van Winkle. Rip Van Winkle. And I was so upset because me and Rafe were going to watch the London game uh, last week, uh, the the one NFL game was in London, and I love that early game. Boy, I miss that. <laughs> I, I freaking went down, and that, that was the other thing. The Eagles, our, our team that we love, Eric, we know and love, uh, they were on a bye. So that sure was the only are. thing I was like, thank God. But, yeah, I can't do that tomorrow. They play at one. They play Detroit. I got to be ready for that, baby. That's right, Manship. Get- that's right, Manship. Manship, uh, another week with no mail from Manship, by the way. And if anybody is wondering, he is not mad because I badmouth his Rob has a podcast. <laughs> In fact, today, he he does send me emails, but he has not had an email for the podcast. He hasn't even listened in the past couple of weeks. He has some problems at work. And um, the big thing of Manship uh, this week is uh, 
that he discovered that Rob has a podcast, has like six other podcasts. And they, Rob has know. many podcasts. Uh, Manship has this issue where like things that you think Manship should know and, and realize, he, he never does. And it's like a, I don't know, it's like a very uh, innocent uh, <laughs> negativity. I, I don't know. It's just so weird. Like he'll just say stuff to me and email and I'm like, Listen to what Manship said. We laugh, but not like it's like he's like just a little kid at heart, Eric. A little kid at heart. Talking about sexual positions with his wife. Yeah, out of nowhere. He just gets that and then he gets this. Look at all those chickens. I, I think oh, actually that look at all those chickens. That's Manship. And and he's yelling that and they're all geese, Eric. But yeah, I, I don't know. That's my new go to sound uh, clip that makes me happy. I just, okay. I don't know. That little girl's talk just, it does. It makes me happy. Look at all those chickens. <laughs> so She's happy. so happy. She's so happy. Who else in the low car say yeah? Who yeah! yeah! else in them chickens say yeah? LeBron James. LeBron James. I like turtles. Yeah, you hate the LeBron James kid, right? LeBron James. That's from now on. That's the nonsense. my eardrums. LeBron James. Like Rafe loves that guy. He loves it. All right, the news. So we do have the New York Comic Con. So there oh, is yeah, a, a couple more things of news. The first one, Eric, Wildstorm is back. I know that you've been waiting for the Wildstorm universe to return. It's returning in a big way, baby. Give me that. Give me that. That's what I like, baby. What do you say? What is that clip that That's you said? That's what I want, Jimmy Boy. That's what I want, That's Jimmy not what boy. I want, though, Jimmy Boy. I love that so much. Yeah, I love Don't it so no, much. We separated too. Wildstorm. We separated the Milestone characters. We're taking all yeah. these other characters that are yeah. in the DCU that and separating awesome. them out. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> uh, you, you'll see what's going on. None of this stuff that you're saying is going to matter. Where's Static I Shock at? I promise you. But that's what I want, Jimmy boy. There it is. Uh, they actually had an announcement of the uh, – what is that imprint? I always forget. The uh, Static Shock is in. Milestone. Milestone, yeah. My- milestone bitches. That should be their slogan. They announced <laughs> that there will be an announcement on the Milestone stuff, but it'll be next year. Uh, the announcement. I don't know yeah. when it's coming about. But, yeah, the Milestone stuff is still going. Uh, it's just they, they're not ready to announce anything. But this is it. Wildstorm is back. Uh, ComicBook.com reported this week that Warren Ellis will be heading a new Wildstorm imprint that will be very similar to Gerard Way's Young Animal imprint that recently launched. Wildstorm will debut mid-February 2017 with a regular monthly comic titled The Wildstorm, written by Ellis with art by John Davis Hunt, who actually right now does Vertigo's Clean Room. Uh, this ongoing series will reset the known Wildstorm universe and introduce new iterations of Wildstorm characters such as Grifter Voodoo, the Engineer, Jenny Sparks, and others. This is the quote. After a long reflection, I couldn't turn down the invitation to renovate the house that Jim Lee built and refit its unique combination of cosmic paranoia and paramilitary conspiracy for the post-political space madness of the 2010s or 20-teens. Never really seen that spelled out like that. Said Ellis, looking back to look forward. It says the Wildstorm will serve as a launching pad for several future series, such as Michael Cray. Yeah, that's your favorite book, right? You, oh, yeah, you've Michael been wanting Cray the shit. Michael Cray book. It's so funny. I don't know what Michael Cray is. I am not a Wildstorm guy. So I kept thinking, I'm like, Michael Cray, like what, what book's Michael Cray writing? I, I've never heard of this fellow, but yeah, that is a book. Wildcat. Eric. 
Wildcats. And no, no Wildcats. Zealot. No creative team announcements have yet been made for these books. I've heard of Wildcats. I actually heard of Zealot as well. Uh, today, they said today at New York Comic Con, this was actually around 5 o'clock today, they said the Wildstorm universe is separate, completely separate from the DC universe, and the imprint would continue as long as Warren Ellis wants to remain involved. So the minute he says he's done, <laughs> it folds up. Uh, and this has nothing to do with anything going on in the DC universe. There's been talk that like a Midnight or an Apollo will not appear in that. Just so that I, I think it's more confusing, uh, confusion sort of thing. They don't want to confuse people. But yeah, nothing that happened in the New 52 with Grifter say is going to have anything to do with this. This Wild Storm book. Well, yeah, none of it happens because this the Wild Storm book resets everything it is the start of this universe and it's just going to go from there basically it's it's warren ellis is allowed to do what he wants and go from there it's just so, so yeah. weird though because i'm telling you this kind of takes away these characters even the daemonites that are out for back to wildstorm at that point yeah but uh, like i said i don't think that number one they have any plans for any of these characters and if they want to later have say a grifter in rebirth in a book, I don't think this stops it. This is completely different. This well, that's is just the thing is that you, I just take this the way I took one milestone said, all right, we're coming back, which means all the milestone characters are out of the DCU and back in their own universe. Yeah, well, even I if see it, it did, the same way. But even if it did, like, where are you going to ever get any of these characters? You're not. We had a lot of Grifter in Future's End. Yeah, but I'm saying you're not getting them now. Now you have Rebirth. They're not calling back to the fucking Wildstorm characters anymore. Yeah, you had Grifter in fucking Future's End. Well, we had Apollo Midnighter. Yeah, but that's, they said, they're already here. So they are the only ones that they think are going to go. But really, are you going to be upset because Voodoo isn't going to fucking show up in any It just kind of limits things. Yeah, it doesn't limit it, though. Like I said, you said, oh, my God, you know, the Milestone stuff. Have you missed any of these characters? Because we I, have I'd not like to seen see Static Shock. Yeah, but you haven't, we haven't seen Static Shock since the first six months of the New 52. They could that, have had him. I we had one crossover with Hawkman when that first yeah, started, too. Yeah, I'm saying you could, you, we could have had, up until now, we're five years removed from seeing Static Shock in any book. They didn't want to use him before. They're not going to use him now. Uh, you know, and if they do... It'll be in the milestone. You're just going to have to read him in his own universe. I just like the combined universes all. Yeah, I don't. Because like I said, uh, the last time I saw fucking Zealot or Michael Cray, you're just not going to get him. So this is actually, if you're a Wildstorm fan, you're going to get a lot more. Because, boy, I don't think Michael Cray would ever show up in Rebirth. So you get a chance to get some things. Or Wildcats. If if the Wildcats show up in any sort of new uh, Rebirth book, it's going to be for... A two-issue thing where they just show up and then leave. At least this, if you're a Wildcats fan, you're going to get them in their own series eventually. So you'll actually get more in the end. But we'll see how it goes. But the next bit of news is John Boy Myers. You hear this about John Boy Myers there? I did not. He is quitting Rebirth Teen Titans. He's done. He's God walked damn off it. the book. He said he's off. Because of creative differences. Fuck. Teen Titans artist John Boy Myers has walked I off the really DC Rebirth Teen Titans. really wanted him on that book. Uh, he just walked off and uh, he writes, Thank you guys for all the Teen Titans love and support. And Teen Titans issue number one of the ongoing will be my final issue for the series. So he has the one that's coming out 
uh, is it. He's done. Due to creative differences, I've decided to move on to other projects. And just to be clear, I left on my own, so there's no hard feelings or ill will. It's comics. Not everything is magical. Just the characters are. And he was solicited already. They just say he was solicited for Teen Titans 3 and 4. Uh, those are the only ones, you know. Because we were even talking so about far. that when we, did the, we talked about the Rebirth book. It's like, yep. is John Boy Myers on the rest? And he was. I really he, was supposed to be, he was supposed to be the main artist. He's walked off. I don't know. This is one of those. I don't know what it could be. It's a weird thing to say creative differences for an artist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, did he not like the schedule that they put him under? This is a monthly book, right? Teen Titans? I believe and, so. Yeah. And uh, just weird. I, did, did they? he not like how something was supposed to be drawn? I, I just don't understand. Now, when the book I hope he hasn't out, walked away from DC altogether, though, because I, I really enjoy his art. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe he's just like he doesn't like their practices. I don't know. Maybe he's like, hey, you got to sign me exclusive? No, I'm walking. Yeah, I, I don't know. that. Maybe that was it. Maybe they wanted to sign him exclusive, and he said no, and then they kind of gave him shit. I don't know. I don't know that we'll ever know. Creative uh, differences. Yeah. Yes, the next one is another artist leaving a book, and that oh. book would be Wonder Woman, Eric. Oh. Wonder Woman is losing an artist, and who? that would be who? Nicholas Scott. Wonder Woman artist Nicholas Scott is leaving the title with issue number 14, according to series writer Greg Rucka. Rucka announced that during the DC Rebirth What's Next panel at New York Comic Con, adding that guest artist Bill Quis Evely would be taking over Scott's spot. And you would know Bill Quist Everly is the one who's going to be doing the issue next week. That oh, the, shit, the Sugar and the Spike Sugar and one. Spike artist that I don't care is for that taking art. over. Well, she's going to be taking over full-time. We'll get to see. If you want to see what the future holds, uh, you'll be able to see this. Uh, it's the uh, year one story about Barbara uh, Minerva. I, I can't even, Barbara Minerva. I can't think tonight. I don't know what's going on. I really hope if she's leaving, doing this. like doing something else, maybe it's like she's on a JSA book or some shit. The guy know. is drunk. I don't know. I might be drunk, Eric. I wish I could say that I was drinking like <laughs> lots of fucking like cough syrup or anything. I just my my head is fucking all over the place right now. I need to take your Adderall. Where? I need Adderall. Adderall. I haven't had Adderall in fucking a year. It seems I need it. I'm all over the fucking place. I might be drunk, Eric. <laughs> But yeah, this series, uh, don't worry, Liam Sharp is still going to be on that. Thank but God. Yeah, Nicholas Scott, I really, that was one of the main reasons why I wanted the year one story when we decided to split that up because I love Nicholas Scott's art and I never had it with her on it. And uh, she's she was walking off. The next bit of That's news is Batman 66, Eric. Batman 66, you're a big fan of that book, right? It's an all right book. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. It, it kind of, uh, this is, I like this news because this is a Batman 66 news item, obviously, but I, it, they're extending this a little But Batman 66 meets Wonder Woman 77. It's better than go. Steed and Mrs. Peel. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. It, it's funny that they're going to meet. I, I would wonder if they're going to make uh, Batman 66 older. Because it's now 77, there's going to be time travel involved, we'll see. In 2017, this will come out. DC Comics has announced a new Batman 66 meets Wonder Woman 77 miniseries debut in November digitally with a print release in January at New York Comic Con's Wonder Woman 75 panel. Wonder Woman 77 writer Mark Andreco said that he and Batman 66 writer Jeff Parker would be working on a six-issue series together. And that, that's pretty cool. Alex Ross and Mike Aldred are scheduled to do covers with David Hahn and Carl Kessel 
doing interior art. I love Carl Kessel's art. So, And uh, here's the quote from Jeff Parker. You have to be able to look at it and hear Adam West's voice coming out of Batman. And it does, Parker told Variety. When I read back over the proofs, I hear Linda's voice as well. It works, Eric. It I always kind of wanted uh, Wonder Woman 77 meets Superman 78. Yeah, we wanted like Chris that. Reeves that, and, and we maybe even, even throw in the Batman talk. 89. Yeah, you wanted like Batman 89. Uh, by now, the Batman 66 to me is, is a bit overplayed, that book yeah. in general. Well, even though it, it just got old because I can't – I love marathon and shows. I can't do that to the Batman 66 it's show tough. because it gets old fast. It's so campy, and Jeff yeah. Parker did a good job kind of getting that voice – in the well, book. he did that, and then he started and, like making it a little well, bit more saying, fresh well, by adding in characters who. Well, weren't here's in the, the thing show. that I think maybe he got a little too close to the deal because it was tough to keep going back, and then they had other writers jump in and stuff like yeah. that. And it was okay. Uh, the next bit though is another book that's coming out. Eric, this is the last bit of news, and that is a new Batwoman ongoing joins DC's rebirth in 2017. And before we even go, I would have to say that. People liking her in Detective Comics, I think that pushed it a little more. Uh, she had that book in the New 52 that ended up uh, getting canceled, obviously. Uh, People never stopped that, loving Batwoman. No, and yeah, and more. I think that her in Detective kind of, you know, is a springboard, and it, it even spells it out. An all-new rebirth We're just era, losing Batwoman. the team now, it seems like. Yep. Tim Drake's gone, yeah. Batwoman's leaving. We'll see. Uh, Batwoman ongoing monthly title is coming from DC Comics early next year. Writers Marguerite Benet and James Tynan, along with artist Steve Epting, launched the series with Batwoman Rebirth number one in February, with a proper Batwoman number one in March. Tinian the Fourth is scheduled to co-write the first arc with Benet before the DC Comics bombshell scribe takes over the series as its sole writer. So yeah, it's going to be and it, well, I'll even go on here. Benet says there has all there has never been a heroine I have loved more than Batwoman. Said Benet, her flaws, her ferocity. Her struggle to rise above her own history and find a way to serve the greater good and those she loves. She's always cut me straight to the bone. <sighs> to be a queer woman and to see a queer woman as not just a part but a pillar of the Bat family was life-changing, inspiring, and gave me the courage to pursue this career in comics. The opportunity to add to Kate Kane's story and legacy is both an honor and a sincere dream come true. Additionally, Benet will join Tynan the Force... Detective Comics for a two-issue arc titled Batwoman Begins that is designed as a lead into the character's ongoing title. So that'll come out right before that. And yeah, I didn't. I actually didn't know that Marguerite Benet was a queer woman. That that is news to me. And I guess you know they want to make sure that people know that with her being queer. I think it's kind of a weird little addendum there i don't care what the people writing the book are right eric well it's like people want care. a black writer for cyborg they want to have the voices be right i guess you yeah. know like we have a uh, uh writer writing freaking uh uh midnight on apollo like i just they just yeah. want to keep things the way they are i guess like you, you know it's not often you have like besides your greg rucker writing wonder woman it seems like that's the only thing that we're going to get like that yeah, yeah. I, actually, it was funny because Christopher Priest did the opposite. He said that when he wanted to write a book, he wanted to make sure because he's a black guy, he didn't want to, you know, all of a sudden he'd be tagged as like a cyborg. That's why oh, yeah, he wanted you, you to write Deathstroke. You could typecast then just because yeah, of your race he or, to write or gender or as sexual orientation. opposite of that, which is pretty cool. But yeah, I like Batwoman. I really like the last Batwoman series. It kind of got a little wacky. You know, the I, end, but even, it, I even liked the wackiness at the end, though. I did like the wackiness at the end, and what I was going to say, it actually led to Clayface being involved with Batwoman, 
uh, that may have been kind of one of the reasons why he is in uh, Detective Comics, and I, he's, I like he's good him in both in books. Comics, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is the news, and we're going. So go when's on. Ragman getting his book? Yeah, Ragman, yeah, he was in that. That was a crazy team at the end of, of Batwoman. But I had yeah, a good time. With go them. on with the first in space of mail, and the mail isn't in space. There, it's going to be right here. Maybe it will be in space. All right. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah. It's mail with Jim. Oh, yeah. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah. It's mail with Jim. Amen. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah. It's mail with Jim. Amen. Let's hear Jim. Our yep, sure is. Jim. We don't need no Eric Shea, do we? We don't need All right. it. I'm Spoon James and oh, I came shit. to say Fuck Spoon James, we all about that Shea coming straight out of Quaker Town with reviews for that ass Check him out on Weird Science DC Comics Podcast Quick with a quip and on point like dead shot. He could give a fuck less if you like him or not With a voice that makes the ladies go weak at the knees Jim, please, milk and cheese, you can suck these If it wasn't dancing, Mikey wouldn't have no fame We all know that news with Jim would come off weak and lame And without your soundboard to blow that foghorn shit The only thing that you'd be blowing would be Reggie's fuck stick And speaking on him, I guess you're grave robbing now did a Michael Clark Duncan die in 2012? Opinions at your ass like a colonoscopy. Make way for MC Cryptic with his brother Robin Asadi. From the hottest next parts for the Get Fresh crew. Word to Eric, Jim, and Reggie for all you guys do. On behalf of all the fans who hear the part every day, we love you motherfuckers, but mostly Eric Shane. Just a man, and a man knows a man. Uh-huh. Don't you know he's the man? He is the and man. you know he never fails. No one but the pure at heart may smell just stinky fart. Sing it, Dustin. Oh, Eric Shea. What? Yeah. All right, I'm happy again. So you're happy again? That's the hot you, shit right there. That you got the hot shit, you're happy? Uh-huh. Look at all those chickens. Look at all those chickens, Eric. <laughs> all those chickens. Uh, yes, we are in the first section of the mail, and we're going to start with a new listener Eric. Nice. a new listener and a new male this is jeremy and jeremy says hello gentlemen just thought i'd drop you a line as a newbie listener to say that i have je- finally finished and thoroughly enjoyed episode 89 shit 11 hours that one was Eric. 11 is that hours. the long ass one Jeez. yeah yeah wow yeah, you know what i say about that Eric? 11 hours <laughs> That's right. that is a bunch of fucking nonsense i thought that was hours. the awesome horn now no no it's no the awesome horn is this <laughs> Look at those chickens. Not so much a horn, but I'll go with it. Look at all those chickens. Uh, he really, I really enjoyed your opinions on the comics and appreciate the time and effort you take to go into the kind of analysis other podcasts just can't, or perhaps for their own sanity's sake, won't deliver. Yeah. They can't, Eric. They can't. They can't touch it. I wish I had can't touch us right now. <laughs> Bing, oh, no, no, no. I'm dancing around with my fucking pants going. Parachute pants. Pants. Uh, there was a big uh, argument this week at our house if they were actually called hammer pants or parachute pants, and I told them to shut their fucking mouth. I didn't need either <laughs> one. To get, stop it. Daddy's busy. 
Don't need to fucking discuss parachute pants versus hammer pants, and we all know the parachute pants. Boosh. Zach's next in the next room. He was yelling their hammer pants. They might be hammer pants. I particularly enjoyed the cosmic treadmill segment and the trip down a mullet-infested memory lane filled with characters that I'd mostly forgotten about. He likes that cosmic treadmill, does he? I hear they do good stuff. Yeah, they do. Thanks also for the chat on Twitter earlier on in the week. Looking forward to hearing more of your thoughts. All of the best, and that is Jeremy. And yeah, Thank I you, Jeremy. People. I talk to people, Eric. Next one's Mark. Mark Chatty says, Kathy. Sup, Jim and Eric. With so, all the songs being submitted to the podcast, I feel I need to ask, when does the hopefully first of many Weird Science DC Comics albums come out? And will it have Jim's cover of the whole Agent 37 song? <laughs> have a great can. week, guys, and stay classy. That actually could be one of Toby's fucking things. It was, it's, uh, what was it? It was to, uh, 37. Uh, right? 37. The <laughs> man, the man with, I can't even remember I'm what I'm telling you, every time we go to sing any James Bond song, it's always to the tune of Goldfinger. Yeah. The man with the fucking hard ass butt cheeks. Diamonds are forever. They make me weak. Moonraker. Such a sexy 37. <laughs> He's hanging out with Midnighter. They're pressing the flesh and asking Fisk questions. I can't rhyme with questions, so the song ends. And then he says, have a great week, guys, and stay classy. So he wants an album that possibly could have this song on it, Eric. <laughs> play all the songs my hairs in my face. I was rocking back and forth, air guitar. You, you do not want to see my screen right now. I was doing my beat spit all over, didn't you? Spitting all over. The, <laughs> my, my whole screen is just spit filled. <laughs> Fucking nonsense. Uh, yes. Now this part, yes. Why, that would also include don't have any friends. Agent 37, I do have to, I'm going to record a full-out version of that. That'd be awesome. To the fucking, uh, the, to the rhythm of Goldfinger? No, it always is. That, that yeah. has to be what he was singing it, too. 37. Yep, doo doo da. How about that? Hey, 37. Come on. <laughs> I'm not even going to do any voices this week. They went all, all, all bad last week. Uh, the next one is Frenny. Uh, Frenny says, Hi, Jim, Eric, and Reggie. What's up, Frenny? How do you know about Gilmore Girls? Oh, Gilmore Girls, do you ask? I don't ask? know why I know one, about Gilmore One of us, one of the two of us is a huge fan of those Gilmore huge, Girls. I huge, but I just and, happen to watch every episode. Yeah, you've seen every episode. I watch one episode, I want to fucking strangle somebody with a fucking <laughs> dialogue. Oh, fucking back and forth. Uh, my wife loves the Gilmore Girls. In fact, I got a message from her. 
this week because somehow she saw that because and Frenny will go on about the Netflix uh, show coming back, the reunion show. Yeah, uh, they turned a bunch of coffee shops and cafes or whatever into Luke's diners, Eric. Oh, really? And, oh, yeah. That's and cool. She, she wanted to go to one, and uh, the closest is in Philadelphia. And I said, what, we can fucking show up and fucking sookie, fucking give you a plate of fucking flapjacks. The fuck do I want? Sookie doesn't work there, retard. Yeah, she does. <laughs> Sookie. Snooky. <laughs> I don't know what the hell. That fucking Luke. I, I'm telling you, I watched that show, and it, it makes my blood fucking boil. I, I just like television. Like, what a jerk. But yeah, you you like the Gilmore Girls. At one point, you marathon that whole fucking series. Sure did. Oh, yeah, yeah. She says, I love the Gilmore Girls. Well, so do I, Franny. I love it. I just... <laughs> I would hear it. My wife would play it, and I'd hear it in the in the background, and I it would make me grind my teeth the whole time. I, I fucking just hated it. Well, uh, my daughter, teeth, her daughter loves the Gilmore Girls as well. There's a four-episode reunion show. Oh, they, they got off their duffs to make four fucking episodes, Eric. Fucking lucky us. <laughs> four episodes. That's all they can pull together, huh? That fucking, what's her name? Maybe I don't they were know. testing the waters. I don't know, fucking Laura Graham or whatever her name. She couldn't do any more than four episodes. That's all she could do, huh? Or her fucking busy schedule. There's Why a four episode. Why do you hate her so reunion. much? What's that? I know. I just that that show drives me insane. It it just it does. It, the dialogue in that show is Steve Orlando esque to me. There's a four episode reunion show premiering on Netflix in November. Can't wait. I wish yeah. DC would do a comic about it. I think it is a Warner Brothers property, or was. Okay, enough of that. That I only got three books this week, and really one of them was from last week, because I decided to drop Hal Jordan the Green Lantern Corps, but then after I heard your review on the podcast, it sounded so good, I got number five. It was good. I liked nice. it. Hal looks weird, I said. He looks very That big old neck on that boy. Yeah, he looks weird, which seems odd to me, because it's not like Ethan Manskyra hasn't had practice drawing Hal. I, I don't think he does them a lot like without any sort of clothing on. I think that threw him off. Didn't he draw Jeff John's original Green Lantern Rebirth? Yes, he did, which I thought looked great. I can't remember if there's any shirtless Hal in that book, but here it just seems like his proportions were way off. I agree. Anyway, Superman was weird, too. He looked good, but kind of young to be a dad. I thought that the art of actual Superman in the Superman book uh, was a little off, but uh, and I was completely thrown from page one. If you want John to blend in like a normal kid at high school, how are you letting him build a science project that fortress right? of solitude using alien tech? I'd, I wanted to know why they were in the fucking North Pole. Why aren't they in his goddamn fucking They, they switch back and forth. Actually, I was thinking yeah. to myself that he likes to I just, I just think Colorado they do that. It's like case. just willy-nilly. Whatever they need to, to push the story, it goes with where oh, they're going to go. We need the crystal font for this yeah. one. So that's, go why, to the that's why they were there. It, it was a little forced to me. It threw me off. Seriously, that's not normal. Meh, I'm good with Eric's score of seven. I liked a little more than that. Okay, so Justice League. I swore I was dropping this book, but because Jim kept hinting it in... A hashtag WSDC91. That's the episode. And we should announce that we are going to continue that. That is the official hashtag for anybody interested. Hashtag, hashtag WSDC and then the, the episode, episode number. number so 92, 92 this week. Yes. Uh, that it was pretty good. I got it. It was surprisingly compelling. There's enough unanswered questions to be suspenseful. But hopefully since there's only two issues to this arc, that's not really enough time for too much nonsense. I'm worried that we're not going to get as many answers as I'm hoping. We'll yeah. See. 
It was almost like one of those downtime issues we got a lot of last week, and I agree. I think that it is more like that, and I liked it because it was more of a personal deal. You don't have to have the universe fucking ending every goddamn page. I don't know if I'm feeling the Barry and Jessica on a date vibe, though. We'll see. I didn't mind it. I, I actually uh, like the idea of those two for some reason. Heard some other podcasts, they fucking going ranting and raving about it. Oh my god, how could they do this? Uh, fucking Barry's dating Mina. First off, he was Mina's dating gone. Mina. And Mina's gone. He, for a he hot was, minute. He, he knew her for fucking, yeah, a hot minute. He knew her for three days, it seemed. Fucking Wally knew her for a goddamn hour, and he's fucking crying in this it's, goddamn cheerio. Everybody falls in love with Mina. Yeah, that's her superpower, I guess. Uh, I think oh my God, I left her in costume and has her like tied up somewhere. Yeah, he fell yeah. in love too. Yeah, he. I I could just see him having that that costumes in the fucking. It's like the uh, Brokeback Mountain. She he keeps going in and smelling it, just fucking with a tear in his eye. <laughs> Is that oh my Batman God, I does left with Jason Todd's old costume yeah, and now Dick, Tim Drake's costume. Yeah, Tim Drake's now. Tim, oh you my were God, a I laughed so freaking hard at the end of this episode when Jim was yelling about Logan or Rafe. I forget which one it was. You know what? It was all of them. And losing his headphones. That was Zach. I'm, I'm telling you, he's right next door. I want to get him in here and try to explain what he meant by, hey, when, what day, what time did you lose these earphones? They're on the table. They're on the desk. I'm getting angry again. You hear me, Zach? <laughs> he doesn't hear me. That sounded a lot like Jess, didn't it? It did. You hear me, Zach? I don't know. I have a soundboard. Why Edit am I making out. up? Why am I making shit up when I have a Edit soundboard? <laughs> you hear me, Jim? Yeah, door slam. You hear me, Zach? Yeah. You got that, Zach? I think he's he, he doesn't want the fame that this fucking podcast brings you if you get on it. Infamous. Infamous? Where am I? Where the fuck am I? She puts laughing my ass off. That's L-M-A-O, Eric. If you Ooh. didn't know. I must have looked like I was having a seizure while driving my car this morning. <laughs> yes. That'd be like, yeah, I, that's like me every morning. Well, that's it for me, although I feel like I'm forgetting to ask something again. Keep it weird, guys, and remember the immortal words of my six-year-old. Everyone knows who Batman is, except for babies, because babies aren't smart. Seriously. You, you weren't, a, you weren't a, were you around online at that point, or had just not paid your fucking bill by then? No, nah, I was out. Yeah, you were out. I said, because babies are ridiculously dumb. That's why. I, I think eh, even babies know. And remember, though, the big point that we've learned recently, it's not knowing or guessing that Bruce Wayne is Batman. It's that getting the proof. So maybe the babies aren't just, you know, dumb. But most babies. No, babies are dumb Hello. as shit. Kids are hysterical. Yeah, mine are fucking hysterical. All right. <laughs> P.S. Please don't joke about stopping at episode 100. I'll cry. Only yeah, eight, that j- joke's over. Only eight more episodes, Eric. <laughs> joke's more. over, Jim. Eight more episodes till a hundred. I'm just saying. I'm just gonna keep people. That's a math deal. Just doing some math. I'm just doing like math. Doing some maths. I like doing my maths. Next one is Toby. Toby says, and thanks, Franny. Toby says, uh, his no subject line to read here. Jim, move along. Is what <laughs> uh, subject line. Uh, he says, one love to the Get Fresh crew. This morning I woke up seeing my name front and center on the Weird Science DC Comics website. But more amazing than that, I was hailed as a member of the Get Fresh crew. Even with that hateful fucking song. (laughs) Actually, that's what gets you on the Get Fresh crew. Uh, We're a hateful group. Needless to say, the impact of this awesomeness blew my wig way the fuck back and flung it so hard. It impacted on the moon and destroyed what was left of that fucked up Batcave. 
And that Becky was just going to sit there. Billions of dollars it's going to cost. Bruce was just joking when he's like, yeah, I got the money to cover it. He's fucking lying. Anyways, I'm totally stoked that you guys love the video. I was laughing the entire time I was putting it together. So it's great to know that my warped sense of humor works for others, too. If anyone has a favorite clip that you'd like me to edit the video to, please let me know and I will hook you up. I told you, I have like a million that I want to yeah. see. And they're all your crazy stories. Freaking your mom running around a fucking cowboy hat. Shit like that. <laughs> I realize my emails tend to be thicker than the thighs on Frank Cho's Wonder Woman. Boom! Boom! What I wouldn't give, I, I was waiting for a reaction there from you. <laughs> what I, I wouldn't give it. to spend an hour between those things. So I am going to keep this one short. I just wanted to let you Ow. know which of your reviews I am most hyped about hearing on episode number 92. Here's what he wants to hear about. You ready? He-Man yeah. and Thundercats number one, Eric. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, we, I'll tell you right now, we had planned so many times to do this book with Brandon. Brandon reviewed it on the site, so we wanted to get him That was most likely going to be the spotlight originally. That and was then going to be. Another that, time, to then... me, that made sense to put it on yeah. the spotlight, but we will not be talking about it tonight. Though, I talked to Brandon. I do think that we're going to finally get to it. If he can figure out his Skype problem, I will insert that on this next spotlight. The spotlight coming out on this coming up Thursday, though that audio will only be on that spotlight. I will not put it on the next podcast or whatever. You'll have to listen to the spotlight to hear it. That's if Brandon can get involved. And, and it won't just be that. That'll be tagged on with something else. I don't know what yet, but yeah, maybe we'll do that. But he also wants to hear Midnighter and Apollo number one, which right. we have all new audio for, Eric. And boy, we go on and on. It's almost oh my an God, hour that was long a long of us segment. talking about Midnighter. Uh, Dead Men Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love, number one. We talked yeah. about that tonight. Shade the Changing Girl is actually Reggie and Chris are talking about that. I don't know how long it is. Uh, the last time they did a young animal book was Doom Patrol, and it was like five minutes. So I would think that they're just going to glance through that uh, very quickly, but we'll see. And then he continues, I got more ideas for goofy rap songs, animated videos, and even some fucked up fan fiction in the works for you guys, <laughs> including a bonkers take on The Wizard of Oz that is ambitious and will require all of your guys' participation, Eric. He's I don't know. That sounds like a lot of work. He already talked to me about this, and I said I am in because all I That's know your favorite is movie. I, love, I love The Wizard of Oz. I am a friend of Dorothy. Eric, as they say. that That's what they say about fans of The Wizard of Oz, right? That's is that what they, they say? Only, that's all it means. It only means that I'm a fan of that movie. I'm a friend huh? of Dorothy, Eric. Wink, wink. <laughs> nudge, nudge. But yeah, I love that movie. Me and my son, Ethan, uh, that's one of our favorites. Uh, we I'm telling you, I'll talk to you about so many movies, and you'll go on for an hour about Wizard of Oz. Yep, I love it. It's a cl That's why it's a classic. Classic, Eric, classic. I love it. But yeah, I will not watch Shawshank Redemption. Nope. But I will watch The Wizard of Oz. And I don't know uh, what that says about me, Eric, but I'm a friend of Dorothy. Eric. Wink, wink. No. I don't know when the last time I watched The Wizard of Oz was. It's been a long time now. It's been a while. Uh, Mostly, I, I, I actually, see more Wizard of Oz when I watch the Christmas story every year. Really? Yeah. I, I, I like We have it on Blu-ray, and I watch it probably every couple months. Uh, we haven't watched in a while. You say that. And as well, I probably six months ago we watched it. I, I love it every time. My wife hates it. She went to take my oldest son, Alex, to the theater when it was re-released in the theater. Mm -hmm. And she went, and it started. She had never seen it before. And then really? she said, what the fuck? This is in black and white and left. Never oh even saw when it goes to color. <laughs> she just left. 
And then came home and started yelling at me because at that point I forget why I didn't go. And I had anyway, just always told her. Anyway, what's wrong with black and white movies? I don't know. She didn't want to go to the theater and see black and white movies. That's when my kids see that. Uh, even now, they, they call it gray. It's like, oh, that movie's gray. <laughs> like, what's wrong with that? But yeah, uh, just when that Technicolor fucking blast in. Oh, yeah, so and the, the screen enlarges you got, a bit. You got fucking becomes... dwarves running around. It's fucking nice. And then I think, boy, I'd be a tall man in that fucking Wizard of Oz. I immediately Munchkin get creeped by that I one get Munchkin Munchkin. Munchkin. I like could be Popeye? Yao Ming. I could, oh, that guy, he's part of the lollipop kill. He fucking scares me, me that fuck guy. Out. And when they start doing that dance and it has that tick to that, it, you know what I'm saying? That pop and lock. Yeah, they're popping and locking like the best of them. I'm telling you, I love it. They scare me a bit, though. I will. That's the I'll, thing I'll is, tell you. I was never scared of the flying monkeys, the witch, or anything. It was just oh, the, the flying monkeys scared the shit out of me. Uh, the witch never scared me. I never did at all. I just sure. think she was uh, misunderstood. Uh, the fucking popping and locking uh, lollipop guild, I'll admit, shit. they fucking scared me. I, I just in general, they, she wakes up. She goes out and there's the fucking all these fucking midgets running around like crazy. You go back inside the house. You look for a shotgun and you try Fuck to mow yeah. these little fuckers down. Yeah, I love it. I love it. He says uh, if being down for life with the Get Fresh crew is wrong, then I don't want to be right. And that's Toby. <laughs> and uh, I will tell you that Toby has you pegged. I believe in the Wizard of Oz, he has me as the Tin Man, and you as I believe the Cowardly Lion. That makes and sense I do to me. Think that is, and I think Reggie. I, no, maybe Reggie's the lion, and you're the scarecrow. I can't remember. He did send me uh, Come something. Come to pop it in a lock and munchkin. <laughs> yeah, there's, and it's funny because he says that it's going to take your guys' participation. He is not just talking about me and you, Eric. He is talking about a lot of people that mail into the pod. This is a podcast-wide event that he wants to pull off here, including like a dancing mic, a frenny. He has plans. This seems harder to arrange in a freaking wing-eating contest at a goddamn Comic-Con. Yeah, really. Uh, But yeah, he a lot of plans, and I'm all for it. I'm 100% in. I know you think it's going to take a lot of work. I'll do it. It may. I actually, if we're going to do this, I think that... I am going to have to dress up as the Tin Man. Uh, that's all I can do. I, you got to get in the character. Yes. Actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I think that I'm the Scarecrow and you're the Tin Man. Now that I think about the, the what he said the parts meant, yeah, I think I'm the Scarecrow actually, and you're the Tin Man. But if we do this and we have parts where it's us back and forth, I do want to talk with you and record it together. See, I don't, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm, I'm terribly scared of everything, so I can see me being the cowardly lion. No, you're the heart of the podcast. He says you're the heart of the podcast. I can also see me as the scarecrow because I'm afraid of fire and burn victims. No, no, it's all about the, uh, the heart of the podcast. He thinks I am the brains, Eric. Ooh. The brains. If you only had a brain, Jim. I wish. I was actually singing that the other day when he sent me this email. So about it he asked me if, if this would be something i'd be interested in i said i am in uh and then i said by the way i'm a friend of dorothy come up and see me sometime uh the next one's trying to drink your motherfucker clean <laughs> drew clean drew says hello Thank weird you, science he wants to me to say it in the dan voice hello weird science let's see how good it is that was really we good go. hello weird science hello weird science hello weird science he has that weird thing at the end. Hello, weird science. 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 
<laughs> Hello? Hello, Weird Science. Hello, Weird, Weird Science. Science is causing sanity right here. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Hello, Weird Science. Hello, Weird Science. I don't know what's going on anymore. I'm just chasing everybody away. If we chase them all away, could we stop and go to bed? Yeah. Hello, Weird Science. I wrote in last week for the first time just messing around. This one's a bit more on the serious side. Oh, shit. What's I'm up, 32 and just... What's that? I said, oh, shit. What's up, Queen Drew? Queen Drew's getting fucking real. I'm 32 and I just started reading comics with the death of New 52 Superman. Last year was my worst year I've ever had as far as feeling down goes. Maybe the psycho pirate was at work. I don't know. I tried everything to feel better nothing worked. I decided as a last-ditch effort to start reading comics, only Superman. Long story short, I went through 10 podcasts to help uh, help me figure out what the hell I was reading. And Weird Science rose to the top like a boss. Hell yeah. That's right. I, I can just imagine him like these others. They're like, he's probably reading uh, Superman. And these other podcasts are like, oh, it's so great. Wow. What is, oh, my God. I can't, I, it's, I can't even explain it. It's so great. Then he tunes in us and we're like, what the fuck is this piece of shit? He's like, you know what? I'm down with these guys. Your podcast is my go-to every week. I drive an hour to work and an hour back, and the time flies listening to you guys. And that's what it's all about, Aaron. Sure is. It's all about that. Speaking of that, Manship this week writes me an email. Hey, since you work at the cardboard box factory, I have a question because he has all these fucking uh, things that he has to do for the fucking his like regulations and stuff. And he's fucking asking me questions about the makeup and safety issues of fucking cardboard. I wrote back on like, do you, do you fucking understand, Manship, that th- this whole cardboard box factory thing was a joke that Reggie made up way back? <laughs> we never came out and announced that we quote unquote worked at a cardboard box factory. That we you just got a ask- joke. <sighs> He's asking me. You should have seen. I should have just made up shit. He'd be fired. He's like the safety. Per- oh my. Um, this is what I said, Manship, and it's funny because he hasn't been able to listen. Wait till he gets to this one. He's probably just laughing it up when he gets to this part, sitting there with his fucking short shorts and a half shirt. <laughs> Rainbow okay. suspenders. Yeah, fucking Mork for Mork. That's what I always uh, think of. He says, uh, now i got to find where I was. It's the perfect mix of nonsense and reviews. I wish you guys could quit your cardboard box. <laughs> i got to read ahead. Your cardboard job is to get paid to do this full time. Me too. He says, he says, don't quit after episode number 100. I, I had a weird, I started coughing right there. I know, <laughs> I now read every DC book just to hear your reviews. It keeps my spirits up. So far, I think the Gotham arc has been the best rebirth story so far. I'm looking forward to Justice League getting better. At this point, I have to say this is the best Justice League story I've ever read. Only because it's the only one I've ever read. He he's doing what I did with the fucking what's best it called? Bizarro fucking story ever. Bizarro. I, I the first Bizarro Flowers story Bizarro. I ever read and reviewed. I said on my review, this is the best Bizarro story I've ever read, and it, I wasn't lying. He wasn't lying. Person. No. I'm still thinking of a good name. I don't want to steal Dirty Drew's thunder. Sincerely, listener formerly known as Clean Drew, and I will go back to that. He says that uh, he would love it. If we could quit our cardboard box factory jobs and get paid full time, I will tell you at some point we're thinking of doing some sort of thing uh, like a Patreon thing. I, yeah. I hate begging for money, um, but you know what? We do want to get the fuck out of the cardboard box factory, and we'd love to just do podcasting all the time. Uh, it, 
we're never going to hold people hostage, though. This is just a little uh, fucking, you know. At least not on be, the podcast. Yeah, this this will be for later down the line. But yeah, we'll never say to people like, "Hey, look, we're you're not going to get this podcast unless you pay." We'll you give always me money. have this. Yeah, we'll always have this podcast as is. I would hope that some people, in the kindness of their heart, might think, "Boy, these guys do a ten-hour podcast each week. That's like ten podcasts that other people do." So maybe I'll throw them some bucks. Who knows? Again, yeah. people are probably right now so angry at me because we're doing this, but uh, we're never going to really push it. It's not going to be something like that. And I would hate. I would actually like to do that instead of having like seventeen ads on the podcast. But what we would like to do, if the dream came true and we could uh, do dream. something. We would definitely do a lot more podcasting. We would have a sure daily would. podcast. I want to have like a previews podcast that would come out on Tuesday. That would kind of be like a catch up of the past issues of what the new ones coming out and kind of discussing what we think is going to happen. Uh, Eric, you want a horror podcast? I, sure we have do. a bunch of crazy ideas. But if we and do, honestly, the most of it we have is just normal conversations we have at work that we would like to talk about. Yeah, normal, like you yeah. know, our our craziness. Like we want to do a freaking movie trailer, want to make a game out of it. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of games and stuff. And also, um, if we did do, if we end up doing this Patreon thing, what we would do is we would would have maybe a couple extra podcasts that we would have. Hey, if you if you donate, whatever you'd call it. We'll have these extra that would be probably very similar to just for the hell of it podcast. Sure would. But I hate these other podcasts that do this thing where, you know, they have levels. We'll have some, but if you would give 50 cents, I think that you should get all the content. I hate people who hold them hostage for content. Yeah. Like if you give five dollars, you get to hear this extra podcast. And if you give 10, you get to do this. If there you are get some 25, people, you get to have yeah, our yeah. notes. Yeah, they, yeah, really. <laughs> There's some people, or even the one I for, I forget who was telling me. It's like if you if you go to the thousand dollars, you can be on the podcast once a month. I, I'll beg anybody to be on the podcast. You could have been with me on the Thursday. goddamn yeah, really on the spotlight. I needed somebody to be on the podcast with me, but yeah, we'd never do that. But we might have some extra things and and stuff. I have a lot I, extra I don't things. It, we say this stuff. Uh, the reason why we, we don't like to to fake the funk and all that sort of thing, but most of the time we're just lazy and don't like to look into things. So it, it, we, we've been doing this for free uh, just because this is what we do. It's one of those, it's weird. Like people, like they're charging for labor, but we'd be doing this anyway, but we'll see. I, yeah. I want to get out of that cardboard box factory. So it's a big bad. ass podcast though. Bam. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I just want to, I would love to just do more podcasts and, and concentrate on that. It'd be so great. It'd be so great, Eric. Right. So, the daily morning show. Yeah. That's Reggie's the big thing. He wants that. He wants like a, a daily show that it would come out like every day around 10 o'clock in the morning and it would be like an hour and a half each day. Probably end up being seven hours. Probably, that's, God that's damn it. the fucking thing. We, we can never stop. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I hope I didn't fucking bore people or get them angry. Uh, the next bit of mail's from Guy, or maybe Gee. I like Gee? the name Gee. But Guy says, "Hi, Jim." And I, I actually read this on the Spotlight as well. If you listen to Spotlight, you'll recognize Guy from that. Hi, Jim. I've been moved right after attempting to read Batman issue 8, part 4 of Night of the Monster Men. Christ, I hated it. After three pages, I had to hold back from fucking uh, throwing my super 12-inch Samsung Tab Pro against the wall, Eric. Said he got very specific with his, uh, his <laughs> mode of reading. 
Do you know if Steve Orlando is a native English speaker? I don't know. I heard he's a Spaniard tonight. Or at least as native as any American can be. Yes, I believe you. His dialogue reads like it has been processed several times by Google Translate via Braille. DC <laughs> just gave this man JLA, which is final proof that DC hates all versions of the Justice League. Brian Hitch and Steve Orlando. Well, there's a crossover I hope I never see. And they made them exclusive. Fuck. Thanks for the hard work and doing the best podcast going. Eric is quite good, too. All right. Here's a good, good things, Jim. Yeah, he got back to you. All the best, guy. But, yeah, I, I read that because I did talk about Midnighter. And, yeah, I, I'll say it again like I did the other night. If you read uh, Steve Orlando's dialogue, especially in Midnighter, especially at the beginning of this issue of Midnighter, it is not natural. It's not no. a natural sounding dialogue. It's a very forced <laughs> over the top. All you got to do I, is read it out loud. Yeah, you read it out loud. And Eric knows. I read it to him every time. It's not as much now. I don't no. know. With the podcast and stuff like that, it, it, some of the fun that we would have at work with this sort of thing, it, it's kind of gone now. You we'll know what I mean? Like break reading Anosenti's Catwoman. Oh my God, Anosenti's Catwoman. I would just sit there, and you would just fucking yell at me. Stop Put it! Put my headphones in. All right, I'm listening <laughs> to my podcast. Yeah, I would just keep fucking reading. But yeah, that is it for the first part of the mail. We're gonna take a little bit of a break, and we'll be back with the books. subject matter but that song is infectious you can't it help is but i really like that uh it makes me laugh because it is uh the scorpions yeah. and it has the original background singers <laughs> you know that in the karaoke <laughs> version and they're singing i always like songs that fuck up though when they have the background not uh, match up so yeah that doesn't I, I match do up like <laughs> no it does not but i, I love they don't it. say and reviews no they don't say reviews uh, i do like that song and i said to mike because he was asking why we haven't played it in a while and it was because i lost it i had to re-download it but i did for tonight because i love it so i love that much. one as well infectious I, I say infectious infectious almost like a monster man type of disease is that, not. Is that infectious? I, hope I said not. it was. I said you catch the fever. You don't. I didn't say yeah. it was mediocre. Uh, if that's the fever, I want the cure, Eric, because <laughs> I am not enjoying it. And in general, I had another down week. I know that a lot of people were saying, even in the mail, and we'll hear more later about how great a week it was in books. Not for me. I, I really not for me didn't either, have a really. great time. And it's really, 
It's starting to get to me. This is two weeks in a row that I've not been like fully on with most of my books. I need that week where I have a bunch of books that I've. He loved. just needs something in his life. I do. I need. So this is the thing that I do to fucking you know have some feelings. So I don't and, murder and my some, family. Some fun and you know like this. Eric. Look at all those chickens. Look at all them chickens. I didn't have any book that I would consider a look at all those chickens book. <laughs> <laughs> I, even my my best book tonight, I gave an eight. That is my the one of the ones I reviewed. I'm not going to say which one it is. That'd be spoilers. You know, I if I came out and told you that was Green Arrow, that would spoil the fun, Eric. Sure, it would It'd spoil the fun for everyone. Uh, but yeah, this is the meat and cheese of the podcast. If you want to go and read all our reviews for these books, go to our website. It's WeirdScienceDCComics.com. We don't just have a, a podcast, Eric. We have a website that we had a long time before this podcast kind of set the foundation for this podcast. Made us legit. And what I like to think in my mind are these people who say, hey, you know what? You guys really go in, in depth. and you know, It's because we also review these books. We already have reviews up <laughs> and there. And spend the rest like of the week said, talking about them. Yeah, and then we talk about them all fucking week at work. Though this week, I didn't see you that much. No. No. Uh, you were offline, so you you went dark. You know, something I I don't know. I heard a rumor. Just didn't pay the fucking bill. I, I that might be a rumor. It's around town. I heard it at the Five and Dimes. I'm sitting there eating my <laughs> fucking, the drink, drinking my malt, and they said, you know what? Did you hear old Eric Shea? He's offline right now. And I thought, Eric oh, Shea shit. offline. How's this gonna happen? It was funny because then on Wednesday, I was it Wednesday or no? It was Thursday. Thursday, yeah. I did not go to work. I stayed home, and me and my son, Rafe, went to a buffet and had a grand old time, mainly because he had a school trip that he didn't want to go to. It was the Renaissance Fair, the Pennsylvania Renaissance Who Fair. Who doesn't want to go to the Renaissance Fair? Mostly everybody. I think <laughs> it's a bunch of bullshit myself. He didn't want to go, and instead, me and him went to uh, Amish country, Eric, and we had uh, a fucking awesome meal. It was It was really good. Uh, and then I went back to work on Friday and you didn't show then. So no. I hadn't, it was probably the longest stretch of time that I didn't talk to you at all because you yeah. weren't online. So I, I couldn't even talk to you. You didn't even know that I had put up the solo Midnighter and Apollo freaking. I had no uh, idea spotlight. until Friday. You had no idea. Yeah. I told you. And that was Friday night. Finally. Yeah, Friday I, afternoon. I, 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 like got, I got a message in the afternoon. Well, that's because Jess messaged me. And said, message said, uh, hey, Eric should be online any minute now. I just paid the bill. Uh, I was like, oh, I didn't know that that was the, the problem. The bill, was it? I didn't say anything. I, she just said that, and I went right on to Twitter and messaged you. Were you there, dummy? See, honestly, it was so weird because I had just got right on. on. I thought, it was right I thought on, my wasn't Skype it? actually. Yeah. I thought you actually saw my Skype turn nope. on because no. it was like two seconds before I got on. I saw you yeah. left me a message. Nope, she sent the message, and I thought he's right on. There is no way because <laughs> I figured she sent you a message, and then she sent one right to me because she probably knew, and you probably told her that I was furious. Because I was, I was I so angry. Like Did you yell at like something like this is this is my bread and butter, baby? Did this you is yell the that? only thing I do in my life. This yeah. is my livelihood. Don't no, take I it was, away from me. I was yelling livelihood. I was yelling <laughs> that to to Tanya up up in the attic, yelling, "What the fuck? This is all he does, and she fucked it up." I was so angry, so angry. And you know what the worst part is too? Not having anything. I found myself like, you know, people are bored without the internet or anything anymore. And yeah. plus not having cable. 
I, I'm like, all right, I'm going to take this time. I'm going to go and watch this. It's October. I'm going to watch some horror flicks. Yeah. And yeah. I'm horror flicked out. It's like, yeah. I, I feel like I should because it's October, but I watch them all year long. But I got to the point now, I'm looking at my horror movie shelf. I'm like, I don't want to watch any of you. Yeah. Well, what the fuck am I going to do? A bunch of assholes at work came up to me and were like, oh, because I guess you must have told some people that you did not have cable or something. It, it was known. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe somebody listened to the spotlight. I, I have no idea. But, yeah, people knew, and certain people. And they came up and like, what is he doing at home? He doesn't have anything to do without his internet. I said, the guy has a fucking treasure trove of movies. He's probably oh, watching insane. movies. And then I said, and the, I don't know why he stayed home. And then, which was, I, I wondered that myself. But I said, you know, he doesn't need a reason to stay home. There's never a reason. Then I thought I maybe you killed I slept, Jess. I slept until like one thirty in the afternoon really? Friday. I did not feel well. I've been I had this like I don't even know if it's a cold anymore. I have just felt run down as shit. Really? You felt run down as shit, did you? That is nonsense. You should have been at work. I hadn't talked to my Eric I, I Shea. Left, I left early on uh, Thursday. Oh, I, I was told that, too. I that was the first like, thing I was told. They're like, I slept oh, from like Eric 12.30 went, till 5.30. And actually, the one guy came up to me. One of the guys that we're not so fond of. A uh, guy might be short in stature, Eric. And uh, he comes up and he's like, yeah, Eric went home at, at noon because the other guy told me that he didn't have anybody to talk to because that's all you guys do. And I oh, yeah. fucking, oh yeah, I went off. I started screaming Christ. at him so much that actually uh, Jimmy came over and asked if I was going to, like, he actually almost thought he was going to have to separate us. I fucking that's went fucking off. Guys, I, even forgot. I was like, you fucking assholes. Why don't you fucking mind your own business, you fucking midget? I started screaming. And then I, you, I just and wasn't so, feeling great. I got all my work yeah. done. I'm like, I'm out. And then I started yelling about the other guy. I'm like, you tell him that he's a fucking piece of shit. I was fucking screaming. And then I walked away laughing. Fucking useless. Yeah. yeah all those people are. Well, that's the other thing. Please, everybody. We don't even have a Patreon. Somebody open one up for us. Get us out of this fucking, <laughs> fucking cuckoo clock factory. The fucking place is driving me insane. It, it really is. It, it, it is... It's mind-numbingly fucking killing me every day that I have to go in. And really, you are a guy who always would take off. You know, you, you did take a lot of days off. Yeah. I'm getting that way now. I, I've had enough. Like, we can barely make it to the end of the day. We're supposed to stop work at 3.30. We fucking leave at 3, and we want to get the fuck out. The whole day, we talk comics and how much we hate being at work. It's true. It is. It's killing me. It's making me old beyond my, my fucking years. I feel like I'm 47, <laughs> Eric. I feel 47. <laughs> this is another thing that's going to drive me nuts. And it is Batman. Batman number eight, Eric. Fucking Night of the Monster Man continues. Batman number eight, written by Steve Orlando, art by Riley Rosmo, Ivan Placencia, and D. Ron Bennett. Also known as Darren Bennett. <laughs> the Night of the Monsterman continues, and while this issue has one of the best moments of the whole crossover, Eric, you know what I'm talking about? Best yeah. moment of the whole crossover. Clayface monster buster suit, I call nice. it. Nice. It also has a lot of forced moments and not much else. While I liked Riley Rosmo's art in the first issue, <laughs> I hated it here. I fucking hated it. Now I'm so fucking miserable. 
Why did you bring up work, Eric? Why did you have to bring it up? I'm at home now. It's Saturday night. Can I have gym time ever? Did I bring it up? Ever. You bring it up all the time. It's all your fault. It's all Jess. Tell Jess right now. Is she right there? Hit her. Hit her right upside the head. Tell her to pay the bills on time. You don't hit your family. I'm not going to hit mine. (sighs) Who says I don't hit mine? You? Yeah, I don't. (laughs) I don't agree. You're a liar. I agree with yelling and, and screaming. I'm not a big guy in violence. Or I, I agree with what general. I did today. They fucking pissed me off. So I said, let's go. Get the basketball. We're heading out. We started playing basketball. I fucking drain and threes left and right. I thought it was fucking <laughs> rain and threes, Eric. I got on an umbrella. <sighs> I had fucking rain. And you know who I was playing like? LeBron James. That is right, right, you kid. I was put. No, I was more like Steph Curry. Okay. Steph Curry. Where was I? Batman number eight. I really hated Riley Rossimo's art here. Uh, You know, at least in the issue, we got a little of the hurricane. It was raining, kind of like those threes today. So angry at him. They thought it was such a treat, too. I said, get the fucking basketball. Let's go. I'm so angry at all of you. I got to work off some of this anger. I got to go beat you terribly in fucking basketball. killing you and trash talking like there was no tomorrow, my fucking kids. Your father doesn't love you. Oh, my God. I had this turnaround fucking three while I was getting hacked. Crisscross applesauce? swish. No, it was. It was a crisscross applesauce. And then I fucking, like, stepped over like AI. Oh, it was so good. I was in all my glory. I really was. Some guy walked by with a little kid and shaking his head at me, too. Because you were shouting obscenities. I was about to fight him. No, no obscenities. Just a lot of trash talking. I'm like, you know what? Your grandfather's dead. Oh, my God. So I yelled at him. Actually, their other grandfather, Tanya's dad, might be dead. We can't get a hold of him. Fucking, He's in Florida with that hurricane hitting. And God, I, I prayed all night. I'm not a, a man who prays a lot, but when I heard that this happened, I prayed, dear Lord, please take him. That fucking piece of shit. Please. Because I no great loss there. No. Fucking, he's worse than my dad. And now my dad's dead, Eric. Oh, Good no. Line. I just want this story to end. So do I. I just want I'm, it to end. I, I really do. Want, I'm telling you. What do you talk about this? More Monster Men nonsense. What do you talk right, about? I'll tell you what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about this fucking motorcycle. This thing, I don't know what's going on with these motorcycles going on. You got the super oil. It's it's all nonsense. Well, we started off Detective Comics last issue with freaking, like, Batwoman, like, flying up on a goddamn building, it seemed like. Here we start off with Batman. It just seems like he's flying in the air with his fucking motorcycle. Yeah, he's in midair. I don't know what he's doing. I, I don't know how he's doing it. but Seems he's, like he's turning in air as well. I don't know. At, at a point, I think that Duke is calling him. And he wants to know what the fuck's going on. And Batman's just... And actually, if you look, Batman is... Uh, fucking stories in the air. He's side-saddling this fucking <laughs> fucking motorcycle and has a he's lasso. A yeah, look at him. Look at He's fucking doing tricks. <laughs> It's like he has one of them razor scooters. The chitty, kids chitty love those bang, razor bang on scooters, these fucking right? bikes right here. Yeah, it is. Th- these bikes are fucking part chitty chitty bang bang, part <laughs> I don't know fucking I don't know what magic carpet. It- it's nonsense, and and they they explain it all away. The these things may end up transforming into a taco truck that turns into a fucking hamburger truck at one point, and it can happen because Duke just says these. 
these cycles don't fly. He tells this to Batwoman. I, I beg to differ. I, I've seen I, them I really do nothing do but beg fly, to differ. Really. I've seen them flying around. Like you said, I think Dick Van Dyke is in one of them fucking chitty chitty bang bang and all around. But yeah, Wonder Woman. Wonder my Batwoman just bang says, bang. yeah, Batwoman just says, listen, it doesn't fly because it just hasn't tried yet, Duke. Yeah. Field expediency. Oh, field expediency. Field expediency. Earlier, uh, fucking Batman thinks that Dukes is part of UPS. He's talking logistics. I don't know what's going on. The best thing of that first page, it's it's Batman yelling, eyes and ears, Duke, eyes and ears. And it's the worst picture of Batman having hardly any ears and no fucking eyes. And I thought, is this a joke? Are, are they fucking laughing at me? I don't you actually mind the, the the ears are Fuck really no. fucking short. That but does not look like that. His head is way too small for any body that you see. Look at his shoulders and then his little fucking head. He's a pinhead. <laughs> He's a fucking pinhead. I don't mind that. I'm telling you, for some reason, whatever it is, I don't know if it's just because we don't see Hugo Strange weightlifting naked in this. I actually find myself liking the art in this more than the last issue Riley Rossmo did. I hate it because then it goes into the cave. Uh, the Alexander Olsen State Park Caves, Eric. It just oh, the Alexander Olsen State Park Caves. It rolls Caves. off your tongue like that fucking rant and rave line. <laughs> and, uh, and there you have uh, Spoiler and Orphan. You know, they're they're doing the, the fucking sensible plan of lighting flares. Yeah, we gotta we got to raise the heat with flares in this to cave. To 130 degrees. I, I yeah, love it, too. What I really like later, they spell it out, and uh, Spoiler's saying to... Uh, Cassandra, hey, we just have to get it to 130 degrees. Oh. We'll just do it quick before it hurts anybody. I'm thinking, how are you stopping this? Like, you're setting flares. What sort of thing is stopping well, it? It she gets to 130 degrees See, it's going to get to 130 stops? degrees right at the end of the flare slice yeah, It's cycle. fucking ridiculous. And uh, this is where I think the worst art of the book is Cassandra Kane. She does. She just looks nonsense. I hate the way she looks. Later on, she looks even worse. And I, I say this, and then pretty soon we're going to see Duke again, who looks like a mannequin. Uh, the, the, <laughs> little art is, the art is awful. I'm a uh, real boy, Jimmy. I'm a boy. I'm a real boy, Alfred. He's like, just shut your mouth. Shut uh, up, Alfred Charlie has McCarthy. nothing to do. Alfred has nothing to do in you this say whole Alfred story. Alfred has nothing either. to do. Cassandra has nothing to do. Yeah, but what is she going to do? She just, I'm she telling just you, says, she does the most in this book. She says chaos she just, a couple times. She, 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 fucking, she pulls spoiler out of a pit, and yeah. it's the most she has done in this whole goddamn yeah, series. Cassandra like. is uh, fucking Captain Obvious. She just like, people are killing each other. Chaos. Okay, whatever. Uh, Thanks, but yeah, Orton. in the meantime, you, you have the whole setup there is... Uh, Nightwing and Gotham Girl have been turned into Monster Men. Uh, oh, yeah. Duke, Duke is at the cave with Alfred. They're trying to figure out some way to figure out how these Monster Men are made. Batman and Batwoman are fighting this big kaiju, fucking eight fucking headed monstrosity. Bird bat uh, thing. Yes. Uh, Stephanie and Cassandra are in these caves trying to stop these people from this ooze. It has affected them. They're getting all fucking angry and whatever. And it really, it's, she, it she makes me laugh. She gets crazy this issue with that, now, too. And it makes me you. laugh with that because it doesn't really go with the rules of what we've seen. This is oh. more of an anger-inducing fucking um, mold. And it just, it's ridiculous. And that's, that's where the it thing, too. To. Last issue, though, we saw, the, okay, they're covered in this red algae yes. or whatever it yep. is. Here they are, black-faced zombies. Yeah. yeah. Out of nowhere. Yeah. 
and it, then you get where they want to find out they they have not been able to get a hold of Gotham Girl and Nightwing, so they keep saying, and that's where uh, Batman keeps saying, "Yeah, like coral growing out of them." Yeah, Batman keeps saying, "You know, eyes and ears. We need to know where they are." In the meantime, out of nowhere, Duke finds out. He, he figures out what the problem is. He's figured out that all of this, all these monster men, are part what the the science is that it is. I'm trying to explain it. It it's part of venom. This is it, and it says we finally stripped the steroid to its root formula. Not the complete match, but it has notable similarities to venom. And he yep. says this number one as if this is supposed to fucking surprise us. We know this as the Batman reader. We do know this. Batman should have told them the World's minute that these fucking things happen. He has already pretty much tagged this as something that uh, Hugo Strange is doing. Yep. When the, before the issue before this bunch of nonsense started, Amanda Waller told Batman that Hugo Strange took Psycho Pirate to Santa Prisca and exchanged him with Bane, and Bane gave him Venom. And, and if I'm not mistaken, it seemed to be a lot of Venom. I'm so done. I think he kept some for himself too. Well, and we we have seen he seems to be bulking up on Venom, but. As this, the minute that you thought Hugo Strange was involved in this, Batman should have fucking write to Duke and Alfred. Hey, listen, Duke, check out check out Venom. Venom. See, and really, I even think I said it a couple of episodes back that if we find out that it is just the Venom, I'm gonna be so fucking pissed because they've been trying to figure out this whole time why didn't Batman tell him to start there? There was the start. World's he knew this. Detective. Yeah, world greatest. Like, uh, what the. It makes so, and, and was, even he didn't then, have to track down any clues. This is pr- prime, no. like you know, information he already no. had. Come and on, Batman, get on the trolley. This is when he says, "We found the similarities to Venom." And Batman says to him, "Oh, Bane, strange, Bane. strange traded psycho pirate to Bane for Venom. His monsters are possible because of." And then you know he cuts out because he's in the air. I'd be like Batman, what the fuck? Why didn't you tell us this? You seem to know what everything is going on, but you, you couldn't make these two connections to at least start there. You're slipping start. It, it's just ridiculous. Uh, in the meantime, they, they find uh, – they're still fighting, and that's where they go, hey, we have a visual. We found Nightwing and Gotham Girl. They show up. They're monster men. And Batman's going to take care of them. Batwoman says, no, listen, you're a little too close. It seemed weird to me. Like, what do you think? It, too close? I'm you, it is so weird, though, because Batman seems to want to take on everything by himself. Even yeah, though he he's does. got this whole team together. Okay, guys, I'm going to do all the heavy lifting here. I might die. I think I'm, he might want to die at this point because he wants to do Maybe. everything on his own. Yeah, yeah. He de- definitely does want to do everything on his own. Well, and she says, listen. Yeah, and she says, no, you take care of this big-ass monster. I'll take care of Nightwing and Gotham Girl. And then you get, uh, like, all of this is going on. We finally get the most, like, rain going on. It's yep. distracting to me. Also, you get just a lot of things of Batman just yelling shit. Cycle, detach Batline, he yells. Well, it's, Something it's so happens. funny, though, to me, too, because now that Bat, like Batwoman has said, look, you take care of that monster. I'm going to go take it. But I want to take care of that. I'm going to go to kill this monster immediately now. That, yeah. You know, it, it's yeah. like It's instantly. almost like before they were playing. Yeah, and I said to you, Big Baby, back in the first issue of Monster Men, Big Baby. They ended up. That's what the the monster that uh, Batman had that jet, and the jet he got the jet, and even that glider that uh, Steel jet made pack. him, and he he had the jetpack, and he got all the fuel on Big Baby, and then set him on fire. It seemed to work. Uh, 
And I really do think, why, why are they fucking around with this monster, this fucking eight-headed monster? Why don't they just set the fucking thing on fire? And here what he does is he electrocutes it. But like you said, it's <laughs> almost like they were fucking playing around. They were going yeah. around. And in the meantime, what he does is get the quote-unquote super oil. From smart the, oil. Yeah, smart oil from the... The, the bat cycle, these crazy cycles, and while they're doing it, it's so weird because there is a stories-high fucking kaiju monster going through Gotham, and Batman's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to expel the smart oil on him, and we'll use that or because it's super conductive. Him. I think it, it's all over, and it's super conductive. The whole time, Duke is like, you can't do that. You won't be able to ride the cycle. What, what does he need to ride home? What is he gonna have to hitchhike? It's why a does really it? Badass why, bike. It can fly, Jim. Yeah, but he Duke just keeps through the whole through the whole issue. Duke is so concerned. Even later, while he's still riding on the cycle, Duke's like, "You're gonna run out of uh, oil soon because of the." Why is he so concerned about this cycle continuing driving when this kaiju is there? You got to deal with what's going on. Don't worry about the sweet ride. I don't know what we're supposed to believe in this. Like, is it like if Batman doesn't have that cycle, all bets are off now, and now he's fucked? Well, that was the the t- sweet tech they had to get to that tech site for I to know, get to fight these monsters. And really, we we've learned that the thing is fucking magical. It could do whatever it wants. If it wants to fly, it's gonna fly. But yeah, in the meantime, chitty, he chitty, does bang, this. Bang, chitty, chitty, bang, bang. Yeah. I love you. He, he does this and just electrocutes the kaiju, and it goes down. Batman's Why sitting I'm there. Why did you? He, the like monster's covered in water. Isn't water yeah. conductive? Well, we get the yeah. smart oil that's it's just sure. spraying, and like, oh, now it's fine. Yeah. I'm, yeah, why why isn't anything else getting electrocuted? That's because it's there's it's water a, everywhere. It's refined silicate. That's oh, why, and it's a suspension silicate. that's super conductive. You, you didn't realize this? This uh, is yeah, just right it. there. Yeah, in the meantime, I am not a Bat- smart man. No, but <laughs> Batwoman uh, is fighting uh, Gotham, Gotham Girl, and Nightwing, and then you go back to the caves, and that's where they're trying to get these flares. I don't know. To me, these flares, flares themselves, don't emit that much heat. I don't know. It just is so forced. You get to 130 you, degrees. And, this and seems you, ridiculous. You keep going back to them for like these fucking one page, and they, like it's supposed to build tension. Did you have any tension? And really, I'm looking. It looks like this one old lady's coming out with blackface. It's more offensive to me than tension, Eric. Uh, but yeah, it's just it, it's just nonsense. This whole I just want to know why I'm they just, look like this all of a sudden. This time. whole time I'm reading this issue and I just want to get done. I just want the story to end. And Dude, I checked out back at the last issue at Nightwing, yeah, really. It, it is really bad. And that now we get that uh, Duke wants to help. He's sick of being in the cave. He doesn't want – Alfred's not a nice guy. Alfred really isn't doing much at all. At this point, Alfred appears to be fixing something, a gun. I, oh, I get it. I know what it is. He's actually – It's the injector he's gun. Adjust, yeah, he's adjusting the injector gun. I don't know why he's there with a fucking screwdriver, uh, but he's doing something. That's finally the tuned instrument. I guess, yeah. Well, they're they're putting in, and he's going to end up. He knows that this is the way we're going to end it. We have this cure that we figured out that really doesn't cure you. It just expels. It, it makes no sense. Now, None I'm curious. For sense. some reason, I didn't pick up on this the first time I read it, but is Batman now riding uh, Batwoman's bike? Because he's back on a bike. Yeah, actually, I think that it's still his because then later Duke even says, hey, with all that oil that you let out, you're going to run out pretty quickly. Like he didn't expel all of it, 
But he's and just he's driving smart oil. It's, it's, it's smart oil. It's smart. He's doing Papa Wheelies, too. It's <laughs> fucking nonsense. He's fucking showing off Papa Wheeling. But, yeah, uh, Duke is going to show up. He's going to get to the scene. Batman does not want him there. He keeps telling him. And then Duke, again, I don't – Duke always oversteps his bounds in these because Batman's like, no, you can't go. Well, he's not a it's not up he's to you, else. Batman. Yeah, it's, it's not up to you, Batman. It's not your call. Yeah, it usually is. If yeah. you're a member of the Bat family, it usually is his well, call. Now, like yeah, you said, Batman wants to do signal. all of it. Yeah, the signal. <laughs> yeah, Batman wants to just do it all himself. And Duke legitimately, if he does not show up, all hell is going to break loose. So he does show up then. Uh, in the meantime, that's where Batwoman's having problems and Gotham Girl comes down and, and Batman is going to help fucking gotham girl he's gonna fight her but in the meantime he's giving like a speech listen i know that your brother was killed tim was killed you've had a bad time of it really gotham girls have one of the worst couple weeks of any character who's ever been in comics oh, yeah. uh she just is a hideous monster right now and as this is going on i thought she was after see, she shaved her head honestly yeah, yeah really well as batman's saying this like i'm not gonna let anybody else go down i'm gonna help you we're going to get through this. All these people start gathering behind Batman. <laughs> I really and thought it was a Spider-Man member from the Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I actually, I thought it was like a Spartacus Yo, you don't thing. mess like, with the Batman yeah. Gotham monster, yeah. girl. I actually thought it was going to be something like that. Like these people were even gathering with Batman because now they realize who it is. Now, Gotham Girl isn't as known a character, so it didn't make as much sense. But I thought it was like one of those like, yep, nobody else is going down in Gotham. We're here. And then she wouldn't want to hurt people. But in fact... This is all Clayface. Makes no goddamn <laughs> I, sense to I'm me. I'm like, Clayface, you've been done nothing but bitch about how you yeah. can't keep up all these freaking like split yeah. things you're doing. But you were just supposed to be some cops. Why yeah. are you Here's all these random fucking people? This is people? where I got so upset because he went off to be the police, to help the police. They needed more people. He was going to make himself into, say, 15 policemen yeah. help that can go separate ways to evacuate. We saw him evacuating people. I have mentioned on the podcast and in my reviews – he is a hero of this story. Yeah. He's doing his job. I really think that he has not evacuated anybody. No. I think that he has made up these people to make himself he's, look good. So he was evacuating. Around. Yeah, he was evacuating himself. He's like, <laughs> okay, everybody, let's go. And it's all him. He's just fucking playing like, around. Look at this. There's like two cops. The rest yeah. are just normal people. Yeah, girl, fucking guys, old lady, guy with a beard. Little kid. Why? Where did he start becoming regular people, and why would he? Why is he this little kid? What What is that going to help? Helping he is supposed to be evacuating the city, and even in this, the shit in this end of the story, shit starts going to an area of Gotham what? that they say has not been evacuated yet. I think it's because fucking Clayface has been fucking around. He's around. been playing his greatest role, Eric. His I greatest imagine, role. I imagine, too, it's like he actually originally split up as these cops, and he thought to himself... Nobody trusts this cops. Yeah. And he goes, turns into a regular person. Your word on the street is we got to evacuate. Oh, word shit. Yeah, yeah. Then, then he, he switches to the old lady, and she's like, huh? Oh. You got to get out of Gotham. They're like, what, what do we need to listen to Shut you? Shut up, old, old lady. Old blood. And then he's like, oh, no. <laughs> I better become this girl. Oh, let's get out of here. Who's listening to you, girl? All right, I'll be this guy with a beard. Hey, hipster, get out of fucking town. He can't win. And I really just He's wish he was all these co- I just wish he was a cop here because it doesn't make sense him being no, normal fucking people. It's just is stupid. I, I really do think that he has not evacuated anybody. He no. went to a section of town that was already evacuated. He laid low. Was, 
He's fucking playing around. He's fucking, you know, look at me. He went to that arcade that Ricky Grayson and uh, the Damien always go to. Yeah, really. Nobody's there. He's fucking Mr. Actor. He's acting fucking like a, he's acting the fool there. I'm going to get that freaking high score on Cheese Viking now. But yeah, and at all this time, Batman knows what's going on, knows that it's him, and says, Mr. Carlo. Uh, and then that's when the the suits formed. And it is like a clayface version of the, the bad Batman armor. Returns. It's like the Bat Armor from Batman uh, Dark Knight Returns. Dark Returns, yeah. Yeah, it does look like that. It's awesome. I really do like it. I love the fact that finally Batman can get inside of Clayface. He's been wanting Ew. to do it all the time. Now, I really like this to me is another step of really clayface really kicking ass in the in detective comics and in this story as well, well. already he really said more like to do it. than orphan yeah and i told you if you've been listening to the podcast nothing infuriates me more than clayface and <laughs> this we have not gotten that nonsense we had it the one time where he shows up and he's like hey i'm batman get out of here and it doesn't work and, yeah, fuck it. and i really do like that was the way funny. I, I like the way Clayface is being used in the story, but really nothing else. And they're, they're going to fight. They're fighting Clayface Batman and Gotham Girl are fighting it out. Until... Well, like, honestly, what do we have to do with any of our characters? Because Batman and Batwoman just fighting kaiju monsters. Dick Grayson yeah. just went off to the morgue and then he got turned into a monster himself. Like, yeah. Gotham Girl has had the most to do, but she turned into a goddamn monster. Yeah, she turned into a monster. And this is where they're fighting. And it's pretty cool. They're trading blows. And then she decides to do a thunderclap. It gets all Clayface dissipates off of Batman, and he's done. There, there it is, and that's when and then Duke the signal shows up. swoops in. Right, the signal comes in. You see the right? signal and above him there. I will. Yes, I see. Yeah. I will tell you that I I hate the art in this book. I like Duke and his outfit. Duke looks awesome yeah, in his outfit. That is awesome. But even then, you see Batman sitting. It's so weird. <laughs> the look of Batman. He looks like I look, sloth. It's so weird. But yeah. Uh, the signal, as you call him. Can you even see cool. his ears in that picture? That, yeah, a little. Yeah, he looks more like Midnighter. A deformed so, Midnighter. Yeah, so fucked up. But yeah, uh, Duke shows up and says, "Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cure you. Uh, please, just don't kill me." And I do like it. And I like the, I like the fact too that uh, Steve Orlando didn't get fully hokey. It's almost like Gotham Girl is confused. Like, she is just, she's an animal. She's a monster man, and. I like it wasn't one of those woman. almost like a Frankenstein type thing where all of a sudden she just reverts because fucking uh, Duke shows up. That that doesn't happen. He ends up giving her the cure. Now, in the meantime, we go back to the goddamn caves, which if all of this happening, this cave bit is fucking nonsense. I know all of it's nonsense, but really, you keep going back to the caves with Cassandra and even Bullock and uh, Stephanie. And it's just when you every time I turn the page and we're back to the kiss, I'm like, hey, fucking here we go with this. All right, 130 yeah, degrees. They hit. get it and to 130 flash, degrees. Everything's everybody's gone. fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. And this black ooze that was all on him goes off that of the people. That was originally red. And yeah, it was, that was red, and then drains itself out and becomes part of a giant kaiju witch looking thing that has the trees and the fucking i don't understand it i really don't this doesn't make any sense to me as the monster men was concerned this whole thing like you had these other things that were a dead person that was given venom and he kind of changed around a bit but it became these big baby you had this big giant griffin looking thing this thing is now it, it like seems to be another rule 
of what is going on. It looks pretty cool. I'll give them that. That's the thing, too, because we were led to believe – I don't know if we were led to believe, but I jumped to the conclusion where this thing turned into a monster, man. It it burrowed a hole out of the morgue, and then I guess all turned to algae, covered all the people. Now that's been dispelled. It forms back together to make the biggest goddamn monster we've had yet. Yeah, yeah, and it's just – like I said, it even has like part of the – the woods it has a tree yeah. I, I don't understand i i really don't and really this whole 130 degrees like to me i thought that would just kill it but it, it got scared it just I wanted to get away it's all like i can't hang out on humans no yeah, more i'm why, gonna just slink why, away and then why reform. would it even why did it drip down in there because really to me this is more of an imposing threat than people yelling at each other yeah. that that we had why didn't it just make itself into this originally? And what really throws me off because yeah, of this, rules? because in Nightwing, this monster, Batman tells you in Nightwing that this monster thinks. It's got intelligence. It, yeah, it's got intelligence, which is another thing that we were not led to believe. In fact, we were led to believe that anything involved with the monster man. It shouldn't know. Yeah, including Nightwing and Gotham Girl being turned into these quote-unquote monster men where even Gotham Girl, when she's cured, says, I couldn't even think. I just thought animal thoughts. I couldn't think. This one, this monster man, it has intelligence and it's after things that I don't even know where. It jumps to conclusions, but uh, freaking Duke cures Gotham Girl. And he gives her this thing and she she snaps out of it. And they even say, because it's not that it cures her, it expels the monster man fluid <laughs> and i don't understand what's going on and she's there and she's like oh my god I, I can't believe it i was uh you know i had these base thoughts i was an animal oh my god where's nightwing he was with me and that's where uh you see that batwoman and nightwing are fighting in midair and they're just fighting now i also point out something else that really drove me nuts beforehand is when Duke was talking to Gotham Girl before nobody knew where Gotham Girl and Nightwing were. They kept saying, like, where are they? Finally, that's when Batman's like, oh, we have a visual. In the meantime, when Duke is giving Gotham Girl the the cure, he's pretty much spelling out to her, like, I know what you did. You you didn't do it because of you. You ripped this monster. He, like, goes through the whole play-by-play of what had happened to her. Why? Because he is acting before they didn't know where they were. Just... It, it's ridiculous. This whole story sucks. I don't I care just, for it. I, I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, the whole issue ends with uh, Nightwing fighting Batwoman and Batwoman looking to be falling to her death. And that's the end of it. I fucking hated it. I gave it a 5.3. I, I'm looking at Gotham Girl's chest now, like not for that reason, but that symbol now looks like a CB. Yeah, you like the CB now? I'm saying I I'm, before. I, I really don't, don't care. Know. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It's fucked up. But yeah, now we will when we start the next issue. The whole time. When we start the next issue, we will be pointing out that I don't know. Gotham Girl went and got a costume change in between <laughs> issues. I know a lot. I've heard some freaking uh, podcasts already bitching and moaning about it. I understand that these art teams are doing things separately. Things Where's my continuity, times, Jim? But yeah, it is a little odd. I have a lot more problems with other things than just the costume because <laughs> I really. It is a bunch of nonsense. This is getting towards the nonsense that I had with Batman and Robin Eternal, where each issue... Now, I will say it's not as bad with the rule breaking, but the problem is I really don't know the rules. I really... If you ask me right now, we're at part... This is part five. We're now going to go to part six. 
There's only one more part left, and that'll be next week's detective. If you said to me, what the fuck is, is Hugo Strange's fucking plan right now before I read Nightwing and said, what's his plan? Boy, I would have no idea. And then Destroy when we find Gotham? out what it, when we find out what it is in Nightwing, I would call bullshit and fucking fucking rip it apart and leave because none none of this makes any sense in any sort of plan or anything going on. It's a bunch of hooey. It's all thrown together. And if this was just an arc of one book, you know, you had Batman and had yeah. three issues of this or two issues, I could go with it a little more. This is a big. This is the first crossover of Rebirth. Of a rebirth that all these people have loved. Rebirth. Oh my God, rebirth is so good. I'm I'm so into it. And this is just like a kick to the teeth. Might want to start teeth. out a little bit stronger here, you know? Yeah, this is like a kick to the teeth because I think that going from this, anybody who's a Bat Family fan, the next crossover, I would think that they're going to go in a little cautiously. I think this was like everybody's like, all right, all right this Batman, is going to be see awesome. You in two months. And really, a lot of people love. Batman and Detective Comics especially. Those are books that almost everybody universally loves, it seems. The people we talk to. And it has really just hijacked these books and just fucking thrown them to the side. Uh, it's nonsense. I gave it a 5.3. Uh... I couldn't give it a, a fuck you five. Uh, it was a little, I don't know. Some of the art was okay. I do. Yeah. And actually, even looking, that final page, uh, Nightwing looks fucking awesome. Uh, Riley Rossmo is really good at making like grotesque things. Uh, just, you shouldn't make Batman in his regular cow <laughs> grotesque, Eric. But yeah, I give it a 5.3 out of 10. I'd give it a 5.5 out of 10. I, I like the art here a little bit more than I liked it the last time around. I think I even gave that a 6, but the story's going nowhere. And yeah, it really It is. continues yeah. with this well, next book. Yeah, it's going to go. Go with it, Eric. Go right now. Nightwing number six, written by Steve Orlando and Tim Seeley, with art by Raj Antonio, Chris Sotomayor. Raj. Hey, Raj. Ooh, uh, Raj, I'm going to tell wanna, Mama. His name might be Roger or whatever. I like Raj. I would say it's Roger. I like Raj. Art by Raj Antonio. Ooh, Chris I'm Sotomayor. telling Mama. <laughs> exactly. Carlos and Manguel. For our penultimate issue of Night of the Monster Men, we see our heroes cure Nightwing of his monstrous uh, monsterness immediately. They activate the Wayne Watchtowers, taking out the fourth Monster Man in the process, and we see Hurricane stop and start. Yeah. All of this and the programming of the Monster Men changes so that all the ooze inside the monsters converge to make one big-ass Monster Man, not to mention Hugo Strange is getting ready for Halloween by putting together his very own Batman costume. Yes. Ah, yes, Nightwing. Here we go. Boy, I like the art better about, in this book, but Jesus yeah, I do too. Christ. I like it okay. Like we said, there is a little issue. All of a sudden, Gotham Girl has a skirt on. Nothing yeah, she's, that, she's fine it's again. It's not as ripped apart. She's okay. I, she looks terrible, though. Uh, but yeah, the whole thing is, is Batwoman and Nightwing are falling, and they're going to count on Gotham Girl being indestructible, but being able to pierce skin. And it just, because when because when Duke uh, injected a Gotham Girl in the last issue, the gun was broken. So now they don't have the injector device. So the Gotham Girl just has to hold it, and they use gravity to their benefit to yeah, inject just, Nightwing. I don't know. That's so weird. Make, it just doesn't even make sense to me. I don't know how While it works it was going either. On, I'm like, okay, so she has to, to hold it. Why can't you just put it on the ground? I I don't know. It like just you, is ridiculous. You have to hit him really hard with it for it to work. I don't know. <laughs> but she's like, I don't want to hurt anybody and all this and that. But yeah, uh, when uh, Nightwing gets hit and then they, they have to mention too, it's like, don't let that stuff get on you. <laughs> it's so funny. Okay. I'm like, okay. Because she says, get, that's when uh, Batwoman yells, get back, 
the monster venom could still be active. I'm like, what? We we've seen like okay, so if it we is, we don't even really know how that works. So because that's we what I'm saying. Nightwing and now, had an open wound before, and it looked yep. like Gotham Girl got it in her mouth when they yes. turned. Now you but now tell it's just me skin contact. You tell me now. She's saying the venom could still be active. Do you think in your mind that it's active? No, because if it Actually, is, I don't even know, man. I'm telling you, if it is, Nightwing's fucked because he's covered in it again. It's not like it just went off him. He's covered completely in it, so it's a bunch of nonsense. And yeah, he's gross. Looks like he has afterbirth yeah, all over him. Yeah, he he's got it all over him. So if it is active, it's just gonna keep going. It's like a, a never-ending cycle. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> get him in the shower from, now. Inject him. Yeah, before when they showed. Uh, Gotham Girl and the Batman that we just talked about, what they, they really made it a point that it takes the venom out. It, like, expels it. Maybe they're going with the fact that the injector was broken, and that's why this I, – I don't know. I really don't know. It looks ridiculous. Then we, we go back to my least interesting place, the fucking caves, and I really – right away I'm like, fucking Bullock's a dick. They're in the caves. He's smoking a fucking cigar. Nobody wants to smell that shit in that fucking cave, you fucking nobody's asshole. Putting him, uh, nobody's putting Bullock out of his comfort zone, and that cigar is right guess. there. And I'm like, he's there smoking a cigar, and there's a little kid there. Hey, are we safe? Like, I, and he up. says, he says to the kid, I think we're in the clear, kid. All that crap the caves puked out just grew legs and took a walk. So basically, Bullock's like, I'm going to smoke the cigar. And you know what? Out of sight, out of mind. That fucking monster's heading away from us. I'm good. He's fucking And immediately, Spoiler and Cassandra Kane are on the scene with yeah. the rest of our heroes. Yeah. And here's where the problem is in this, is that really they were in the caves. They are getting out of a car, so you're supposed to think yeah, they, they drove that car. car. Yeah. But this happens to immediately after what would be just Nightwing and Batwoman falling and then hitting a fucking injector. And now we are here, and it makes no sense. It Not really does. So anybody complaining about the fucking, you know, what Gotham Girl looks like, there are a <laughs> lot more continuity, uh, what's it called, continuity errors sure coming are. into this. Uh, but yeah, they're watching in this fucking big ass witch looking fucking tree growing tree kaiju, kaiju thing with a hoodie. Yeah, with a hoodie that might be the fucking goo. I don't know. I can't it's, tell. It's, it's the last of way. our monster man. It's the fourth yes. one. It's coming yep. in. It's bigger and better than all the other ones. It seems like. Yeah. And it's throwing goddamn trains at us. Yeah, might be train gods. Who knows. Him. Yep, it's throwing trains at them. So Gotham Girl. I think the takes, murder boys are on there. They might be on the third rail, <laughs> and uh, they get. Spoiler and Dick get a ride with Gotham Girl onto a uh, the top a fucking, of Wayne Tower. The top of Wayne Tower, and then that's where did Stephanie have this staff beforehand? No, nope. because it's, I it's had in no her belt. idea. She somehow yeah. it, she pulls it out and pulls it apart, and now we have this antenna that creates a holographic computer on top of Wayne yep. Tower. So, so basically, spoiler she's and on, Nightwing can get yeah. to the bottom of what Hugo Strange is doing and where yeah. he might be. Why, why are they doing this on a fucking the Wayne Tower while Did they a need monster, reception? The monster is coming for them. You That's see this too. monster. It's, it's so stupid. We this see is in time this. To... We see in this the monster is coming, and for some yeah. reason Batman knows it has more intelligence because even though they're attacking the monster, it's bypassing them and going straight for Stephanie and yeah. he, uh, Nightwing because it knows it's looking for. He, they're looking for Hugo. Yeah. I'm like, it, how this does it monster, know any yeah. of this? I know. I don't they're know. On top of well, he tower. says that though. He's like. They, the monster has intelligence. It knows you're after Hugo. How? How does it know this? Whew. But yeah, they're, they're in the they're doing this. They're trying to figure out shit. 
And that's so where you get jump to some conclusions here, baby. It, it, everything's jumping to conclusions. It just and it's weird. It's not like I would say, boy, this seems really forced. It's just all nonsense. It this comes whole out of nowhere. Story. Yeah, this whole story has been nonsense. Uh, but yeah, this thing's coming, and that's where uh, Nightwing says, "Oh, we gotta, we gotta activate the Wayne Watchtowers." Oh no! And even before this, that, they find out by going through the Hugo Strange's yeah, files they, that yeah. every one of the it's monster so men stupid. were all patients of Hugo Strange. Yep, one of they, them that was, was a manipulator. Connection. One yeah. of them like had uh, a lot of fear. Another one had childhood grief, and grief. another one had a. Uh, Oh god damn it, what's the other stupid ass thing? Ah, uh, fuck looking. an ego problem? Oh no, um a control Actually, freak possibly. I thought in the thing they have fear, fear, grief, grief. Oh, yeah. I'll say fear, grief, and childhood problems. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. and Nightwing realizes because of these things, Hugo Strange is like using these monster men as a way to diagnose Batman. He's calling well, Batman out personally and it, it's, this it's is a his weird diagnosis. Thing because even at the point he sees this and you don't get that right away, doesn't say this. And I don't know if you're supposed to be like, oh, man, I see what he's doing. His fucking plan is, is ridiculous. Uh, but, yeah, that's when after they find this out, before he actually calls Batman on this plan. Uh, that's when you get the activate Wayne Watchtower. Yeah, the Monster really... Man is climbing up Wayne Tower to get yeah. Nightwing and Spoiler, and we got to activate the Wayne Watchtower, which I've been curious this whole time what it does. Yeah. And you know what? I'm still curious. Yeah, I, I guess that it, at one point it just looks like it's a spotlight, but I guess it is well, another way to it, electrocute things. I'm saying a bunch of towers, like we see in the distance, a big old light shines from them, and the Monster Man is electrocuted on the side of the building. Yep. And then you go to the next page, and he's fine. Yep. And then Nightwing and Spoiler jump off the building with safety, and he's electrocuted again, he's killing electrocuted him. He's electrocuted again, and it, it, it kills him. Uh, and then that's when, around town, all of the knocked out and downed monster men start to reorganize and become, you know, there's Big Baby Eric, and uh, they reorganize into a bigger monster man the you know this is the the baby the the big dog of all the monster men i don't know it's the just bigger it's baby. ridiculous uh, yeah yeah it, the bigger rhinoceros baby uh, thing yeah this actually this is a a lot more uh it's a quicker read yes. than before but that's where you get nightwing talking again about and then they even that's where he mentions the ego and he's like people wrestling with their childhoods this is him talking to batman and everybody about what he's seen what hugo strange was doing and he says you know they're fighting grief fear manipulating those around them trapped by their own egos their faults and then he says, you know, you know what he's doing, Batman. He's calling you out. This is you. And I thought to myself, what the fuck? Why go through this whole fucking nonsense to actually just call out? Because he even says he wants you one-on-one, Batman. Fucking send him a card next time. Yeah. He goes through this fucking so crazy a plan. And that's all we get? That he made the monster men out of people who had the same traits as what he thinks Batman is defined by, and that makes the mon- – it doesn't make sense. It no. doesn't make any sense. It's not like I see Big Baby fucking running around and I think, ooh, Big Baby, childhood grief. It's not even – you don't even get that connection of the original people. That no, when they become you know, these the monster manipu- men. The manipulator, the fucking eight-headed fucking Rodan. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. It's so ridiculous. And yes, this is what it is. And Batman's like, oh, if he wants if he wants to, to talk to me, then he's going to get me. 
So mm. you guys, I'm going to go off and fight Hugo Strange out, who we, we discovered is at the Anders Tower, even though he might be in the fucking cauldron, I think it was, yeah, it was called. Yeah, yeah but, he was uh, before. And the Anders Tower, and you guys go fight this giant kaiju, the biggest one we've ever seen, while I go take care of Hugo Strange myself. Yeah. Yep, well, I'm going to go. seem like a good plan. Yep, I'm going to go there, and I'm going to fight Hugo Strange, because he wants one-on-one. And he even says, and I don't want to disappoint to me. He wants one on one. He's going to get it. I, he, say, he's I say earned he's it. earned it. And then you see him. And the problem is, is I see that Hugo Strange in the bad side. I'm like, that looks pretty fucking cool. You see, is, too, it's so I was, funny behind him, all the schematics. I was paging through this before I read it. And I swear to God, at the end, I thought at first, Owl, it was Owlman. I thought yeah. because the way his glasses are, it looked like Owlman's cow. Yeah. And I'm like. Oh my God, Jim was right. Owlman didn't die on the freaking movie. Yeah, champ. Yeah, no, no, I'm an idiot. It's fucking yeah, Hugo Strange. Right. It's Hugo Strange. It's so yeah, nonsense. Hugo Strange. He's bulked up to That's fit his back costume. That's take strange, on Eric. It's strange. Uh, fuck this book. It's so stupid. And I'll tell you, I did glance at next week's Detective Comics. I did not yet. Hmm. 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 You're going to get more of the same. I'll of course you are. That. I didn't I, expect uh, anything different. I just, uh, this this whole story, I, I'm sure they will gather it in a trade, and I believe that I might buy it just to burn it, maybe take a shit on it, because it's just nonsense. Actually, it's not even, it gets me mad having to talk about it. It's one of those two where I'm going through it. I've read this fucking thing like three times already, and I still don't even know what the fuck went on. Uh, oh, I'm and I'm sorry, we didn't even get to talk club, about because... While Batman goes to take on Hugo Strange by himself, now each individual hero we have is going to go pilot the Wayne yeah. Watchtowers. Yep. yep. And I'm like, they pilot? Are. What the oh, fuck yeah. do you mean by pilot? Oh, I know. I know what they mean. That's what I was talking about. Hmm, where do you see this? But, uh, yeah, they're going to go pilot them, Eric. They will oh, be piloting those because, watchtowers. Because we just, he designed these after the Dark Side invasion to make sure mm. that shit doesn't happen again, even though we had the freaking Dark Side war in Gotham, didn't get to see the Wayne Watchtowers. Yeah, no, the Wayne Watchtowers have been, you know, all the shit that went down, Endgame, all this shit. Yeah, it, it didn't need the Wayne Watchtowers, you know, Batman died. You didn't need the Wayne Watchtower protocol. What did you get? Dark Side oh. war. What did you I gave this one a six out of ten, and that's mostly just because I enjoyed the art more than I, I liked yeah. uh, the Batman issue. I might, I, I might go as high as a six, but I think I'm going to go five point five. And really, if you ask me what I thought of this whole story in general, it's probably around a five point five or a six. And I'm talking just a gut feeling of what we got. Yeah. I'm not talking, you know, add up my scores and find out what what it is. Uh, it really just is not good. I want to get back to my regular stories. I want Steve Orlando to stick with his own books, which, you know, Supergirl or uh, Midnighter. Uh, he has no right to be doing this nonsense. And it's a bunch of garbage. It really is. And some people, Happy are, Halloween. Some people are like trying to dissect these things. And like, I can tell when, when Tom King shows up. And I'm yeah, I don't think you can. Because no. I don't think he's showing up in any of this shit. I, if I was Tom King or, or a, a Tynan or a fucking Sealy, I would say, get my fucking name off this goddamn garbage. I don't even want story by. I, I don't want any of this crap. It's fucking ridiculous. Fucking ridiculous, Eric. I'm so angry. Uh, we're going to move on to the, the next book, the final book of this first section. It's another book of yours, and thankfully, I like it a little more. I'm good. Superman number eight, written by Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, with art by Doug Mankey, Jaime Mendoza, Will Quintana, and Rob Lee. 
After John makes a flying saucer with the ability to assimilate the forces of solitude for a science project, we see our father and son team transported to Dinosaur Island, where their only hope of getting home is finding John's strange-ass creation. Too bad it's Dinosaur Island, though, because the residents aren't about to make it easy on our heroes. Ultimately, though, they escape into a cave and find out that this was the final resting place of the World War II characters, the Losers. Yep, it is. Uh, uh, I'm telling you, I was immediately thrown off when we got into this. Yeah, I, I liked it. And really, it was announced. They even said it. Tomasi and Mankey and, and Gleason said this is their little homage to Darwin Cook. That's all this is. It's two issues. And really, it is what would normally have been an annual uh, because the next big story in these books is the father and son when, you know, Damien yes. meets John. And I, I really do think they just had two issues to fill. They had to fill it because of the Monster Men, whatever the hell they had issues of why they didn't want to go right into that. Uh, but they had two issues to fill. And they asked, hey, can we do a homage, a little, you know, a tribute some new frontier to, action. little tribute to Darwin Cook. And they were allowed to do it. And that's all this is. And I went into it reading this as I just went, like we said about annuals. I really did go into it like an annual where we don't expect much of a story that has a lot of bearing on what we have had up until then, even though this does tie in. Uh, a bit but it's supposed to be just a fun little romp on dinosaur island and i liked it as much as what that is i i did like it i thought it was weird that it started off in the arctic circle i really yep. do think batman or batman superman is playing at both sides wherever he wants to go he goes and it, it goes with the story like you hey, said son i, I don't that, want you fucking up my man cave in colorado yeah, so we're really, go to the old Superman's really, place. really the whole thing is that it has to have the crystals even though we're not really nothing's really explained here it is very to me it is even like cartoon-esque how this is all set up and what happens though uh superman's awful why is he letting john you even What's said to me I'm, why I'm is he letting good. him do this i'm all good with an homage you know a little talk about darwin cook and all that good shit but when you go so against the character that we've seen up until now because John is working on a science experiment because he's got a freaking he uh, what's that called when they get a uh, extent he's got an extension yeah, on the science an extension. project because he's a new that. student and here Superman is letting John create some alien tech looking flying saucer that he got the image from from a dream I'm like you know what maybe yeah. you want to keep a lower profile in Hamilton County than creating a goddamn remote control flying saucer. Yeah, well, you know, it's a it's drone. He even tech. says it's like a drone. I don't even know. They never really spell out what he used to do it. It does look like alien tech, but it just seemed to me. I don't even know what he's using to put it together. I'm telling you, I can go with the fact that that's why this is almost like shit being in the bat cave on the moon. That he went to the fortress because he thinks that John might blow something up. And if he blows something up in the fortress hey, like that, it doesn't really matter. Hey, I think John, that's why he's there. Make a solar system and add Pluto to it. Do something uh, different. He, make a volcano, he, Johnny. You get an extension. you got to wow them. You have that's to the wow them. Too. The thing that I get, you think that that's weird. I just think that when John shows up at school with this fucking thing, they are taking John away now. Because he I'm has saying. made something that is fucked up. They are they are going to confiscate Superman would that never thing. allow this. Yeah, I, I actually you could even go to the point where maybe at one point he would say like no 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 let's go and in fact I, I think, think we go that, beyond that point. I think we, the punchline. I really do think that the punchline of next issue when they do get out of this 
will be John doing a a volcano, Damn, a right fucking a erupting volcano. I think that that's what you're going to get. Make something a diorama of dinosaur island. Oh, I'm telling you, he'll pro- actually he'll probably do like a dinosaur diorama, and it'll be the big joke. But this this issue is just for fun and. Dinosaurs are fun, eh? Dinosaurs are a lot of I'm fun. But yeah. They're supposed to be fun. I didn't have a lot of fun with the dinosaurs. I, I didn't though. mind because even some of the things were like panel for panel stuff that happened in New Frontier. A lot of this was stuff that did happen and it's kind of aped here or, you know, like I yeah. said, in the Maj. Uh, but yeah, you have Crypto fucking gets in the way and actually fucks up with this little drone Maybe. after it has assimilated itself. Well, it does. You see the thing fucking falling apart and sparking and shit when he bites it. And then it goes, looks like it turns into a fucking mother box. I say, and then it turns into a cube already at that point yeah. when he goes and bites it. I'm like, I yeah. don't know what this thing is. I, <laughs> why would I, Superman allow this? I know. But no, well, it, it takes they end off. up on it, dinosaur. It, just, just to know, I real the biggest thing I want to know is what is wrong with John's dreams that he's dreaming about this shit. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that is a, something that's going to come about later, that he has some freaky dreams and he doesn't know. I don't know. The kid's fucking half Kryptonian. Who knows what so, the So, yeah, he this thing, he's, he lets it loose. It assimilates to crystal font, turns into a cube, and when Crypto bites it, it transports all of the Superman, John, and Crypto to Dinosaur Island. And then takes well, off. That's and then, the yeah, worst takes part. Off. It, it just takes off. And they go to stop it. They get attacked by a giant fucking prehistoric fish that does swallow Superman. And then the the weird thing about that is that he is in the fish, and it was very confusing of what he's doing. He's like, I'm going to make a quick burn across your jaw, and there's your heart. No, yeah, I, I heart, have no idea what he did heart. here. And then he, that's the, you know, the thing. Hey, we just had a heart-to-heart talk. You know, come on, Superman. Uh, but I didn't mind I, it. And that, I'm, not, I'm not a big guy when it comes to anatomy, but how does going into a mouth lead to the heart? I don't know. I don't know anything about fish. I really don't. Uh, but, yeah, it happens there. And then they start walking around. They start checking out the 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 dinosaur island. It is like the island that time forgot. You have a the lot land of, of the World lost War II. Yeah, you have a lot of World War Two. You have tanks and, and German ships tanks. and planes and stuff. And uh, through that, that, there is a tank that has dead bodies in it. Superman doesn't want John to see them, so he seals it up. Uh, but then John yeah, the comes across thing, a dead body. Yeah, yeah, he does. He comes across a dead fucking uh, Japanese uh, fighter pilot who, you know, parachuted it. it down. Yeah, and then they're like, Got let's get the, the fuck out of here. That's when Superman's like, let's get the fuck out of here. And they start flying, and they can't. They go to a part, and it gets really uh, fucking cloudy. They're, they're blocked off, and then they get it's attacked by pterodactyls. Yeah. yeah, and they get attacked by pterodactyls. And again, it's just a bunch of goofy fun. And at one point... Uh, crypto gets eaten again that crypto goes down uh but yeah it all ends up really there's not a lot to talk about no. in this issue there's a lot of this dinosaur fighting at one point john freaks out about crypto being eaten goes to attack this pterodactyl forgets that he can't fly i forgot too so all of a sudden he's like oh I, I forgot i couldn't fly oh it's okay you get carried away sometimes kiddo and that's where crypto just comes out of the dinosaur and i was, I was very confused so I, weird I, yeah I didn't know what was going on, uh, but yeah, they're they're walking. They see this thing and they find the uh, a pilot's uh, dog tags. It's John Cloud, and that was one of the losers. That's one of the big losers, Johnny Cloud. Yeah. So that's like the first point where I'm like, okay, I get it. They, you know, this is what it's all about. Uh, they find the graves of the losers that they, they died in their last stand, and they just keep finding. Uh, Bits More and, and more pieces body parts. of this whole story, and they find the dog uh, 
the devil dog and shit like that. And then they go into the cave and then it ends with the whole thing. This is the story of the losers. And that's how the whole thing ended with Johnny, uh, Johnny Cloud, where he was writing that. And it's like, again, it, this is just an homage. If you are a fan of the new frontier story, if you're a fan of the losers, if you're a fan of this, I think that you will love it even more than I did. I didn't yeah. love it. I, I didn't mind it. I liked it. I liked it. I, I, I complain about thing. it. I didn't mind it either. It was a no, bit of like, just, you know, it's just a fun romp. But like, I don't know. It's just a little romp. It, again, I like the art a lot. You get this. This, yeah, I, I love the art. I, I think that this is where, like, we get the Monster Men and the Batman books and the Bat Family books as, as a little, you know, kind of thing going on. That infuriates me. This is almost like, okay, I get it. We're going to wait a bit, and then we're going to have John and Damien meet uh, when we get back to the regular story. But this, to me, where you're taking them out of the regular time, they're in they're in a dinosaur island that's kind of wonky in time, in and out of time. It, it doesn't exist in time, some people say, all of this sort of thing, that it is, to me, like the perfect sort of thing to have this two-issue romp because nothing here will really carry over anyway and they did say that this is their way just to it doesn't put the darwin cook new frontier stuff in the continuity per se but it does make it that it existed and that's what they wanted to do darwin cook just died they wanted a way to honor him and for them this it's almost you know what it's like to me it's like team Batgirl they didn't want the the killing joke so in their story they made it so it didn't exist and you can go from there and decide how you want or whatever this actually just opens up the opportunity okay that kind of did happen in this place out of time and maybe they'll go with it I heard a little talk that this could end up being something with the JSA book if it ever came out I don't think it will be um, but if they ever wanted to have a loser's book, I, I don't know. I don't know what will come about. Actually, I don't think anything will come about. No, I don't it's think just so them either. to be able to say this was our, you know, our little tribute to Darwin Cook. And maybe it'll get people like, oh, I don't know this. This story of the losers at the end, that seems good. And that's where Superman even says, I guess one of those guys had a story to tell. And then it says underneath for Darwin Cook. But it's even even that is like almost like a, a golden age type of thing for Superman with his son there. And, they, you know, you know, just hokey. But I liked it. I actually I actually want Superman issue. to get the hell out of the way because now we have the completed message. I yeah, want to be know, that, that's exactly what the thing is. And again, I think that they were kind of like, you know, we can't go fully into saying what it was. But I really like it. And I don't know. I don't know Darwin Cook, but I think that he would have been happy that they threw this in in a book and almost made it so – Superman's a, a very important book now in Rebirth, and they're taking this time out for two issues to kind of say, you know what, Darwin Cook was su such a great inspiration to us that we want to show you a little bit and maybe get you inspired to read it. So, yeah, I, I liked it. I actually, before you even give your score, I would I would have given it an eight. I really did enjoy it, and it, it kind of it, it made me kind of felt like I heard all this stuff, but still, it, like, boy, I'm smart. I can see that it's this and that. I, I just liked it. I really did like it. But uh, what did you give it? I'm sorry, I didn't mind the story overall, but I just thought the beginning with Superman was way out of character, and because of that, I gave it a seven out of ten. I just, again, I think that that was kind of a forced way to do it, but even then, maybe that was just kind of like a classic 
thing for Superman to just let that go on. It, it was weird that he would let John, especially after all the things that he had yeah. done to keep him protected, so out and of character, found out or whatnot. He even if he would have said to him. Just, I think you would have been a little better if he said, you know what, son? I think maybe we should just make a diorama. Yeah. And then, they, oh, okay. And I want you to, know, I whatever, want it to end that way. Yeah. And then, but it probably will. I do not think that this fucking, you know, drone is going to be handed in to his uh, fucking thing. I, I bet you he makes a diorama that is resembles the dinosaurs he sees, and the teacher puts them down like, oh, they're not really like that. And he's like, that's what you say. <laughs> wink, wink friend of Dorothy <laughs> but yeah we're going to go to a little break and we're going to be back with the green section Erica it's been a while since we've been able to say the green section right like two weeks yeah two weeks actually I don't <laughs> even think that that I don't think we did the green section the last time no? I don't remember actually saying that though at one point when we had that swamp thing many it was really the green section oh, yeah. that, that played in but yeah we'll be back with mail and then the green section Podcast all week, even though Shay is such a freak, I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go. Such a long way to Make go. Make it to the end of the episode. First I'll hear mail with Jim. Now mail with Jim. All right, it's our next bit of mail, Eric. All right, I always I like that song that too. I do like that one. Uh, when Mike gets back from such a uh, long way to go, such a long way to go. When he gets back <laughs> from his Disney vacation, I hope that it gives us two more mail songs. Oh, I hope we'll so. Have to, we'll have to wait for that. But this is the mail section number two, starting with G. G says, "Hey Jim, Eric, and Reggie. Subject: I loved episode ninety-one, and I really feel like your show is getting better every week. Did you say that last better. week?" <laughs> I look forward to listening to your podcast dropping every Sunday. And it does. It drops every Sunday. Dropping like it's hot. It does. I am Korean-American, and spicy rice cakes are actually one of the most popular dishes in Korea, and every Korean I have met usually likes that dish, too. This all has to do with me yelling about Batgirl. Batgirl, I mean. And it wasn't that I thought it was nonsense or anything like that. I just, it's weird how it's almost like Hope Larson wants to prove that she knows where that girl is. Like, look at me. I understand what's going on here. They're in Seoul, Korea. I did a Google search. Right now. Yeah. I'm telling you, I look up most popular item, uh, food item in, in Korea. The spicy rice cakes might come up, and there you go. I put it in my book. Probably the spiciest version of the dish is found with the street vendors on the streets of Seoul in Korea. You love Korea. street vendors. Yes. Jim, you will hate Korean food if you don't like spicy food, since 80% of our food is spicy. I don't hate spicy food. I just I hate eating I, anything that makes me be in pain while I'm eating. I can't oh, I really enjoy the flavor. I just hey, can't. Hey, Jim, I, I just typed in most popular food in Korea. First thing yeah. that pops up is kimchi, though. Oh, kimchi. I've had kimchi. I like kimchi. Uh, 
I, I dated a girl named Kim Chi once. Yeah? That's a, that's a lie. I, I did not. I would have liked to. Have, I really would have liked to. Uh, but, yeah, I've had a lot of Thai food, and the Thai food that I had, not including the century egg, Eric, that Gross. fucking nonsense, uh, was spicy, including a kimchi I believe I had uh, when I went to my man Ekachai Luktong's house when I was in Ekechai. a band in, in West Virginia. And I loved it all, but yeah, when it gets too spicy, where I'm actually in physical pain, I don't want to sit there sweat and fucking mouth. Seriously, burning. I, you might as well give me a double cheeseburger, and as I take a bite, kick me in the balls. Because no, no, that's you sit there, the you have a lighter lit, and then as soon as he takes a bite, you turn it off and put the metal to his skin. Yeah, yeah, it, it really it kills me. I had some spicy, uh, a spicy Asian noodle bowl earlier tonight. And it probably was a little bit spicier than I would have preferred, but I, I did like it. I ate it all. Of course I ate it all, Eric. I'm not going to let anything go to waste, but no. I did eat it all. And later on, I'm expecting a fiery bit of diarrhea. <laughs> but right now, I'm good to go. And then he says, so you can guess that we develop a natural tolerance for spiciness while growing up on Korean food. Yes. Yes, you have to. And here's for you, Eric. Also, I don't know if you agree with me on this, Eric, but Luke Cage started really strong. But once the first villain died, it was all downhill from there. It really was. And Tony, when yeah. I got to the middle of the show, I'm like, I'm sitting there actually just doing stuff online while it's playing. I'm like, uh, it eventually picked back up. And I'm like, all right, I think we yeah. had a few too many episodes we had to fill out here. It's weird, too, because that came out, what, a week ago? Last Friday. And boy. It, it hit hard. Like, you were even telling me everything I listened to or read. It was all about it. And I think that nowadays, that's the problem with things where you can marathon them. Like, you go in hot and heavy. Oh, and yeah. then you just, you're done. And then by the next week, it kind of dies down. I don't hear anybody talking well, about this, it at like the five and dime. Since, since it's New York Comic Con, they did release the Iron, uh, I can't think of Iron the fucking Fist. Name. Iron Fist fucking yeah, Iron uh, Fist trailer but i'm like that looks kind of cool it comes out it's, march 17th really i should watch that tra- i actually think i might is it weird that i'll jump in and just watch that that is weird it, I, was, I was gonna weird? say iron finger i was going back to my wu-tang days iron when they're like the finger. old kung- yeah that was a it was a kung fu movie back in the day i would i would i iron fist kind of intrigues me but I it looks really cool anyway uh you know what i did watch this is nothing to do with g or whatever guess what i watched eric what's that Wizard i watched of Oz. the first episode of westworld Really? Yes, you told me I that didn't you know liked that. it. I watched it. I watched it last night. I sat well, and watched you it. Well, you should have watched the second episode because they released the second episode uh, last no, night. No, I, I actually was going to, and it was. I'm telling you, it was probably 3 a.m. when I watched the, the first episode, and I'm not sure if I like it yet. Oh, I really? Love the, I, really I love like the it. concept. The problem is this is going to be like you talking to me about not wanting to watch Breaking Bad. Right, uh, where you said that you don't like watching people that are pieces of shit. I tell you, every time I got done an episode of uh, Breaking Bad, I was just depressed. Westworld depressed me. I'm telling you, it actually threw me off, and it, it really depressed me about how awful people can be. Yeah. And just in general, it was really it was a bit of a downer. Though I did I did really like it. I think the story's really good and the acting is great, but uh, it really threw me off a bit. Uh, Poor, uh, what is, is it, James Marston, the uh, yeah. Cyclone? Poor guy. 
guy. Yeah, he gets it again in the second episode. Yeah, can't can't catch a break. But yeah, uh, that is not anything to do with G because G continues. It yeah. would I it would say it's not. Uh, I would say it's not as good as Jessica Jones or Daredevil seasons one and two, but it was still enjoyable. Uh, I enjoyed like I enjoyed that? it a lot. I think I might even like okay. it more than Jessica Jones. It just got really? a little like stale in the middle, but it picked back up. Okay. Also, Diamondback's costume was the dumbest looking thing ever. Oh yeah, <laughs> I like the, the only up, thing but, I like about that though is they kept saying Hammer Tech, which I loved. I always forget his name now too. I always want to say Guy, but uh, Sam Rockwell in mm-hmm. Iron Man Two, freaking when he played the Hammer and Hammer Industries. I'm like, I just like the callouts there. It makes me yeah. happy. I, I was He's, actually a little upset though because in Iron Man Two, none of his shit ever worked. In Luke Cage, it worked fine. All right, Eric, and she continued. <laughs> I know half the time when you talk about this stuff, I'm just letting you go because I don't know. I have nothing to contribute. This is almost what leads to a. I forget what it was. Juicebox, who said that he did not want any of the show. My shows are on, and I right. said that's fine with me because I don't watch any, and I don't even know what the hell Eric's talking about anyway. Uh, but he continues. Uh, when he showed up, I couldn't stop laughing. He's talking about Diamondback and how ridiculous the outfit is. It, it's like he went to the party store and got a t- Ninja Turtle outfit and a Riot Gear helmet and put it together for the Diamondback costume. And he says, and thank you, Jim, for saying that my quote of this series has truly become a powerhouse book that no fan of Wonder Woman should miss. It's good enough to be on the back of a Wonder Woman trade paper. It is. It is. I will make sure that if I see that on the back of the upcoming trade, that I will demand DC Comics for a check. Yeah, I don't think you get a check for that stuff. No, I don't We're think still so. waiting. I, I, we really do think that there's a good possibility that Brandon, uh, for his Generation Zero Valiant. issue number one, might be on the Valiant uh, trade because I saw it again today. Uh, they sent out another email talking about Generation Zero, and there it was again, Brandon's quote and weird science behind it. I'm like, you son of a bitch, Brandon. And then he says, thanks again for providing endless hours of podcast goodness. Also, if you guys ever decide to do a 37-hour podcast, I would listen the hell out of that. Are we going to do that, Eric, eventually? Absolutely not. Hours? I'm telling you, if 37 is the record, we're fucking doing 50. We're not stopping at 37. We're not going to go 10 minutes over the record. We're going to fucking trounce that. No, that is bullshit. When people just want to go like a second over. Fuck like, no, that. no, you go I'm for gusto. You, yeah, you're, we're going to make sure nobody's going to touch that bitch. And I'm telling you, if we're doing it, if we really, if I said to you, Eric, uh, this person got a hold of us, said that they would donate all this money, whatever, make us rich, donate it to me. Uh, if we did do it, I would not want how I even joked about it last episode where I do it for three hours and you sleep. You're I, not no, off. We're all in 50 hours, just us talking the entire time, maybe reading the dictionary at points. I don't know. No, I no. Actually what we're going to do we could... is we're going to do a commentary on Shawshank Redemption. Where we're both watching it. <laughs> yeah, then I'd fall asleep. I, I'd actually think that we could do it. I do. We could just talk nonsense. Just crazy I just wouldn't want to do it, is all. Yeah, I, I don't know about that, but he says... 37 oh, hours? Jesus Christ. Sincerely, G. Yeah, 50. Thank you, The next 50, email yeah. is the second mail from Clean Drill. He says, Jim, I just have to say, when I finally get done listening to the Weird Science Podcast each week, I check out some of the other comic podcasts. He, he's got a lot of time, I guess. Yeah. A lot of these other people are like, we don't. I don't have time for these other podcasts, but that's our plan. 
We, we fucking shove our thing in. You don't have time. I won't name names, but they are very established in the comic podcast realm. I can't believe how much better the Weird Science podcast is. You guys really are the best production I've heard so far. Some of these other guys will seriously get listener requests to review certain books, and they just blow off the book and refuse to read it. I have That's a feeling crazy. I know which one he's talking about. I have a that feeling one, you've told me about that one. Yes, I have. Uh, then, because I'm telling you, uh, Drew, I do listen to a lot of podcasts as well, and I will tell Eric every time that I think bullshit has happened. If I had the bullshit horn, half the time I'd be blowing it all the time. And I know, sometimes it also goes with us as well. But yeah. then they beg listeners to donate throughout the whole show and buy stuff from Amazon using their special links so they can get a cut. Now I think he's talking about another podcast that drives me nuts. Then they have effed up promotions where if you donate like $1,000, this is I mentioned this uh, earlier, <laughs> you get to appear on the show. Oh, lucky them. $1,000 to appear on a fucking podcast. Uh, do, these, do these people actually think that they are like fucking Brad Pitt or something or, you know, I don't know, some is fucking big to do? Um, no, I'm just saying, do they think that it's that important? Like, you're going to give $1,000 so that you can get on Skype to talk to me and you? you got $1,000 to give out. Make your own podcast. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Take that $1,000 and keep it and just do your own fucking podcast, and I guarantee you'll be better than us and all the rest. It doesn't take a lot. I nope. know. I, I yell. It does take a little bit of bill paying to keep you on the Internet, Eric. That's all you need. <laughs> you need that money to keep the lights on. Possibly at Eric's house. But Possibly. other than that, all oh, you have to do, do, don't let these people convince you that this is anything special. Don't make them think that uh, you heard a couple episodes before that my fucking box spring hit me in the <laughs> head because I have it propped against my fucking wall to be a dampener. Uh, this is all it is. If you would see the goddamn piece of shit sock that I have over this mic, yeah, you I would realize... I got a piece of shit sock, too, over my mic. Yeah, you would realize... This is nothing. You read the books and get on, and if you want to do it about horror movies, just call it Horror Movie Night. Just Don't do it dare. like that. And release the episodes on Friday. That's How where the you. Horror Movie Night should go. Make sure you get a stuffed crust pizza while you do it. Get a stuffed crust pizza. And go as a, you know, appear on the podcast as a character, possibly the cellar dweller. Why, why are you doing this, baby? I'm, t I'm t just these people with their fucking. I, I, again, I mentioned earlier that eventually we may beg for money, but yeah. if I'm gonna beg for money, I'm gonna give at least an effort to what I want to beg for. You know, if if we say, I said it earlier, we fucking do a ten hour podcast. These other people with their forty five minute podcasts, and they they want to fucking pretend that they're some fucking goddamn star. What is this? Rob has a podcast, Eric? <laughs> Not what again. What the fuck is going on with that guy? Guy was on Survivor. He has a Survivor podcast. Get over it, buddy. It's like a fucking guy was the fucking quarterback hey, in high school. The guy's still wearing his fucking Letterman's jacket. Jim, I, I was in a commercial for a haunted house once. Yeah, yeah, you were, weren't I'm you? I'm going to talk about that in my horror podcast. Are you? Yeah, yeah. fucking star. I was a Eric head. Shea. There he is, Mr. Fucking Star. America's Eric sweetheart. Shea. Believe me, I think that these other podcasts, they don't want you to know how fucking easy and how stupid this fucking shit is. Because then everybody would do it. Yep. If everybody's special, Eric, nobody is. That's right, Syndrome. 
just here's the again we do this podcast and all of a sudden out of nowhere i hear these fucking people chirping all around these other fucking podcasts i i get word from other people that know some other people on podcasts and when we started they're oh who's gonna listen to anybody talk for fucking four hours yeah fucking take 11 hours and shove it up your fucking asses we were talking about before you know netflix released a series people marathon that shit people like the marathon things you know out of nowhere out of nowhere, two fucking idiot morons from fucking Pennsylvania decide to fucking yap for 11 hours, and people realize, you know what? I, I, I work all week. This isn't yeah. that bad. Just go do your go do a podcast and fucking blow all these others out of the fucking water, and then you can beg for money. Yeah. Fucking blow us out of the water. Then we, we don't even have to wait to episode 100. I just, I'm telling you, we, we make jokes and things like that. Uh, the reason why we do this podcast, uh, mainly for me, is because I'm sick of all these other fucking assholes who pretend that this is such a fucking big to-do. I just like talking so to you, Jim. Angry? Why am I getting angry? I don't know. I, I, we started the podcast just because I said, you know what, we should have a podcast. We, we had no aspirations, no fucking thing. I don't think that I'm a goddamn fucking star. We, we, both of us think we're fucking morons. Oh, my God, I'm dumb as shit. We even said, our whole thing, we didn't start a podcast because we didn't think anybody would want to listen to us. And you know what? A lot of people don't, but that's fine. Just get this fucking $1,000 to appear on a podcast. I would only charge 500 Eric. Just 500 You could be on this podcast. I beg people to be on the podcast. If you walk down the street and say, you know what? Uh, hey, Jim, how are you? I heard you're on a podcast. Yep, I'll, call me at 7 tonight. You're on. <laughs> Anybody who mentions it can fucking write a review on the site. I don't care. Anybody's involved. Podcast of the people. I don't even know where I am in this mail now. I'm getting so I, I angry. Thanks a lot, Drew. You're fucking driving me nuts. Don't you blame Drew. It isn't Drew's fault. Drew is Drew's right with me. Drew's shaking his head. I, I he might have just yelled testify, fucking clapped his hands and fucking waving them in the air. Hey man, brother. Just fucking take this thousand dollars and do something good with it. Even if it's fucking donating to your fucking favorite charity. Don't give it to a fucking podcast so you can get on there and they can fucking go, Oh, so here's Eric Shea. Hey Eric, what type of books do you like? Up, oh, we gotta go. We only have a 45-minute podcast, and things are fucking running late. You don't get to sit on the couch. We got a couch? <sighs> I was being Johnny Carson there. Oh, all right. He says, it blows my mind how advanced your show is compared to the rest. Mm, the real advanced now. That, that's the trick. Yell about shit for five minutes. Fucking Make sp- Eric all uncomfortable. <sighs> Where's where is my where's my fucking Jess? Where is she? This is what she, this that is inappropriate. I'm angry too. A thousand dollars? A thousand dollars? Have fun. Yeah, have fun, Eric. That is inappropriate. I'm angry about that. You hear me, Jim? Oh God. There you go. That's what I say. That's what I. Hello, weird oh science. Oh my God, Dan's back. Oh. Jesus <laughs> Let me calm down, Eric. I need to. I need to cheer up again. Look at all them chickens. Chickens. Oh my God! Such a such a happy little girl. Such a stupid little girl. But boy, she's happy. (laughs) It's such a cute voice too. It does. It makes me. It makes me very happy. That one. Uh, I know. I don't know where we are. Thanks for what you do. Your listeners are truly spoiled, and that is listener formerly known as Clean Drew. Thank Clean Drew. Drew, You now get. You get this week's prize of pissing me off. With no no fault of your own, I just that sort of thing is something I yell about all week. 
And I, I yell just, at you, stop listening to these shitty podcasts. Yeah, and really, Find just you like. for the whole deal. And I also listen to these other fuckers with their fucking fake in the funk getting angry. I'm telling you, this really does anger me. This is shit that I've been yelling at Eric fucking for a year. And he makes me listen to it in the car. <sighs> yep, I do. I say, listen to these fucking assholes. Listen to them. They think they're fucking... What, are, what do they I think they are? Uh, what's like a, a star of the fucking day? Fatty Arbuckle. These fuckers oh, think that Arbuckle. they're fucking Fatty Arbuckle or fucking Buster Keaton. Who else do the kids like? Fucking Martin and Lewis? I don't know. <laughs> Chisanga's the next email. Chisanga says, hey, guys, all I have to say this week is that Justice League didn't make me want to punch an animal for once. I yeah. hope that this isn't a one-time thing and Hitch needed to do the first arc just for setup. No, I think that I think that he tried too hard. I think that he really did with that first arc and even the, the rebirth. He thought that the Justice League had to mean that the universe was coming to an end every fucking panel. And I really think that that threw him off his game a bit. I still don't think he's great. I don't uh, think he knows but how I also like, think, like a whole shitload of characters. Well, the Justice League, the JLA book, I think he had the same problem. He was trying to make this global th- – he loses track of what's going on, and I think you are nailed it right there. I don't think he knows what to do with multiple characters. He's not uh, up to par. He hasn't written a lot. He's an artist uh, by trade, and uh, I really do rightist. think – He is a rightist, but I do think that – he doesn't get that juggling uh, act that, like, say, a Jeff Johns or even a, a Tom Taylor, I think, does a great job as well. Yeah, Tom's great. Uh, even Tynan in the Detective Comics, even though he has Cassandra, doesn't do much. But I think that's more of the character. It's the fault of the character than his writing. She really can't do that much. She can't uh, talk that much either. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Really, you can't get a lot out of her. But uh, he says, for the Monster Men, Detective is the final issue, and then we can get back to stories we want to read. While I understand that they did this story to give time for the art teams to get ahead on the next story arcs, this entire event reads like King, Seely, and Tynan checked out of the office without going over Steve Orlando's script. I don't think they, I don't think they did look at the script. I think when it's a story by... He may have said, okay, if I do this, would that make sense And what happened? Like, he has to know that Gotham died and Gotham Girl was affected by, you know what I mean? That's yeah. the story by, even, they may not have even consulted him. It's more of a, this is leading from that story. I like to like, think it's know. some strange contractual thing where their names have to be on the book. Yeah, I just think that it's it's coming out of their story. Or say, like, Gotham and Gotham Girl, that legitimately is a tom king storyline yeah. so to say like to have those characters in and talking about stuff like that i do think it's something along those lines because really they can't be looking over these scripts but he says and i had batman and robin flashbacks to artists not speaking uh to each other as gotham girl and batman ate at her custom ripped apart but then we switched to a few seconds later in nightwing six and her clothes are good as new the finale better be worth it i don't think it will be i think it's going to be more of the same and really i said it earlier a lot of people were taken aback by gotham girl's costume at that point uh, this is like getting upset at you know a shit sandwich having a fucking piss on it it's all garbage it really Ew, is. It's, it's got all, piss on it it's got piss on it i'm not eating that shit sandwich i'm gonna go get me a non-pissed on <laughs> shit give me sandwich. a fresh shit sandwich yeah i i'm telling you there's so much wrong with it fucking savages. i almost give it a pass now I, i'm now i'm hungry for a shit sandwich i don't know is that just me shit sandwich Shit sandwich, anybody. Come on. Shit sandwich. Is this thing on? Is this on, Eric? <laughs> Is this on? 
Uh, the last mail of this section is from Brandon. And yeah, Brandon, Brandon had some issues. He really sure was did. excited to get on and talk with us about He-Man. And I, I actually was excited too. I'll give you a hint. If we do end up talking to him about it eventually, you did not like the issue as much. And we're talking no, He-Man Thundercats number one. I liked it. And I liked it because I really don't have a horse in that fucking, fucking pony show. The race? Because I really don't care. I really don't care about He-Man or Thundercats, yet I enjoyed that issue, and I'm going to keep reading it. But, yeah, Brandon says, sup, fellas. I spent way too much time this week trying to sort of technical problems out, so I'd much rather talk about something you mentioned last week that inspires me greatly. Candy. I want candy, Eric. Jim mentioned last week how he ate an entire bag of 100 gram bars. Not so bold a statement. 100 grams might be the most underrated candy bar in the history of mankind. I'll take that statement to the streets. I will tell you, I love to get candy and freeze them. Do not freeze a 100 gram bar. You Absolutely not. Listen, teeth. Anyways, God damn it, I love candy. So do I. I was eating Fun Dip the other day that you brought in for me yeah. at work, and I was loving it. Uh, once I brought I, you uh, in some the week before that, and then all of a sudden yeah. it went missing. And one guy's yeah, like, missing. oh, um, yeah, I don't know what happened to that. All of a sudden, oh, that's right. No, I, there was you even toolbox. missed the one point. The, this fun dip went missing. So I'm like, this is weird. Because now you'll tell everybody, I misplace shit. Yeah. I don't misplace candy, Eric. I don't misplace food. And And really, there are times where I even, in my mind, I know that I'm not really sure. I knew exactly where we put this fucking fun dip. We we put it where we would put shit like that, and it was gone. And I know I didn't eat it. I'm like, Eric, so, something's up. Something's going on. We go over to this one guy, and we're like, hey, did you see this fun dip? Did you did you happen to grab it? And the guy's like, fun dip? Dipe? <laughs> uh, what is that? I've never heard of such a thing as fun dipe. No, fun dip. Fun dip? Is that like a dip for potato chips? And I'm like, no. And we're, we walk away. We just fucking stop we're it. We're looking and around we, doing we some shit. We walk away, and we're wa- And I said to you right away, he fucking ate it. I know he yeah. did. I said, nobody goes that over the top about something like that unless they're involved. I know he fucking – he stole it. He ate yeah. my fun dip. And we're going all of a sudden out of nowhere because usually liars like this that are awful at it can't just shut up. Yeah. Uh, here's a hint to all you fucking people out there. You want to lie? Don't tell a story. You don't need to. If you if somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, did you see this fun dip?" You go, "Nope," and walk away. And Case closed. Don't sit there and pretend you don't know what the fun dip is or whatever. So we're going around, and then the guy comes out over then and goes, "Oh, is was that a package? That, a green like package, this? and it had green on it." And I'm like, "I don't fucking know. I maybe." Oh, you know what? Was it in the toolbox over there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I threw a hammer across the room. It landed on it and That's broke it open. And, yeah, it, it has no reason to be in this toolbox. It says he threw a hammer. And, and he goes, I have oh, stuff yeah. in here that, you know, you don't throw a goddamn hammer yeah, at it. Yeah, you don't throw a hammer. But he says, oh, I threw the hammer. It went in. And it broke the thing, and all of it spread all over the place. The powder was everywhere. So I'm like, okay, so where is this powder? Why isn't there powder in there? 
oh, I had to clean it up. It's funny because there, there's shit in there that has dust on it that has oh, been yeah. in there forever. There's no fucking thing. Also, you said to him, why the fuck did you throw a hammer? He has no reasoning. I've got oh, shit you there. know, Why the fuck I was you just a goddamn done. hammer? And then, and, then, and then he's like, oh, and then I cleaned it up with, I made sure I really got it because I knew Eric would be mad. And then just walks away. I'm like, that fucker stole you know, my goddamn fun dip. Shit. I'm so fucking pissed off. Why would he just grab fun dip? That's a fun candy. You, you <laughs> just don't steal a man's fun dip. <sighs> I love candy, Brandon says. Once I bought one of the five-pound bags of Sour Patch Kids at Walmart. I ate the entire Ooh, bag all I don't of like it sour myself in two days. I'll see your two days, and I'll show you a day. There was actually a night where me and Brafe both bought that fucking big fucking five pound bag and we both ate it and our mouths were fucked up for like two months i bet i don't mind sour stuff i I I don't don't like sour stuff at all i love gummy stuff i really gummy stuff's great i just don't like sour shit this is during the work week too so putting in normal eight hour days not bringing any to work with me my tongue was literally falling out of my mouth. It is. Your fucking whole mouth is destroyed. By the end, it, it really is like eating fucking fiberglass. By Why the end of the day. Do yourself? I don't know. It tastes good. I love the sour of that. And it, they are very addicting. Like, I will say, I do not buy a lot of Sour Patch Kids because I don't, I'm telling you, I don't sit here and say I love them. But when I have them, I, I have to eat every fucking one. I cradle of them. them like they're my child. I do. I do. He says, at the end of uh, day two, hey, and baby. I still couldn't stop myself until the bag was gone. That, I'm telling you, that's what happens. Like it was a challenge uh, to complete or death. At one point, my kids were big on those, like, uh, what is it called? It's like the, the thing that comes in the uh, nuclear waste-like looking container. Oh, like the Nukems or whatever. Yeah, uh, what yeah. The hell they call it. I yeah. like those two. Warheads. Warheads. And boy, when you eat them, it makes your fucking face all go crazy. Kids land. For comparison's sake, I was like Jared Leto in Requiem for a Dream, about to lose his arm, but still chasing that high. And I just really didn't give a shit about anything but my mission. It's weird that I've seen Requiem for a Dream <laughs> and so many of these other movies. That I mean, that is the biggest piece of shit movie. Needless to say, after that, about a... Uh, after that uh, bout of the shits and the recovery process for my mouth, I stay away from five-pound bags of candy in one container because I'm a fucking child with no self-control. Me too. Uh, he's going he's gonna to continue with Walmart. I tell you, this week we went shopping. They were out of the fucking Star Crunch. And you know what we had to get? Zebra cake. Oh. You know what zebra cakes are? They're fucking delicious, Eric. I was <laughs> really enjoying them tonight. I had a couple of those after dinner. Uh, I have to admit, I really There's enjoyed them. cakes for stripes. Yeah, no, they're 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 pretty good. I still Star Crunch is the way to go. They were out. Who is Johnny, out you, of Star if you Crunch? Make sure you have milk. But I'm a big fan of Devil Dogs. If you have milk, now, Devil Dogs are probably the driest motherfucking. That's saying you gotta have uh, some yeah. milk. Yeah, I don't need. Again, you can't say to me that something is great if you need something else with it. So you can say you like them. You like them with milk. I, I can't do. say they're great. Uh, I don't. I'm not a big fan. We talked about this, me and uh, Rafe, the other day. I'm not a big fan of Twinkies either. I, I'm not I. really a big fan of those, but I'll eat them. I'll, if you give me a Twinkie, I'm eating that motherfucker, but I'm not a huge fan. Uh, here we go. This is like a Just for the Hell of It podcast now, Eric. Oh, what do you think? Do you like the peanut chews? Because that's in my top five candy. Fucking peanut grossy goddamn chews, old baby. man. Speaking yeah, of Walmart. You know what I want in a candy? Make sure it's army rations. Yeah. 
That's good. That means you're, you're, you're getting everything you need. Speaking of Walmart, my buddy and I stopped for some tailgating supplies one weekend. The staples, you know, beer, chips, and meat. Anyway, at checkout, yep. I point to a bag of chips that look Mexican in nature, and I say to my buddy, don't those look like what we ate in Cancun on spring break? Cancun, Eric. Cancun. Cancun. Well, this creature behind us chimes in and says, oh, hey, you went to Mexico? I knew better than engage and just kept my back to him, looking straight ahead, paying the cashier would speed up, uh, wishing the cashier would speed up. My buddy oh, answers, yup. This is all the creature needed. The creature <laughs> was to be acknowledged. Then the craziness starts. Creature says, I hear you can buy any drugs you want down there. And this is funny because this go. is this is part of my thing with the death of Hawkman tonight. That when uh, Adam Strange is in the DMV and he wants to talk to people, I even wrote my notes. What the fuck is he talking to people? I, I hate those people. But yeah, this guy says, I hear you can buy any drugs you want down there. Mind you, we're in Walmart crowded checkout line here as if uh, there is any other kind. My buddy continues to reply like a fly struggling in a web of a spider and says, ah, yeah, yeah, some guy tried to sell us Coke or something. I don't know. Then this dude starts rattling on about Coke. For what felt like 15 minutes. As Those soon as he finishes Thelma. that awkwardness, he starts going on about zero bars. One zero bar, by the way, is all he has in his hand to check out. And he wasn't in the express line. A <laughs> fucking zero bar. Oh, zero bars are probably the best thing ever. Did you ever have one, says this guy? This dude goes on about fucking zero bars. For the remaining time, we're at the checkout until we leave. And he continues his zero bar nonsense. He followed me to my car to tell me about zero cars. I sat... Uh, I sack tapped my buddy as soon as we got through the sliding glass doors hard enough to bring him to his knees for that bullshit. He weighs 230 pounds. You always look straight ahead and ignore the Walmart creatures. That's what he says. Zero bars are nonsense. Uh, Guy at work loves the zero bar. The zero bar is actually available for purchase down at the convenience store, uh, the little mom and pop shop near our work. And every time I see it, I shake my fucking head. And that was actually a joke. Uh, with my wife, she worked at the pool in town when she was a girl, young girl. Right. And the one guy there was a pervert, and he used to ask them to get the zero bars and look at their asses. That's a, that's what he would do. And till this day, the guy probably gets a hard on when he eats a zero bar. Probably that guy. Probably lives in Buffalo now. Uh, Brandon goes on with the books. Monster Man. Well, I'm sure I won't be the first or last male to piss on all over this bullshit. I would pull out the comic and read some classic Steve Orlander one-liners, but I'm sure Jim will do more than justice later on in this podcast. That was actually before. And uh, I don't know. The the dialogue is, again, there's so much wrong with me of that story just being meh that even the dialogue I can't get that pissed off about. No. It really is the, everything to me, dialogue, art in general, story is just forgettable. It's just something that it's just nonsense that I just want to end. Pretty confident Steve Orlando looks up three words in a thesaurus before he writes any issue that he predetermines he will use and squeeze those fuckers in there regardless if they make sense in context of context of his sentences or not. Gotham Girls dress with a mask and Nightwing after being in tattered rags and Batman. Same with Nightwing who can apparently grow new masks on his face. Do you know how you defeat the Monster Man? Take these six issues to a fireplace through you and throw these bastards <laughs> in for kindling end of arc superman fucking a that was some great art also i'm pretty sure tomas and gleason were uh the muscle in mike vick's kennel club 
Oh, Michael Vick. They love beating the shit out of poor Crypto. Crypto looks so happy when he's coming out of that dinosaur. I think that dog might be part cat because he's on at least Life 3 right now and Rebirth alone, and John hasn't even gone Goldie on his ass yet. Oh, shit. It is weird that uh, you, you would have thought John would have went more, like, fully out, like, fucking bat shit with the goddamn heat vision, but uh, He-Man Thundercats. He forgot so, he couldn't fly. Yeah. Hopefully my thoughts are shared here on this podcast, but if not, Skype can go fuck itself. And yeah. He will not be on this podcast talking nope. about He-Man Thundercats. Hopefully we can work it out and we'll slip into the, the spotlight next week. He says, quick notes. After all these mashup songs on the podcast, I built a Spotify list of their real-life counterparts turning into a good little mix of songs. As other, my mom bought my daughter to the zoo this week. Anyway, she came home and called me to the bathroom to check out her shit later that day because it was blue from cotton candy. <laughs> Honest to God, her shit was blue. What does that remind you of, Eric? No idea. When I called you into the bathroom at work to show you oh, my Jesus green Christ. shit. I'm, I'm trying to forget oops, about that. From the oops, all berries. I ran out, Eric, you got to see this. And you're like, oops, I know. Oops, all berries that, will always turn it green. And it's funny. You're like, I know that oops, all berries no, turned your that shit wasn't, green. That wasn't from that. That was from the Black Whopper. Oh, yeah, it was the Black Whopper. But the, And the thing was, it wasn't just that. It was the... It was so green. Like you gotta come in here, and you and you walked in and looked at my shit. Yeah, funny if like that was like a, a big prank to get you in there, and I just smear shit all over your face and then laugh. Ha ha ha. That's <laughs> not a prank. That's terrorism Isn't that right a prank? there. Don't That's fucking do that. Prank. That's eco terrorism. He says, "How do they price that's, America's that's comics in shit Europe?" Wipe somebody's face. That's not funny. <laughs> You're a shit face. That's what they. That's where they get the shit eating grin. It's because you, you wipe shit on people and you laugh. <laughs> Gave me a dirty fucking Sanchez, he did. That's right. Shit sandwich. How do they price America's comics in Europe? I feel like I hear people bitching they're more expensive, right? And I do believe they are. But since our dollar is worth less than theirs, why is that the case? By my calculations, a two ninety nine comic should be $2.40 or two sixty euro. So they add on more than that. How does that work? I have no idea. I would no, say I tax. I yeah I just think that it's you know I don't know shipping costs do, and tax yeah I, I do know. hear that it is more I just think that they do then I I I don't know I don't know I have no idea we are not smart guys no <laughs> uh, what am I the fucking you know we are not very worldly fucking exchange rates going here I'm fucking I don't know what I'm doing I don't even Jim, know what a euro from is. your time in in Britain back in 1984 yeah, tell 1984. us how things work oh well at that point. I was eating fish and chips, and I was pissed off at one point, uh, not even the whole thing of that fucking, you know, strike, but when I actually did eat them, and they didn't serve them in real fucking uh, newsprint. It was wax paper, me, wasn't it? Got me upset. Yeah, wax paper. Fucking nonsense. I ate Jen signing off from Pennsylvania, New York. He says, you son of a bitch. When I told, remember when I gave the shout out that, uh, uh, Buffalo's just like our area. Just our place, yeah, yeah just as yeah. terrible. He didn't like that. And that is Brandon at Beamure 3660. And we're going to go to Brandon's Marvel Minute, which he's going to talk about a new Marvel book, The Death of X, Eric. That's Ooh. a big one. Uh, it's weird because right now Marvel is doing their whole new Marvel Now deal initiative, and they are doing what I hate uh what DC did, but to the extreme. Like, there are a lot of books carrying over. out along with these number ones, and just me, from the outside looking in, I have no fucking idea what's going on. Though. I couldn't tell you. A how. lot of these, you will, we will have reviews on our site on Monday, 
for Marvel Monday. But yeah, I don't know what's going on with these, but hopefully Brandon can shed some light in at least one book, and then we'll be back with more books. Hey, how we doing, Weird Science? Uh, this is Brandon. I'm coming at you with a uh, Marvel Minute this week. Uh, we're we're going to do a big book. I'm kind of kicking off the new uh, Marvel Now line. That's going to be Death of X number one. Uh, we got writer on the book of Jeff Lemire and Charles Soule uh, sharing the duties. Uh, we got artist of Aaron Cooter and color artist of Mary Hollowell. Um, so we, we kick this issue off with an introduction uh, to, to both sides of the battle. Uh, so basically this issue, the mutants we're going to be dealing with are uh, Cyclops, and Frost, Magic, Iceman, uh, the Stepford Cuckoos, and uh, Gold Balls. Uh, the Inhumans, who I'm not too familiar with, uh, but I'll name anyway, are Crystal, Gorgon, Grid, Flint, Naja, and Iso. Uh, so, so those are the two different teams, and, and we start off with a quick introduction to the X-Men. Basically, they're flying in the Blackbird, straight over the Atlantic Ocean, obviously in a hurry. Uh, so, so the team I just mentioned is all together, um, and they're on their way to Mira Island, uh, which is covered in, in a cloudy mist that they're uh, really unaware of at this point in time. We then flash over to, to the team of Inhumans, also in their own... Uh, special flying ship uh, again that's the team I just mentioned and they're on their way to uh, Matsumoto Japan uh, because the Terrigen Mist Cloud is headed in that direction and basically the Japanese government um, ha has asked for their aid and assistance for any people that end up uh, being turned into inhumans so now that we we got our uh, two teams established and basically their missions for the story we flash back to the X-Men who have now arrived on Muir Island. Um, they've come to investigate a, a call that they've received, basically a distress call um, coming from Jimmy Madrox. And, and they're here to figure out what's going on and, and why he's calling for uh, emergency help. As soon as they land and kind of get out walking around uh, the place, again, it's covered in a mist. They're not sure what it is. Um, Gold Balls um, mentions how he's not feeling very well, and you hear Cyclops kind of coughing throughout the issue to provide hints that that something's amiss. Um, basically, eventually the group gets to uh, this mutant research facility that's on the island. Um, they, they pin down this is where uh, one of the distress calls originated from, uh, so they're going to go and see what's going on. Although all Cyclops uh, continues coughing and, and people are starting to kind of realize something something fishy. Uh, they get inside the building, uh, kind of wandering around, and they discover a dead body, kind of covered in bumps and sores and bleeding out all over the place. Um, and the Stepford Cuckoos mention how uh, somebody is still out there, so so they're on the hunt to go find find them. Uh, we flash back to. Uh, the group that nobody likes, the Inhumans. Um, the mist has just rolled through Japan, so so they're landing to investigate anybody who's cocooned up, um, kind of preparing to uh, basically when you get hit with the mist, if you have the Inhuman gene, you, you go into this cocoon. You're in this cocoon for uh, an indeterminable 
amount of period of time. Uh, once they pop out, they're fully powered. So they're waiting for kind of these people to pop out of these cocoons, uh, like the government asked them to. And in the midst of, of waiting for them to arrive uh, and come out and introduce themselves, um, they're attacked by a group of armored Hydra agents. Um, so the pretty standard Hydra versus good guys, if that's what you want to call the Inhumans. Uh, that breaks out between the two parties. Um, they start going back and forth. Uh, the Inhumans start displaying some powers. I think Crystal can, looks like, control the ground around people as she starts sending flying boulders uh, up from the ground, disrupting the agents. Uh, just as that battle kind of gets going, we flash back to Mirror Island, uh, where the Cuckoos are finally able to uh, locate Madrox, uh, who's the one that, that, again, initiated this help distress call. Cyclops goes running um, through this field of, of duplicates of Madrox uh, to get to the original and Madrox with his dying breath tells Cyclops that they figured it out too late that the uh, the Terrigen Mists are, are deadly to mutants and they're killing them and that that's what's happened on this island. So uh, once Cyclops obviously discovers this information, he orders uh, the younger members of the team, Magic, Gold Balls, etc., uh, to teleport back to the jet so they're safe. Him and Emma stay back so they can um, get in contact with Beast and get him this data that Madrox had uh, so he can analyze it uh, and make sure everything they're being told is, is right. Uh, we flash back to the Inhuman versus Hydra battle, uh, which might be the first battle I've ever wanted Hydra to actually win. Uh, and we see the Inhumans basically handling things, um, handling things pretty well uh, before the tide of the uh, battle starts changing and, and Hydra kind of surrounds them firing weapons. Uh, just conveniently in time, that's when this cocoon nearby busts open. Uh, this new blue mohawked Asian Inhuman pops out and uses his new mind powers to kind of Put a no joke. It, it looks literally like a fishbowl around all the Hydra agents' heads um, to kind of incapacitate everybody conveniently. So he has a fishbowl power. Um, the Inhumans introduce themselves to him and let them know they're here to help him. Um, we, we go back to see the X-Men. It, it looks like they appear to be off Mirror Island at this point. Hopefully, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Hopefully they're the hell out of there since they know that the mist kills them now. But we see Emma and Scott kind of telling the other members of the team that they've determined that the mists are deadly, um, that um, that they're not happy with the Inhumans because the Inhumans have put themselves before everybody else first uh, to make sure their species flourishes. So this is, is where uh, basically the beef between the X-Men and the Inhumans uh, begins as Cyclops looks none too pleased about this stuff going on uh, and, and this is all intercut with the Inhumans um, you know introducing themselves to this new guy and everything is happy and, and hap um, happy healthy and and they're all feeling hunky-dory while the X-Men are feeling all down in the dumps and, and the scenes are kind of inter interjected with each other uh, 
Cyclops and Crystal end up ending the issue the same way as, as they both they both say we protect our own. Um, so basically, with those those grounds set, this is how the Inhuman uh, versus X Men War starts. So you know how I do things, guys. I tell you to buy it, to borrow it, or to forget it altogether. Uh, just speaking story wise, there wasn't really much new ground covered here, other than seeing. Uh, Emma Frost and Cyclops for the first time in about a year um, because they have gone MIA since All New All Different started um, so, so that was kind of cool to catch up with them um, but everything, all the, all the answers we got in this issue were things that have been revealed to us uh, again over the past year's time so for $4.99 uh, it was kind of a little bit of a letdown that uh, they, they didn't give you much forward progress or, or reveal anything new to you that would really kind of shock you. The art was decent, uh, it was colorful, but it was nothing too shocking. It was kind of uh, a Marvel House style done with a little more detail, uh, if you ask me. So as far as my final judgment goes, uh, as, as a four ninety nine issue, this would definitely be in the borrow category. I mean, if you're a die, die-hard X-Men fan... Uh, and you pick up every issue, this this would probably be leaning more towards a buy for you, but if this is something you're on the fence about, uh, if somebody gives you a free digital code or something along those lines, that would be maybe the only reason for you to really check it out, because you can wait to issue two and see if anything new really happens. Um, but as far as that goes, that's really all I got for you guys today. We'll have Tweets of the Week coming out on Sunday, and Marvel Mondays, of course, like we do every week. Uh, so check out anything uh, we post up for that, obviously. You got anything to holler at me about or, or you want to talk on Twitter, have suggestions about a book I should review here on the minute, um, holler at me at bmur, B-M-U-R, 3660. Um, and that's it from you guys. Uh, talk to you later. Back to Jim and Eric. Aw, yeah. Aw, yeah. Uh, uh, feels good. Feels good. Time has come to enjoy myself I've left my problems up on the shelf The workday's over and I got it made Like Johnny Kemp said, I just got paid And I'm ready to mingle Young man single and free Ready to get busy Down the party Listening to the podcast Listened all day I just want to hear Jim's voice You almost fucked me so bad there. You came back from the bathroom. I was I went to the bathroom. You started playing the song to go into That's the books. I'm like right. I heard it coming out of my headphones when I walked back and I'm like, start holy moving. shit. I figured you went. So I just put that in so that I I didn't even I I even thought to myself halfway through, I'm like, I don't hear him laughing. 
I might come back and this might fuck me, but uh, yeah, we're back, Eric. We are back. Both of us are ready. We've expelled some urine, uh, and we're ready to rock, right? I went pee-pee in the potty. I did, too, for the Lord. And we're going to do uh, the green section, or at least what starts off as the green section. That's a little green at last. We are talking what, Eric? Green Lanterns number eight, written by Sam Humphreys, with art by Ed Bennis, Blonde, and Dave Sharp. It's Halloween in Dearborn, Michigan, and where I thought we'd get a badass E.T. parody with the rogue guardian Rami running around on the streets, we get instead our heroes taking their time to look for him because they're too busy trick-or-treating with Simon's nephew, Fareed, but eventually they get on the trolley, find the guardian, and even stop some dominators from getting their hands on the phantom ring. Now that Rami and our lantern heroes mutually respect one another, nothing could possibly go wrong, right? Well, right. some random dude knows that the phantom, where the phantom ring is, and he's making his way to Dearborn yes. so he can claim it as his own. Yeah, it's so weird in my notes. One of my big things in my notes. Such an easy ET setup I put. In fact, even at a point where you get kids with bikes, you, yeah. you get it all. Like at one point, Three I'm, been riding I'm really a bike expecting with Rami in the goddamn basket. Yeah, the bike taking off. Uh, it's easily done with the with the guardian and all sure that. Is. It would it would have been cool. Though if it happened, maybe we would have said it was hokey or forced. But I, no, I wanted a little it. bit of it. Uh, but yeah, you get none of that, and it was weird that you don't even get the whole thing of 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 the pretend he's this or that or the other thing. You just pretty much get a lot of trick or treating and the dominators being idiots because really they are disgusting looking. Uh, they look very terrifying. They don't act it. They're fucking they are bumbling terrible fools. at their jobs. They're bumbling fools. They, they it's just... like the bulk and skull of dominators. Yeah, yeah. They're really, they're not good. But yeah, you're going to get trick-or-treating. And I do really like it. I do like the whole idea. I like that this is, again, it's more of a day-in-the-life type of thing. It is the time of year. Obviously, we're in October, so the seeing this, is, I really though, do it, like it. Where we left off, it shouldn't be the day in the life because yeah, shit is going wrong. The Guardian, who has, has one of the most powerful weapons in the universe, is taken off. And instead of going and searching yeah. for him because there are dangers out there, well, we're going to trick or treat. We're going to get Fareed's yeah, little flash costume ready. They are going to trick or treat. They promised Fareed they're going to trick candy. or treat. Now, that's the thing. Up and all this time, they're they're going to go out and trick or treat. They're talking, you know. You get that standard intro. I'm Simon Baz, and this isn't my costume, but I'm a Green Lantern on Earth. I'm Jessica Cruz. I'm I'm going out as Jessica Cruz. Ha <laughs> ha! That's a joke I tell my sister. You get this intro, uh, but then you get the part where all of a sudden Jessica last issue wanted no parts of Simon's family. She had anxiety. Uh, the whole thing of a family. And all of them yelling and screaming at each other really made her anxious. She wanted to get the fuck out. Now all of a sudden it's it's fucking Aunt Jessica. Auntie she, Jessica. Be, Auntie Jessica wants candy, Eric. She is gonna do. She's as bad as me. <laughs> She'll be, huh? You know, don't mind your grumpy uncle. You're gonna go out and get candy from your Aunt Jessica, right? Her sweet tooth ain't feeding herself. And in the meantime, they they have to know. Like Simon knows what the Dominators are, right? He has uh, said. Kind of. He did say that he knew what they were. So you think he's filled her in. Like you said, you have a rogue guardian flying around out of nowhere, and you do think that this huge threat has come to Earth. Jessica does not care. She no, wants candy. candy time. And she is going to send little Farid out by himself then, because he just runs off at one point. The, the Dominators can be right there. 
They don't care. He runs off. I think Jessica and Simon are still right there, just kind of walking with him, letting him go his they own are, pace. They are, but there. still, there. It's not like like this should be like, hey, you know what? I know you wanted to go out, but I don't know. There's, you know, these hey, things we have are on the way. Shit going no. on. Aunt Jessica wants her candy. The sweet tooth ain't feeding herself. She wants that candy, and there she goes. I, I don't know. What do you think her like? She'd probably like a chunky bar, some oh, bullshit God, like not. that. She fucking likes An black licorice. Joy. Yeah, she's like, hey, Freed, make sure you get all the black licorice you can. Uh, that's my favorite. She is under thirty. Andy There's Jessica. no way she likes black licorice. She's like, I want some all sorts. <laughs> Actually, she's it's like, bad to say, oh, she wants a peanut shoes. I, I hope that, that that somebody gives out fucking apples. Fucking nonsense. I said, I think when, she likes this, good candy. Honestly, I love the art on the cover. I love the cover art, but in the on the cover, you see the little kids trick or treating, and unfortunately, somebody is giving out candy canes. That is bullshit. <laughs> Nobody gives out candy canes on fucking Halloween. I put, I actually tweeted it to the guys, uh, the creators, and I said hashtag fucking last year's candy because that's not an early fucking you know candy cane. You're not getting those candy canes early. That's from no. last year bunch of bullshit but yeah they're going around and i don't know it's okay it did seem a little off like the tone of the whole thing is a little off and does lead me to believe the whole time that we're going to get a little et action yeah that you don't now the one thing that i will cry complete and utter nonsense and bullshit is that the whole joke with simon is that on halloween he went around and threw rotten eggs and these kids that are there, these kids show up in the bike. Who the fuck does that on Halloween night? I, these kids will be getting candy. No, you do it the night before. That's oh, mischief I understand. night. I understand when you do it. I just know that the big trope is that kids still do it on Halloween. Like if you no, don't get a good piece of candy, they don't do it on the lights Halloween. Off, you know, no, these guys aren't going for candy. They're just. It says Simon just says, "Hey, I went around and threw fucking." This was not like, oh, if they didn't give me candy, I, I went this. They are fully calling out. These kids did not go for any candy. They're not dressed up in costumes. They no. go out to find those things. That's ridiculous. You you don't ever have that because there is no way you're getting away with it. You are getting caught immediately. There are too many people out and about on Halloween to be going around throwing fucking rotten eggs. You you don't do it. Now, like I said, now there's an issue if you get some shitty candy, then you grab a rock and throw it through a fucking window or I something. I got a rock. Yeah. I'm telling you, it is such a forced way to have that mischief night going on as well on Halloween night. I, look, but, I understand the whole mischief night. We always had it the night before Halloween. And that's it always it, is. But I, I just know that there are, like it's a big trope that people do this on Halloween as well. They don't. That, that isn't a trope. That is not a trope. That's mischief, Mike. I, I'm just saying, I see it in other things all the time. Then it's all bullshit, because really... I think they were doing that in Bob's Burgers one episode. No, that was the that was the night before. That was actually them out, and that was... And actually, that was the whole thing that was... Uh, yeah, you're right. That was that night, but I, they weren't. They were going around scaring kids. Here's the thing. You, you throw shit like that on Halloween night... You are going to be arrested because the people are going to see. You do that the night before when nobody's out, when it's dark and nobody knows you. It's fucking nonsense. It's stupid. All it was was a setup to have these kids out in the goddamn woods. Who hides rotten eggs in the woods? Well, you got to hide them from your parents. No, no. You have the rotten eggs in the fucking thing. They're they're just in a carton. You put them anywhere you can go, not in the goddamn woods. Yeah, you hide them in the woods. It's ridiculous. That's why I used to hide booze when I was a kid. Yeah, but that's not rotten eggs. Yeah, and again, though, parents. these rotten eggs would have been the night before. 
There, there was no – there were too many people out to be going around like that. Look at the streets. These streets in this book are just – they have a oh, million people out and about. It's like our neighborhood back in the day. What, some kid's just going to be running out there and throwing eggs out of nowhere without a costume on? Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> These kids would be – they'd be arrested. They'd be done. They're not thinking Kids ahead. will be kids, Jim. No, it's That's stupid. how the law sees it in this town. Oh, boys will be boys. I'm telling you, it's just like when you have a movie with a football game going on and the announcer is doing play-by-play over the fucking <laughs> loudspeaker. You don't have that happen. It's fucking ridiculous. I just, it just drove me nuts. I'm telling you, it was so a forced thing just so these kids, and really, it doesn't lead to anything. No. Uh, because the kids just see what's going on and think it's cool. Uh, because what does go on then is the dominators, uh, show Can up. Can you imagine though, the dominators show up, these kids are there, and they save Rami, and they put him in the freaking basket in the front, and we have our little ET bit. Yeah, yeah. As the, they, I, dr- we, as they ride away, we in may, the green line we take may care actually of the get that. But yeah, at one point, uh, even before that, Jessica and Simon are there, and they want to know. They're trying to find Rami, and they Not don't really. know where They're like, where oh, hey, Rink. Well, they say. Up? They're no? like, I don't All know right. where we'd find him. And that's when uh, Simon's sister says, well, if I was trying to find a way out and trying to hide, I'd go somewhere high and, you know, this. And then they realize out of nowhere, oh, oh. The watch the, the clock tower. Clock tower, yeah. Yeah, it makes no sense. But, yeah, that he's up there. That's the highest point, whatever. And this is where you get the background of the Phantom Ring. And you do get the idea in this issue, finally, about what it is, but also the fact that it's kind of a curse. It's a monkey paw for old Rami because he doesn't want to have it anyway. He just can't it, destroy it. It's just so weird because the only thing that I got from this backstory here is like that I didn't really know off the top of my head is that he couldn't destroy it. I'm yeah, like, yeah. It's this, everything we get, okay, he created the Phantom Ring, the yeah. Guardians banished for it. Yeah, they banished like, him. Okay. What's weird is they banish him because he has made this crazy thing that can destroy the universe and basically say, nah, go away with it. It, yeah. it didn't really make much sense for him to just go away with it, and they want him to destroy it eventually, but he can't. He's tried uh, numerous ways, and I do like the way that he even calls it out. It's like, I tried to bust it and smush it with 12 fucking you know, black, uh, black holes. holes and all this stuff, um, which I did like. But yeah, you, you finally realize in this that he just – he does want to get rid of it. He wants to destroy it. He just doesn't want to throw it he away. He just wants to go home, Jimmy boy. Yeah, he just wants to destroy Little it. Little does he, he know can. that all the Guardians are dead. Yeah, they are. Yeah, he he, he had the last laugh. He, he's actually like the, the guys that were stuck in the Phantom Zone when Krypton got destroyed. Yeah. They had the last laugh. But yeah, he's there. He's trying to get rid of it. In the meantime, the Dominators are there. Bunch of nonsense Dominators, but also <laughs> – Jessica the and Simon. The Laurel and Hardy of Dominators. They are. the crazy. Uh, Jessica and Simon show up in, one of the fat ones. in this clock tower. And this is where you're going to get the whole thing. It, it is kind of a continuation of the fact that Rami does not – he doesn't He doesn't respect them. No, he thinks that you're, you're bullshit rookies. I don't need that. I have something that could end the universe. I need some real help. I need Hal Jordan. He keeps saying that. And they keep no, telling him, Hal listen, Jordan. Hal Jordan's not here. He's not going to be here. No one's you, picking up you the get show, what man. we are. It's weird, too, because somebody who is so big on, I made a ring that doesn't need to accept you. I It changes the game or whatever. Can't get it through his head that these are the Green Lanterns. The rings have accepted them, so he should give them a little bit of respect. I mean, the rings have found something in them to go there, but, yeah, he, he wants to just pish-posh them. Uh 
But yeah, and then he, I don't know, he the first just, couple of issues, I wanted to pish posh him as well. Yeah, I know. But he, he wouldn't know this, but oh, yeah, they, he takes off, and the Dominators are... It's all fucking Hal Jordan fanboys. Yeah, the, 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 uh, yeah, really. Um, the Dominators show up and try to grab this Phantom Ring. This is where you get the kids watching, the kids who are getting the goddamn fucking rotten eggs, and you <laughs> find out, and even them, the, the Dominators themselves are like, oh, you thought you destroyed us when, you know, the whole deal, and here we are, we're gonna get this Phantom Ring. And that's when some of the hot shots of the Dominator Nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fucking weak. It is weird. It's like such a weird, like, comedy relief of the Dominators. But yeah, while these kids are watching, Simon and Jessica show up. Simon grabs the fucking Phantom Ring box and he's having some problems. He's trying to get the Dominators. He needs Jessica and we get a very quick bit of Jessica again being anxious. She makes that same goddamn construct too, yeah, it seems like that she brought the hell tower with down Yeah, with. and it's weird too to me. It looks like it's going to be a thing where this is how she basically makes constructs because when she's upset, she gets anxious, she overcomes the the anxiety, and that speaks her uh, or uh, peaks her willpower, spikes yeah. it, and this creates these crazy constructs that appear to be I don't know plants. I don't know yeah, vines. A plant. Now it just looks like a, a fucking big giant flame. Uh, but yeah, they get these dominators, and then that's when the dominators start fucking arguing with each other. <laughs> And it's so weird. Taken the ones them at the like, house. Shut yeah, up. And, Shut up. And yeah, it's just odd. But yeah, then that's where Jessica. How says, did they survive and all the other dominators died? They're, they're just worst. goofy. They're just so goofy. And uh, Rami Sarney's like, hey, you know what? I might have been wrong. I, I'm thrilled to be wrong that you can make a construct because he was just ripping her apart. And he, I think it's one of those like, you're not the. Green Lanterns that I want, but maybe you're the ones I deserve. I don't know, but this is what they're, he's going to have to deal with. I'll take with. what I can get. And I like uh, then you get more of this connected universe where Simon calls up the cyborg and says, we need a little alien cleanup here. And I like that. I like yeah, just so that I. little aside there where they're like, okay, especially because they are part of the Justice League. And I, I did like it. And that's when uh, Ram, uh, he's going to tell Rami's going to tell them uh, about the Phantom Ring. And again, it kind of is a repeat of everything we've already had. But you know what? I don't mind that Rami's going to tell them that. Do you say Rami or Rami? I say Rami. Okay, I do too. It's weird. When I see it actually written, I I want to say Rami, but yeah. You get more of You want to go this. with Ramis, like Harold Ramis? No, nah, I'm going to go Rami. But yeah, Rami, then uh, we get a little more backstory where he's being banished. And it's okay. It's okay. I, I'd like that we get it. Yeah. Uh, but because it doesn't of add this, anything really. That no, I'm saying it, it almost it does make this issue a lot of setup and almost like filler. Uh, but I didn't mind it. And no, it wasn't bad. It kids just wasn't... and got them eggs. But yeah, they're there then. And that again, there's weird like these tone shifts with this fucking humor because then these kids are there and like, man, you you took care of those freaks. And yeah, that was totally badass. They, first off, Jessica could say, "Listen, you know, watch your language, kid. You're, you're fucking." Do you guys little, got little candy kid. for me? Because I'm yeah. Jones. Yeah, right really. Now. Hey, this this sweet tooth, Aunt Jessica's sweet tooth ain't gonna fulfill itself. <laughs> she's but, everybody's uh, aunt. It tonight. would be funny as this whole time she's just so concerned with that fucking candy. Uh, 
But yeah, they, they decide they're going to have to trust each other. And then you go and that, and it does lead to Jessica. Then she's handing out candy at the house and uses a construct, makes a construct of what appears to be almost like I don't know what a it dragon. Is. It, I don't know. Yeah, it looks like a dragon or you know some sort of thing, and it scares the kids away because she wants all the candy. She's as bad <laughs> as me. When I'm giving out candy, I already start like pushing shit aside for me or whatever. But really, she's doing that. Hey, you more candy do. for us. I don't. You just the eat it. You don't hand out the candy. It's just but but. You still have it in the big bowl. Oh yeah, of course. I'm, yeah. I'm not a savage. You, you put. It'd be funny. You put it in the be- bedroom and you go and knock on that door and then you open it yourself and then take Ooh, some. Walk I back. don't Ooh. mind if I do. Oh Actually, my god, that's I, like I, I have a, the bowl sitting there. I have a sign that says "Take one, please." Like please take, bullshit. please take one. <laughs> I was just gonna say. We are coming up to Halloween, obviously, so I will have stories of when I do take my kids out and. All, there's usually if if everything goes from how it has been the last couple of years, there's at least five houses that have the please take one only. And Rafe is and the your worst. Kids are assholes. He goes to town. The other day we're at Walmart, and I told you we're the Star Crunch route. He goes over and he sees that there's free samples over the the bakery, and right. it's carrot cake. So he goes. He initially grabs four. He grabs four of these. Guys. He doesn't even like carrot cake. He's he he doesn't even like. Take it out of these little cups. He's like fucking, it's like shots. He's shooting fucking carrot cake. And then he goes, Dad, I want some more. Uh, do you like carrot cake? Not really. No. I just want it. And I'm like, I keep trying to stop son. him. But I'm trying to stop him like the, no. I'm like Willy Wonka. Don't. Exactly. Stop. And I'm like, okay, you're you're being a piece of shit. But if you're going to get me a oompa, couple of these samples. Oompa, and I tried. It was okay. Do. But what oh, he probably do when your kid I likes carrot probably, cake. Yeah, no, he probably had like fucking eight little cubes of carrot cake. And, Gross. Uh, but yeah, Jessica's there. Uh, she scares this kid away. She's gonna take the candy, and and there is a little scene of Fareed there. He is actually uh divvying out the candy, but not like I would. I would always sort it in fucking categories and stuff, and I'd have see. I would. I wouldn't do that. Stuff. It would be a big pile. I would grab a bunch that yeah, I wanted yeah. for that night, and then it would. I would hold oh, it by like I'm looking I'd at this candy pile. I'm like, up. you did not stay out long enough, kid, because there's no. He not didn't get a lot tonight. He, he didn't get a lot at all. I think Aunt Jessica's sweet tooth came into play. Uh, but yeah, what I would do is I would go into the kitchen and I'd sit there and I'd empty it and i'd put everything in in categories like i'm telling you you'd have all of the one you know you'd have hershey kisses all lined oh, yeah. up and those are bullshit anyway but you know i'd have crunch bars but also they're like I'd a have good them, appetizer to my i'd kid. have that and i'd also have sections though like all the chocolate is here oh i'd go nuts see i, I wouldn't do that because honestly i'd be pissed off the whole time because before i could touch my candy i'd pull it all out in the living room floor and my parents would have to go yeah, through no. it because it's of all so that funny yeah it's and, so uh, funny that my mom and dad actually never even had a thing where they said like oh jimmy don't you can only have five pieces and i i'd just go to town they didn't care i'd just fucking and then i'd start doing fucking the worst fucking trades with my brother like i'm like who i love bit of honey but you know, I'll give I'll you give this, this one bit is, of honey yeah. for those eight hundred grand bars, but and you know what? I don't want to do that. And then, ah, my brother's so fucking stupid. Oh, <laughs> you get bit of honey. Oh my god! And I'm like, you know what? I'll be nice if you I'll give me you those three Reese's peanut butter cups with it. I'll even throw in this Mary Jane. Then <laughs> off we go. Little smarties on the side. I'd make the worst trade. You had you had the best shit going on because my parents would actually steal my candy as they went yeah. through it. 
Yeah, my my and the worst. Oh my god, you know, you know what the worst fucking Halloween was? My mother ran out of candy, and I, I told you no, I used to make she rounds. Gave out your candy, didn't she? Yeah, I used That's to make these worst. rounds where me and my buddy Jay we get dressed yeah. to my house, we'd go out, we hit up, we had this huge fucking neighborhood, and we hit every fucking house, get back to my house, change our costumes, go back out, and on my like second time coming in, my mother freaking like, oh, I ran out of candy, I need. Why your couldn't she dump. just turn off the light? Turn off the light and call it a night. Our house was a big production with all the shit we had on the yeah. lawn. It was a big horror yeah. kind of thing. We used oh, to put a lot of work into it. But then I'm like, and she it's put a lot of work in. Like, she couldn't I afford have, the fucking candy. How about this? I, uh, like, less of the production, more of the goddamn candy. Well, there's a lot of kids in that neighborhood, man. Yeah, yeah, I still think she might have been able to fucking you know gauge what's going on. I said, uh, my buddy Pete and Jay, my buddies. Pete oh, and so Jay, angry. Their parents. Uh, the one night they ran out of candy on Halloween, and they they were a bit of drinkers. They yeah. they were, and uh, they the told. And this is when I was uh, a little older, and they told they told me and Pete, you got to go get some candy. And we're like, oh, where are we gonna get it? And they're like, just go to Wawa, get full bars. And we went and we got like, I'm telling you, like we grabbed full boxes of the bars off the shelf, and it might have been two hundred dollars worth of fucking full bar candy. And we went back, gave it to them, and immediately the word spread around all the kids. They're giving out full <laughs> bars down there. They're giving out full bars, and people Damn are going right. nuts. Yeah. Uh, word on the street to, is awesome. Yeah. Back to the issue. It does end, like you said in your blurb, where there's some guy. I don't know who it is. I don't know that anybody does. Maybe this is something we're supposed to know. He's got uh, a goddamn van. He's driving a Dearborn, He's got a Michigan van. He's got an AK-47 and a fucking backpack, and he's heading. He knows what the Phantom Ring is, he knows that there are two Green Lanterns in Dearborn, Michigan, because he saw that on the news, and he wants the Phantom Ring, and he says he deserves it. It should be his. Uh, we'll see what's going on. It's very intriguing to me, because why would this human know this about the Phantom Ring? But I guess maybe we'll, well, we should find out. Looks kind of like yeah. an M15 to me, Jim. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> AK-47. But yeah, uh. He's heading off to Dearborn, and we're going to have a showdown there. Showdown. I like this issue enough. I, I thought it was – I thought that the whole Halloween thing was cute. I thought that they could have gone They didn't ET. play it up well enough, though. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't play it up well Hell, enough. At one point, uh, they even said, hey, at least we found Waldo. There was no Waldo yeah, to be found on that, that panel. I did – I know that you told me beforehand, and you didn't like it as much. I actually like when Jessica talks and says, hey, the one – it doesn't even make sense about the whole costume thing. She's like, me and my sister went as vampires, but we didn't want the white makeup, so we just put blood around our mouths, and we told the girl next door that we bit a, a – killed ate a, a dead a squirrel. ate a dead squirrel, and she threw up. Best Halloween, Halloween ever. Halloween miracle, yeah. she says. And I actually, just that, it made me actually laugh. I like the way she <laughs> yeah. said it. It made me like her a little more even. What about when yeah. Simon went up to those kids to see if they saw anything? He starts using his old antiquated uh, slang. Yeah, it was on. kind of funny. It was funny. Uh, but, yeah, what did you give it? I gave it a 7 out of 10. I'd probably I give love it a 7 art. 5. I just... I don't know. The characters just seemed off because they weren't worried about the bigger picture. They were too yeah, busy going to Yeah, it was almost like they – that uh, you had uh, Sam Humphreys had to push this Halloween first. Like he really wanted this to be a topical issue with the, the being October, and he really wanted to get that out of the way, and it did seem a little forced. But I, I did like it. Uh, I love the art. I thought the yes, art was I. great. And I just like the whole – it was just a nice – thing with the the different bits and i really did i even though we laughed about it the aunt jessica thing and all that i like seeing her 
become more ad- well so adapted and stuff. So I did like it, but I'd give it a seven five. It wasn't fantastic, but I did like it. Uh, mm-hmm. We're gonna move on to my next issue, uh, which is another green book, Eric. That's Green Arrow number eight. Written by Ben Percy, art by Otto Schmidt and Nate Picos. It's back to the island for Ollie, but this time he's got friends and a bear. A robotic <laughs> bear, Eric. Yeah. While there are a lot of things left unanswered, I like this issue for the awesome Otto Schmidt art. The interactions between Ollie and Dinah and the start of an intriguing mystery of this island. It is a little odd, though. There, there are a lot of things that if this is one of those, if next issue does not give me some answers, I, I'd be really... I, I might adjust my score in retrospect because really Dinah showing up was just odd to me. I Two know days that, later that he's been on the island out of nowhere. And she shows up just fully like in a regular dress. We did see I'll be her your going bright off. Side. Her and Diggle got on that boat. When the Inferno went down, Ollie was going across the catwalk to get to this boat. And... And the, 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 the catwalk, freaking night circle blew up. Yeah, the night circle blew up, and this catwalk got demolished. I mean, the Inferno, fell, I'm sorry. Yeah, the Inferno, and then he fell into the ocean. So them being there is odd enough. Them being there separately is even more odd. And the way Dinah just shows up almost like a, hey, here I am, uh, without any explanation, without Ollie even asking, just well, seems Well, even odd. says right away, Dinah, you're a mirage. And you know what? Even though we saw yeah. her throughout this issue acting normal... I, I kind of tend to believe that she's still a mirage because yeah. it doesn't make any goddamn I, I just, sense. I, I think that if they show he was fucking the sand, he had a hole in the sand. Uh, I don't know. It just seems odd. Diggle seems to be there as well, but it just yeah. it something is a Diggle little Diggle at least seems a little bit more yeah, likely at least because he's, he's doing sitting something. there trying to survive. Yeah, like fish. I said, yeah, Dinah just shows up. She's got her fucking leather jacket on. It's hey, fucking all across like the Dinah shoulder. Shows up. Hey, Oliver, want to get naked and jump in the ocean? Yeah. yeah. It, okay. It's really it's, odd. So if, if it goes next issue and we're like, okay, that was what happened, I might be like, I don't know. But the way this issue is, I think Ben Percy does a good job at least with uh, smoke and mirrors a little because there is a weird, almost like a lost uh, mystery going on. So everything could be up for grabs. I can't say that anything we see is what we think it is or may not be whatever, but we'll see. But at the beginning... Oliver's just talking, hey, I, I'm on this island, I'm by myself, and, and I'm fucking there, I done that. all the people. Yeah, and he has that, but he's like, hey, Oliver's dead. And, and also, not only that, but when he was on the island originally, and this is a play off that, obviously, um, that was him being Oliver stuck on the island and wanted to get back and then turning in the Green Arrow. This is, Oliver's done. Like he says, Oliver Queen's dead. He lost all his money. He lost all this shit. He doesn't even have his support crew with him. And he's like, hey, can Green Arrow survive without him? And that's when he's getting attacked by the bear that has to be that robot bear, right? It has to be the same one. Yeah, and if it is, that means that what later the reveal is, that those people probably do know that Oliver's there and and whatnot. Well, it's so weird because he's getting attacked by a bear. He does seem to evade the bear by, you know, a tree branch falls on him, but... He runs just a few feet away and then stops because there's Dinah. I'm like, you might yeah. want to worry about that bear a little bit. Yeah, that bear has a little bit of problems. Uh, but yeah, the bear's there. He goes, and I do like the fact that, number one, uh, Otto Schmidt's art does make it seem like it is a mirage. Like, he, all of a sudden, and but I do like the idea that all of a sudden the light of his life has come back. Because, boy, the, the issue gets very bright. Right away when Dinah comes back. It is sad. She looked, the art is awesome. 
I love this art. I, I love remember it too. when we first saw Otto Schmidt in the Rebirth title, uh, I liked it. But boy, this, it's like he had that time off. This looks fucking great. He I made it even, count. Oh my God. It, it, even Oliver himself and with the fucking the, the beard, it just all looks great. But he sees Dinah and says, like, oh, you must be a rush. She's like, no, no, I'm here. And uh, they they get sexy with each other pretty much for five pages. Really, there this is a very quick issue because oh, yeah. there's a lot of full page spreads. Uh, there's a lot of things like that. But a lot yeah, of black canary spread. Yeah, it's, I'm saying I mean full page spreads. Uh, but yeah, they're just talking and kissing and rolling around the fucking the, the fucking you bathing know, from together. Here to eternity going on and all that. It's a blue lagoon up in this. Yeah, pitch. yeah. Oh, it's everything. And then they go and then you the get second to return see, to blue lagoon. Really, the return of blue lagoon, electric boogaloo. You got fucking <laughs> you know Debbie does Dallas a little going on there and fucking I don't know, but yeah. Then you show uh, Diggle and Diggle's there and and Diggle does appear like you said. He is there trying to survive. He's also there like he hears a snap of a twig and he pulls his gun like he's ready to rock. Uh, he does not seem to want to be there. And he gets attacked by that bear. Uh, the what bear happens that, to that gun, though? What's we that? See blam, we see blam, blam, but the next panel, Diggle just has a knife. Yeah, he's got a knife. Maybe he only had two shots. I mean, he did. He put a full clip in. I don't know. I know, but maybe he only had two bullets in the clip because he maybe. did go to town on all those fucking, you know, burn victims when he was on you know the Inferno. You know what? It actually does look like there are only two bullets in that clip. Yeah, so I think that That's he weird. used that. Yeah, so he used that. I'm looking now. Yeah, he does look, so he is looking. It, it is pretty empty. So the blam blam, he's done. That he makes attacks sense. with right. the knife, and he attacks this bear, and then he sees, all of a oh, sudden, no. you hear this clang, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Because it is a robot bear. And it's he's the like, shaggy oh, no. man bear. Yeah, he's like, oh, no. And the best is the bear gives him a bear hug, and then picks him up like a big baby. And then just starts walking and goes into a secret lair. This fucking bear. With, with somebody who's being initiated into the burn, it looks like. Yeah, really. Yeah. And he goes and that is. I wasn't good enough to be in the burn. That was only and half And it does. Burned. It is one of the ninth circle because she has, it does appear. She has the eye, has the swirl yeah. of the uh, the ninth circle. So, yeah, they're there and they're in this crazy lab. The bear takes Diggle and, and he's all pissed off. And he's like, get your Terminator fucking teddy bear off of me. It's fucking bullshit. And this, she says, hey, settle down. There's no rush. You're not leaving alive. And like I said, this whole thing that's happening right here just throws everything out. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, holy shit. I don't know what we're seeing. Like you said, Dinah might be a fucking android. Who knows? I don't think she is. It's so weird because I'm telling you, in the beginning, I could see it all being a mirage. But where we go further into the issue after the Diggle part, it seems like Dinah, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Mirages don't get sensitive about their scars. No, no. they got She gets sensitive because, yeah, Diggle's there in this fucking lab now. And then you go back to the next day, and there's where Oliver's there, and he's making his little list of what he wants to do when he gets off this island. And really, to me... Uh, I don't know a lot of the original story of Oliver on the island. Uh, I don't know if this is something I'd like to think that this is something that he used to do before. Like he's going back to some of his things like, okay, I want to concentrate. He says, my, my brain's going a mile a minute. I want to make a list to kind of calm down and see what I want to do. And I would like to think this is something that he did back on the island originally, and he's kind of reverting to that sort of thing, but he wants to kill Broderick. We're on island time now. 
Yeah, clear, clear my name, find Emmy, find Diggle, memorial for Wendy. There's a little shout out to Wendy. Uh, payback security guard and housing the jungle. So he, he's got all these things he wants to do. And At that's least we keep it consistent with the series. Yeah, and that's where uh, Dinah's like, no, no, no. And she takes it, she takes, crosses off the kill Broadwick and says, listen, you don't want to be a murderer. You do. I'm like, it too late. You. I have seen him yeah. murder a shit. Really? I'd be like, no, I'm going to kill him. And, and really, the last we saw him looked like he went down with the Inferno. He might be dead anyway. But yeah, I, uh, I don't know. The kill Broderick, I think I would keep on the top of that list. That guy's a piece of shit. Uh, but yeah, they start fucking, you know, sexy time again. And boy, Dinah just looks good. Yeah, uh, she, it's weird too because it even seems like they're being heart, watched though by the last Mohican. Yes, the last Mohican is watching. I, the guy's a peeper. Uh, I do. It's weird, like Dinah there where they're sitting there uh, or standing there. He, his art with Dinah is starting to almost be Greg Capullo esque with the noses and things, but it like it's a little different. It's so Doesn't good. Doesn't have those cherub cheeks. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 so good though. I um, I enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah, the last Mohican though. He he's freaking you know watching, but in, then in the meantime, Oliver's kind of like, hey, listen, when all this ends and we get out of here, I want to make you a meal. And again, it's it to me, it's one of those things that you're doing this as like a coping thing. Like, boy, when we get out of here, don't I'm gonna make, make you, you this. Chili. You know, they don't want to just sit there and think about what's going on. And and I do like it. And yeah, Oliver says he's gonna make her chili and all this. But then they start playing around. And all right, that's baby, where get, get into this hot spring over here so we can fuck yeah. again. Yeah, they get in this hot spring, and that's where it's almost like comparing scars. And and it's Oliver's the Jaws like, oh. moment. Yeah, he's like, oh, I got this this scar, that scar, and. uh he points to Dinah's like, oh, what's that scar? And he kind of jokes about it even and says, oh, you must have got that when you were fighting Catwoman, right? And she doesn't want to talk about it. She's like, no, no, no. Uh, some things you don't fuck around with. And I'm like, god damn it. I'm like, right away, I think she's been abused. And yeah. Didn't you think that? I'm like, there goes the this moment. Gotten, yeah, I'm like, this has gotten really fucking dark. What's going on there, Dinah? And, and she starts like, talking you know about what? growing up on the mean yeah, streets. Everybody's like that, not, in and out of foster care. Yeah, and basically points out also that, you know, we're not all fucking billionaires growing up and you get a scar from falling off the fucking dirt bike your, your new daddy bike, your, Yeah, your new you know? bike your daddy bought yeah, you. Yeah, some shit you don't just fucking fuck around with. And so uh, are we not fucking now? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, I know. It. it really was like, holy shit, I guess we're not going to fuck. But that's where they see like, oh my God, you know what? We're not alone. And they go off and it's funny that they're like, oh my God, we're not alone. If I was Oliver, I'd be like, y- you just showed up out of nowhere. It, what is it? This How fucking, did you do that? I don't even know that this would be one of those that they go over the the fucking hill and find out they're in fucking L.A. This is just the fucking beach. They think that they're <laughs> fucking stranded. They're fucking five feet away from fucking civilization. But, yeah, they see that. Oh, we're not alone. And that's where it gets a little hokey where you have to have Oliver know it's Diggle. I think there would have been a better way to do it than say, Size oh, 14 military yeah, boots. it's Diggle. How do you know? Size 14 tactical boots. I, I wish that he would have had something when this bear attacks. Hey, whatever, was man. Left. He's a better detective than Batman. Yeah, he is. He's like, and Batman by the way, but he, he actually gets out the walkie-talkie. He's like, uh, Batman, uh, I think that Hugo Strange is involved. We know that he has gone and gotten Venom, so I'd look into Venom over. Put fucking Green Arrow out. But yeah. Oh, by the way, 14, 14 inch tactical boots. That's Diggle, Batman. That's Diggle. It's funny. No, he goes, Hey, Batman, uh, since I helped you out, can you help me? I've just found size 14, uh, tactical boots. Can you tell me who that might be? And Batman's like, Uh, does Diggle have those kind of boots? 
Yes, he's actually a size 14. Yeah, it's Tim Drake. He's alive. You got to I immediately you have to go back in my mind. It's like must be Tim Drake. His, yeah, his boots weren't be. that big, but we have a lot. His you know what? Get, I told you guys Tim Drake had big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. <laughs> it's him. I knew it. I knew it was Tim Drake. I told you he couldn't fill his boots. It's like uh, Batman. He doesn't even wear kid. tactical boots. That was like Tim always thinking ahead. <laughs> he was eating to throw fish. Us off the scent. He was eating fish because he knows that that's good for your cholesterol. Brain that motherfucker. Food. He always knew. Ay, ay, ay. But yeah, there you have it. And they're like, okay. Fucking something's happening to Diggle. Together. We're going to go and find them together. And they go off. And it's a very quick, quick read. I liked it. I, I'm saying that the score I'm going to tell you is is very uh, – it's going to have a lot to do with what we find out. If we don't find out shit, uh, if we just – we're going to definitely find out about this Inferno uh, Ninth Circle fucking lab. But I also want to know, like, how Dinah got there. Like, yeah. And how Diggle got there, even. And, what and why they weren't together. There. Yeah, yeah. And, and what the hell happened in her past that she won't talk about this fucking score. Yeah, I don't, actually, I don't want to know that. No, yeah, I need a lot. But yeah, uh, I love the art. I think the art in this issue is one of the better actual art issues of all of Rebirth. I think it's that good. I think it's awesome. Uh, I gave it an 8 out of 10 on this site on my I, I love the art as well but because i don't understand how we got to this point in the story um it might go down after se- i give it a seven out of ten but it might go down in the next issue now, if we don't i give it an eight like out. i said if all of a sudden we don't find anything or we find out some nonsense and yeah i would it, say it looked that great but it was you know it was ali banging black canary then yeah. pissing her off at the yeah. end oh yeah i just i i just like the whole thing i like that oliver it's continuing this whole thing of Black Canary making him a better person and understanding what's going on. And like you said, even when he wrote that list, he did point out a couple things that he wouldn't have done before. And I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but we're going to move on to the last book of this section. And it isn't really green, but there are some green characters. Hey, the variant cover's green. Yes, it is Justice League number six, written by Brian Hitch, art by Matthew Clark, Tom Derenick, Sean Parsons, Trevor Scott, Ariana Lucas, and Richard Starkings. A lot of people on this art, Eric. I dropped hints on last episode that I like this issue more than Brian Hitch's first arc, and it is because he makes things more personal for the Justice League. Sure, we start with a mysterious threat that has me a bit worried going forward, but I like seeing the League joining together to win the day. Or did they, Eric? I did don't they? know. The issue has. I think the, you like this more than I do. The issue has the date we've all been waiting for, and I am talking about Cyborg and Simon. And it also going has Jessica going nuts and Superman spilling, wanting to spill a little bat blood. I hope that this doesn't all lead to another hitch non-ending because I really want to like the Justice League again. And again, if I'm telling you, if this was the first arc, and we didn't get any of that other nonsense, I think that you would even like it a little more, because it starts off with another one of those non-villains that we don't like know it, anything about, yeah. but I With a I cold like... opening, too. It does continue. It does continue, and like it does relate, but I don't know. It does, the, the, this seems so weird compared to the rest of the book, but well, it does continue where we left off Like I said, though, that's, that's the problem, is because of Brian Hitch, I'm going into this not even caring about anything we've seen before, 
Because if I did, I'd be like, okay, here we go again. We're going, we're not going to find out about this. We're not going to do this. We're not going to find out about this. I'm going. This is a new arc. I'm hoping that he can tie all this in because yeah, it starts off and they're being attacked by something. The some black noodle fear monster. Black noodle vacuum monsters. And it is causing everybody to be afraid. And it starts with Batman. No, please. And you know, that's very un-Batman like. But I really, I told you, when you go then, I love the way Aquaman, the feared up Aquaman looks. I think that is awesome. I, I really do like the art in this issue. Uh, but yeah, the whole Justice League is going and what makes me laugh. Look at Batman. He is getting the he, fuck out. out. He is jumping in the air. He's getting the fuck out. Like fuck everybody you, else losers, seems I'm to be. Out. Oh yeah. He's like, whoo, 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 whoo. He's he in front is of the gone. flash. Yeah, he's gone. It made me laugh. And he's like, oh, no, it's coming. And, yeah, I like the idea of something scaring them so much like this. And, really, if you're going to do anything, it is great to show that Batman is fully affected. He is fucking frightened. Uh, and, yeah, you get a little bit of this talk of this How is Jessica the one to overcome it, though? It's it so weird. I know, it, we, it, I know we want to say that, like, she's overcoming her own fears and know, she's being the, able the to step up now. The only thing is they but... say later that this is one of the big reasons why we become Green Lanterns. We have to overcome our fear. And it just, to me, it's one of those that the ring is definitely helping out. Like, nobody else here has any tech that could fight fear or at least help them out a little. I'm going that it's it's a lot of the ring and their willpower and Jessica also being in in the regular Green Lanterns book and in the, this book that she she's coming has, along, but she still has she, problems. I, with I know, but I'm fear. saying I think that the ring and the whole thing is this is almost like it'd be like me and you doing something that it, we're both doing it, but. It, the, the threat is something that I have been familiar with this whole time. Like, really, she has been fighting fear since Rebirth started. So I think that when – it's almost like you with this, the giant spiders. This is such a crazy thing of this fear that I think that she is so used to just fighting fear and nothing but fear that she's able to overcome it. That's how I'm going with it. You don't really get an explanation, but they do have the, the rings. That now, are I want to ask you one well. thing. When she's like, you know, fighting, she has a barrier around her and Barry. Yeah. And what is that bowl of blackness inside the, the barrier that's kind of just jostling around? Do you see that? I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking where you. Uh, where she says, I'm, not today. I'm looking where she says, I see too much, Simon. I need you. Oh, not today. I'm looking. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm looking for uh, maybe some reason it's just out of like, this entire issue. I see, that though, if you look me. at the others, there is a bunch of pots. Uh, going all over the place. Like, that's something that was in the street. Like, they actually made art where they want to make sure that's that That's kimchi? You, because I see a bunch of things in here. I see all of these fucking pots. They just look like pots from plants on the street. I think that's all it is. It, it is a little weird. I don't but know yeah, why. She, I thought it's a stupid thing to point out. Barry. It just bothered me. Like, what uh, is this you, thing doing in the foreground? Right, you're, you were upset about why does Jessica do this? Because then even Simon snaps out of it. That's why I'm thinking that it's a lot of what they're used to but also the Green Lantern ring. What gets me, though, is the way they defeat this monster is just by hands across America. I'm telling like, you, it's why? like we had it the last issue of Wonder Woman. Yeah. All of a sudden, she tells him, listen, we can fight this fear. I had to do it before. We're going to do it by holding hands. And they all hold hands. <laughs> Superman yells, grab, hold, form a chain. And they hold hands, and then it, it fucking, the Green Lantern, it almost seems like it supercharges the Green Lantern ring. It doesn't make any sense. And then it turns and into Utskar Taga, and then it turns into a yeah. plant. 
Yeah, and yeah. then everything disappears. The the thing that I'm saying though is that we don't even know again, we don't even know what is going on yet because where this leads to we can't even be sure that they're also thinking this or this is just Jessica that I don't, I don't know, know the rules. I do like that we get this thing where they do win the day. I love seeing them kind of saying, okay, you know, I, I, I don't know why. I love Cyber going, boom tubes home for those who want them. And he points <laughs> off and he has the boom tubes. And this is what you, you never really get this of, okay, we saved the day. I'm going to go off. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to do this. And they go off. And that's like Cyborg says to Simon, hey, you're coming with me. Uh, Aquaman continues being a creep and says to Wonder Woman, yeah, uh, I got something that I need your help with. Just come here. And they go through this boom tube. I'm like, I don't want to know what's happening with We with have them. a running gag on this podcast where Aquaman is trying to move in on Wonder Woman. And yeah. for, for some reason, Brian Hitch keeps helping us with that gag. because yeah, he, he says, uh, wondering if you can uh, – Help me with something. And then Wonder Woman's like, oh, of course. He means his dick, Wonder Woman. Watch out. Yeah, yeah, he means that. At the point, Mara now is at that fucking convent. He's been there for a couple months. Yeah, his bed's too big. Yeah, he needs some action, and he wants Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's like, oh, of course, I'll help you. You see Batman jumping through. Now, this is where we're not sure the rules. Like you said, are they still being affected because then Jessica – out of nowhere, it continues this very forced, and I don't mind it. People are going all upset about that Jessica and Barry are quote unquote dating. Number one, they're not. Uh, it's they're starting to look like that, and it really is. This actually gives more of a Barry thing when he puts his arm around her, like totally awesome, and uh, you know puts his arm around her, and she's like, oh Barry. Uh, but it really seems to me that Jessica is doing all of the, you know, she's really, oh, yeah, she's it's, it's a Sadie strong. Hawkins dance going on. She's inviting <laughs> all the shit. She wants all the stuff. And Flash is going, but he's going as friends. They, they are thinking of it as being friends. In fact, shit goes wrong later, I think, when Jessica thinks that Barry's starting to go a little too fast. And, uh, but at this point, I do like it. I like seeing them go off. I don't know, they the way they're worried about what they're going to wear, it's a little bit yeah, more well, than friends in my mind. Uh, yeah, but even he, even Barry says, because that's when they go off, they make a date, uh, Flash goes off, Jessica goes, and they're going to find out, they want to figure out what they're going to wear, but uh, that's when Superman goes home, and it's weird, because at this, he just goes home, he's there, hey, you know what, Lois, uh, you know, we had a lot of problems, but you know what, that's the shit we deal with, we and overcame. Lois is like, and, and Lois is talking like, hey, wait till dinner, dinner will be done in 10 minutes, just settle down, and then that's when... Bat, uh, he says about Bat- Batman was there. We didn't speak. I, I should have told him how I felt. I know he still doesn't trust me. And then Lois says, you know, let it go. It, you know, you can only do what you're going to do. Just try your best. We're going to have dinner. And that's when John's even like, hey, man, you looked, you were awesome there. And he's like, thanks a lot. I well, don't too, understand Kato. where we go from here to no. what happens later. But uh, even at this point, it starts off where – uh, with uh, Jessica, she's trying to find an outfit. She's like, oh, I don't want the slutty one. Uh, I'll put this on. And, you know, she's trying to figure it out and wondering why she even did this. Can I call the watchtower and cancel this? I'm so nervous. I don't even it's have okay. Barry's number to cancel. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, I can call and say, I guess I can't really say there's a fucking global emergency. You can't tell people in the Justice League that. Uh, and then in the <laughs> don't meantime, worry, I got a candle, though. Yeah. In the meantime, you have Barry. And it's a pretty cool deal where you see Barry pretty much in three minutes does like 800 things. But one of them is he shows up and he's like, boy, uh, 
I feel overdressed. Jess is a friend. I don't want to come on too strong. Then he goes, and casual, better, eh, maybe not. Then he goes, oh, man, I should have gotten her flowers. He goes off, and in the meantime, even, I, even before all that, I got a problem with this one bit because, you know, he's on his way home. It's 745. He stopped the muggings. He's done all this other super heroic shit on his way home. He's like, yeah. oh, man, I still got to take a shower. That's at 746. 747, he's already out there. I'm like, I don't care how fast you are. The water's not that fast. You stink, motherfucker. I think his, I yeah, I don't think he showered that much. You see him there. He's like, it was less than a minute. Yeah, yeah. And he said a it, long shower. I'm like, no, a, that water is not super fast, man. You stink. All fuck. it is is just to be ridiculous with how fast he is. But yeah, he's going. And uh, I do like the part where Jessica is very nervous, and when she shows up, she sees Barry go off, and he, oh my god. He's oh, bailing no. what on did I me. Do? Oh, my God. And she looks very sad. Uh, but, yeah, and then he shows up and he's like, hey, you know what? I just thought I'd bring you flowers. He goes to show and they've been destroyed because he ran too fast. It's hokey to me. Hey, really, <laughs> if, if this happened to everything, Flash goes and gets shit all the time. You know, he's always running with stuff and grabbing shit and whatever. Don't ask that guy to get you a can of soda. Yeah, really, anything. At one point in the, in the New 52, remember he was going off to get coffee? And all these different things when he was losing time. Yeah. And, you know, you didn't see shit going like that. It, it's pretty hokey. But it, it's a funny moment. It's it's kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, they're going to have dinner. And I do also like it's like Barry is a guy who it makes sense. He has to eat a ton of food. And I mean a ton of food. And their, their date order is my normal order. And, and even before that, you go and now you see Batman. And you're getting the idea that. You would think that this whole thing at the beginning was based on fear, this fear monster. You would yep. think that that's what's going to lead to everything happening because shit starts going wrong. And Batman goes back to the Batcave and he's trying to get a hold of Dick Grayson and he can't. And now, again, are you, we don't know the rules. We don't know exactly what's going on. But it does seem that Batman is afraid of being alone. I, I don't even know that. From this guy. Well, he says, panel. he says unavailable message. He says he wants like to, to be call. alone. And he said, yeah, but I'm telling you, I think he's afraid. Actually, it's not alone. I think that he's afraid that his kids are grown up and they're leaving and he's not going to, he's worthless to them, that he doesn't have anything to do with them. Because then he's like, oh, so what does he you do? know what? He dismisses Alfred. Well, here's Alfred the deal. He says, on, you know, hey, Mr. Bruce, I thought I heard you return. Am I interrupting you making a phone call? He's like, not really, just Dick. He wasn't there. And then Alfred says, Oh, I spoke to him days ago. Oh, he's in excellent spirits. And I really do think that's supposed to show like, okay, he's afraid. Dick isn't talking to him, but he's talking to everybody else and he can't get a hold of anybody. <laughs> Chatty even Kathy. On, yeah. And even on the thing, you see like Batgirl looks like she might be there on the thing. And I don't know the one, but I don't, who was that supposed to be? Do you have, Honestly, the thing I thought open? it was supposed to be like Dick Grayson as a young Robin, but I think it's supposed to be Damien. Well, there's, there's the first one there in the, I think that's Dick. The big one in the The in big the one, yeah, yeah. I'm talking yeah. about the one on that the upper other left. one. It looks like a balding robin. I don't know what's going on there, but <laughs> yeah. Is what it, it is. And even then, maybe that is on purpose. Maybe it's supposed to be like, yep, they grow, they've outgrown me. I really do think it's the robins not caring about them or the bat family for, not caring. I'm just saying, though, for, for everything that we deal with in this issue, this Batman part is so. I even forgot until we started talking about it before the show that this section even happened because it's yeah. so small no, it's so compared quick. to everything else. Yeah, it's so quick. And like I said, he even, even if you want to go back at one point uh, when they got done the fight, if in fact shit was starting to go wrong for them, then what happened? Batman said to Superman, hey, we got to talk. 
no, no, no. I got to go have dinner and left him. I really do think that Batman is afraid of being alone, but also from like his That's peers. Been everything and stuff. that Superman has said to him, though, as well. I know, but it's still, I think the big moment of this is not anything except Alfred saying to him, oh, you, Dick, you can't get a hold of him? Just talk to him. He's fucking great spirits. He's Have so great fucking time. happy. And it really does remind me of like when you find out when a girl breaks up with you and then you, you try to get a hold of her and you can't. And then somebody's I like, oh, stalk her. I saw her. I saw her the other day. She's so she's so happy. And then oh, my God. She lost upset. like 30 pounds. Oh, my God. You should see her. She's yeah. blowing guys. And that's where and right. I, he's like uh, Batman says to Alfred, like, no, I want to be I'd like to be alone. And that's when Alfred's like, would you, sir? And walks away. And I think that's the whole thing. And he, he's there. I think that he's afraid of being alone. But this is where it gets a little hokey. And that is even me jumping to conclusions. I don't know. Uh, but then you get back to Barry and Jessica. And where I have problems is if this is, in fact, a story where their fears are happening, uh, this fear is affecting them, whatever. Who is being affected? Like, whose perspective? Yeah, because there's Jessica. She's on a date. She seems to be having a good time. Barry, though, seems to be saying that he's afraid to slow down. I can't, I have problems slowing down because when I slow down, people die like my mom. And that really does Honestly, seem like something. I, I, that I read he would this. Be I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to expect coming in. All of a sudden, he starts talking about his dead mom. I'm like, this that's is what I'm not saying. Good for a like, state talk. No. And this to me like, is why like, why would you bring him, that up, Barry? But again, if that was from his perspective, I can get it that he's like, listen, you made me come to this date. I, I can't, I, you know, you're making me slow down. I, I can't slow down ne- anyway, but while I slow down, people are dying. Like my mom, you fucking piece of shit, Jessica. <laughs> but you don't even go that far because now he's going to eat. Then you go to the fact that it looks like he is trying to speed things up. Like at one point he's even like, hey, let's speed this up. I thought he was saying, let's go back. To oh, the no, that's what I room. thought too. I'm like, holy but shit. He, but then it kind of turns into him being a dick about the food taking too long. And and he starts even the art. He starts to get a very evil look in his eye, and yeah. uh, that's when he touches Jessica's hand, and then she freaks out. Now, is this you know her perspective? Is it still like Barry thinking that she's nuts, and this is what he was still afraid of as well? But yeah, she just blasts the hell out of a fucking waiter, and I really don't think that that is really happening. You know what I mean? Like, if this ends up you, being like a... I have like no a, idea what's going on. I'm telling you, once once we hit this part, I'm completely yeah, lost in the book. I'm telling like, you, if we go and we find out that the next issue starts and they are in a space station with the fucking, you know, black fucking mercy or, you know, the white mercy in, in, that we're going to have in the Trinity, where they're experiencing this and they're catatonic, I'll fucking kill somebody because then it's really hokey to me. But that's the only thing that i can see makes any sense because this scene though i i do like it enough i like jessica uh but barry all of a sudden becomes evil barry yeah and to he the becomes point like where, red kryptonite like, barry he it is like. crazy because she runs out next thing he's phasing through walls and fucking you let's blow this joint and then she attacks yeah, he, that's him. Not a, that's not afraid that's not like yeah, a fearful it, barry in my that's mind that's what i'm saying it, it goes from fearful to something the dickhead, else. Psychopath. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, to is it that they their biggest fears but also their worst selves? I, I don't know because I don't know the rules. Because the thing is, Superman then kind of goes 
Oh, my God. Barry. He goes Barry-esque because he's there. And Lois all of a sudden changes. Like, everything is changing where Lois then is basically telling Clark he's a piece of shit. He's not a real man. Oh, Batman. And, and Clark starts blaming every problem that he's had on Batman. And, you know, she's like, oh, you just say that. You you can't accept that Batman's right. No, listen. He's like, you, uh, Batman, he showed up. He changed you. He made he you think everything. on his side. And you fucking... Basically, he might as well tell Lois that she wants to fuck Batman. It, yeah. it seems to be going that way. And then he's like, oh, you know what? And she's even like, what, do you want to pat on the back from your Batman? And he's <laughs> like, you know what? I'm going to go. Don't, don't. I'm going to... You know, I'm not going to talk to Batman. I'm gonna fucking kill him, and it I'm ends like, with him like the, the evil Superman. Yeah, and, and again, is it that the fear led to this? Because we really don't know that all this is the fears, but the beginning leads you to believe that. But there is some cracks in the story that I really hope he can explain, because it can be explained. You can do a lot to explain something like this and make it all right. He has not shown us that he does that. He no, shows us that he throws shit at you and fucking disappears. But because it's a new arc and it's a two-issue deal, we're going to have to find out it answers next issue. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt for now because I do like this as a Justice League story where we're getting more of a personal story. Uh, and I like seeing the characters. Yes, Barry is the evil Barry, but before that, when he's getting ready for the date, I really like it. I think that Jessica is well done until crazy shit happens. And I really did, I like that where they got done that fight and they're like, okay, who wants a boom tube and all this? And Simon, yeah, hey, you're coming with me. We're going to play football. And I think this is the best issue that Brian Hitch has written uh, since Rebirth because the rest have just been utter garbage. Uh, I, I just I feel so like confused in this issue, though, because I don't know anything that's going on, and I don't know whose perspective I'm supposed to be seeing or why this is even yeah, happening to this it, degree. This, this is one of those issues that it does really rely on the whole arc. Uh, but as an issue, I felt like this was a lot better than anything he's given us. I gave it a 7 out of 10, and that is way above what I yeah. have given most of the issues. Uh, what would you give it? 6.5 out of 10. Man, I enjoyed so, the art enough, but I just yeah. haven't. I, and I like the interaction of the team for the most part. It's just, I don't know what you're doing, Brian Hitch. No, Please no. tell me. That's the Please problem. Is, is he always is so, like what we've seen, even with his JLA book, he doesn't really come through in the end. And that's very scary in a story like this. But I did like it a lot more than usual. Uh, but we're going to go off to a mail section now. It's mail number three. All right, and it's time for mail number three. We don't have a song for this. Aww. Mail three, mail three. Eric and me, we're reading the mail. <sighs> still, still, bread, something other. We like candy and we like the juice. I don't know why I said juice, because I don't know what rhymes with that. Caboose! I'm not going to use the soundboard this time, because that's old Eric. But I don't want to say that we're going to do it anymore. But hey, here comes the door. That was terrible. I'm too tired. How about this one? Um, hmm. I like all people, Spaniards and Puerto Ricans, also. Look at all those chickens! Yeah, 
Puerto That's Ricans rhyme with chickens? Ricans chickens, right? No. That? I eat some food. Sometimes it's stickins. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. So the mail, uh, huh? And sometimes the mail's great. Sometimes it's lames. Who's my favorite basketball player? LeBron James. That is right. Yeah. Sometimes you the mail is lames. Right. Lames. <sighs> sometimes. <laughs> when Eric said something, I said, hmm, let me thunk. What do we say then? The guy is drunk. Yes, that is good. I am a rhyming man. I rhyme up a storm. First mail in this section, Eric, is from G, his second mail. G's second mail. He says, hi, Jim, Eric, and Reggie. I heard you guys talking about rap. You like rap from the 80s and 90s. You like breakdancing. And I have to ask you guys this question. Tupac or Biggie? Uh, That's a hard question, honestly. I would have said Biggie just because the whole East Coast is a kid, but honestly, more Tupac more. Biggie. Actually, neither are a big favorite of mine. I'm not a huge fan actually. of either, honestly, either. I you do know? like Peggy, ha- though. I'd have I to like go with Biggie Tupac, Bond. I think. He says, because I'm from the West Coast, I have to say I'm Tupac all the way, but I love yeah. Biggie's music as well. See, he went West Coast, East Coast, West Coast. He's starting that fucking war again. We don't need that. Come on. We People don't need die, that. People die, G. Fucking geniuses went down because of that. Also, I picked up Green Arrow number eight cautiously this week, knowing that Ollie will be stranded on an island again. And I have to say that it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. The artists are Green Arrow Rebirth number one, Green Arrow issue number one, and Green Arrow issue number two is finally back. That Otto, Otto Schmidt. Schmidt. He was one of my favorite artists when the Rebirth started back in May 2016. Way back in May 2016. But I was bummed out when he exited after issue number two. Now he's back, and it seems that he's only gotten better since he was away. I agree. His artwork is a work of art. His art is a work of art. Sure is. Yes, it is. As Schmidt does his own coloring as well. Uh, That seems to be, if you want to be on Green Arrow, you got to do double duty at least. Really, he also, yeah, they also, they're triple threats because they also ink as well. Uh, Just go all the way. Letter that bitch too. Just go and fucking write it. Just no, now all. you're in Brian Hitch do, territory. Do Brian Hitch deal. It worked out for him. Some standouts for me were when you first see Canary in all her sunbathed glory on the beach and when Diggle is cooking fish by a fire and the fire emanates an orange glow that outlines his face. I like to go back to the Canary part, Eric. I was a bit worried because this comic was going to take us back to an island with Green Arrow. Speaking of which, I, I may be able to use that, that issue in the bathroom later. I, Seriously. I'm telling you. There's not a lot of times I would say that, uh, but that, yeah, hot Ollie is. Yeah, he is. That it's it's the facial hair. It gets me. It's really great. Like at the glory hole when you feel that beard, fucking gets me every time. That's not but a Percy vagina. Story, yeah, but yeah, but Percy's storytelling and Schmidt's gorgeous artwork more than makes up for the familiar scenery, and they actually make the familiar all new again with their storytelling prowess. The island feels dangerous as Ollie has to fend off bears and other dangers. But seeing him face those dangers with someone as fun to read about as Black Canary makes the island setting feel different, unlike at the Arrow's Island from the CW show. Uh, Yeah, the the biggest threat he has is not getting laid after he fucking keeps pushing about those scars. Jesus Christ, stop it, Ollie. Shut your mouth. Just shut your mouth and look gorgeous there, Ollie. This comic made me fall in love with Black Canary. With her gorgeous smile and her personality. 
There's some other things, too, that wanted yeah. to build up Ollie into a better superhero. If Ollie was on the island by himself, I would feel that the story would be cliched, but Canary's willingness to or be there for the Ollie just made it a worthwhile, yeah, made it worthwhile read for me. Sincerely, G, and I agree. I really do like this this whole rebirth. Uh, Ollie, I do like how Canary has been there to make him better. And even me when, as well, the even last when she disappears, it's, yeah, and when Everything he says, I really like the thought, and you said it when he's writing the list and even some of the things like the jungle thing. I liked as we see it go on where even when she's not there, this isn't just him trying to get laid or trying to be special, you know, to her. He really is taking whatever she says to heart and realizing that she's right. And this has gone on through the whole series, and I do like that. Boy, she looks sexy. This is <laughs> sexy as hell. Uh, but yeah, thanks, Jay. And the next, uh, the next one is from Christian. Christian says, Dear Jim Werner and America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. What's up, Christian? Tr- I truly am sorry that my email about Jim's rules of cereal made Jim angry. That Everything was not makes Jim angry. Intention. However, I will have to say, angry old Jim is one of the best parts of the podcast. I'm sure you got a kick out of me earlier. I'm telling you, it takes a lot out of me. I Throwing rotten so eggs on Halloween fucking bullshit. It just, yeah, that and the the people with their $1,000 on the podcast, it does. It, it really, it, it gets me very tired getting angry. When Jim gets to be in his bonnet about, some, yeah, I need a nap and something and decides <laughs> to rant about it, I always laugh or get a smile. Like I said on Twitter, I would pay money. Don't know how much it would be, but it would be some amount. Oh, really? <laughs> To hear a whole podcast with Jim doing an angry rant. You don't want that. It really would get... You know, it grinds my gears. Yeah, it would just be me. You know, I'm like fucking, you know, Andy... What's his name on the fucking uh, the 60 Minutes guy? Andy Rooney. You know what I hate? I just like... (laughs) You know what I don't like? Stoplights. Who has to stop all the time? I want to keep going. There you go. There's a rant for you. You know what I don't like? When people call every punch, every bit of soda Coke. I knew a kid once, and he called to fucking Sprite Coke. Did I ever tell you that story? No. <laughs> That's an actual story. This motherfucking kid, when I was a kid, one point, I don't know how this came up, but the kid explained to me that all soda to him is Coke. Like, oh, Coke. I'm like, oh, that's retarded. not I Coke. That's fucking, that's fucking grape soda. No, no, that, that's what we call it in my town. We call it all Coke. Uh, so you go up. I was telling my kids earlier this week about this. Fuck, and again, I was screaming because I got so upset. Because I, I remember, and I'm like, so when you go to a restaurant and you want a Sprite, you say, yeah, I say Coke. I'm like, do you get upset that you don't ever get the Sprite? Because no fuck, what are they, fucking mind readers? No, no, that's just the generic term for soda. I say Coke. I'm like, I I say soda, but if I want a Sprite, I don't say soda. It's like my fucking kid with the, you know, what time did you lose your earphones? They're on my desk. These it's things like don't... These it's like he's don't living go in a together. TV world, though, where you don't have permission to say the freaking brand. So it's like, I want a soda. Okay. No, no he said he actually said Coke, though. That's his. My buddy, my that's buddy my Tommy generic used... name. I'm like, if you want an orange soda, you say Coke. Yeah, I say Coke. Then you don't get your fucking orange soda, you fucking my, idiot. My buddy Tommy used to tell me when he was growing up in Illinois. In Illinois, apparently, you have three things: you have milk, yeah, pop, pop, and juice. Yeah, but again, pop. But you, you don't just have pop. 
You have everything Pepsi. else is juice, though. Yeah, Pepsi, and you have Coke. Even then, what do you want for the drink? Juice. Okay. What fucking kind? Juice. Yeah. You're fucking, I'm gonna kill you. It's just juice. Idiots. These are people who they don't explain it fully that in their house they only ever had orange juice. So when they say juice, they get fucking orange juice. It's like if if I had Kool Aid and I only drink Kool Aid juice. I only drink say Tropical Punch. I might not have to say Tropical Punch all the time. My mom says, "What do you want?" I want Kool Aid because we only ever have one fucking flavor. Fucking people with their nonsense. I think half the people say these things, they don't even know what the fuck's coming out of their mouth when they say it. Look at, look at what you're doing, Christian. Drive me nuts again. <laughs> you're insane. Anyway, back to the meat and cheese of comics. I would have to disagree. I, I can just imagine how I listen to these podcasts and I sit there and I say to you, oh my God, you should hear this guy fucking go. I can just see these people listening just to hate me. And they're like, here he goes again. Now he's yelling about fucking Coke. He's fucking yelling about juice. Oh, and there he he's yelling about fucking mischief night. This fucking idiot who has nothing better to talk about. <laughs> I'm sure there are so many haters out there. And again, maybe they just listen to hate me. And if you're out there and that's what you do, go fuck yourself right hate now. Hate listen. Yeah, hate listen. They hate listen me. They're like, I like that the other guy. He just says catchphrases and Oosh. fucking tries to be pleasant. The other guy gets so fucking fired up about nothing. <sighs> it is true, though. That's all that happens in my life. I get so angry at everything. So I'm going to die young, Eric. Die young. I'm going to die at 32. Why, I'm going to say, why didn't you die 10 years ago 32. then? 32. I don't know. Somebody told me to act my age, Eric, and I died. Died inside. Is this thing on? Let me gather my let me gather myself here. Okay, let me get a sip of drink. Why are you whispering? Because uh, I'm I'm it's taking it all out of me. I told you it gets me tired. When this shit happens, it, it's not. I don't just. I'm not your fucking monkey, Eric. I'm not a fucking trained monkey yelling and screaming. This takes a lot out of me. It really does. It's like I have a fucking rage ranner. I have a red lantern ring. It, it depletes. I gotta fucking say the oath or something. Get it going. I'm in the fucking basement of the fucking fucking Justice League. I'm in the Watchtower, Eric. I'm fucking going loony. Yeah, I know. I think I've lost it. I've really lost it now. Let me take a drink here of my soda. Which I'll call soda. Uh, you can guess what it is, because I'm just going to go somewhere and order soda. And whatever happens, happens. I can just see this lady. Well, what type? Soda. She'll want to kill know. me like I, I actually, wanted to kill Zach. I actually like that a little bit, because I like to imagine I live in a movie TV world where I go to the same bar, so they know what I want. I was like, give me a beer. They give me exactly what I want. I go to the convenience store, give me a pack of cigarettes, and they give me exactly what I want. Yeah, but here's the thing. When you do that, like you go to the I, – I even hate when you go to like the donut shop, the local donut shop. And I hate when people are like, okay, I'll have a dozen donuts. Oh, what do you want? Oh, just pick for me. I'm like, you son of a bitch. You stupid son of a bitch. You are going to get the fucking worst. You're getting that fucking toasted coconut donut. You're going to get three of them. I have lived in this town for over 20 years. I have never been in that donut shop. What, Yum Yum that I go yeah, to? Yeah, or Dunkin' yeah. Donuts. Yeah, I, I go to Yum Yum every single day. I went there twice today. I just get coffee. And I will tell you also, I went there today. I have ever bought donuts, actually. I went there today, and it was fucking crowded. And all I wanted to get was a coffee. So Rafe said, uh, just go through the drive-thru. I'm like, okay. So I go through I don't want to be a fucking guy who gets pegged as the guy who uses six Splendas, Eric. That's embarrassing. <laughs> so I say to them, okay, I'll have uh, extra cream and extra sugar. I'm fine with it. I'll go with it. That extra sugar 
coffee there was eight times sweeter than anything I ever had with the Splenda. It was fucking nonsense. It was too sweet to drink, though I drank it all. Of course you did. Again, though, dude, I go and say, I'll have a coffee. And then they just know fucking out of the blue. They should. Christian, what are you doing to me? Anyway, back to the meat and cheese of comics. I would have to disagree with you guys on Blue Beetle. Oh, jeez. It might be the fact that I read it after doing eight hours of audio editing because Audacity has a bitch of a learning curve. But I like it. Oh, you, Mr. Editor, are you? You making your podcast now? You're going to charge me $1,000 to be on it. <laughs> also, I think Ted Cord bring, bringing up Nightshade is the author in DC tipping their hand about Ted actually being the memory-altered Dan Dreisberg. Is it Dryberg? Dreisberg. Dry, yeah, he didn't put the, the thing. Uh, I mean, Silk Actually, Spectre, it might be Dryberg. It's been a while it since might I be read Dryberg. it. I mean, Silk Spectre was the Watchmen Universe's version of Nightshade. So, it was. Anyway, guys, sorry for that digression. Keep doing the Lord's work. Sincerely, Christian. Thank you, Christian, for getting me all riled up again. Uh, Brian from Arkansas is next. Hey, guys. Sup from Arkansas, former home of soon-to-be President Hillary Clinton. He has a big smiley face there. I, I said we. I told you earlier we were watching Smallville on Hulu earlier, and we we marathoned it. We just kept going while I was getting ready for the podcast. They were watching it, and uh, we. And it's funny too because we we don't. I don't pay to not have the commercials. So I do get these commercials, and it's funny. You can't even fucking keep your internet on. You're paying fucking four or five dollars extra a fucking three dollars for the fucking commercials. And uh, the funny thing is, Rafe's like. Why don't we pay? Because he knows you can pay to not have the commercials. So he goes, why don't we pay to not have the commercials? How much is it? And now I start feeling bad. Like, I don't want to look like such a cheap ass. So I said, oh, it's like 25 extra bucks. He's like, oh, that's not good. So I'm like, yep, chalk one up for dad. <laughs> yes. But yeah, uh, what I was saying, one of the things was as we were going watching Smallville, if anybody was watching anything on Hulu today, I'm, I'm sure it's very similar for everybody. And... All we kept getting between any any commercial was anti-Trump commercials about him calling women fat pigs. And I don't know what they're trying to get at because it made me laugh every fucking time. Every time. The one is like, the one's like, you know, Donald Trump, do you want your daughter to have this present? He's like, seriously, she was a fat pig with a big fat ass. I'm like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. I'm like, I want that guy. I want him at a fucking roast. He's boom toasted. It just went on and on. Then we got Shady Katie McGinty, which is a, a local thing. She's actually from Pennsylvania, but there. Shady Katie McGinty. But yeah, I really, really thought that these Trump commercials were fucking hilarious. And I'm not going to vote for him, but boy, the guy had some quips. Uh, yeah, at one point he's like, I, I couldn't consider a flat-chested woman a ten. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what is this? This is the worst. And I really think that I almost guarantee you every bit of quotes that they have on this was from when he was on Howard Stern. And I'm like, that really fucked him with these commercials, but I don't know. Yeah. And then at one point, he's, uh, the one guy says, he's like, looks like he's on like a meet the press or something. This is old. And the guy goes, can you seriously tell me that you, uh, you uh, think that women are great or something. He's like, no. It starts laughing. And then, of course, they like slow down the laugh and get real close <laughs> in. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> uh, so I believe there might be a cyborg curse. I don't remember the specifics of the situation, but on episode 90, 
Jim, you were hit in the head with a mattress or something when your cat jumped on the bed. Well, this happened during your review of Cyborg Number 1. Also, last year, sometime again, I don't remember the specifics, but Eric narrowly escaped a home invasion during a Cyborg review from the DCYOU. Do you remember well, this? I do not at all. I do. Mr. Shea was angry about something that went on during that issue and was slamming his fists on the desk. You got very angry, and when he became nervous and silent all of a sudden, he believed he heard someone tapping on the window. Oh, that's or heard right. a verse out, voice outside. And I said to you, it was like one of those that I thought it was like you did something that made something go, but it, it was very odd. I just remembered him saying, there's someone out there, and I'm in here banging on my desk and yelling about cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> so, to avoid future recurrences, you guys should consider moving Cyborg to the Flash reviews. I don't think he likes Cyborg, Aaron. In other news, Jim, you were right about Justice League number six. Good issue. Actually, probably my pick of the week. I've seen some preview pages of the Supergirl mini that Joel Jones is working on. Beautiful. Remember, he's fucking rapid Huge fire. fan, yeah. So, here is a list of my current favorite artists. We're <laughs> they're going to continue. Five, Jim Lee. Four, Tony Daniel. He slipped. He's slipping in the rankings. Number three, Liam Sharp. Number two, Nicholas Scott. I'm sure he's upset about the news of that. And number one, Joel Jones. I remember you guys saying that you love lists, and I love making them. So here is one more. My current top five rebirth titles. Number five. You know what I like about uh, Brian? He's very quick with them. He oh, doesn't yeah. explain. He's just going to tell you. Number five, current top five there, Batgirl. Number four, Trinity. Forget about Trinity, because we so only got. I. I really did like that. Number three, Red Hood and the Outlaws, another one that I tend to forget. We get next week, I believe. Number two, Suicide Squad, and number one, is there any doubt? Wonder Woman. I see this title winning in several categories. Come end of year awards time. It's weird to think about doing that awards show again. Oh, that is Jody going to be on. It? Jody going to no. be on again? Fucking fall asleep. Brandon better work out that fucking Skype issue of his. He can be on if he wants. Oh, Batman yeah. wasn't on that list. Why, you ask? Because in my opinion, Riley Rossimo's art is awful. <laughs> Two issues. That's just the Riley Rossimo's done. He's done. One question for you guys. Who would be your current favorite artist? Oh, here's one more list of uh, my favorite podcasts. And I will say uh, my favorite artist probably it has to be Liam. Liam Sharp. It really does. He's so good. Uh, I love Liam guys Sharp. Guys like Mikel but... Yannon, I really like, or Michael Yannon, whoever you uh, but he hasn't been in any issues. And so, like, I still have we, to give it to Jason Fabach. It's my we favorite. We like Jason Fabach, but again, he's had one issue. He's yeah. had a backup issue. Backup to Suicide Squad. That's it. So I can't say that currently he's one of my favorite artists of the show. Yeah, I guess currently it would be Liam Sharp. Yeah, I would say Liam Sharp is mine. And Nicholas Scott's right up there, too. Uh, here is his next list favorite podcasts. Number five Real Time with Bill Maher. Number four, Unleashed with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Number three, Talk is Jericho. He is a wrestling fan. Sure is. Number two, Hollywood Babylon. And number one, Weird Science DC Comics. Ooh. Ooh, we beat Jericho. You hate Jericho. Jericho, Jer you hate no. because a girl you liked in high school. In high school, what, yeah. was hot. That's she wouldn't fuck me, but she'd go on and on about That's how hot Jericho was. Just to show you my age. I had the same problem with a girl liking Rick Springfield, Eric. That <laughs> was back in sixth grade, though. I still was mad. She'd go on and on about fucking Rick Springfield. I'm an old fuck. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Brian Weston, Conway, R. Kansas. Thank right, you, Brian. And the next email is from Travis. Hello again to the Best Comics Podcast in Pennsylvania. 
and beyond, Eric. Not oh. just Pennsylvania. Wow, what a week. So many good books. And I got fired. <laughs> but so many good books this week. You need a, a net developer? I'm available. My whole team is available. I don't even know what that is. So many books, Eric. So many books. That sucks. I hate when people have problems like this. But really, if you want to take heed of J-Man uh, from Monterey, he was laid off. He lost his job. He stuck it out. He's got a pretty cool job, so much so that he's forgotten all about us there. He's gone. Oh, yeah. We're old hat now. I, I worry about him now. He's got to let us know. Now, at one point, he did say that it seemed like he was going to have to move. I'm sure real life issues have take uh, precedent over our stupid podcast, but I hope that we hear from him soon as well. And I actually hope that Travis, by the next week, he gives us an email. I'm like, nope, got a job. Anyway, and also, really, just take some unemployment. Have a fucking, you know, rest up a little. Read these books. And then go get a job. Anyway, thankfully, I had more time to read because there were so many books to read this week, and so many turned out to be very good. My book of the week. Book of the week, Eric. Dead Man. Death Man. He says, Dead Man Man Special Number One. Uh, I thought the artwork was tremendous, and the story was very nicely done. I don't know Dead Man at all, except that I read part of the Pandora story in the New 52. He briefly possessed the evil version of Aquaman, or something like that. So for me, this was an introduction to him. The Sea King. He had a line in there where he said that what he usually likes to do is possess a criminal and walk them into the police department to turn themselves in. I want to read more of this guy. Do you have any suggestions as where to start? Uh, I would just say the New 52, Justice League Dark. He was a big member of that team. Yeah, he was. Uh, did he not oh, and, have... Oh, and he had the DC... Uh... Yes, he had one of those DC Presents. Presents, uh, yes. Like a, yeah, I word, would yeah. actually go there, and if you have more questions, ask Reggie. I think it was one of the first ones, too. I can't yeah, remember I, what I the numbers top of my head. Uh, really, do what I do. If you're interested in a character, you go online and type in Best Stories Dead Man. And you'll get it, but I do think that he was pretty good in the uh, Just League Dark. He he was good. I'm not I'm not a very big Dead Man fan at all. There's not uh, a lot to be like you know big on. You know he's a character. Know a thing, he possesses you know what, people. Yeah, you know what? My favorite thing that he did was in um in the Injustice comic, uh, Dick Grayson became Dead Man. It's awesome, awesome. Why didn't Barbara Gordon become Spectre in Earth Two? Because you're never right. That would have been cool. You you laid out that whole story to me. I wanted it so it bad. It's pretty cool. Uh, he goes on. I have to give honorable mention, though, to both to Champions number 1 and Jessica Jones number 1 back at the Marvel deal on the other side. I absolutely can't wait to read mo- more of those. Uh, most people in general seem to like those number 1s that came out. Uh, yet, if these... I know we we did the Marvel Monday because not a lot of people were reviewing Marvel. And with these number ones, it's not even like over-the-top amount of people reviewing them. It's It's very weird. I don't understand. The numbers show that tons of people buy and read Marvel, but yet nobody wants to, to review them. Very odd. Uh, I didn't read. People are just stuck Steve- with the old classics, you know. It's yeah, like they they don't know what else to read. They're like stuck, and that's how I'm telling you. I grew up as a Marvel kid, like uh, just yeah. reading everything I could. But, but now the, the I read Marvel like, now. I think it's nonsense. There will be more reviews of this Dead Man comic than half of the Marvel comics that came out this week. It just doesn't make sense to me. 
Uh, but yeah, he says, I didn't read any steaming piles of garbage this week. The closest I could get to that, uh, to pick a loser would be either Batman number eight or Cyborg number two. Cyborg had slightly better art while Batman had a slightly better story to tell. Together they formed the bottom barrel this week. I can't wait for the Monster Men to be over with. One arc ruining three different titles at once. Yikes. Always remember I'm looking for work. I hope he gets a job soon. So do I. I mean, always remember Batgirl used to be good. And that <laughs> is the end of the mail section of this part. And we're going to go off to the Reggie section of the podcast. All you Reggie fans, here he comes. Uh, because we're going to talk about, you. we're going to be talking about a bunch of books, including the Dead Man book. And the I Death don't know. Man? I, I'm thinking about the, I think I might be positively optimistic about that book eric I, I don't know why i think that maybe i like that book right really no no we were i i get a little i get a little fired up about that book. i just don't understand why it exists i really don't but uh we'll go off with that uh right now hail girls hail mary what's up well Jerusalem's become a real drag. Everybody hates me. Uh-uh, not that guy over there. Who, him? They all say he's different. They say he's really weird. We don't care what people say. To us, he's always there. Really? All right, and it's time for my favorite, favorite, favorite part of the podcast. It's the Reggie section. The end? Yeah, it's yeah, Reggie time. Episode 100, Eric. <laughs> That's it. Uh, that is it. Uh, but Reggie yes, time will continue to 105. It's Reggie time. That's uh, Actually, we have to announce that it's going to now be called Reggie time, the podcast. All right. Uh, but yeah, we get to talk to Reggie, and why I like talking to Reggie is nothing to do with you, Reggie. Nothing at all, if that's your real name. Uh, what I really like is that you seem to get all the good books lately. Yeah, Every yeah. time I do the picks of the week, I, I even put today, when I put that up on the site, either you are just a nice guy, or you have good books. And I said, you know what, it's a little column A, column B. A little bit. Uh, I was giving you a little benefit, a little more from column B. But, uh, Sometimes it's what I uh, it depends what book I read first because if it really puts me in a good mood, it can give good scores to everything. But if it puts me in a bad, you're not mood, allowed then to say that. That that's what I tell you. That's behind the curtain. No, I, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you as well. And that's what's great about having our own site because we can do what the fuck we want, right? We that's just right. put it out there. But yeah, these books that you have are three main ones we're going to talk about. I actually like two of the three. Uh, so I do think, even though at one point you told me that you got the dregs of the the rebirth, it seemed you you seem to be like the bottom of the barrel books. They actually uh -huh. turned out to be pretty decent. Some uh, of them have turned out, yeah. They, they, this uh, especially this first one's really turning around for me. I think it's yeah. uh, Aquaman number eight, written by Dan Abnett, art by Scott Eaton, Wayne Foucher, and Gabe Altayeb. While Black Manta's rampaging kaiju carves a path of destruction through Atlantis. Mara's over at finishing school learning the proper methods for discreetly farting. Uh, one should carry a fish in one's handkerchief so any flatulent bubbles can be explained away. Remember, should a lady need to poot, 
she uses her pet leg as a chute. Anyway, it turns <laughs> out the giant kaiju is actually Shaggy Man, which is incredible. Shaggy! Shaggy Man. Yeah, it's funny, Shaggy. too, you say that. It is It is an odd thing. I never thought about that in Atlantis. It would be very tough to hide a fart. You'd have all those bubbles. <laughs> and they have evolved past tough. that. Everybody I don't know. poops, everybody But the farts. problem is now, is now that I'm looking at this book, I think everybody's farting. You, every yeah, panel, like you see farting. bubbles all over the it's place. Everybody's farting. farting. That's, yeah, I, that's what it is. It's, all it's that become food. a fact of life. It has. I don't think they care anymore. But yeah, at the beginning of the issue, you continue that whole thing that Mara has to prove her uh, worthiness, since she's from Zebel, uh, worthy to marry Aquaman. And it seems like she's got to be a nun. She's heading to the convent. And uh, <laughs> that's I thought what it, for it, some reason with this combat, though, I swear she's going to do something fucked up. And these fuck nuns or whatever they are, the widows of what so-and-so are going to walk her through the streets of Atlantis naked yelling shame the whole time. Yeah, I, I don't I I just I don't like them at all and they get on my nerves. So I hope that she actually just shames them and, and gets the hell out of here. But yeah, so I does Aquaman Shaggy though. Man kills them all. Aquaman yeah, wants out. Uh, Aquaman finds out that, you know, she's going to be gone for months it seems in this in this convent and he yeah. definitely does not want that and it even leads That's to too later. Big, Jim. It's too big. When he, when he, it leads to later where it even seems that Aquaman, because he's got to be, you know, he doesn't have his woman, uh, to nail, that he's even a little stronger at the moment. It's like almost like, like a sporting event that if you like don't do it the night before. Women weaken the legs. It yeah. is. That's what happens. But yeah. Well, you this can't is... jerk off before the big game, right? That's, uh, right. blow your ride. No, nobody ever told me that. They should have, on the way, <laughs> on the bus. I have a, a coat on my lap. It's like, hey guys, let's go. But yeah, in the meantime, we all know that that this big behemoth is heading there. Obviously, we don't know at this point who it is or really no. what they're up to because it ends up being a twist. It's at a big the ass end. mud golem at first. Yeah, it looks like a mud golem, and the uh, the drift and uh, Aquaman head out to go attack it. And there's there's a lot of basically fighting this whole issue and i do like yeah. the art it got a little confusing to me at one point I, I don't know about you guys but some of the attacks and things got a little confusing i'm really well the whole there thing's... are a lot of spreads and yeah. you know the way we get the comics we don't get the spreads you know you have, yeah. you have to pick it to its side so sometimes yeah. you can be a little confused but, it does uh, get a little confused. the only real confusion i had is at one point aquaman like hits the goddamn shaggy man with his trident and i hey, swore we didn't know it's shaggy broke. man yet that, that's spoilers <laughs> even though reggie mentioned it <laughs> even though i said but, it yeah. in the blurb shaggy even you said it in the blurb but uh yeah but the art the art in general i did like um I like really lot. this yeah, is a, a this this is a quick read uh you get yeah. a lot of there's a lot of uh, battle talk, but it was more of, like, who they want to have there. You, you know what I mean? Like, who should be there fighting, who's helping yeah, it, in the it was a little, It was a little down in the beginning for me because we start out, you know, with the, just, like, the politics of, like, oh, we're going to have to, like, Mara's off doing so-and-so, which we have to mm -hmm. see. And then when they go to fight the behemoth or Shaggy Man, um, yes. it's all like, King, you shouldn't be here. I'll be here where I want. Uh, freaking Tula, you shouldn't be here. I'll That's be what I'm here. saying. There's a like, lot of this on, of guys. who should be involved, and I, I just Atlantis I is don't, gonna fall. I don't know if shit. it's I don't know if it's one of those where they're doing this just to nail in to you who is you know with him and and not i think that's against what it was him. i think it was just like oh by the way in case you didn't know this is tula this is yeah, Merck, yeah. this is look you guys gotta hang back because if we all die Merck's in charge and nobody yeah, wants and, that 
And yeah, Merck, basically. he's a disaster who yells Neptune's balls. At one point, so that was great. my my favorite line of the whole the comic. Uh, I, it made Neptune's me laugh. Neptune's yeah, balls! Really, they're just fighting this behemoth, and he just keeps fighting back. In the meantime, Mara is, Mara's in the convent, and... She just she doesn't want any parts of it. She but thinks this honestly, fucking ridiculous. The whole part where we get back to her in the convent or whatever the fuck it is, it is just these terrible nun people shaming the shit out of like, oh, look at you, yeah. pretty girl. I, I know what the king wants with you. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, at one yeah. point they even say that Aquaman's thinking with his cock. Uh, yeah, but yeah she doesn't want any parts bitches, of it. Man, that's all there is to it. And the problem is, is her saying yeah, like, say I that. don't want any parts of this. All it does is lead into what they think anyway that she's a dirty zebel, zebellion. <laughs> And they don't want any parts I of her. So these, I hate this sex so goddamn much. Man, I think you're supposed, I mean, obviously, you're supposed to look life. at him. The fucking one lady looks like Judy Dench, for Christ's looks, sake. Looks like Judy Dench with a Maleficent's outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy looking. <laughs> but yeah, she wants to She wants to get the fuck out. But then they tell her if, if she leaves, there is no wedding. Uh, I would guess. Who the fuck are you, lady? Jesus that's Christ. That's what they said. Girl. They already so told much. her. It's up to her. They said yeah. that if Aquaman's going to go by the traditions of Atlantis, they could not have a wedding. And Aquaman, you know has Aquaman let... let's go live on the surface. Let's be yeah. happy and yeah, they might as well. Aquaman doesn't give a shit. You, know, yeah, that, you, you... know that when push comes to shove, he's going to be like, ah, oh, no, I love her. Fuck tradition. Yeah. Fuck well, all you Well, no, what, and, what uh, I say is definitely going to happen. She's just, Mara's just going to go out and save them from fucking Shaggy Man. And then they're going to say, oh, I guess our... our traditions aren't right and zebel you know you're okay or whatever because she's gonna have to go out and help aquaman uh in the meantime this whole thing is going on they reveal it is shaggy man shaggy. Uh, it is it was funny when they yell it too because uh like aquaman <laughs> yells it out he's all excited it seems he's like oh my god yep. it's shaggy man it's and, just uh, shaggy man yeah and Shaggy. then they realize they realize that he's Shaggy. not even he's not even going to Atlantis. Atlantis just happens to be in the way. He's just walking a straight path. And Who knew that Amnesty Bay was a straight path to Atlantis? I'm I know telling you, if anything, you, you you just have a. I mean, really, what's a straight path? I can make a straight path from here to wherever. It just is where yeah. you start and where you're headed. It's not like it it had to be through there. It's just the way it he was walking. And they're just heading. If you start walking towards Texas, you're technically walking towards Timbuktu, but you're not going to yeah, make it. You know, that's what I'm like saying. <laughs> I, I could walk here and I could say I'm heading to New York, and I could end up in fucking you know. Some other fucking place, but yeah. Two blocks, two blocks east. Yeah, I'd only get two blocks from here, and I'd get too tired. I'd I'd be (laughs) sitting there uh, on the the fucking, what's it called, on the stoop like Eric waiting for his fucking dad. Oh. But yeah, it ends with uh, them realizing he's he's heading (laughs) off to Amnesty Bay uh, after Aquaman punches him in the fucking face. But yeah, it's the Shaggy Man heading off, and it's crazy. I I know it, it was funny to see Shaggy Man. And I know Eric. He was telling me even because I didn't even know the full deal of the New Fifty Two version of the Shaggy Man. That he this is. Oh, you want to know about Shaggy been, Man? Yeah, Shaggy I'm Man. saying if people people might know, a lot of people who Jack. listen to our podcast did not read any of the New Fifty Two. They probably have no idea about Shaggy Man. So well, lay it I have, on. I have good news for you. Uh, Shaggy Man first appeared in Justice League of America, 1945. Uh, what is this? The treadmill out of nowhere. <laughs> written by Gardner Fox and drawn by Mike Sikowski. He was created oh. by Dr. Andrew Zagarian, who created a plast alloy from which he could grow synthetic organs for transplant. 
Shaggy Man is created when Dr. Zagarian splices some of his own with a salamander DNA, effectively making an unkillable regenerating monster. Later, Lex would create another Shaggy Man for the Injustice League. Still later, Simon Stagg would create another Shaggy Man by transferring the brain of his mongoloid assistant Java into the plast alloy. Java. And in the new 52, he was created by Professor Ivo and was a member of the Secret Society of Supervillains. The weird thing about that, though, is that this the Shaggy Man that was in the Secret Society during Forever Evil, he was an android. So I don't know if this is the actual Shaggy Man, because like, this is a regenerating Shaggy Man, like his classic feel. No, yeah, I would just say that this is a legacy deal, though. I, I would even say that this is more of uh Yeah, but like he was more one. like an actual like metal android. He's like, like all the fur was burned right off. Here. And like so this one like actually regenerates. I think this is more of the classic feel, and I don't know if it's the one that we saw during Forever Evil. We'll see. I don't know, yeah. but I'm very happy to see him because I do find Shaggy Man to be a deliciously ridiculous enemy. Oh, I love Shaggy Man. Uh, <laughs> Did was, you just say he's deliciously ridiculous? It, re- it really kicked us into, like, overdrive. You know, I was enjoying this whole issue, and as just to compare this with, like, some of the earlier issues that I wasn't enjoying, you know, the difference between yeah. this and, and Aquaman and Mara just, like, throwing tanks around is this was a fight that escalated. It yeah. got it got worse and worse, and now he's, now he's bashing down the city, you know, the walls. Now Aquaman's got to save a kid or whatever. Uh, yeah. The other one, it was just like throw a tank, throw a throw a you know whatever. Yeah, it was just like uh, grab whatever's fight. near and and just throw for no other reason but to continue this fight because it needs to continue for a couple pages. Exactly. I actually yeah, liked it, it like a, you said, it escalates and then you end up finding out he's not even there for Atlantis, and I I thought yeah, that was it, pretty cool. It, I thought it was a really it was a cool ending, which is why I th- I had to give this. And the art has never been a problem for me with this book. No, I, I, no, I, like, I like the art a lot. I like uh, the fact too that it's just a throwaway line with one of the Atlanteans, like. Didn't it take the whole Justice League to take down Shaggy Man? Yeah, that was pretty cool. I also it shows you the uh, direness of the situation. I remember when when I tweeted uh, the the review of yours, Reggie, and then you retweeted like your thing. Hey, check it out and wait till you see this character at the end. Holy, I'm like, oh my god, I gotta see who it is. Shaggy Man. (laughs) Like really? That, that's what he's all excited about—the fucking Shaggy yeah, what you think Man. It would be, you know, of course, it yeah. had to be the Shaggy Man or some Doom Patrol thing, right? Yeah, well, really. Funny Actually, Jim that actually does make complete work. sense. Jim came into work. He's like, "Oh, there's some secret character there." I'm yeah. like, "Who?" I'm like, "Ocean Master." Really? No, I have no idea. Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna see what it is." Shaggy Man. Like Jesus Christ, but yeah, actually, Shaggy. now that I say that and I, I'm saying it out loud to you, it makes complete sense that you would be Gaga over fucking. I Shaggy saw Man. something weird as hell, and I was like, yes, yeah, <laughs> and it is, it, it is actually pretty cool to have it that that weird uh, character. Uh, I don't know how Black Mana and and the Nemo got a hold of him, but. Uh, I don't know. I guess that's not. Well, Apparently, he's just been chilling in the bottom of the ocean, and maybe uh, yeah. Professor Ivo gave him codes to activate it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Even, I don't think we'll ever find out exactly that background of how that came about. I, I just think he's there. He's here. Next he's issue, queer. He's in your story. face. Uh, but yeah, what did you give it, Reggie? You gave it an eight point five out of ten. Oh, I would give it a seven point five. I think it. it you know, th- there was a lot of. Uh, a lot of a continuing fight. Now, you said it does escalate, but it is a lot of just fighting. And the Mara yeah. stuff is a little down, though. I, I did think it was funny. I, I thought it was funnier than what Eric thought. I thought the whole thing Maybe about you know, Aquaman I, I, and I, thinking I with his cock. Yeah. And I, I thought, thought it was, it was okay. I thought it was funny stuff. And the fact yeah. that they were such 
unbelievable bitchy prunes, you know what I mean? Well, it was almost why. like taken out of a movie or something. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. They made them look so much like that. At first, I thought maybe we're going to get, like, Sister Act 3, uh, but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> we didn't, and I didn't oh. mind what we did get, but what would you Back do? Back to the habit again. Back to the habit once again. Uh, yeah. I'd give it a 7.5 out of 10 yeah. as well. Like, uh, I like the art enough, and I like the reveal of Shaggy Man, but just the whole, hell, look, what are you doing here? I'm going to fight. What are you doing here? I'm going to fight. It got on my nerves, and I hated that goddamn sect of nuns or widows. Uh, but yeah. overall, it's not a bad issue. They're widows. They're pissed. They don't want anybody that fun now. Nobody yeah, likes I'll tell you what I did like in that, in that, that first panel. In that first panel, when you see the Tower of the Widows, and it's like floating or like, it's on one spindle. You know what I'm talking about? On the, on the I'm looking page. at. It. I'm going to look at it now. Yeah. Let me see. You're saying like that you were cool. very impressed by that, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, that it's is cool. pretty cool. That That's is cool. pretty cool. I like it. But yeah, we're going to move on to the next book of yours, Reggie, uh, which I liked as well. Whoa, that's a surprise because yes. often you don't. But this week you did. It was Harley Quinn number five, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, art by John Timms and Alex Sinclair. Coney Island is really the pits. You've got zombie outbreaks and alien invasions, roller derby girls and gang members hanging out on Surf Avenue, and now there's a gang of knights in shining armor robbing mail trucks at eight in the morning. A hot tip from the chief of police informs Harley that these criminals are really a punk rock band masquerading as knights. So she does what any normal person would do and forms a band of her own to scope them out. Yes, yes. I didn't yes. pick up on the 8 a.m. the first time. Why the hell is it still dark out? Right. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's December. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what day. If, if you say like, so. It's a little cloudy. I don't know if it's like dark, dark. It, it, it looks yeah, like a little overcast. Just about to rise. It looks like an overcast day. All right, I, I'll I, go with it. The only thing that I thought was weird about this this whole issue was the fact that this punk band has to be knights at first to do like it made no sense to me. Knights are like, metal. What the hell goes? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it, obviously. I know whenever I think of punk, I think of Knights of the Round Table. Knights, yeah, I think of knights and, and a little uh, freaking Evil Dead or whatever. Uh, they they have a little, uh, what's it called? Uh, What's your freaking with uh, Bruce Campbell co- uh, quote? I, I Army can't of Darkness. Talk now. Army of Darkness. Yeah, there's boom even stick. a little. They got a bit of a yeah, boom the Freaking can't talk. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it starts off and there's these knights and they're going to rob a guy who's delivering mail. And a mail they, truck. They're going to kill him and uh, that's how it starts. Tell us, Reggie. Tell us more about it. That, that's, why you know, never, that's why you never mail money. No. It's important. It's important to say they're not there to kill him at all. They, I, I don't think actually. They, it kind of happens by accident. They shoot out his tire. He smashes into a lamp post. I think in the end that these are not going to be super malicious guys, but little assholes. With you know, their gun lance. Exactly with gun lances, and they get their expert horse riders. One of them is like a senator's son, and that's why the chief of police can't prosecute, and why yes. he wants to send Harley Quinn in undercover. I like uh, that idea. Which I thought I, I think was it's cute. I mean, it's it's obviously. Totally ridiculous, and, but, but it's sort of that, almost like a local. That does lead, and that does thing. lead from even way back in the New Fifty Two, where they had the other mayor and all that craziness yeah. that hardly dealt with. And then that guy even said at that point he was going to take over, and if he did, he would help Harley out, and she's going to help him out. And so that yeah. was a bit of a callback. They made that this I did deal like. like six, five or six issues ago during the yeah. Red Tool. Uh, yep. So yeah, I mean this this is totally uh, like everything else in this book. Nothing is wasted. It's all carryover. Like, if you've been reading, you're going to be rewarded with this, I guess. And it was kind of cool. I like that scene. It was kind of silly and, and uh, you know, driving around. And then he lets her 
take the car. He's like, take her wherever she wants Man. to go. So they go on a pizza tour of New York. Yep. Yeah, they're going on a pizza tour. The- taking a big dump. And and really, I like that because that no, proves my point. Is, taking a big dump. And that proves my point. It looks like she has just eaten those pies and she's already going to the bathroom. I, that's what I say. When I go and eat something, I, I got to go to the bathroom right away. And everybody yells that the digestion shouldn't be that quick. I'm, I'm telling you, right out it goes yeah. for me. I was giving Harley the thumbs up. Are a straight line for some reason. I was giving yeah, there's like, no, there there's no question that your colon is in huge, huge trouble. In fact, I yes, was thinking, I mean, you, you haven't been to the doctor in a while, right? No, I mean that's, that's the only I thing. There. I think that's the only thing keeping you alive is ignorance, basically. I mean, that can't, a, I can't think of anything else. I go, I yeah, go exactly. by the whole thing that until you, until you find out something's wrong, nothing's wrong. Exactly. And the minute yeah. I go to the doctor, he tells me that I have an explosive colon or a perforated this or that, then I'm in trouble. I, I don't want I that to happen. The best well, news he could give you would be, oh, well, you have 10 minutes to live. And you'd say, oh, well, then I'm, I made it. You know, that's good. I didn't, I didn't I have to worry about it for too Burger long. King. Yeah, <laughs> I could still go to the drive-thru. Uh, but yeah, Actually, you I think go with you, Eric, it would be like a horror movie where they would be like, but Eric, you died 10 years ago to this Ooh, day. Dun, dun, on a dun, night crazy. just like that. You'd probably be cool with it, too. You'd Tell like, him Large hey, Marge right. sent you, Doc. <laughs> You're Large Marge now. Of course oh, I yes. am. And okay. it's funny because uh, Harley finds out, like you said, that this these bunch of punks, these guys are the actually punks. Set. They're a punk band who also goes around as knights, but she is going to try to infiltrate purple them or try satin. to find out. And yeah, she says, at, what a name. Yeah, <laughs> at the beginning, she wants to just be a groupie. Oh, I'll be a groupie. I'll do this. Uh, but I guess it was Bernie who tell, like says, you know, no, yeah. that's not good. And she goes, oh, I get it. Now you want me to start a band. And, no, no. Don't want that. But yeah, she's going to go. I really like the idea of her starting a band to infiltrate this other band. It's it's a really goofy yeah. scenario that I enjoy. It's so goofy. Yeah. And I like it because right away, I you know Big Tony. You know he's on guitar. Of uh, course. Guy, oh, my gosh. Uh, yes. I, I got he's... that. I love that Egg is on drums in a four-arm oh, yeah. gorilla suit. Yeah, I like him <laughs> with the gorilla <laughs> suit. so goddamn much. And then it leads to her wanting to find a bass player. And nobody knows a bit. Nobody, none of the gang of Harleys, which you do get the gang of Harleys there. They're working out. And nobody plays an they're instrument. They're all useless. And, you know, and you get the skin flute fucking joke thrown. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> only, but, uh, hey, Harlem then, Quinn can sing. Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't want another singer. Backup. And I do like singer. that, too. And she's like, I could be a backup singer. No, no, no. Not in a punk band. I did like mm. that. And then Big Tony does know a bass player. And the bass player happens to be Red Tool. Now, do you think this is going to end up when they actually do play that the chronic arm is going to go nuts on him playing bass as well? Do you I, think oh, that'll yeah. lead in? I really expected him to start masturbating when he went. Well, he after was going this to. It, it was, was crazy, trying though. It like was trying. I, I really thought the whole this time. was funny as hell. It was so. It was so silly. You know what I mean? And. uh there, I feel like it could have been done a lot stupider, but it was just the right amount of well, stupid. Here's the thing uh, to I me. really felt. Do you but, agree with me that every issue that we get Red Tool, it, he's getting better? Like yeah, now I he's agree. at a point where I could even see a, another book with just him. Now it'd be totally ridiculous, but they're yeah. actually the way that Palmiotti and Connor are writing him now is really good like he is actually a fleshed out character that now i really really enjoy at the beginning he was just kind of goofy fun 
I really yeah. like him now. Uh, I, I, yes, I had a great time. See him him. Again. I expected he was going to come and go because yeah. I thought it was like Deadpool, you know, a Deadpool ripoff. But yeah, he, yeah, I agree he with is. You. He's getting better and better. There's more to him. And like, yeah. you're actually beginning to sympathize with him, especially, you yes. know, being a chronic masturbator. The myself. chronic masturbator. But even that, like, even the fact that before he was just so, like, now when he attacks, I'm looking to see what tools he uses. Oh, yeah, and, and so he's, you know, throwing fucking, you know, screwdrivers Salt, at people and yeah. all that. Salt, so like, it's so good. He really is great. Yeah, and his, his dialogue now, it's like almost like they've settled into this character and can really do him well. And the, why I told you that I liked the this issue, which you said was a surprise. <laughs> Uh, I really like Red Tool, and I love the idea of the band. So really, and really, this is one of those Harley issues where you get a really uh, focused story. Like it's it, it's ridiculous, it's yeah. nonsense, but it's really but focused it's of what they're telling. It's not just yeah. all the fuck all over. Like there is no part where they go into a fucking catacomb with a bunch of fucking shoes. Like For everything, no yeah, everything. <laughs> like you said, the whole series is good with it, within its own continuity. But this issue really is pretty sharp in going from one scene to the next, and everything making sense and leading to what you're getting to at the end. And so I really did like it. And Red Tool is awesome. I love him. Well, I'm and, telling you, I love the Red Tool bit, even though I don't understand what this lady was exactly doing with her manservants. Not really, no, just, I don't really She understand. was just doing <laughs> bad like, shit. She, I'm telling you, she has her high heel in the one guy's ear while she has the other guy in a headlock. I'm like, I don't know if this is foreplay or not, or if I've been doing it wrong all these years, but mm-hmm. I had no idea. The rest of the Red Tool, though, I loved it. I loved his dialogue. I love his dialogue balloons. I just like seeing him work. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah, like when he goes I, and he, I mean, he's I, looking at the I'm lady sorry. and he wants to know why his his right arm is spasming. Exactly. Yeah, I, I expected him <laughs> to stop right there and pull his pants down and start jerking off. He had yeah. no idea what's going on. Even when he looks hey, at the guys through. running away and their ass cheeks, I thought it was going to go a little well, he, bit. He, to goes, he cuts there. the top off that lady so he can see her tits. I'm like, all right, yeah, he's yeah. done now. He's going to start masturbating. Yep. He I pulled think that he might Zorro have, but she, she ended up pulling out a gunner. He might have done it. And, uh, yeah, it's I really liked it, but yeah, from there that Harley just shows up in a helicopter, and even Red Tool's like, "You got a helicopter just to ask me if I play bass?" Yeah, and that's and and just <laughs> like, Harley saying, yeah. "Yeah," yeah, and just her saying like, "Yep," and it makes sense then, and Good then. Enough. She goes, and then you get a whole thing where she's getting her haircut. She gets a Wendy yeah, Williams I'm you, uh, freaking I look. I really dig her in this haircut. Yeah. I actually like the sideburn look of the so you know, the sides. Really, it's so good because that lets it keep that Harley look of the red and blue as well. And yeah, she comes out. She's ready to go. She plus, freaking her. Plus her she can uh, go with the Hasidic temple. So that's yeah, good. really. And uh, she has a <laughs> towel around her. The towel comes off, and everybody. It's just good. And I love egg. He's yeah, just, he's like he's just sitting there with this crazy grin on. And I'm telling you, when she says, "Really, I'm butt naked and not a single yeah. comment," Red Tool's like, "Er, uh, I love Brazil." I'm like, "Perfect yeah. line." Yeah, it's awesome. Oy, oy. And him with the mask pulled up is so good. I just <laughs> Tony's there looking, and yeah, they're uh, they're gonna ha- get the they. Oh, then you go and you see this punk band, and that's how it really ends. You you Purple get to see satin. them, and they're just I don't know, they're just a piece of shit punk band. Uh, yeah. It looks well, like they, um, they get a pizza delivery order. Then, then the the one female component of it for the uh, who his name is Jello for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wants to torture the guy. We don't really know what what happens after that. But it turns out that they did steal from that mail truck a yep. package 
uh, that was going to Harley Quinn, and it's obviously from the Joker. It's a, it looks like Joker. a bar of soap carved into a... Yep, it's a bar a, of soap. He carved a heart. A heart that J says J Hart H. J Hart H. Also, at the one point, that one girl has a <laughs> copy of Batman v Superman that she's looking That's at right. when the guy shows it's up. That's right. It's so weird, too. It's, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, then, it's like Photoshopped in or something. Yeah, it's so it's weird. It's funny, man. too. I... I, I just I just blew up the picture to like with a magnifier because I actually up until you guys said that I thought it was J is less than H. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a little heart in between. Yes, that is a heart, you blind motherfucker. Uh, I also like that the the pizza delivery guy comes and they're like, hey, you want some of this? You know, we could barter. And he's like, I want that chick there. And it turns into the most generic porno movie for a second when she oh, asks yeah. the guy if one of those pies got Italian sausage on it. I have but seen yeah. this movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's good, though. And I enjoyed it. But, yeah, we're going to go. And I guess the next uh, issue will be them. at. Hey, the hey what about our scores? Uh, well, I'm just saying at the at I'm just talking about the next issue oh. that I think the next oh, issue right, will be them at the gig. And, uh, you yeah. know, we'll have that now, sort of fun. You even you get a little peek Harley of that at the be, beginning. Do you expect Harley and her band to be any good? Yeah, because they I said think they were going to take the next day to practice. Band. But. <laughs> they're a fucking punk band. What that you saw the beginning? They're ta- they're singing a song about goddamn pizza. That's a song for me. Yeah, yeah. That it is funny. Like you have that. We didn't even say it. Uh, it's so out of the blue that first page where you see them as the punk band singing and and all. But uh, I liked it. Uh, what did you give it, Reggie? I gave it a, a six point five out of ten. You know, I was really glad to see John Timms back in the book. Uh, yeah. You know, they always have good artists, but. I think this is one of the best guys that draws Harley out of all their little, their stable yeah. of Harley artists. So I would love to see him on here. You gave it a six point five. Oh, sorry, I gave it an eight point five. I'm gonna say, say I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, I was I'm looking like, at this. Doesn't one, make sorry. any goddamn sense. But yeah, I, I'd give it an eight. I give it an eight out of ten. I Harley is one of those books we say it all the time. If you like Harley, you're always gonna like it. Uh, I like this issue, and I think that I'm going to like this three-part. I think it is a three-part arc, right? The three-issue yep, yep. arc, and I think it got off to a good deal. And I like when that when Palmiani and Connor really do sit down and focus on telling a story like that original uh, Harley Power Girl. And I, yep. I hope that this continues like that. What would you give it, Aaron? I give it an eight out of ten as well. Yeah, Donnie, yeah. I, I usually get sick of Harley just because of over the top nonsense, but now that we actually have a set storyline yeah. that I actually find fun, I'm all about it. And the art looks great. Yeah, it does. Nice. Uh, this, this is probably like I don't know. I I can't think of the rest, but this is probably my favorite Harley issue yet of uh, I Rebirth. Actually, it's probably my favorite oh, in well, Rebirth. Sure, Even yeah. if my scores don't add up to that, I think this yeah. is easily my favorite. And you know what? I'm going eight five. I, I did really like it. I did I Whoa. did like it a lot, and I think that I'm going to enjoy it, uh, the next two issues. But this last book that we're going to talk in depth with Reggie This about, was your favorite of the week, right? This is the one you liked I, the best. I, when I heard about yeah. this Thank book. Thank God I, this is a Reggie book. When I heard about this book, I don't think this is an anybody book. But when I heard about <laughs> it, I thought it was odd. And then I paged through it. Uh, I forget what we were recording that I think it was last week because we got this. Stuff it was early, last week, yeah. And I was paging through it and saying, "Oh my God, wait, do you?" And Reggie, you were yelling at me like, "Oh, you might as well review it now." I'm like, yeah. "I'm not reviewing this." And uh, now that I read it, I think when I got done, I I did message both you and Reggie, Eric. I said that I want my fucking twenty minutes back because yeah. it, it was it was tough. But uh, what is it, Reggie? That could have been 20 minutes you spent masturbating. That could have been 20 minutes. I, I got another burp. You guys burp. don't do it at the same time? That's, <laughs> I, well, that's true. <laughs> what is it, Reggie? 
It's a Dead Man Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love, book one. Really? Written by Sarah Even before you go on, just that name should tell you (laughs) to stay clear. Uh, Really, this is... It's forbidden. It should be forbidden. Forbidden Forbid me from reading it again. Some of these books that we we have to read and review that I'm telling you, I got so upset at that Legends of Tomorrow, that fucking piece of crap, fucking anthology book. And, and... Even then, I'm like, why are they doing this? They, uh, I don't understand who greenlit this book. The Dark Mansion. Go on, Reggie. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to shake my head. All Go right. On. It's written by Sarah Vaughn, art by Lad Medina. Berenice has a problem. She can see ghosts. She was able to mitigate this problem until her dashing boyfriend inherited Glencourt Manor from his uncle. Now she's seeing ghosts all the time. <laughs> oh and one God. of those ghosts is Dead Man, though you wouldn't know it from his character. Some moody, inconsistent artwork, and a lot of the protagonist's backstory don't amount to a lot in this first issue, but perhaps it will bear out in the conclusion. Really? And no, the I, number I, one worst thing about this Berenice? book... Berenice? Berenice, that's Berenice? her name. No, it's Berenice, my friend. Really? It is that's Berenice. a name. Yeah, Berenice. Berenice has no E in that middle. Uh, people get fancy with their spellings. Fancy. Look up Berenice. It's just more Berenice nonsense. Abbott. It's nonsense. Ber- Berenice Abbott was a famous uh, WPA photographer, so go check that out. Now I want my 30 seconds back. Now here's what's a, You'd never hear us in the middle of another fucking book talking about a famous photographer. Because there's nothing about this book that interests me one bit. Jesus well, let me tell you Christ. the number one worst thing about this book, hands down, the thing that sucks without any equivocation, is that when Berenice narrates in her captions, yeah. they're fucking white. Type oh my on god, t-shirt. it is so yeah. hard to fucking that, read. Who fucking greenlit that shit? These this editor should be the same devoted. person who greenlit this book. It's that, I mean, I mean, didn't they look at this and say, Well, I can't read a fucking thing. Let's change I, that. I like, squinted to read I, this the entire time, like more than normal though. It's so bad. I just look. I can actually the, see it. I'm like the editors like, the editor's actually our favorite editor. It's Alex Antone. It's our oh, favorite man. guy. I think he, he was shoved into go. this. He was made to do this. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, you say that is the worst part. No. To me, the worst part is you have a book, and there are dead men, dead man fans. Reggie, <laughs> you are one of them, I'm, correct? I'm one of them. I'm you sure. are a dead man fan. Where's dead man in this book? Where is he? About. He's, He's flying it. about. Like a, a, I don't know what. He's stuck in this house. He's trying to get out, but really, we're not going to concentrate on, on dead men. The next six months, we're all stuck in this house, man. Yeah, really. (laughs) And really, if that's the way they, they went about it, that they want you to also feel trapped. Boy, I felt trapped. I felt trapped in all fucking 50 pages (laughs) that I was reading. And, and it made me laugh because you have this gothic look as well. It's like this, almost like a watercolor type painted. Yeah. Uh, book and then dead man comes with that fucking goofy ass costume i know that you <laughs> like that costume it just does not fit what's going on here and every Did time i saw him, him it made me, snappy for this it made book? me giggle every time i saw him i'm like look at this guy and yeah you get this ber- berenice 
I'm not who, calling uh, that. She sees dead people, and and really, there is nothing at all interesting about this book to me. Uh, some people no. seem to like it. I'm, I can't wait to see the sales numbers of this fucking book. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, the art is not – the art, I don't think, is awful. It's okay. I think it's uneven. I think there's, yeah, there are some uneven. panels that are not great, and then there's no, some panels No, some of them actually look good. unfinished to yeah. me, but it's, it's some okay. Some of them do look a little sloppy. You know what it is? It's, the art is it's not moody. the problem with this book. No, yeah, that, the, which the, is good. it's – yeah, it's a moody art. It's good. Um, I am not a gothic fantasy fan, a, a gothic romance guy. You know, the 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 closest I get to that is I my mom watched Dark Shadows, and I might have yeah. seen that. You know, for a some second. Some Collins on there. But this isn't even like I I don't know because if I was a fan of gothic romance, I think I'd still be disappointed because you don't even get that. This book does nothing. It, it is no. fifty pages of nothingness. And I don't even know what the hell was going on half that. Well, I did know. I know what was going on, but I, I don't know that I cared. I, I found myself confused at times about what exactly was going on. Because I, we start out with Bernice talking about how she is she sees dead people, everybody. But, like, yes. we have this darkness coming in. And, like, it seems like this has been something that she's been avoiding since they moved in, her and her boyfriend. Yes. But yep. then we find out that she this is the first day that she has seen anything. And that's why dead man showed up, because he had a premonition of somebody in trouble. Yeah, he yeah, he, he saw the lady screaming. in the yeah. yeah the lady in the the fucking painting, the painting was screaming. Yeah. So showed up and uh, I I don't know I I will say that I don't think that the dialogue was bad I don't think Sarah Vaughn did a horrible job writing it's just uninteresting to me uh, if this I'll is your what thing is. I, what's that I'll tell you I'll tell you I'll tell you what my thought of it after this was that. There is since Dead Man does not act anything like Dead Man and doesn't do yeah. Dead Man he things. He doesn't do anything. There's, there's no reason this couldn't have just been a horror novel. Yeah. Like why is why is this a comic book? Comic yeah, book would take a lot of time to produce. Just yes. fucking write a scary story. Yeah. And it might have been all fine, it seemed but, to be. And yeah, so, so I'm reading it and I'm getting ready for the podcast with our you know we're talking our comics and all. And really, I was like, I, it, why is Dead Man even in this story? It, it doesn't because even seem Nathan like Because Nathan gets headaches. It's so funny because it shouldn't <laughs> be called Dead Man, the Night of the Forbidden Truths or whatever the fuck it's yeah. called. <laughs> it, it should be called Berenice, you know, uh, Visions of a Dead Man. There you go. It, this is Very hardly good. a Dead Man Shit, that's book. That's a pretty good title. You like that? Yeah. It's hardly like a Dead that. Man book, and I, I'm getting it's, angry about it. It's not that I'm angry about the actual issue, or it's just that it, it was a waste of my time. Well, it we, really we had was. A lot, we had a lot of setup to get us to this whole Dead Man trapped in a haunted house, yeah. and this whole darkness is coming in because we have, was it Sam is her friend in town? Yeah, Sam. Mm -hmm. Okay, oh, Sam. Sammy. Sam is an antique dealer, and we we jump into this book with Bernice and Bernice. Sam driving but driving back from an antique show where uh, Bernice bought an antique bowl. Actually, it's not even an antique. It's just something that is, resembles an antique bowl that her yeah. grandmother used to have. Yeah. But we have all this set up about this. Then her boyfriend, Nathan, shows up. He's having headaches again, which seems to be a thing. But even though there hasn't been any disturbances in the house. So in the end, I don't know if we're supposed to believe that there is actually mold in the house causing his headaches. Or if there's know. a long line of stuff because – this house was left it's to ghosts. him when his uncle died, and I'm guessing that the ghost in the painting, this woman from 100 years ago, must be some kind of relative, but there's a lot of shit thrown at us that is not dead man. 
Yeah, and well, yeah. at one point though, when Deadman actually gets into the story with Berenice, it, then it turns into ghost adventures. They're heading up to the attic. <laughs> I was waiting for them to get the fucking Xbox out and fucking map it out the <laughs> shit like you love with that set guy. Eric. I do love it, that so much. I know you do, and it's with the Connect, right? They have the Connect yeah. there. And you they, know what? I'm missing it right now. I'm gonna get off while you guys finish the seven. Go watch. Even that. then, <laughs> you have like all of a sudden you get a background of Berenice, and yes, she appears to be a lesbian and then you find out that sam is a transgendered uh person who likes to consider themselves a they they don't like the any uh, proper pronouns or I, I don't know and some reason because of that it seems that uh dead man cannot possess sam and i don't know yeah. do you think maybe sam there's something else also going on maybe he's not well, even alive ghosts i don't can't know possess transgendered people I, that's, that's what it seemed entire... to me that's the entire thing. If if any of that bears something in the next issue or is somewhat important and is a plot point, then maybe it's worthwhile. But if it's just like, hey, this person is transgendered and that's why we have to use pronouns, then I can't see the fucking point. There was no I, point I'm, in this book. I'm you know, guessing the, that Sam, this issue, but we'll I think see. Sam is some sort of multifaceted demon and that's why he can't possess him and that's why he uses the they. And he's doing something. He took that fucking. He is a legion. That, he he took that goddamn uh, bowl for some the reason. Broken bowl. And I think there's something with that. I think that he is up to no good. I I just think that. That's so just, all transgendered people are evil. That's what I'm getting out of no, you. No, right? is that what you're just saying? Most. Yeah. Just most. Just most. Not the <laughs> ones that me and Eric look at on the cams. They're they're <laughs> fine. Hey, I love okay. Brazil. Yes, you <laughs> do love Brazil. But uh, it's weird, too, because Sam just seems to be a friend that Bernice has made during her, you know, couple months in this town since her boyfriend inherited this house. But at one point, you know, her boyfriend excuses himself because he's working on a book. They plan on leaving this house as soon as he's done this book, which yeah. leaves Sam and Bernice together. And I swore that Sam was like, like going in to make a move on her. Yeah, it, was it did very look odd, like that at but, one point. Like, but it also, the dialogue oh. didn't connect to that, though. Yeah, it did look like that. that. And also, like, I think that we're going to get all these uh things dead man's trapped in the house uh her boyfriend so much going on her in this boyfriend is kind of quote-unquote trapped with a writer's block she's trapped in a life that she to get everybody's trapped you know freaking poor people. sam's trapped in a body that isn't his and and this and that and the other thing and i was trapped reading it and i want to get out i want to get out of this but uh i'm okay, glad that you love. have to it, it just it, it's weird it just it's not like it's awful i'm not yelling because it's awful it's just i don't understand why this book exists i'm I'm complaining a bit but i expected to go in hating this book just because of the title and i actually was reading it and i'm like how much longer is this book and i'm i was actually on page 42 i'm like oh it's only a couple pages left and and actually i will say that uh it is not wordy to the point where it was actually a uh oversized issue that read pretty quick yeah Uh, there's big panels that well, it's because there's the whole thing has very big panels. There's there's not a lot of panels per page, and I thought it was a quick enough thing, and that's why I said Sarah Vaughn does not write uh, bad dialogue. The dialogue's good, and really, Eric, you proved that she does good with characters because you explained exactly the characters and what they were up to and why they were here and whatnot. It's just at the end of the day, I just don't understand. Who I'm saying, it, will it's, be it's wanting an issue to read this. one? We have a lot of setup, and there better be some kind yeah. of payoff because we we had a lot of shit thrown at us this first book one. 
I think there's only one more too. That's it, right? Is it? I thought I it was a six know. issue mini. Yeah, I, I think thought it was supposed that... to. It was originally supposed to be a four issue mini, but then okay. they just compressed and then them they into did the two. chapters into the uh, okay. prestige that. format. We'll have to see. I know that it, it yeah. caused trouble the way it got uh, on the comic book roundup, Reggie, because you went with the book one. Oh, <laughs> uh, I fucked. I, all yeah. I did was follow what they wrote, but I, I will know. be good next time. I, I have no idea. I, I was saying to Eric at work, and I, I messaged you. I'm like, oh, you have to put number one. You're like, oh, thanks for telling me. Now I'm yelling to, to Eric. I didn't fucking know. I'm just telling him <laughs> what I think. But yeah, uh, what did you give it, Reggie? I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. And if the next issue sucks, then I want to go back and re record this part and give it a lower score. Yeah, I, I here's the thing. I yell and scream. I'm saying how it was a waste of my time or whatnot. I can't give it a fuck you five though, because nah. what it's supposed to be, I guess it's fine. The writing is good. If you want a very low key, uh, I don't, I can't even call it a horror comic, but a low key kind of gothic mystery, mystery type thing. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, uh, like a, like a, yeah, a, a scary a gothic a ghost mystery. mystery or yeah, something. like almost yeah. like you said, like a scary story that might, you know, then you submitted you might for like your this. approval by the Midnight but, Society. I give you the, Dead Man. Uh, yes, and here's the thing: I am not a huge Dead Man fan, and so I wasn't yeah. even going into this like with high hopes. Oh, right, we're gonna get Dead Man. He really is not an important part of the story. It's all about Berenice. He just happens to be stuck, and it's a way to to get the supernatural stuff going, and for him to be able to see things. Uh, but yeah, if you are a Dead Man fan and get this book, I think that you're going to be fucking furious. But I'd give it a I six. Agree. I'd give it a six out of ten. I'm not a huge Dead Man fan, but like I said, I I read through it and I thought it was actually rather quick for the size of the book. Yeah. Um, I I found myself a bit intrigued for all my complaining just because of all the setup that we got, and I, I'm hoping that I remember for the next issue if that is the final issue. Yeah. I kind of look forward to it just a little bit just to get the answers because it's not a bad first book. Like if the setup pay off, a setup pays off, I think I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. <sighs> You are Whoa. nonsense. I, I'm telling I'm telling we didn't even Some talk of these the issues end. tonight that you're giving less of a score than this, it doesn't jive. I, 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 I found I, myself interested at the end of this. At the, really, like I said, but the, really, the, the mysteries that in this are, I, I don't even know what half of them are. And I don't think that half of them are supposed to be that big of mysteries, like about Sam and stuff like that, or the boyfriend. Really, we're only going to get another two chapters. I was going to go 6.5, but talking about it, I, I had to go up to a 7. Like, as we, even when we end this book, we actually find out that the ghost in the painting is this, uh, the woman who was originally drew Dead Man to this house. And she seems to be trapped here as well. I'm interested to see where that goes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm What's going on? But, yeah, uh, we're going to move on to Reggie talking about a couple other things that we're not going to talk about in uh, in detail. Uh, but uh, you wanted to talk a little bit about the Flintstones, didn't you, Reggie? Oh, really? Oh, I, I actually closed my blurb, so. Uh, uh, you closed your blurb. You were, you were demanding. Pretty you. Quickly. you were demanding to me. That you talk yeah. about a little Flintstones, and I because I, I did I not was, read it, I didn't I read it. I was definitely you... demanding. Yes, yeah. Um, so. I'll give you, I'll give you the blurb. It's a beautiful blurb, and this, and it's part of the reason I wanted to mention it because this is definitely the best issue of Flintstones so far, is everybody. It? So, uh, Flintstones number four, written by Mark Russell, art by Steve Pugh and Chris Chuckery. Finally, those Bedrockians have something right. Marriage is unnatural and cruel. Fred and Wilma weather the abuse heaped upon them by their elders and attend a couple's retreat where they learn the foundations of a happy marriage are patriarchy and bigotry. 
Meanwhile, the appliances consider staging a revolt. And hey, Dino's there. And I gave yeah. this a 7.8 out of 10, which is 0.3 points higher than the last three issues. So Really? I, I yeah. did page through it, and I did see Dino at the end when they uh, come back from the retreat, and Dino looks like he's all excited, but he wants to see Pebbles. I, he has I shit all come. over the carpets. Now, well, no, and, I'll, and the I'll thing that I really... I'll say what I say on every issue is that if, if this is never going to get somebody that never heard of the Flintstones interested. But if you like the Flintstones, well, here's some more. Flintstones, yeah. Here, yeah, uh, and enjoy. I will say that it, it kind of made me laugh because Dino is pretty much spot on. The look of Dino. Uh, I know, they, yeah, they, but everything else looks different. That's what I'm saying, and I like that. I like that they made Dino just the cartoon Dino, and they didn't try to make him freaking you know anything realistic or whatever. But yeah, I did like it. And also that came out this week was the uh, uh, Future Quest, the other Hanna-Barbera. We're not talking anything about that. We had made nope, a yeah. pact of no Hanna-Barbera anymore. I don't even read them anymore. Uh, yeah, I had I such a bad anymore, deal. I had such I a think, bad deal with that wacky race. I think the rule man. is no reviewee, no blurby. Yes, yeah. yes. So. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we're going to move on, though, with uh, Reggie and Chris talking about Shade the Changing Girl. Uh, that was Chris actually reviewed it on the site, correct? Correct. Oh, yes. Yes, and he seemed yep. to like it enough. Uh, and then after that, we're going to head to the Cosmic Treadmill. And what are you going to be talking about in this one? Ray? We're doing Swamp Thing number 61 from, I forget, 1986, something like that. I, I hope that there is an impersonation of Swamp Thing talking. Is is that? Can you give me a little bit of it right now? I can, well, I, <laughs> <laughs> it, you it, son of a bitch. It fucked up your voice. I don't want you to fuck S- up your voice again. But yeah, Swamp well, Thing talks. Is that it? Sounds like Betty Davis. That's what it sounds like to me. (laughs) But yeah, so we're going to go off to Reggie and Chris talking some Shade, the Changing Girl, and then some Swamp Thing. Once in every lifetime comes a love like this. Oh, I need you. segment of the weird science dc comics.com podcast looks like this imprint's ramping up and what do we have for him this week chris well we're gonna help launch the second uh, title of the imprint this is shade the changing girl number one uh, written by cecil castellucci with art by molly zarcone and kelly fitzpatrick uh, created by steve ditko the concept of shade and uh, we got here we got megan boya she's not a nice girl loma is not a nice bird-faced, quote, pelly-looking thing. Uh, one's dying of boredom, the other's just dying. After swiping Rackshade's M-Vest, the M's for madness, Loma is able to flee to the great blue that is Earth and hop into the body of our brain-dead, uh, heroine, maybe? <laughs> Megan's body is now back in business, an occurrence which is being met with a rather mixed re- response, and Loma finds herself on the run from the Metan authorities who want their swanky vest back. That pretty much sums it up, right? I think so. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm not very good at the blurbs here, so. <laughs> no, well, also, this also you couldn't pick a uh, more difficult issue to encapsulate because sort of things happening in this issue are a little metaphysical, you know, and I think they're somewhat subject to interpretation or at least to later clarification. 
Yeah, and there's a lot of swirly pink lines and stuff in here. Yeah, I I thought you know again, and we said I said this about Doom Patrol. The art was great. I thought it fit this yeah. kind of psych the psychedelic scenes looked uh, on point. The coloring, you know, being so bright was uh, really great. But yeah, personally speaking, this suffers. If I had any you know negative thing to say about it. Uh, this suffers from the same kind of thing as Doom Patrol, where you really have to come into this with a lot of prior knowledge of Shade, I think, to get the most out of it. Yeah, I'm hoping that they fill that in as we go on, but I'm not sure that they. I'm not sure what the mandate for this imprint is. I don't know if it's going to be for seasoned readers and new readers both, or if they're going to play the game a little bit closer to you don't need to know things, but still putting things from the past in there. I, I, I would, I'm I really hope, not sure. I would hope it's the latter, and especially, you know, changing the the gender of Shade kind of speaks to that, hopefully. But hmm. I'm also very hopeful for this imprint and these weird books, because that's one of my things. But I definitely felt the, the lack of knowledge on this one much more than Doom Patrol, because... Doom Patrol, yeah. I've read all of them. Shade, I really only know the, the some of the 90s. That was uh, Milligan, right? Did the 90s? The Pete Milligan and uh, Chris Pachalo, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't even know. All, I, I probably read, I don't know, probably 10 of those, something like that. And uh, I remember liking them, thinking they were weird, but uh, never no, they really were, followed uh, it was a, through. It was a good series until about halfway through when you could tell that uh, Milligan would rather have been anywhere but oh, yeah. on the book still. <laughs> it, uh, there was a very sharp decline in... Uh, I don't want to say quality, but maybe passion. Like it just—it seemed a lot more well thought out in the beginning and real tight. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it was just kind of okay. This is a book I got to put out. But uh, even then, uh, Shade changed bodies a bunch. I mean, Shade was a woman for a, for a long for a long portion of that uh, oh, Vertigo right. run. Yeah. And then he changed from like the mod poet to just a mod, and then to a woman. Uh, who I, if I'm not mistaken, was in a relationship with another woman during that. But uh, real, real, uh, real fun series for the most part uh, until you get to the end. And uh, hopefully, this uh, I, I'm hopeful we'll actually see Rack Shade show up since he was name dropped and it, uh, his vest was like, stolen. Yeah, it seems like they can't stop naming him. So I feel like it's going to have yeah. a lot of connectivity to that series. Uh, yeah. But I, I have no intention of going back, nor nor the time to go back and read that series now. <laughs> So we'll we'll find out. I mean, I'm hoping this is something that new readers can, you know, it's obvious. It's just like Doom Patrol, the next couple of issues will tell us whether the first issue was good. <laughs> That's it. That's it, exactly it. That kind it. of a situation. <laughs> yeah, when I when I wrote the uh, the review for the site, I like I I had to read it a couple of times. I I didn't like it the first time, and then I started to kind of like it, and then I I think I kind of graded it on a curve of the potential rather than the content. Yeah. Well, because I, uh, I could we could see this thing going really well, or we can see it kind of not. I, I think that's fair. You know, uh, you know, I'm usually I'm usually that way on first and last issues. You know, you have to when you're yeah. doing a first, you're looking at its potential, and when you're doing the last, you're looking at the cumulative thing. That yeah. Did it did this work? Not as just a singular issue, but kind of as a capstone to the series. So, we are hopeful. What what score did you give it, Chris? I gave it an eight out of ten, and I think I'll uh, I'll stick with that. I think I would have given it an eight out of ten. Also, a very a very positive. Uh, face towards the sun type of eight though you know like definitely hopeful yeah. looking forward to the next issue see we we'll see if we learn some more about this uh, mysterious madness and you know this meta world and stuff so Certainly. I'd say that we give that a positive score go check it out sure. if you're weird like us 
Uh, and if you're <laughs> listening to this podcast, you probably are. And I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. You got anything else? No, I think uh, we have our next one will be, which one is it, Cave Carson? Cave Carson, which I think actually comes out next week. I, th- I think very soon this is going to become every week. Uh, yeah, in November. Def- definitely by November. That's when Mother Panic comes out. So mm-hmm. uh, Cave Carson, uh, I'm doing the site review, but we'll talk about that. Actually, no, I'm wrong. Next week is Doom Patrol. Uh, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, then after that, I think is Cave Carson. Then we get a week off. Then November starts, and then it'll be every, every week. Then it'll, it'll be, be a young, a, a young animal. Weeks. Yeah. So Very that, good. that'd be cool. We'll see how it goes. I, there's a preview to Cave Carson in the back of Shaved, which I thought was somewhat intriguing. I dug it. Uh, it was interesting. I don't know if you. I don't know if you hmm. looked at that, Chris, but uh, I did not. The art is like very. Um, much more cartoonish. I mean, like J- Gendy Tartakovsky, like Samurai Jack, almost level cartoonish. And it's, it's weird because this whole imprint feels like something of uh, Oni around the turn of the century. Oni comics. Yeah. Just, just from the art, it's like it is that kind of realistic, but kind of cartoony. But there is a big disparity between the titles as well, where uh, one is certainly more than the other. Definitely, yeah. This, uh, and also, you know, these different scenes that they have. Uh, you know, depending on what they're showing, especially in Shade, where it's like it's a psychedelic world, it looks one way, and then when it's her, yeah, in regular world, it looks another way. Uh, I mean, it's it's top notch visually so far, so I have no complaints. But I'm looking forward oh. to all, all this wacky stuff. Hopefully, this will usher in <laughs> a new age of Haney, but uh, it probably won't, and we're probably better off for it. But it's, <laughs> until next time, keep it young, my animals. <laughs> See ya. To Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, where we go back to the past and read some DC comics from their yesteryear of publishing. You can hear us every week on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. And this week we have one of my very favorite issues. Chris kind of gave this to me as a gimme, I think. It's uh, Swamp Thing number 61, cover dated June 1987, All Flesh is Grass. Written by Alan Moore, art by Rick Veitch, and Alfredo. Alcala, color by Tatiana Wood, lettered by John Costanza, edited by Karen Berger, cover price is $1, and this is from an idea by Stephen Bassett, who actually did do the, uh, I think he did do the cover, right? It's like The cover, like, yeah. Looks like that's his signature right there. Um, as we usually do, we're going to tell you, give you a little background info on these, the folks that contributed to and the characters in this comic book. Starting with Alan Moore, a name you might have heard out there in the wild. Born November 18th, 1953 in Northampton, England, and he still does enjoy life. Uh, Grew up in an Mm -hmm. impoverished area of blue-collar Northampton called the Burroughs. He was a voracious reader. He did well enough in primary school to attend the more middle-class Northern Grammar School, which goes from ages 11 to 18. I had to say that because grammar school here in the old U.S. of A, that's for the little kiddies. Yeah, Yeah, that's elementary. he got kicked out of there for dealing LSD. Uh, didn't really go back to school, so he wrote poems and stories for literary zines throughout the 1960s, eventually having his own zine titled Embryo. 
and after drifting around for a while in 1973, he began dating and then married Northampton-born Phyllis Dixon. He got a crummy office job working for the gas council. And that was the end of Alan Mortna. Uh, <laughs> after that, he decided there's got to be a better way. Uh, he'd already actually, he, didn't want the gold, he didn't want the gold watch. No, exactly. He decided that you know maybe 60 years of that was not worth a uh, gold watch and a you know, pacemaker. A pat on the ass. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, he'd already done a couple of comic strips in uh, independent uh, zines and stuff. They were written and drawn by Moore, and uh, it's all in the alternative press. But his first paid work was in a a comic in NME Music Magazine. I used to see that as a kid. I I remember that when I was really young. Mm -hmm. Um, That was on October 21, 1978. That was an illustration of Elvis Costello. Uh, He did a couple of strips for Sounds Magazine throughout the rest of the 1970s. He submitted an unsolicited script for Judge Dredd to the magazine 2000 AD uh, to their editor, Alan Grant. Judge Dredd was already being written at the time by John Wagner, unfortunately, so they weren't actually looking for any writers. But Grant recognized Moore's talent and asked him to do some work for Tharg's Future Shocks, which uh, at that time was, I believe, brand new. Uh, that was yeah. a, a series of showcase strips that ran in 2000 AD as kind of a testing ground for new talent. Over the years, he did a lot of work for uh, 2000 AD, as well as for Marvel UK and Warrior. Uh, Warrior is where we got uh, V for Vendetta, where that first ran in serial form. Uh, Marvel Man, which we might know today as Miracle Man. And the Bo Jeffries Saga. You ever read the uh, Bo Jeffries Saga there? I have not. I've read a lot of old, weird, more stuff like that. Dr. Quinch and, and Squirm or whatever. The yeah, yeah, his it. old strip. I've heard about that. <laughs> yeah, but I've never I've never even seen the Bo Jeffrey saga. Yeah, no, whatever, um, people don't talk about the Bo Jeffrey saga. I'd be interested <laughs> to see what the heck this is. Uh, his work for Marvel UK was pretty good, though. He did a lot of that Captain Britain stuff. That's right. That was which was thing, uh, yeah. Yeah, which was a real, real good run on that book and even features a uh, tombstone of uh, Marvel Man. Whoa. So kind of Kind of putting him in that universe a few years early. Whoa, that's like rap album level prophetic, you know? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, anyway, after this, DC editor Len Wein saw his 2000 AD work and in 1983 hired him to write Swamp Thing. And oh, how he wrote Swamp Thing. Now we also have our, is it Rick Veach we're saying? Veach? I say Veach, but I don't Veitch. know. Veach. Yeah. I will say Veitch for the uh, for the sake of uh, similarity. Okay. Uh, he was born uh, May seventh, nineteen fifty one, in in Below Falls, Vermont. He was a fourth of six children in a large Catholic family. Uh, he made his published debut in uh, with a, in a book called Two Fisted Zombies in nineteen seventy two, which was published by Last Gasp, which was uh, written by Rick's brother Tom Veitch. <laughs> Got to be the same as his brother, right? I would. Whatever I, I it would is. think so. Yeah, maybe maybe it's a uh, split. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I wonder. Maybe they don't agree on the pronunciation. Possibly. <laughs> uh, now, uh, depressed and drifting, uh, Rick solicited grants from the state of Vermont to attend the Joe Kubert School. Uh, he was part of the first graduating class in 1978, along with uh, future collaborators and artists on Swamp Thing. Uh, before him, uh, Stephen Bissett and uh, John Toddleman. Uh, he did two fantasy stories for Epic Illustrated and a six-issue miniseries called The One, which is an insane look at the Cold War, commercialism, spiritualism, and satire. Uh, He would start drawing Saga of the Swamp Thing at issue number 37. This was June of 1985, and it was the introduction of John Constantine. Uh, You know, do you you pronounce it Constantine or Constantine? I pronounce it Constantine, which apparently is incorrect. Yeah, because every British guy here says Constantine. 
But, but uh, there's even something in also. Hellblazer that where he he does say definitively it's Constantine. But hmm, sorry, <laughs> I was born. It's like a, yeah. <laughs> same here. That's like when uh, people don't know if it's Magneto or Magneto. But uh, it's yeah. always Magneto. Uh, <laughs> he would also draw the. Uh, speaking of a uh, Warrior magazine, he drew the Marvel Man slash Miracle Man by Alan Moore and did the uh, infamous graphic. Uh, birth scene there's a, a book that came out with it actually came with a a parental warning on it because it was uh, such a graphic scene and and it was a very graphic oh yeah uh, childbirth scene uh he would begin drawing swamp thing with regularity at issue 50 which is july 1986 and i just want to say if you ever i don't know if you ever heard of this series the one if you find it out there there, there, there was years ago there was a black and white trade that does not do its service because it's a great color crazy book about the cold war and very eighties. So if you ever see copies of that out there, give them a look. They can't be too much money. So who is swamp thing? Can we really know swamp thing? That's the question. Well, he first appeared in the house of secrets 92. That was July, 1971. Uh, That's a horror anthology book. And the story was swamp thing by Len Wein and Bernie Wrightson. Uh, The story (laughs) behind that is that botanist and bioengineer, well, actually, this came later. I don't know why I said that. That was just his first appearance, but when he got his Mm. series, uh, which was written by Len Wein and mostly drawn by Bernie Wrightson, we learned that botanist and bioengineer Alec Holland and his wife Linda were working at a lab, which was really just a shack in the Louisiana bayou. A bomb goes off in the laboratory, later attributed to the Sunderland Corp, that kills Linda and sends Alec running into the swamp his entire body ablaze. Initially, it's believed that he somehow turned into the Swamp Thing and sought a cure to return his humanity. But later, with Alan Moore's The Anatomy Lesson, that was issue number 21, February 1984, drawn by Steve Bissett, we learn that Swamp Thing is no longer Alec Holland, but plants infected by his bio-restorative formula, and that ate Alex's corpse and assumed the best approximation to his form. So he lost his humanity, but he got, he gained a bunch of god level powers, and that that's the second issue Alan Moore wrote. Uh, yeah. actually, we discussed that before. Uh, we what, did. What the heck was that for? That oh, was that, for, was, uh, uh, DC that was for DC yeah. in the eighties. That's right. So we actually did discuss this issue uh, long ago now uh, on a totally hmm. different show. <laughs> but uh, this pretty rich. I'd say this issue fairly well kicks off Alan Moore's run and sets the tone for everything that follows. Yeah, the one before was kind of a house cleaning. So yeah, this was the the big the big launch. This was the one, and it it won some sort of awards and stuff at the time, internal DC awards. Um, so just to set the stage a little bit, what has come before this issue, uh, number sixty one, the Sun- the Sunderland Corp- Corporation. Let me say that again: the Sunderland Corporation, who have a major hard on for Swamp Thing, detained his girlfriend Abigail Arcane in Gotham while she was traveling. Uh, that was on obscenity laws due to her having sex with a plant god. Swamp Thing <laughs> takes Gotham City hostage by turning it into a jungle in order to get Abigail back, but behind the scenes, Sunderland contracted Lex Luthor to come up with a way to defeat Swamp Thing. And he comes up with some kind of vibrational algorithm that they fire a bullet into Swamp Thing's head, and that sort of separates him from the green, and he can no longer... Uh, contact the Earth's green. He gets sent off into space. Yes. And that brings us to Saga of the Swamp Thing, number 61. Uh, this cover, it's a, 
I don't know if it's a famous cover, but it's one you won't forget if you see it. Um, no. It's got it's got Swamp Thing's face screaming. It's a it's a real real close up on his face, but his eyes are replaced with mouths, screaming mouths. So he's got uh, a lot of mouths on his face. It's almost a, uh, it's almost like a Hellblazer type of thing. I mean, not a, a Hell a Hellraiser yeah. type of thing. I'm thinking, yeah. you know, like uh, one of these scary guys from the Hell dimension. And on on his uh, the index finger of his right hand, uh, which is held up to his mouth, he's wearing a Green Lantern ring. Yeah, he's got no respect for protocol, you know, right index <laughs> finger, right hand, that's not where it belongs, you know, but I guess if you're a plant, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, he, I guess his middle finger was just a little bit too thick. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, we're going to welcome ourselves to planet J586. There's a world of sentient plant beings that live in what they call the uh, the Banyam complex, uh, which is a lot of trees interwoven to create like a it's like kind of like indoor. It's like a little apartments in a tree. Yeah. Um, and this may have been more uh, alluding to the Banyan with an N, not an M which is the national tree of India, which uh, bears figs of the same name. And they're kind of viney looking and, and sort of similar, like in, you know, Endor, the Ewok village. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, it's, it seems to be a communal living where spaces are reserved for specific reasons rather than the residents, who, uh, incidentally, they are all plant people, uh, <laughs> which uh, we figure we, we, we want to make that uh, perfectly clear. These are all plant people. Yeah, it's going to come up uh, later. Yes. <laughs> Now, we're going to meet some of the residents of the Banyam Complex. Uh, we're going to meet Pink-Hued Sherlu, who is a flesh artist. That's right. And that is what it sounds like. If you thought it was a tattoo artist, you were wrong. It's a person that makes art using flesh. Yeah, there's, uh, like, fish that are, like, grafted together by the mouth. There's uh, dyed meats. It's it's pretty gross. Yeah, it's pretty gross stuff. But I guess that's that's how they are, the plants. Yeah, well, they have, they've they've got no respect for uh, for humanity. Uh, uh, we got Dizma and Lockless, who are lovers that are intending to get married in front of a uh, a priest of O, and I think O is the god of this uh, of this it's, world. Act. It seems that way, but it sounds a little bit dirty to me. I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, when I, hear, when I hear the O, I'm just like, hmm, is that talking about your O face? I don't know what that's about. That's that's a good way to get married, I suppose. I that's a good test, I guess. Yeah, and uh, we also got Imrel, who's a yam-looking uh, priest of O, who's uh, having a crisis of faith at the time. Hey, so is my wife. Hey, <laughs> and, uh, he's a uh, he's in such a such a uh, crisis state that he is uh, determined to throw himself off a balcony in the Banyam complex and kill himself. Um, meanwhile, over in the cave of death metal. We meet a Green Lantern by the name of Medphil, and he's mourning over his mentor, uh, uh, another character called Jothra, who is uh, lying there dead. And, uh, you know, these are plant people. We want to make sure you all know that. Medphil is also having a bit of a crisis with Jothra, because he respects him so much, and and he's gone. Um, He also references the fact that the Guardians have abandoned Oa. This is all coming out of uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. And the core is kind of just there. I mean, there's only really Hal Guy and uh, Hal Guy and John yeah. are like the, the whole thing now. Um, now he recites the Green Lantern oath to charge his ring, and it's a different Green Lantern oath than we are accustomed to. <laughs> and I'm going to give it my best here. Let's see here, in forest dark or glade be ferned, no blade of grass shall go unturned. Let those who have the daylight spurned 
Tread not where this green lantern, green lamp has burned. I almost got through that. Yeah, you're close enough. <laughs> sure. And uh, he cries. Oh. Back at the Banyum complex, things are getting weird. Swamp thinks Essence has landed and it's making all these intelligent plants go crazy. Uh, Lockless starts growing extra branches uncontrollably before Dismas eyes. Or eye, actually, because they all these yes. creatures are do have one eye. That's also something to note. Uh, Sherlock tries to run, but notices one of her legs is overgrown and entangled someone behind her. Um, the plant people of J586 are sort of growing together. Imrel thinks to himself, where is your god now? In so many words, he really just sort <laughs> of, you know, more looks at it in horror, but I like to think that's what he was thinking. Yeah. Uh, so then there's the uh, pretty well-known splash page. It's a title page of a giant crazy swamp thing made of like all these interlaced plant people, sort of a giant made of people uh, mm. or humanoid figures. You know, I, I got to say, I kind of wish the execution was a little better on this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the coloring could have been better. I think maybe it could have been a little, but it's you, know, you get the idea and it's pretty, pretty crazy looking as far as it uh, a giant swamp thing made of smaller swamp things can be so sure. the people that constitute swamp thing are freaking out and in turn freaking him out with their chatter they're also sort of sharing a hive mind and living in each other's like uh brains or something on the next page we see the vantage point of some of those subsumed by the swamp things arrival uh which is this page is laid out sort of to resemble swamp things face it's sort of hard to describe but um yeah, there's no other way to put it. It's it's the, the layout of this page, the background images sort of come together to simulate his face. Yeah, and uh, it's sort of in a dream world of allegories and confusion, especially for the reader. Uh, yeah. Lockless and Dismas see themselves embraced and then dwindling to nothingness, and read into it that their pairing is no longer fated. That maybe they shouldn't get married by the priest of O. Imrel's besieged by the faithful who believe in him more than he believes himself, and there's a mountain there for some reason. Mm. And Sherlock regards a piece of artwork that is attributed to her, but which she finds ugly. And still others, they find this new collective uncon this new collective consciousness very liberating. Yeah, and the uh, the giant swamp thing he smashes through the Banyum complex. People scatter before him. Uh, there, though someone does mention earlier that the complex can repair itself. Uh, it's the people right now that are in peril. Uh, things have grown chilly between Dismas and Lockless uh, within Swamp Thing's body. Got a bit of narration here. The the horror drew back lips made of small boys, bad teeth that made tiny fists. Fifty mad faces stared unblinkingly from behind each eyelid. Yeah, yeah. just the idea that it kind of makes me sick, and I love it. It's yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say it's 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 almost like lyrical. It's yeah. It's, but just the idea of an eye made of people is like freaking me out. <laughs> He is quite the wordsmith, that yeah. animal. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sherlock fa faces her own loneliness in a gallery of nicely framed blank canvases. So there's no more artwork there. Uh, Imrel has uh, joined hands with many panic people, forming an O. Mm. Uh, finally, Medfil shows up. Some people are glad, and others are skeptical. And uh, now we get a little bit inside of Medfil's head here. He considers his options. He figures he could blast through Swamp Thing with a ring blast, perhaps. I guess. <laughs> that would uh, that would put the but that would put the people that comprise the Swamp Thing body in jeopardy right now. Uh, he could also make uh, giant shackles to bind the Swamp Thing and then crush the people underneath with the, with underneath the shackles. Uh, he could stun the Swamp Thing, shattering the giant and sending everyone toppling to the ground. 
now he's totally he's he can't come up with a, a, a consistent thought here because he's lost without his mentor Jothra. And uh, as people see him not doing anything, they start to lose their faith in him. And uh, he remembers uh, Jothra's advice to engage the mind of his foes rather than the physical form. I want to point out that by this time, Hal Jordan would have already punched a swamp thing with a giant boxing glove and killed hundreds and not and, not, and just kept going. So. Yeah, and he would have denied any responsibility. Yeah, he would have said he was taken over by Parallax. Sorry, I had a, I had a dose of Parallax, so I punched a bunch of plant people into the stratosphere. But hey, I, I got the job done. He, he's spraying he's spraying fake snow onto his temples. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's white. Yeah. Uh, now, Medfield scans Swamp Thing with his ring and elicits a couple of crazy psychedelic circles, uh, which is comic book shorthand for vibrational sequence, I suppose. And uh, each is unique to a different planet or element. Yeah, we actually see are... this throughout the uh, this time that Swamp Thing's. He's sort of going from planet to planet in space, hmm. and each planet he sort of picks up another circle like another essence yeah, yeah. so that, that this has sort of been a, a storytelling device throughout the whole this part of the run so it's, arc, yeah. yeah and uh the, the people are people the plant people below are all ooh ah <laughs> uh, they like the colors the crazy colors here uh swamp thing is dazzled by his own light show and while he stands agape uh, medfield picks the giant apart person by person using his ring to take them all to safety uh, now, back in the real world, Dizma and Lockless turn away from one another, and they part. They each know that uh, the other. They each know the other too intimately. Uh, Emerald stands smiling, sworn by happy children, now convinced of the existence of O. Not according to my wife. <laughs> I just had to get another one in. <laughs> <laughs> Sherlock uh, now craves acceptance and friendship. And is determined to end it if she is spurned. This is that artist, the meat artist. Yeah. Uh, Medfield catches Swamp Thing's trippy vibrational essence in a jaw. Yeah, just uh, take our word for that. I, yeah. It's hard to explain, but basically, this thing is lined up in a, a tube, you know, like a glass tube. So, mm-hmm. back at the Death Metal Cave, and I want to say the reason they call it the Death Metal Cave, it, it looks like possibly a down spaceship or. Some sort of a laboratory is going to play there, right? Possibly. You know, that's a, <laughs> that's the death metal cave. This is the, oh, yes. this is the death metal cave. But one thing they they happens early on in the book, uh, is when uh, Lockless and Dismar are together, is that the room asks them if they were comfortable. So they're always communicating with their mm. Banyum complex, but in the death metal sure. cave, uh, the walls don't talk to you. So uh, that's why, and it's also made of metal. That's why they call it that. So Medfield speaks to Swamp Thing, and Swamp Thing explains that he's going around the universe looking for a cure to whatever is keeping him from reattaching to Earth. He didn't mean to cause trouble, didn't expect the plant of J586 to be sentient. Medfield says there are disciplines to modify vibrational biorhythms, and he could teach them to Swamp Thing, but it will take time. And they offer they also offer a spin class on Tuesdays and a hot yoga on Saturdays. Uh, that's, all, that's worth hanging out for. So mm-hmm. uh, Swamp Thing says he needs a body to inhabit if he's going to hang out on J586. And say, why don't you inhabit the body of Jothra, Medfield's dead mentor? And now we get uh, Swamp Thing's version of Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> and not creepy at all. So oh. Swamp Thing gets through his training rapidly while Medfield cherishes some more moments with his fallen friend Jothra. Although, I just want to point out, it ain't him, dude. Okay? Yeah. It's, it's Swamp Thing in your dead mentor's skin. Uh, that's what's happening here. 
uh, <laughs> on their last night, they have a little conversation. Yeah, Medfil says, you, you'll, you'll be leaving soon. Swamp Thing says, yes, I am confident of my ability to modify my wavelength. Assured that the Earth will once again accept me. I am anxious to return there. I cannot thank you enough for aiding me so when I have brought you only trouble. No, not trouble. You must not think that. You are too forgiving. I shall impose upon you no further. Goodbye, my friend. Wait! You have given me more than you can possibly know. You've given me a chance to come to terms with my grief. A chance to say goodbye to Jothra. Jothra's body slumps over into Medville. (laughs) Medville! While Swamp Thing takes off like some kind of green light. We get a bit of narration. Uh, from their separate windows, Dizma and Lockless watch the emerald shooting star ascend. Elsewhere, Sherlu wants to paint it to capture its loneliness. Emerald, pausing in mid-sermon, takes it for a sign. And in the Lizard Gardens, Great Medville, and the weeping is good. Uh, from J586, a bolt of Greek fire crackles into the void, going away, going home. Uh, then there's an epilogue that isn't relevant after we disclose the end of Moore's run, which we'll do right now. Swamp Thing makes it back to Earth and exacts delicious revenge on the main members of the Sunderland Corp. And he gets back with Abigail and grows a gigantic lily pad house in the bayou for them to share. And they live happily ever after, until Rick Veitch gets his hands on it. Yeah, let's, uh, we'll check in with Alan Moore post-Swamp Thing here, uh, briefly, because I'm sure we'll be covering him elsewhere. Um, Moore would uh, go on to write some seminal Green Lantern core stories, including uh, Mogo Doesn't Socialize, which appeared in Green Lantern number 188 in May 1985, with art by Dave Gibbons. Uh, Tigers, T-Y-G-E-R-S, in Tales of the Green Lantern Corps Annual number 2. That was 1986, drawn by Kevin O'Neill. And these two stories comprise much of what the basis uh, for today's Green Lantern continuity is. It's uh, it's very foundational, very seminal uh, stories. Yeah, well, uh, long after the fact, but... Certainly, and even play into the emotional spectrum a bit, if I'm not mistaken. Um, now, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow, he wrote, there was a two-parter in Superman number uh, 423 in Action Comics 583, and those were both September 1986 with art by Kurt Swan. It, uh, that's what pretty much wrapped up the uh, pre-crisis Superman continuity. Yeah, that was his goodbye. Um, yeah, that was his fond farewell. Um, he wrote uh, something, what was it, Watchmen? <laughs> I think that's what it was called, right. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Dave Gibbons, that was over 1985 and 86. The contract stipulated that the rights to the story and characters would would ultimately revert to Moore and Gibbons after it had been out of print for a while, which is fairly standard uh, publishing agreement. So what do you think DC did? They never let it go out of print. (laughs) uh, In fact, there's like 10 editions of it you can get right now. Yes. Now, uh, also, more disputed DC producing a replica of the comedian's badge, which is that famous smiley face with the little droplet of blood on it, and not forwarding profits. 
Uh, and he also claimed that he made uh, 2% of the sales on the graphic novel. And uh, this ended his time at DC Comics, sort of. Uh, but that's a story that we will cover another day. Yeah, well, that's uh, later 90s stuff. Yeah. Uh, Rich, Rick Veitch, post-Swamp Thing, he took over Swamp Thing writing duties after Moore left with issue 65. That was in October 1987. Uh, had a storyline that was meant to go to issue 91, but in issue 88, he planned to reveal that the very crucifix upon which Jesus Christ hung was infused with an avatar of the green. DC refused to run the story. Veitch walked and vowed never to work with DC Comics again until it was printed, which was a lie. Yeah. Uh, issue 88, uh, which came out in September 1989, is credited to Doug Wheeler as the writer. Uh, many were hopeful that we would eventually see this when DC announced Vertigo Resurrected, where the previously rejected Warren Ellis Hellblazer story shoot finally saw print, but we didn't. No. Um, and I've never, it's never seen print. I guess it's out there drawn somewhere. Yeah, I've seen the cover, but yes. that's all I've seen. I've seen that too. I've seen the cover, but I've never seen any interiors, but I would assume there's something. Maybe not. Maybe they never even went to the uh, penciler with it, and that was the end mm-hmm. of it. So uh, he went back to his independent roots post-TMNT fervor and created some black and white comics of his own. Then he worked with Alan Moore again on 1963 and Supreme, both by Image. Uh, he was hired on as a regular artist for Moore's America's Best Comics, which was an imprint of Wildstorm, which eventually got folded into DC. Yeah. Uh, and he did return to do some work for DC in the early 2000s, but at this point, he clearly writes his own ticket. I saw stuff like the you know Justice Society miniseries, and uh, I think he does whatever he wants to do. Yeah, whatever uh, tickles his fancy. And, you know, it sounds like he's got a long enough pedigree, so... Um, but to be honest, I don't think he's, he's not personally a great artist, but I think he gets the job done on a, on a book like this that has sort of a sure. creepy feel. But what's funny is that this arc of Swamp Thing, uh, is like science fiction. So Absolutely. It, it sort of pulls you out of that old Bernie Wrightson kind of, uh, you know, ghastly, ghastly angles, uh, kind of horror look that you see in comics. Yeah. Um, but anyway, now that I have ripped my throat up. With the Swamp Thing <laughs> voice. If anybody wants to talk about Swamp Thing, tell us what they think of this issue, this run, Alan Moore, anything, you can write to us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Uh, you can read our writings, uh, reviews, and whatever else every week on weirdsciencedccomics.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Reggie Reggie. I'm at Ace Comics. And uh, every week I tell you to, that you should check... Chris is on infiniteearths.blogspot.com every day where he reviews a new DC comic. And right now you are in the, uh, really the beginnings of the horror month, right? The Yeah, I think I started a little bit too early. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm trying to do a different horror book every day. Or a horror or Halloween themed book every day for October. And, That's right. Uh, you, so you did a bunch of Blackest Nights. Uh, yeah, and I, I saw that you. I saw that you did. Uh, you will believe in ghosts. One of my favorite. Yes. <laughs> one of my favorite long weird titles. So uh, <laughs> you definitely check it out. Always, always real entertaining. Great snapshots. Real funny. Real insightful stuff. And it ends it with a bunch of ads from the book. Mm-hmm. So it's the next best thing to reading the book. Sure. So and it's free. Uh, and it's free. So it's even better <laughs> in some cases than reading the book, especially depending on what book it is. <laughs> True. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he does those two folks. So make sure you go check out that website. And uh, I think that's all we got for him this week. Chris, you got anything else? I think that's it. Uh, just uh, keep the uh, keep the suggestions coming. 
yeah, we'll try to keep them straight. But uh, yeah, we are mm-hmm. getting through them. But we have we have some suggestions coming up, and uh, we welcome anything. Just remember, we do DC Comics from their yesteryear of publishing. Okay, DC Comics that are old. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, until next week, uh, thanks for listening, and keep it on the treadmill, florally. Mail section of the night. The Getting there, final baby. Final mail section of the night. I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I feel weird. I smoked too much tonight. My chest really? hurts. Really? Oh my god, you, it's bad. You didn't, you didn't stop smoking, did you? No. You didn't no. stop eating buffets, did you, fatty? Yeah, I did. Not during the podcast. I'm not eating buffets, though. At that break, <laughs> I did have another zebra cake. <laughs> and it, I actually had put it in the freezer, and I forgot about it. And I ate it. It's like a fucking ice cream cake going on there. Uh, yes, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you the buffet that we went to, uh, that you know about. They actually had as part of the buffet in the dessert section actually ice cream cake. Really? It was the greatest. Oh yeah. So I, I don't. I don't understand this. People in this area they drive an hour and a half away to Amish country just to have buffet. I'm like, why would you go that far out just to eat? I don't understand. It actually. Uh, it took us. 49 minutes, I think. We, we actually, were you speeding? You know, we're like, no. It doesn't take bad. that long if you go. And, I always thought it was like an hour and a half. I've uh, never been. We, we went at lunch, and I also go to that local supermarket buffet. This yeah. was actually cheaper than that. Really? It, 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 yeah. And I even I sent pictures to Reggie, and it's funny. I sent the same pictures to Reggie and Brandon. You weren't you were, you were dark at that point. I was dark, you didn't man. have internet, or I would have sent you. dark 30. It's funny, though. I send them to both of them, and I get back Reggie like, holy shit, what the fucking piece of shit food is that? Brandon's like, holy shit, that looks fucking awesome. <laughs> Reggie's like, yep. such a goddamn protection. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I sent him uh, the one plate that I said. Oh, my prime first rib. <laughs> it was. It was oh, really? prime rib. It was prime rib, and uh, I think food. I had prime rib corn, mashed potatoes, and something like something odd, but it was still something you know pretty good. And the plate itself, I'll have to send the picture to you or show you at work. Yeah. It, it was fucking good. And Reggie's like, "Oh, that looks like a colon fucking problem there." And uh, yeah. Ooh, I'm then sorry, Mr. Vegetarian Man. Yeah, they, they had a lot of. Uh, they have a lot of. Uh, Amish, not, not Amish, but Pennsylvania Dutch stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as well, they have like dried corn. That that's something that no like uh, horse food. What the fuck is that? No, no. It, it's actually it's it's dried, but then they reconstitute it, Eric. I it's very this, sweet. It's this sounds very like very sweet. No, like you would grits? like it. No, no, no. It's just it looks like corn. It's it hard. Looks to my explain. entire life, I've never. You have of this. to look it up. You just look up fucking dried corn, and it's right. it's a big Pennsylvania Dutch thing. It kind of Lots makes of it makes it look a little brownish. I, I don't know. Uh, it's very gross. sweet. It's one of Tanya's aunt's favorite things. She lives in Arizona now and can't get it. This looks uh, like corn in a goddamn jar. Yeah, I'm telling you. If you if you look up dried corn, I'm looking it up myself and uh, have it 
like on the plate if they show it on a plate i'm why wouldn't you now. want it wet yeah I'm, I'm trying to well that's what you it is wet that's these pictures aren't very good oh these are uh, nonsense wet yeah, dried yeah. corn fuck you yeah it's actually just it looks like a little bit of a uh yeah, none of these pictures do it anything. There, there's actually a dried sweet corn uh, thing. But this is horse look food. Up that. Look up dried sweet corn. This is some podcasting for you. Dried sweet. Oh, I put sweet corn. Sorry, you, you're putting up fall decorations is what you're eating. No, no. You, you would have to try it. Up oh, there is one. There's finally a picture that I see of it. There it is. The dry Good. sweet corn. Glad you found it. I just found some nasty looking fucking dry corn. Yeah, no, you'd have to have it. But it, it's a Pennsylvania Dutch thing that they have that. That's such a minor issue. But yeah, and then I'm sending like Reggie pictures of it certainly turning his nose up on everything. Fucking guy. How do you turn your nose up on ice cream sandwiches? I don't know. Yeah, no, freaking ice cream cake. What oh, fucking shit. buffet has an ice cream cake? I don't, I don't know what ice cream, uh, buffets stuff. have ice cream sandwiches. For, that for sounds just, amazing. I don't even like desserts, and I had a... Uh, you don't look it. Yeah, I had an apple turnip. <laughs> yeah, listen to you. <laughs> fucking talking. Fucking shit you eat. Fucking Anything? guy sits there. You fucking fart, and I think eight fucking things died in your ass. It's fucking the worst smell I've ever smelt in my goddamn life. Ah, uh, yes. This is that the was mail. breakfast sandwiches. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's the worst. You, your fucking farts. I, that fucking song. Uh, that uh, what's his name? Uh, did Dustin fucking Dustin talking about me farting? Holy crap! You tell me you don't have gas? Like sewage? Not like that. Yours is the worst. It actually, I could taste it. It's so fucking bad. And you're like, here, Eric, come back. I really want to taste this. Tell me, I want to figure out what. I'm like, I'm I'm a little hungry now. Let me get deep in there. Yeah, really. Let me get my nose in there. Mm. I'd like to. You you do it, and then you like jump around and like, huh, yeah, huh. And you're trying to tell me not to come near you, but the way you do it, it seems like you're fucking having a panic attack that I have to come help you. I come running over. <laughs> like, holy shit. What the fuck is going Yeah, you have a fit. Like, you want me over there. I, I'm you like, don't just fart and then and I say, walk away. Yeah, all you have to do is fart and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't come near here. No, you're going, whoo, ah, yee. Yeah, and go, and I think you've seen something that I want to see. I come running over, get hit by a fucking ghost. You should totally know that I'm no, not seeing anything. It's like some fucking apparition has fucking punched me in the face. I taste your fucking breakfast. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. First mail is from Eric. Hi. Rocky. Rocky's back, Eric. Rocky oh, I thought you said it was from Eric. Room. All right. No, no, it's not from Eric. The only thing I get from you is getting punched by a fucking fart. Rocky <laughs> says, hi, guys. Great job of podcasting as usual. My question has to do with Wonder Woman Rebirth. As someone who was not a fan of the New 52, I am generally speaking loving Rebirth overall. But I have very mixed feelings about Wonder Woman. What stands out to me in your weekly reviews is your love fest for Ruckus handling of the Amazon so far. I need a drink. Oh, oh! I just coughed. I had to turn off my mic. I, I got a thinking of that fart. I don't know what happened. It, it fucking gave me a tickle in my throat. Uh, do you think that we have a love fest for Greg Rucka? Uh, I think it's gotten there. In the beginning, it, it, it took me a while to ease into it. But once I did, I actually really went full bore. I'm like, yeah, yeah I, I liked love it this. a lot right away. And recently, like the last issue, I mean, you both had issues. I was, I was down so. a little bit, but it was still a good issue. Yes. What, what happened there? You fucking right. fall? I was stacking my lighter on things that oh, fell. Stacking it up. That's a fucking good idea. 
Just I'm like not a smart fucking, man. Just like you panicking and yelling for me to come over when you farted. Oh, I Given how much over. I dislike the new 52, I actually find it ironic that I find myself missing Azarello's Wonder Woman. Azarello gave Wonder Woman and the Amazon some much-needed flaws and imperfections. Raping sailors for their sperm to propagate their species and throwing the male offspring the asbestos comes to mind. I really like that, the uh, the sons of uh, Themyscira. Was that, that was Meredith Fincher's run, though, wasn't it? No, no. That was, oh, all, wasn't? That okay. was earlier. That was earlier in the whole deal. Pe- Rucka has all but explicitly stated that he is returning Wonder Woman to more pristine roots and appears intent on portraying Paradise Island as literally a utopia. The seven or so issues so far are very pretty to look at, but how are they not seen as boring as hell to you guys? Wonder Woman feels the world is a lie, so decides to go on a glorified walkabout with Cheetah to rescue African women and Steve Trevor, culminating the defeat of a plant. Yeah, we don't like the end of that. We did not not like the end of that. What I admire so much about your podcasting analysis is you guys really do deep, go deep into the story and give it every benefit of the doubt. Your praise of Wonder Woman Rebirth has compelled me to reread it multiple times as I keep thinking that uh, we are reading different stories where you love Rucka's portrayal of the gods as they showed up at different points in the background. And while Diana was in prison, I saw a conversion of Azarello's compelling god portrayals into a sanitized version of Disney's Bambi and Friends. Yeah, I, it, the big thing is Hera being there. That that's off, but I I don't know. Everybody gets to tell their own goddamn story. I love. And that honestly, I'm telling you, for what we have right now, we're only got like you know a couple issues of each of these stories, so there's not really yeah. enough to really. You Again, know, too, if you're gonna go like and it. if you're also gonna like tip for tat, you can go back to read my Wonder Woman reviews. I gave a bunch of tens uh, oh, to yeah. Azarello. Like I think that's one of the better stories, and it is. I think even at a point where we had the the good, bad, and the ugly of the new 52, I am sure that I I can't remember what I put. But, that was a while ago. But to me, Azarello's Wonder Woman is one of the best stories of the new 52. So, yeah, if you're talking about Rucka that I do like a lot, that doesn't mean that I don't like Azarello's, which I do like a lot as well. I actually thought at one point butterflies were going to show up while Diana was in prison. It'd be funny. She'd go, la, 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 and the fucking birds are landing. Snow White's out there. Yes. Everybody's fucking landing on the goddamn yeah. house. Good grief, he says. At least in Disney's version of Bambi, the animals talk, and there's a dramatic tension when Bambi's mom takes a bullet. Adding to my difficulties appreciating Ruckus. You're right. I don't like Bambi. Is his apparent struggle to write a proper villain for Wonder Woman. The cheetah is so dangerous that Diana can't even bring herself to hit her. Did you hit her? Instead, we get platitudes, forgiveness, and compassion, or as I call them, the three death knells uh, to exciting Wonder Woman storytelling. Cheetah is a literal shell of a character that is more of a foil to emphasize how perfect Diana is. I don't want to feel sorry for a Wonder Woman villain. I want to hate one. Hate him. It's like fucking, you know, the the firstborn. He was he was hateful. My question you guys, uh, to you guys is this. Do you prefer Rucka's sanitized version of Wonder Woman over Azarello's darker tale? And I, I kind of said that earlier. I really do like Azarello's story. I like that full, like, uh, ongoing arc. There, you know, there wasn't really arcs. It was a full story. Yeah, it was a long-ass story. I thought that, issues. I, yeah, and I thought that he nailed, really nailed the, the gods. And they're, you know, 
their pettiness, their evilness and things like yeah. that, and really thinking about themselves, I thought was great. And what he did with Hera, where she was bad, then she became mortal, kind of became good, and then you weren't sure. Then went she bad again. Pal back if, if it was going to deal with it. I, I did like it a whole lot. I, I know that the final issue, I think his final issue was issue 35. I do know for a fact that I gave that high marks, Eric. I think I gave it a 10 out of 10. Uh, I loved it. I really did. Uh, again, though, you say all this, and I'm telling you, even the stuff with Baby Zeke, some of the stuff started getting a little hokey and very uh, pushed, you know, rushed at the end of his run. I did like it, though. If I say what I ref- uh, you know prefer now, I'm going to say Azarellos just because we got a full story. Oh yeah, let's uh, say we haven't got enough Greg Rucker here to really compare yeah. the two, in my opinion. Yeah. And I know that you know sanitized version. It's weird. Plus, when you talk about this this run of Wonder Woman, the problem is is we're getting two stories, uh, so it seems to you know you can't really say oh it's sanitized or whatever because what we've seen's been pretty fucked up a bit. It's just different. And I think that if anything, Rocky, you're you're probably gonna have your biggest beef in the fact that it looks like he's trying to erase some of the stuff that Azarello did. Yeah. And that would be a big beef to me if that was one of my favorite stories. But to me, I just go with the flow. Uh, beef. We 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 have Rucka now. I'm just gonna go with Ruckas, and I am enjoying it. I I don't think I like it as much as Azarello, so I will say that. What about you, Eric? I'm going to take a wait-and-see stance, Kentucky. We do not have enough of Greg Ruckus' story, in my yeah. opinion, to really make How a judgment about, uh, call Do you that. like Ruckus as much as the Finch's story so far? I like, I like Ruckus way better than the Finch's. Oh, I thought we are going to wait and see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, that's the problem. We're coming right out of the Finch's run of Wonder Woman, and boy, this is so much better. Maybe that's even a part of it that we really Oh, Jim, like we it. don't have enough Justice League yet to say if you know Brian Hitchens is better than Jeff Johns is at this point, no, right? No, I, I actually like it more than Jeff Johns. Oh, yeah, you, you think, crazy yeah. fuck. <laughs> what do you think of that? Actually, if you go and look at the scores, you were a bit down on a lot of the, the uh, Jeff Johns uh, run of the uh, even the Dark Side War when it was coming out. You weren't giving 9 out of 10s all the time. I I'm, I think that people are looking back at, at the Jeff Johns run of, of Justice League and giving it a little more props than it, than it deserves. It was good. I'm sorry, my biggest concern with the Jeff Johns one is I did not like the Amazo virus. Again, you had that. You, you had a lot of that stuff that you didn't really like. And like I said, they, it also got delayed out the wazoo. Oh, yeah. That was so I hate Brian Hitch's run on Justice League. But to me, I do want something new. It, it, again, I would I would love for Jeff Johns to come back. But I do think that, that people are looking at it through rose-colored glasses now as well. Like you said, the amazing virus was how many issues? Was uh, it, I don't it, even remember off the top of my head. But, yeah, you didn't like that at all. So. No. Every run has that, but that up somehow, and, you know, that ebb somehow and flow. led into uh, what we're dealing with in Superwoman now, which is odd. Yeah, yeah. But I know I'm going to get hate for saying that about Jeff Johns, but hey, fuck it. Uh, yeah, he says, I'm looking now. I can't even remember where I was now. <laughs> I keep losing my, my fucking thing. He says, anyway, it appears that Ruck is returning Wonder Woman to the utopian-like perfection. And my fear is that such an approach is the death knell of drama and fun. Compare this to Liddell's approach over in Red Hood and the Outlaws. Now he knows how to write an Amazon, Eric. Note, hell is officially frozen over as I've actually complimented Liddell. Yeah. Artemis rocks. I asked myself the following question. How on earth did Rebirth Diana get raised to be such a boring character on Themyscira and Artemis being so become so much fun, kick-ass, sexually active, and sarcastic with a dry sense of humor. 
Bracca's weakness of narrative so far is that it leads the reader to the inescapable conclusion that year one Diana is just as boring as year 10 counterpart. What difference do 10 years make possibly uh, handling Steve or handling handing Steve Trevor Diana's heterosexual cherry? She's she's uh, bisexual now, Eric. Who knows what's going on? Which tragically, we never get to see Liam Sharper, Nicholas Scott illustrate. Yeah, he is really against Rucka, right? Yeah. Continues. If Rebirth Wonder Woman is supposed to be her true origin, so be it. But I hope Rucker remembers that he had pre-Flashpoint Diana snap Max Lord's neck back in 2007, decapitate a monstrous Medusa, and defend her use of lethal force against the castigation of Batman and Superman. The uh, the other issue, though, is this rebirth is kind of, you know, painting a rosy picture of everyone. It really wants to, to me, seem positive more than anything at the get-go. I do think we're going to get back to a lot of darker stories, but right now... The whole thing with the, you know, legacy and the fun and all that is what we're going to get right away. But like even Hellblazer, Rucka... he's starting his series off helping Swamp Thing, you know, he's not yeah. really dicking anybody over. Yeah, 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 really. And almost seems like kind of sad that people don't want to hang with him. Yeah. I know Rucka can write a great Wonder Woman, but so far as Rebirth Wonder Woman is far too vanilla sky. I'm having a hard time reconciling the fact that this same Diana and Amazonian family are in the same continuity that has ties to Dark Side and Grail let alone the awesome rebirth Artemis. I also sincerely hope Diana's twin brother Jason does not share his sister's proclivity for platitudes over action and fun. When are we going to get Jason? I really want to know. Come tell you. We have when to are we going to get more dark side? You, you would think that the dark side thing will have to be an event the you next time so, we yeah. see him, right? It might even be... Last a, time we saw him is baby dark side in the rebirth special. I think it's going to be when... Uh, when Brian Hitch does, what what is it? The Forever fucking... The forever Crisis. Forever Crisis. I think that's where we're going to see a lot of this shit. Uh, Rucka is a slow burn storyteller. As Lazarus is an absolute must read. And Black Magic is also cool. He clearly knows how to write kick butt women. I just hope his talent in this regard shows up at some point in Wonder Woman. Because so far to me, Wonder Woman is one of the DC Rebirth's most underwhelming titles. Nice to see Steve Trevor finally getting a piece though. Even if it's only implied... Keep up the great podcasting. Ah, uh, yes. Thanks, Rocky. Thanks, Rocky. He is against the current state of Wonder Woman. I like Our next it. Next email. Yeah, I, I do too. And it doesn't take away anything that I think about Azarello. I love that too. Uh, the next one's Wheezy. I'm going to take a sip of drink. I'm, I'm about to cough and I, I fucking, it's driving me nuts. Wheezy. Ah, Wheezy. Hi, Jim and Eric. Can I ask Hi. why Jim never mentions the names of other podcasts? <laughs> you know why? Because I'm a dick, but I'm not that much of a dick. Seriously. I, I, there, you can kind of, I, I lay enough hints, I think, sometimes, but really, these other that's people, a, I know. There's a breadcrumb trail. Yeah, there is. But I, I yell and scream about these, these other podcasts, but really, I don't want to upset them. They're doing their best, I guess. It just they drive me nuts sometimes and, and do some nonsense. But let them have their fun in their realm. They have their fans or whatever, and they can deal with that. I don't know. I don't need somebody to go, did you hear what Jim and this? And then, the, then you get people showing up for the podcast just to fucking hate me. I don't like that. I always listen to these other podcasts, and if they talk bad about Now, listen, I will say this right now. I listen to these other fucking podcasts. If somebody badmouths us, the gloves are off air. Fight's <laughs> on. And, uh, yeah, if this happens, then you're going to hear a lot. Uh, but as of now, 
Most do. And even the, the point where we talked about this many a time back, most podcasts tend to try to make it seem like there aren't other podcasts around. And what I do, I think I've mentioned enough times the podcasts that I do enjoy. You know what I mean? I'd rather tell you the ones that I do enjoy. In fact, I, I had a note that I, I forgot to mention that Ryan, who does uh, stuff on our, our site, he does some reviews. He has a new podcast called the Columbus Comics Corner. And I was going to give him a shout out and I forgot. So there, there's a podcast that I like. I actually listened to their, their first podcast and I thought it was really good. I, I always oh, mention awesome. 365 Flicks. I talk about the basement condition, the whatnots. There's, there's a bunch that I listen to and enjoy. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a bunch too. I don't know. I'm such a fucked up guy that Eric, you know, for a fact, I actually enjoy listening to podcasts that I hate. More Hateless. than the ones that yeah. I like. I do. And I just yell you about You and Brandon them. both. Yeah, me and Brandon send messages back and forth. And yeah, Brandon's shaking his head. He knows what the fuck, uh, you know, I like and don't like. He knows, Eric. Whew. But yeah, I'm not a dick. I'm not going to fucking shit on no. somebody's parade and mention. This would be the point where I start <laughs> mentioning them. Don't do I it. would never mention weird science. Aww. I did tell you, like, and you really want to know. The podcast that I yell about as well, just find out what Eric likes. Because if he mentions he likes something, I just start yelling that I hate them and that they're dicks. And then I yeah, go but you've never listened my, to them. Then I go out of my way to approve their dicks. And it usually comes down to them following and unfollowing people on Twitter. That's what it all comes down to. He says, what's wrong with a bit of naming and shaming? I can appreciate you may not want to give free publicity to competitors, but if they're trash, what's the problem? And yeah, it's nothing about competition. I just no. I don't want to be that much of a dick. Or do I? Also, I do not get time to really listen to another podcast. Anyway, the one I listen to sometimes goes on for 11 hours. What the fuck is that nonsense? you just, you got to listen to something different. Yeah. Yeah, really. You want to know? Really... The, I've said these people all do like DC Comics podcasts. There's not a ton out there. You can find them yourself and then listen to them maybe. and let me know what you think. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Some of them, they, they name themselves such crazy fucking names. I, I, nobody can find them except me. I got the hate meter going. I would like to hear Reggie and Chris' take on the 90s comic book crash if it has not already been covered. I actually lived through that one. Yes, I am that old. That old. At that point, I was in college. I'm old, Eric. You are Keeping up with the serial. When I was a poor student, speaking of college, I guess, uh, I once had no milk, and I was forced to enjoy my cereal with water. Oh, I would never do that. That just sounds terrible. Nope. I would never do it. If I'm and I hate dry cereal as well, the cereal would just sit there until exactly. I could afford without. fucking yeah. yeah. I fucking wrap it tight and I'll save you for another day, my friend. <laughs> there is no fucking way that I would ever eat any cereal with water. There's no way. It would never happen. It's never happened in my life. Me you either. ever do that? No, absolutely I not. That is like yeah. fucking like murdering somebody. It's one of yeah. the seven commandments. Like seven commandments. Like ten <laughs> commandments. Jesus you Christ. only have seven. seven you know, you only go with this new seven. Getting late. Jess has that one commandment: "Thou shalt not pay the fucking bill on time." Thou shalt I, not I also my there's children. two things I would never ever do. One is probably there might be a couple others, but yeah, you know, I would <laughs> never eat cereal with water, and I would never take a goddamn cold shower ever. I'd fucking stink up the fucking joint before I take a cold oh, shower. Yeah? It's like torture. 
cold shower. Fuck that. I'd sooner wipe my ass with sandpaper than fucking take a cold shower or eat cereal with water. He says, before you grimace in horror, it wasn't that bad. Turns out Frosties are delicious, milky, watery, or dry. The hell are Frosties? He means Frosted Flakes. Oh, they okay. truly are great. This is Wheezy. They call them Frosties there, Eric. They're all fucked up. Thanks once again. <laughs> Your last British You mean fan. over there on the east side? Yeah, over there on the east side. Him and George? Yeah. Your last Please. British fan. Wheezy, I think I've lost him now. <laughs> oh, yes. At least he's not eating that fucking Weetabix. I'm telling you you, you, you ever eat Weetabix there? No, we've right we've now. Go outside and find times, find a, a goddamn bird's nest. Start chomping on that fucking thing, and you will have what is a better version of that goddamn cereal. My mom liked it. It fucking little patties of fucking shit. It looks like fucking pressed cardboard. Fucking nonsense. If you ate anything with flavor, it's she would particle think board wrong. is what it is, and it's just nonsense. And it, that is one thing that drives me nuts. That this is an import we get from the the UK. Fucking Weetabix. They have it at Walmart. Every well, time we got I the see Beatles. It, I just they can't hand out gold the every Beatles, time. The Beatles, the Rolling Stones, fucking Led Zeppelin, Weetabix. Weetabix. <laughs> Weetabix. P.S. In response to you reading a mail out uh, on the last episode, uh, you took. Br- Brexit is Britain leaving the European, which is causing the prices of imports up. Don't want to get political on the podcast, but it may have a negative effect on my comic book habit. It's very odd. I think isn't Weezy that something is we going, had this man? This man? I, I think Weezy fucking had a time warp. Jesus, I don't know what Brexit I got very is, confused for a second. Brexit is Britain. Le- okay, he says Brexit is Britain leaving the European, uh, which is causing the price of imports up. Oh, the don't want to get political. Yeah, uh, he 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 had a time warp. He actually knew. What Brandon was going to ask about so yeah, in his Brandon. fucking mail. Bam. That's fucked up, Weezy. What the fuck? He's going to go on, tell us the fucking you know, Jim, lottery numbers Jim, or something. Jim, Jesus is Christ. Is Britain that far ahead of us in the time zones? I, I, maybe it is. Bricksit. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Thank you, Weezy. It's a goddamn Thank wizard. You. Thank you, Weezy. Go and have some Weetabix. Have it yeah. on me. Actually, you might, with as well, some water. you might as well eat Weetabix with water. Fuck it. And really, it, just think of a particle board and then imagine that sort of cereal. Imagine getting any moisture on it. I think if you, you fucking look at it, it gets soggy. Sounds like, like Reggie would, would love get in it. solitary confinement. Oh, my. It's fucking awful. Uh, the next AML is Maddie D. Hello, guys. Just wanted to start off by saying I really liked your podcast last week. I also heard your solo spotlight and had me pondering a lot over the DC comics I have been reading and the ones I've been waiting on. And Steve Orlando has been coming up a lot in my dislike for certain books. I read the Midnight or Apollo book and it didn't, uh, and it came, it really came off poorly for me. I'm I, I'm getting so tired. Yeah, it's getting late. I know. I thought about what I didn't like about it, and I have to say it is the dialogue. Yes. Yeah. That that's a problem. Yes, it is. Nothing pulls me out of a story more than poor dialogue, and I'm with you. That is number one for me. Honestly, I think Mr. Orlando needs to sit in a coffee shop and listen to how people talk to one another. I think it would help him write better dialogue if he would just think about what he is trying to say versus what to put on paper. I think Plus I know what he's attempting cheeks, to Jim. do. And really, uh, he also has the, the type of dialogue that doesn't even appear that anybody's listening to each other. He has that problem. Everybody <laughs> just has this fucking catchphrase to say and just yell shit. I think I know. I said that's what Brian Hitch's problem is as well. And both aren't really 
fully experienced writers. And I think that is an issue where, like, uh, like Maddie D saying, instead of writing words down, try to write naturally sounding dialogue. And it is something that I think you have to learn to do and maybe they will get there. Uh, I think Midnight I know what he's ease. attempting to do with the dialogue. Here's my theory. In the 1930s, there was a series of hard-boiled detective novels written by Dashiell Hammett. Hammett used a type of language that was modern for the time that was an urban type of shorthand. Okay, chump, give me the skinny on the wharf and and skip the flim-flam. You know, shit like like that. Hey, I honestly think Steve Orlando is trying to get that hard-boiled feel to Midnighter's voice. I I think he might be onto something here. Uh, It's just not hitting the mark. Now, if he can just work on this a little more, he might just have a solid book. The story for the Midnight Apollo book only seems like a fun premise. The introduction of Henry Bendix is great because it harkens back to the legacy of the character created Robot. in the Wildstorm uh, universe. And also, uh, I do not think Matty D read the, the DC Wildstorm yeah. because, yeah, he was fully in that as well. Uh, all in all, I'll try it a few more borrowed copies because I sure as shit ain't going to fork over uh, two ninety nine for this book. Well, that's all I have this week. Keep up the great podcast, and always remember to keep your stick on the ice, Maddie D. And I'm telling you, that is great advice, Eric. You always do that. You never know when that puck's coming, especially when you got a fucking wizard like me on the wing, fucking dishing it out, <laughs> dishing it out, Eric. All right, the next bit. Knocking of kids over with cerebral palsy. Fucking yeah, that's what you have to do. Fucking trash talk. Fucking hitting the saucer. Alex M. The saucer. The saucer. Putting the biscuit in the basket. Alex M. says, Sup, Jim. Sup, Eric. And this is the last email Sup, of the night. Based on your website, guys, this felt like a bit of a down week. Not to, pu- not to put down these titles, but it's not often that Harley Quinn and Aquaman take the top spots for best picks of the week as far as DC's main books. I understand that He-Man and Thundercats take the top spot, but that's not that hard for a site to commit it to the 80s. They named the website after a movie for back then, which reminds me, weird science, Werner Shea. Hmm, coincidence? Ah, he caught on. <laughs> He's the only one. That is a, that is not a coincidence. I'm not entirely sure. No, really, guys, was that an accident? No. Actually, you know what? It was. it was an accident. We, we, we figured that sense. shit out like a few months later. But yeah. hey, Jim, guess what? Werner Shea. S. You said that, Michael. Like, oh, Freaking loser! <laughs> you yep. actually brought you brought that up probably within the last two weeks. Yeah, we, we mentioned it again. I should think earlier this week. Yep. Speaking of things that have the initials of WS, did you hear the good news? Fucking Warren Ellis is back on Wildstorm with a book called The Wildstorm. <laughs> yes, Wildstorm. The Wildstorm, Eric. W.S. I thought the guy was never going to go back to D.C., especially since he made it seem that you're that way over the years. For those who don't know, Warren Ellis was the man who broke the comic book world almost to the level of Watchmen with a book called The Authority. Along with Warren Ellis was Brian Hitch, who at the time was the artist behind the widescreen style that makes reading Authority feel like you're watching a blockbuster movie. I know some of you out there aren't a big fan of his, but some panels in The Authority can be mesmerizing. I, I have not seen a ton of his art, just that JLA and the little bit he did yeah. in that Rebirth, and it, it did not impress me. I'm, and people go, that me and you have even said, and we haven't really looked into it, but we have said to each other, like, he has to be better than what we've seen. 
because people the way people go just, gaga yeah they jumped down your throat when you didn't like jla and it seemed like everything was like you don't understand he's better than this he'll be better you'll see he's better and we never saw it so no, no. we don't know offhand all this but boy he had some people singing his praises to me the authority had one of the coolest spaceships ever created called the carrier look it up it was in Warren Ellis' Stormwatch series before the Authority that Apollo and Midnight. Well, it was were in the New Fifty Two as well. Yeah, were created along with a badass lady named Jenny Sparks. From my understanding, she'll be coming back along with the other Wildstorm characters like Grifter and the Mechanic. Hey, Jim, you think the series will include Jenny's Soul, or the Weird, or that guy that could open up portals by smoking weed? I do <laughs> know Jenny Soul. I did do the the um, Stormwatch, the New Fifty Two Stormwatch book. And boy, if you want to see like some of these characters, the issue 30, uh, the last issue of it brought a lot of the guys back. And uh, it was like rebooted. Everything was weird. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Hopefully a Warren Ellis run will last longer than six goddamn issues. To say that I was looking forward to this is a bit of an understatement. Just remember, though, that whole imprint ends if Warren Ellis gets bored with it. They, they yep. have spelled it out more than once already in this little bit of time in this week that this goes as long as Warren Ellis is, is involved. The minute that he says, you know what, I'm tired, I don't want to do this, oh, I have other commitments, it shuts down. It's crazy. I don't know if that's them saying like like he begged them to do it and that's kind of the thing, but I don't think he did. But I do think, like we said, it was weird when uh, Charles Soule took over Swamp Thing. And the sales weren't great, but when he ended it, they were just like, fuck it, it's over. And they ended it. Well, it's like Jeff Lemire on Animal Man, too. Yeah, on Animal Man. It's like one of those, like, if you're not on it, nah, fuck it, we'll we'll shut it down, and that's what's going to go. So if you're hoping for. This is as good as it's going to get. Yeah, if you're hoping for a lot of long runs, hope that Warren Ellis stays happy. Because it, it could end. So I guess it's not a surprise that I picked up Midnight or Apollo. This was by far one of the weirdest issues I've read in a while. And I'm not talking about the sex scene, although those panels really walked the line very well. I thought they were done very well. No, yeah. I meant the subway pirates. The shitty train transformer. Bendix recruiting the magic people on that crazy last page. Quite entertaining. More so than Superman and Green Lanterns, which were both a little subpar for me this week. Did you guys think the Dominators and Green Lanterns were going to be more of a couple of space jerk-offs? I'm sure more is to come. Yeah, they were odd. Anyways... It's well, he's yelling about the Dominators are coming. We got two fucking jerk-off yeah. goddamn Dominators. It is so funny. Like terrible. They're like, you, you mean these dudes? Look, look at them. The war on Hardy and the goddamn Dominators? Yeah, fucking ridiculous. I hope in the future that we get an issue of the authority on the cosmic treadmill. I'll tell Reggie. I think Reggie had told me that he had read the authority at one point and did like it. Preferably the one where they kill God. Oh, that's right up Reggie's fucking alley. <laughs> Till next time, keep it weird. Written and lettered by Alex M. P.S. A couple of space jerk-offs should be the name of your podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. He's just, he is bathing me in the screaming and yelling about nobody finding that. If we're going to do that, it better be a podcast about the great space nuts. Uh, that fucking Nobody's finding that show. either. Eh, really? They're not going to find it if we like the, the great space nuts? No. Wasn't that just Gilligan's Island in space? Yes, it was. Hey, they were cleaning up, and they accidentally got in the spaceship, and it blasted off, Eric. It's something That'll that can happen. happen in every day. It happens all the Topical. time at NASA. Or as I like to call it, NASA. Oh, yeah, NASA? NASA, Eric. <laughs> but yeah, that that is the, that is the what is it called? The mail. mail. 
the mail. It's 4 a.m. You know it's getting late. Jesus. It's 4 a.m. Where's your daddy at? Your daddy's Where's dead. Your daddy my at? kids, my kids told me before I started again every week, Dad, we're gonna stay up all night. We're gonna wait for you, and then when we're done, can we go get something to eat? And I'm like, if you can stay up, we'll yeah. go get something to eat. They're all asleep down there. They're all conked out. I, I am jealous. There. I went down. Yeah, they're fucking out cold. Actually, Ethan is up, but he doesn't really. He's not concerned with going out. It was Ray. No, Logan. he's masturbating. Yeah, it was Rayfin. Yeah, really. It was Rayfin Logan who wanted to go out there. They're out cold. Uh, but yeah, we're going to finish up with uh, a couple books now, including that old Midnighter and Apollo number one. And it is not. So you don't fast forward past. This is not that shit that I did on the spotlight. This is new this is shit. New and era. fresh. This is new and fresh shit that me and you did. Uh, but we'll be back in a minute. And we're back. Yes, we are. We're back, Eric. We are back. The final stretch. The stretch run. Stretch Armstrong. Stretch McGillicuddy. Who's Stretch McGillicuddy? Anybody? I don't know. Anybody ever call you Stretch because you're a tall guy? Not that I actually... You don't seem to look like... You don't look like a stretch to me. You saying because I'm fat? I might be. I don't know. Somebody on Twitter said that we must be big fatsos. Big, what was it, like uh, I didn't, big I didn't get sugar-eating fat yeah, fucks? I don't know. It was such a weird comment. It was out of nowhere. <laughs> it really was out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, he's like, you guys are either assholes or, or like sugar-infused fucks. Sugar-eating fat fucks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, was like, I actually was going to write back, like, are those the, the two options? <laughs> there should be some other option here. Like, how about column we a, might be just yeah, we might be just normal guys, or we might I don't know. So I don't know. I'd say we're more assholes. How about that? Yeah, I go with that. Assholes. I do like uh, sugar. I do too. I, I could probably sit there and just eat sugar just wow. with a spoon. Just ah. go to town. Just eat it. I need a little flavor. Give me some tang. I'll sit there and eat some you tang. Need a little flavor with the sugar. Flavor. Yeah. Yeah, not me. Not me. I That's called Kool-Aid. Yeah. Uh, it's like the sugar sandwiches my mom would make. Butter yeah. and sugar on bread. And the weird thing about that sandwich is it really it's a has... sugar the sugar sandwich is the weird thing, yeah. It, no, no. That's not the weird thing. The weird thing is as you're eating it, it really has the consistency of eating something that you dropped on the beach. Yeah. And then it picked it up and ate sand. it. sand. Yeah, it does. And that's what drives me nuts. Not the fact that I'm eating butter and sugar. That's just pure goodness. Pure goodness, Eric. Just like this next book. Uh, we are in the section of books here. It's the mini section. The, the mini, minis. The minis. Minis, minis, minis. And this first one is one that I can't say I was looking forward to. It's something that I was dreading to review because I get a lot of shit for reviewing. This book has caused you a lot of problems. Yeah, it has. And it is Midnighter and Apollo number one. And if you did listen to the spotlight, I did talk about that, but we're not going to use that uh, audio. We're going to talk because I want you to have to deal with this stuff too. Even though if you did listen, you, you heard or read the review on the site, I did not mind it as much. 
uh, as I did some of the Midnighters. Uh, it's always or, the first issue that gets you, because even in the Midnighter, yeah, I, I don't, why, you, you like the first issue. I, I think I gave the first issue of that for like a 9.5. I loved it. It's like Damn, really? breath of wow. fresh air it was. <laughs> a breath of fresh air it was. And then all of a sudden the dialogue went, and really this starts out, very hokey as well. I was very uh, nervous. We about pick it, but... up where we left off with the dialogue. <laughs> yeah, we do. But yeah, here we go. Midnighter and Apollo number one. Midnighter and Apollo. I I always want to put Midnighter slash Apollo. I don't know why, but it's Midnighter and Apollo Air. Though I'll just call it Midnighter. Right? What about an ampersand, huh? I I don't know, but everybody's gonna forget about Apollo. It's a Midnighter book. Uh, written by Steve Orlando, art by Fernando Blanco, Romalo Fajardo Jr., and Josh Reed. Josh Reed, I thought that he was a tight end for the Washington Redskins, Aaron. You say so. Josh Reed. Midnighter is back, and this time he's brought Apollo with him for a rollicking good time. Actually, it's a pretty brutal issue, which starts out with the usual Steve Orlando nonsense. The God train runs on innocence, Aaron. But when it settles down and gets personal, I found myself liking it more than I thought I would. We are reintroduced to friends and enemies and even frenemies. And just when you think Midnighter might have all his wishes come true, everything goes to hell, literally, especially for Apollo. And, yeah, I do like this a little more. It starts off just ridiculous. Well, bust my blind cheeks. I'm going to bust your blind cheeks, all right. Uh, I will say right away, I made the joke, and me and you were reading this before we even recorded here, and we were trying to figure out things, and we really do think that Midnighter's main problem in life is that he walks around talking in this crazy ass, I don't know what you would call it, Midnighter ish. He might as well be Mushmouth from fucking yeah. Fat Albert. Yeah, really. Hey, ba, I'm Bagoba. He says things that don't make sense, and we really do think that leads to him killing people. He just gets he might so frustrated say, that people don't understand what he's saying. Yeah, he just he's snaps just, a goddamn mess. He has a bad temper, Midnighter. He, he is not a guy who wants to, you know, nonsense is not in his vocabulary. Unfortunately, shit like, you know, bust my cheeks might be. Well, he can luckily, never say... Though, luckily, Apollo has broken the Midnighter code. He can understand what this yeah. guy is saying. Everybody else, they're in danger. Yeah. Even when later at the at the dinner party, I even think that's what they were kind of getting at. Uh, like they're like, oh, you saw more of an emotion than I think Midnighter also at points is like wants to spill his guts to people and really open up. The problem is they don't know what they don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I'm telling you, instead of him. Buck. My Uncle Buck was in a motorcycle crash like 30 years ago where he actually yeah. bit off his tongue and he had some like head injuries. So when you talk to him now. There's a combo for you. Oh, Uncle Buck. Uh, he speaks Uncle Buccanese. You've got to yeah. really pay attention when he's talking. It has to be around him for a while to really break through because if you don't know him, it's going to be hard as hell to like, know what the fuck he's saying. And you get me a cookie. Is it something no, like that? No, he he just mumbles a lot. Does he, he just like, yeah, he's like a boomhauer. Honestly, it is a lot like boomhauer. Is that what he's like? Yeah. And then he'll uh, be talking about the Flyers and like, oh shit, we're on the hockey now. Fuck. All right. <laughs> you have no idea. Uh, <laughs> the the issue though for Midnighter that uh, one thing that's good about Midnighter is in the world of Steve Orlando, there are often a lot of people who talk Midnighter ease. So they go back and forth. The problem is, <laughs> I don't. So as Subway I'm reading, pirates. oh, as I'm reading, I have no fucking idea what's going on in this book sometimes. And you even said, uh, this all leads to a transforming 
Gollum train, and you train had no Gollum. idea what was even going on. No. Uh, because it's so ridiculous. These things, it starts off, they're in L.A., it's a train station. I don't even know what's going on right away. We we were trying to figure it out. The first panel. Ryan, looks get like, off the tracks. Yeah, there's a late, somebody yelling, Ryan, get off the tracks. I don't know who this Ryan Who's is. Ryan? I'm assuming it's the baby that seems to be thrown up in the air there. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know if that's a baby or just a the, woman in like a faraway perspective. I don't know. There's a bunch of guys with machetes, though. Though the people are more concerned with, I don't. They don't even seem to be concerned with these guys dressed as pirates well, with dude, machetes. People are used to subway I pirates. I guess they they subway pirates. Holly I mean, over there. Th- this train runs on innocence. I heard uh, one lady just street. appears to be doing her afternoon jog at the the station. Uh, there's a hipster guy who looks like he's just kind of. I don't know, upset that is right. I don't know what's going on. These guys are all jumping onto the tracks. Not a great idea either. No, especially because um, the train's coming. And to the, like, I'll get to the point. These guys are the quote-unquote subway pirates, Eric, right? Oh, yeah. Why are they jumping you know on funny? the tracks as the as, train's coming? As a kid, I was the subway pirates as well. That was my oh. sponsored Little League team. We were the subway were you? pirates. You were yeah, the subway pirates. I didn't even think pirates. about that when I wrote there that. You go. I read you, this. You were half-beard. <laughs> you were you were fucking a half beard. You were half parent, Eric. That's what you were. Oh, half parent. You got you had to go and take it to a dark place. I'm sorry. Uh, I was yeah, a subway really, pirate. Why? Jim. Come on. Why are the subway pirates jumping onto the tracks? I don't because understand. Because we were a terrible little team. Yeah. What? <laughs> Instead of going off for pizza, we were, you we jump were on the tracks. There was no train station around. We would have been on the tracks. But what? Like to what end are they? Are they trying to kidnap the train? Because later. Well, the train that's coming, it seems like they're already in control, and their leader is on the train. I don't know. If you know that's Did you watch uh, Divergence? Yes. Do you know yes. that part where they actually have to freaking jump on the train yeah. and it yeah. stops? Maybe that's yep. what they're trying to do, but they had the Maybe. wrong idea and get on the tracks first. I don't because know. Well, this subway train is full of pirates already. Yeah, I, I don't so know. they're jumping for... on the train as it's coming. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, they're jumping on the track. To, it's their train. I, I don't know. But yeah, the first guy or the guy who Midnight is going to talk to for some reason thinks that he should dress up like like a caveman. He, well, it, you don't understand. In L.A. It was, it was like the 30th anniversary premiere of Encino Man. Was it Encino Man? In I was hoping it was how Fred the Flintstones go to fucking Rock Vegas or whatever the, the second movie Vegas. was. Yeah, Viva Rock I've Vegas. I've never watched any of those movies. Oh, my God. The guy even has like a saber-toothed tiger necklace. What the fuck is going on here? In uh, my mind, in my mind, that is a bear claw necklace. uh, Midnighter just punches him. That's the first that you see of Midnighter. His arm come and punch him and says, "Hey, someone could get hurt down here." And at this point, you don't know what's going on. I'm like, Midnighter's a dick. Like, really, these guys. The only thing, the only person. Are people that they're putting in danger of themselves? Maybe they're just putting like quarters and shit on the tracks. I'd love doing that. Oh, that's a no-no. Yeah, uh, I'll derail yeah. the train, Jim. I've yeah, heard well, stories. He's like, hey, listen, uh, people can get hurt down here, and this is where the dialogue starts. And the guy says, you know, don't matter what you hurt, Midnighter. The God Train is fueled and rising fast. It's fueled, Eric. It's and fueled rising fast, Jim. And rising fast. And right away, I was like, boy, if you know Midnighter by name, just stop. Stop right now. He is going to kill you. You are yeah. not going to live. The guy doesn't even have teeth. He, he 
Midnighter activated his dental plan already. I, I'm waiting for him to get that saber-toothed tiger fucking necklace deal or the bear and try to yeah. put those in He's his teeth He's got a new nickname now, Sabertooth. But, yeah, really. But they are the Subway Pirates, and uh, Midnighter knows who they are and says, hey, Subway Pirates must take guts to ride a death train. If you don't want to see those guts, you'll tell me where the kids are. I'm like, okay. We're now four panels in or three panels in. I'm getting the idea that these guys have kidnapped some kids. Uh, yep. Why can't Why can't Midnighter and this guy both come to an accord and they could just the guy talk? can't understand Midnighter. What? They're both talking nonsense to each other. Like this guy's saying the God Train is as fueled and, and rising fast. Can he just say, "Hey, listen, Midnighter, we kidnapped kids and, and it's working out"? And then Midnighter says, "You know what? Where are the kids? That's all you need." And then people get You're things done. You're a tough done. bastard, Midnighter, but yeah. even you can't whip a holy wagon full of the worst murder boys to ever kiss the third rail. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, really. <laughs> I'm telling you, when I read this part, it really, like, in my mind, Steve Orlando just got done watching Mad Max Fury Road because all I could think of was the war boys and them spraying I, their fucking shit all over their face and getting ready to die. Really? I think that he just got done getting hit over the side of the head with a fucking a, a, a fucking hatchet or something. A, a the fucking worst shovel. murder boys to ever kiss the third yeah. rail. Hey, I could just who sits there and says to themselves, "Okay, this is." And really, I don't think that he talks the dialogue out to himself. I don't think he ever says it because nobody talks like this, let alone a guy dressed like Fred See, Flintstone. Like we've said it many times, what you got to do with Midnighter. Or any book in general, read it out loud. See if it yeah. seems like it's real. And see if it's real or, or natural, because I've never heard a guy say, you're a tough bastard, Midnighter, but even you can't whip a holy wagon full of the worst murder boys to ever <laughs> kiss the third rail. <laughs> and, then, and then the next part, as the train's coming, Midnighter says, is that a challenge? And I really do think he's like, is it? Because I don't know what the fuck you said. I don't know if it's a challenge. I think he may have just asked him out on a date. I, I think they are going to have dinner after this uh, the to third kiss rail the third is a rail. Nice restaurant. <laughs> the third rail, is, it's like the third fucking leg. That's all it is. There's no third rail. They're going to go and kiss the third rail there. The murder boys, a holy wagon full of these murder boys are on their way. Him and them and Captain Halfbeard. <laughs> a holy wagon full of murder boys, Eric, to ever kiss the third rail. Like, is that a challenge? But yeah, this guy is talking a lot of trash. He dies right away. He dies underneath. Because that train is coming, and then like, is that a challenge? And the train comes, and Midnighter jumps through the window, and just whoops ass all the way to the caboose. To the caboose, I say, Because you know what? The holy wagon of murder boys is is there, and this guy is... He's kissing the third rail. To the Uh, caboose. Uh, Fernando Blanco does a great job. I really like the art here. It's that sequential panels of, of Midnighter just decapitating and ripping people apart. Um, it's funny, though. I think I didn't even realize, even when I talked in the spotlight, I didn't realize that, uh, what's his name, Halfbeard sees Midnighter right away. And you actually right. see him running away. I didn't even get that because who the fuck knew that was half beard? I like the one guy. I like to call Jim, him. Jim, didn't you see the half beard? I, well, yeah, I see. The, I see the half shaved head. I also see the one guy who doesn't have a, a fucking head anymore. That like's the first thing because right away, I guess half beard was riding the in the beginning because Midnighter grabs him, throws him, 
Uh, just a bunch of nonsense, but I do like I do like the art a lot. Oh no, it's and, way better in my mind than we had with Aiko yes, back in the I agree. Series. And I agree. I had no idea what was going no, on with the art. And I agree like because the order of shit. Yeah, because when Aiko would do it, it seemed to be uh, another obstacle towards understanding what the fuck was going on. You had Steve Orlando's you had dialogue, dialogue, and then you had the art going and then crazy. You had the like, art, fuck. And it was just we even said at points when Aiko in the other in the other book. Shit would just all of a sudden you'd see something come up, almost like the guy with with the peanut at the end of Suicide Squad. Like you, you would be in the middle of a scene, and then you, they'd have a little panel, and there'd be a chipmunk just sitting there laughing. There were so many crazy things, and where you really got it, and you see it when Midnighter kicks Halfbeard out of the train, is uh, where you see the uh, little panel of what would be the uh, X-ray. I'm right. trying to think about, it. and you see the damage, the interior damage. Hey, that's the only did X-ray we saw lot. in this issue, is it? What's that? I, I didn't even realize that was there the first time. Yeah, the I think that is the only see? one, and I do okay. think that it's Fernando Blanco, like, and, and not paying homage, but kind of keeping that same. Oh yeah, you know, it has thing the same going. feel because even later on when we get to dinner party, we have that thing where uh, like Midnighter's eyeball and people eating each yeah, individual yeah, thing, and, and, and his computer brain things. is working. Yep, and that's how you know that he has the quote-unquote fight computer uh, for a brain and that is one thing I was glad you it is mentioned here it's mentioned a couple times yeah. in the book not as forcefully as it was in no. the old series and uh, unfortunately if you didn't read the other series the Midnighter in the DCYOU that ended right before Rebirth me and Eric did and we're going to bring that up uh, occasionally because <laughs> there are some similarities but I do like this issue a lot more than a lot of those issues. Uh, well, once we get past the, the murder boys and the freaking subway oh, firing. Were they kissing that third rail, were they? <laughs> they you know, the, the ship runs on innocence, I heard. Bust my blind cheeks, yeah, Jim. But that's, yeah, my that's blind where, cheeks. this is where uh, you have Halfbeard. It's See, funny, too. I, I don't know why he has to shave the side of his head. He's Halfbeard. I don't know. Not like half haircut. Yeah, he's like the hairy version of Two Face, but he's he's ridiculous. See, now yeah. when he starts out here, he has the Encino Man haircut going on with the dreads. Yeah, he so does, I think yeah. it was supposed to be an Encino Man day in L.A. It might have been because yeah, he's got it too. Half beard. I I was hoping that he got his name from some other reason. He didn't. He just he got up and decided to shave a little different way, and now he's the leader of the Murder Boys. Eric, it's like he, he woke up one morning. He's like, man, I want to be a villain. I want to be yeah. like that Two Face, but I don't want to be horribly disfigured the rest yeah. of my he's life. Like, I don't so want to be I disfigured. Do? You know what? I I need a new look. I, you know these dreads are not doing it. I have the Lou Albano fucking beard, but <laughs> if I get rid of half Cindy of it, Lopper's boy, not calling me for yeah, any videos. Cindy Lauper's not do? calling me for the girls. Just want to have fun video. Uh, what I should do is shave half, and people will think I, you know, I'll be intriguing. People will think I'm mysterious. Boy. I'm gonna do well on my spoken word uh, down at the fucking, you know, the fucking pub down the, the street because slam? oh yeah he uh, he should be because that's when midnighter says and again midnighter can't say listen you piece of shit you're gonna give me answers nope he says simple tell me questions. where the kids are i'm gonna yep. bust your fucking yeah. face all he up. has to say is tell me where the kids are or i'll kill you nope he says simple question lose upright mobility with each wrong answer and i i just want to see the sequence sequence of the i don't know what you mean by that Boom, there's a, he breaks his kneecap. Oh, my God, what are you talking about? And there's the other kneecap. Like, nobody <laughs> knows what's going on. In just here. x-ray shots throughout. Yeah, just, yeah. And there, 
it, it continues because that's where Midnighter finally does say, where's the kids? And here we go, Eric. The God train runs on innocence. Giving up those kids, I'd be serving up the heart of my own rusty God. I, rust, when he said rusty God, I thought it was a sex move. Rusty and he says that, a little brother, the rusty that God. That I'll never do. So bust my uh, – here's the line. So bust my blind cheeks. Now, really, that is him saying kiss my ass. Yeah. Uh, why can't he just say that? This guy, I'm looking because at him. Because he's the a guy, subway pirate. I'm looking at the subway pirate uh, half beard right now. I'm staring at him in the eyes. This does not look like a guy who says bust my blind cheeks. This would be What a does guy a guy who, look like who says bust my blind cheeks? Uh, probably with a monocle and a top hat. <laughs> that guy is like, huh, bust my blind cheeks. Oh, yeah, he's proper, Midnighter. hardcore. Yeah, yeah, he's proper. Not this guy. Bust my blind cheeks, Midnighter, and die soon. There'll be no stopping our god today. And again, this is a guy who knows who Midnighter is. You don't talk shit like this no. or you end up in a body bag, Eric. Spoiler alert. But yeah, that's when uh, Midnighter's laughing. And, and again, he's covered in blood laughing. He's a fucking maniac. And I, he goes, I, a god, good thing I brought my own. And this is where <laughs> Apollo is hitting the train golem, the rusty god, if you will, with another train. And you had no idea what was I'd going like on, I'd like to think it you? was a part of that golem originally, but no. We turned the page like, good thing I brought my own. And I swore when I first looked at this page, because I might have just been going through, not really paying attention, but I swore that Apollo was just tearing the train off the tracks yeah. and making a mess all over he LA. He was just destroying I'm everything. Like, oh, is that, that is not needed, Apollo. Midnighter's already done the job. Yeah, really. Uh, but it and is then I go a, back and look. I'm like, oh no, there's a hand. No, okay, there's and, a hand. Actually, there's later legs. On, when they talk about him destroying the train golem, then I had yeah. to go back and make sure. Yeah, you're like, what the fucking golem? Train and then golem. You're like, okay, I get it. All I right. see it, but yeah, you don't get. It's the got same. a hand. It's got a little mouth. I get you. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a it's a transformer. It's a golem. I I want to see what it transforms into, but. Then you you go from a bunch here of different and traits. well, of course, after you do this, as Apollo, Apollo is a god. He Midnighter brought his own god. Sure. So what a god usually does after destroying a train golem is fly around with an antenna. Ted, you can see it where he ripped it off in the background. I'm like, was there a signal that made this thing come to life? Like, and why? Actually, once why we got done, yeah. like. Tell me about this, because this kind of seems interesting. Yeah. These well, people have trained even, God. I was going to bring it up that this is the typical thing that we talk about where we're like, boy, we want to know more about that. Like, you're you're not getting the coolest part of this. They, Midnighter's you, shitty dialogue is the worst part of this whole yeah. open. The best is this fucking innocence, train-running God, rusty God deal. Murder boys on the third rail. Like, I, I, I want to know, know more about this transformation. Like, what happened in their life that they had to become murder boys? Yeah, and, and <laughs> really, <laughs> and go with this rusty god. They get smoking. Know. They get caught smoking in the boys' room. Get expelled from school, Maybe. and then they're like, "Oh and, shit! Only place for me is the subway." And then they start shaving weird and wearing shit like a fucking but Flintstones. I just really want to know from all of this why Apollo was flying away with an antenna. Well, he's flying away with the antenna, but even then, it's it's odd because he goes down. There's Midnighter. He's walking out of the subway station. These people. I don't get the idea that the people behind him are the people he has freed. No. They just appear to be people who are walking out. Now, they just were around, you would think, where a train has come to life. 
and fought Apollo, and they they just seem like they're you know they just want to go the fuck home. And, and the point where the next panel where Midnighter is leaning over and talking to two kids is that kids. all there were? Two I don't kids. Know. It looks like that one woman in the background is holding the hand. Yeah, of one, but, but even I, I that, that's maybe. Hers. Yeah, but yeah. But then there's people like taking videos and stuff. I I don't know what's going on. But he says to these kids, Midnighter says, "Listen, you know." And the the little girl's like, "Where's Mister Halfbreed?" <laughs> like beard, beard breed. Oh my god. Yeah, where's Mister Halfbeard? <laughs> and he's like, "Up, oh, he's in a box. It's good. You know, he he wasn't good. He, he's he gone wasn't now. A good guy. He's dead yeah, now. He's dead." And. uh you know what? We're gonna find, uh, you know, your parents, and if you don't have parents, we'll find something for you. I'm like, I know, boy, these two these girls. People, these people will help yep. you find your parents. These people, find you they're homes. just people they who want to go the fuck home. Because yep. if you, if they do, I'll be back to encourage it. I'm like, are these just regular people? Because what's yeah. going on? Like, what are That's you talking what it looks about, like. Midnighter? It and looks I, like you and I, like me and you, might be going home from work. The next thing you know, Midnighter's telling us that we have to get these kids and take them home with us. I do not think Tanya would go well with me showing up with it. Oh, by the way, Midnighter told me that I now own this kid. Uh, there's no papers or anything involved, but we have to do it. And uh, Or he's going to encourage or, me. Which or he's going to encourage us. means he's going to kill me. Yeah, and the, the best part that you see this scene, and if you have the book, just go back and look at this because me and you were laughing so much. That he's talking about this. There's all these people coming out of the subway. And we like to think that he did encourage these people. All the people that are – he killed them all. He killed the everybody page, there. You see all these emergency workers yeah. putting up body bags all together. Yeah. like, oh, my God, what did he do? Yeah, he encouraged them. He uh, these encouraged people, the shit out of them. There's probably some guys like, I, I don't have time to raise a kid. Snap. Next snap. Okay, who's next? I make minimum wage. Crap. Like, yeah, I can't afford a kid. I, I can't even have a dog. Snap. I he's live in L.A. and I'm a waiter. He, yeah, really? He's just snapping fucking leg or trying necks. to become an actor. Ah. Yeah, really. I, I got shit to do. I, I, I just got here off the train. I, I just want to go home. I'm here for my mother's Dead. funeral. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Dead. He's just killing everybody. But that's when you see. I, I don't know. It's disturbing because you see body bags. Then uh, what is? what are they doing with those two trash bags? <laughs> is that just remains? Because they're walking. He didn't know what to do with the children. I guess. Yeah, those are the Snap. two kids. He just yeah. Because the kids are like, hey, you know what? We're we're okay by ourselves. Snap. No, you're not. Snap. Yeah. And that's when they're putting uh, they're zipping up half beard in the body bag. And I thought, boy, I did not know. I guess he didn't answer the questions right. No. He he does he, not have upward mobility anymore. He was it's encouraged. Going. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like here's where it's weird. Midnighter he killed, knows he killed everybody and had to go back to Halfbeard. <laughs> Halfbeard, I need you to find these kids some parents. I, I'm it's not like, doing that. Hey, Halfbeard, uh, what is what is your situation like? Do you have an apartment? <laughs> no, really, you fucked me. I was living on that train. You motherfucker! Snap, you're dead. I, I just, it's weird because it seems like he wanted to know where the kids were. He found out, right? He still killed them. them. He didn't care. He still killed this Halfbeard. Oh God! And there are parts Apparently, of this. Apparently, God's only run on the innocence of two children. Yeah, yeah. You don't need that much innocence. I uh, want to think that there's still a bunch of children walled up somewhere. Yeah, he doesn't care. Those two are cute. He's <laughs> like, you know, they're just down there with KG Beast or something. But there's there's a weird deal in this where I don't know. Apollo, in two separate points, seems very upset with Midnighter. 
Yeah. And that's when he says, uh, when he's encouraging the people, when he's telling the little girls, and he says, and no one wants to see me twice, trust me. And fucking sad sack Apollo looks like he's going to cry. Then Apollo's like going away, and it's, you know, almost like the ignoring him. And that's when Midnighter's like, hey, Apollo. And then all of a sudden, they're about to kiss. And I, I was really thrown off because at this point, we do get to it eventually. But at this point, I really thought that this was Apollo upset at Midnighter for going to town and killing all the murder and destruction, all these innocent people. And we didn't even mention there was these EMT people. And they're like, hey, aren't you afraid that Midnighter's going to kill you? I'm like, you better run. That he's going to kill you. He's going to ask you to raise kids. And the best is, I think these people willingly got their necks snapped because they don't want to raise kids. And I know. No, kids are I, terrible. I agree. Jesus Christ. But yeah, then when, you Apollo, go to- when Apollo's walking away, though, I mean, Apollo, and he's like, you got that dot, dot, dot. I'm, yeah. I, in my mind, Apollo's thinking to himself, oh my God, he's going to want me to kiss him, but he's covered in fucking <laughs> yeah, he's blood. Like, he's like, hey, Apollo. And Fuck. no, Apollo's like, I don't want to raise kids. I don't want to kiss his bloody face. Why is he asking me to raise kids? He better not talk kids because I I got a fucking lifestyle I like right now in Opal City. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, yeah, that was part of our lease. No kids. Yeah, yeah, really. Don't talk about that. It's so funny. Everybody else is dead but Apollo. Uh, But yeah, they're about to kiss. They go in for the kiss, and he is. He's just soaked in blood. And Midnight or Apollo, he he doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't doesn't need hepatitis. hepatitis, He doesn't want hepatitis. Oh my God! But yeah, they go to God or no God, hepatitis gets really. He just and and really, he just fought a rusty God. He's already upset. He might have tetanus. He doesn't want to compound that. Yeah, who knows? Who wants that? But yeah, they have a uh, they have a dinner party. Uh, going on, and I really do like this. We're making jokes up until right. this point because up until this point, point, it's nonsense. This is where the book begins yeah. in my mind because I like the middle of this book a lot. Yeah, and this is actually the book actually now to me becomes like Steve Orlando wanting to like actually trying to do something good. Like yeah. this, this is important to him. This beginning was a cold open. Uh, action scene, and he, he made it Murder so boys. over the top, and that's and it is, it's goofy, and it, I don't know. We we have fun talking about it. Is it goofy fun? I don't know. Uh, when I read I that dialogue, when I read that dialogue, I just it it really throws me out, and then I just start laughing. That's the thing. Oh, like I just want to laugh at it. I can't yeah. get like into the book because yeah, it's, it's so ridiculous. It really is so over the top that it it's is. It's like laughable. taking uh, like six pack and dog water seriously with the yeah. shit that happens to them. Yeah, it's even like to me, it's as bad as the dialogue in a dubbed 1970s exactly. Karate movie. It, it is so bad. That it's almost good, and you can oh, laugh at it. But but when we get to the freaking dinner party, we yeah, have the, freaking Tony and Marina there, and it's like a good no callback to the last series. There's no crazy dialogue then. No. And Everything just is like, right on. I, I'm telling you, I love seeing heroes sitting around and just bullshitting, and this yeah. is a great example because yeah. everybody is just kind of poking fun at midnight or at this yeah. dinner table, and I love While it. he's there, and yeah. I think it's hilarious. And I do like there's Tony right here, who people. owns the bar, uh, the bar that uh, Midnighter goes to a lot. And you have Marina, who is – that's a callback to the last series, and she was involved in the God Tech. I explained this on the the uh, spotlight, spotlight, but if, if you didn't hear that, uh, she was involved and went to avenge her husband's death. 
by pretty much trying to murder everybody at this pharmaceutical company. Did she have like company. a God Garden axe or She some did. Shit? She had a God Garden tech, and that was when it had just started. I believe it. this was the second issue. Issue too, yeah. It's yeah, the one I and still it's liked. the one that you really liked. I started thinking it was a little hokey, but she went to kill people, and she was killing everyone, and Midnighter went to get this God tech originally, and when he got it, realized that she was she had a point. She just was going about it the wrong way. She was, yeah. she, you know, she had a, a reason overboard. to be mad. You don't have to kill everybody like Midnighter. And, and somehow uh, she did her time. Yeah, well, he remember he said to her, listen, you're going to do time. You have to. And I did like that. This was very realistic. You don't see that often in a comic where somebody does something bad and the hero says, listen, you're going to go to jail. You have to go to jail. Um but I'll make I sure might kill that people. But I'm midnighter. Yeah, you can't yeah, I'm kill midnighter. people. I, I wear an outfit. Uh, but when he said you're going to go to jail, I'll make sure that I'll make sure you'll have a fair trial and you'll get out when you should. But and when you do, I'll be there to pick you up. It's like the Blues and Brothers. He was, yeah, he goes he gets, and she ended up being his like. I, I said it was almost like an oracle. Yeah, to that, uh, kind of like that. Uh, but it was more like she just was like somebody to talk to him, and it was like, good because that book really needed thought, it. At one point, we really thought that he was going to go around and start recruiting people to be yeah, like a midnight. army. we thought he'd have a midnighter army. We really thought. Remember, he was fighting multiplex yeah. and all that, but uh, she just was back talking to him, and, and it was good because the book did need that other voice to, to talk Apollo to Apollo was missing most of the series. Yeah. Yep, and I do like her here. And they do spell it out. She's like, hey, you know what? Pat died, and it's weird. Uh, I keep looking at my ring, but you know what? I'm horny. I want to get out and, and about. Like, yeah, and, he wouldn't want, I wouldn't want him to like be alone if I died or whatever. No, I'm like, no. you know what? That's I know it's been a, a little bit of time, but in my mind, it's been under a year, and you're just like, you were going to kill people because of your husband. Yeah. Now yeah. it's time to move on in your mind. And it is weird. On, like, Even that, when we said that, because we, at the point when we were talking in the other series, we were wondering how long she murdered like seven <laughs> people, and it seemed like she got out of jail in eight months. More than that. <laughs> I mean, really, she should have been in jail for life. Uh, but yeah, at one point she says, hey, you know, and this is where if you're, if you were, listening and and reading the book this is where you get those little panels of what they're eating and things like yeah. that where you know midnighters looking at his mind analyzing and yeah, going he's on. just watching it all ready to kill and uh it did scare me because she's like you know i'm on i forget what did she call it hook i've downloaded uh, no, hook. Hook. hook hook i've downloaded hook have, i'm saying they What's had it? that is a call to uh Batgirl of Burnside. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. And, That's where uh, Frankie worked. Yep. And she's like, hey, I downloaded Hook, and I, you know, I got 100 messages in a few minutes. Of course you did. You're a lady. You and and uh, you're hot. She's like, and all our supervillains, I'm sure, is what uh, Midnighter says. And I was like, he, he's going to go kill all these people. I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, no, he's going to kill more people. But uh, they even talk. Like, I want to oh, see man. her hook profile, though. Like, hi, my name's Marino. My, I'm interested in avenging my like my ex-husband, yeah, like, yeah. my dead uh, husband's death. Oh, by the way, I am a convicted fucking murderer. <laughs> I murdered eight people, and, and, as but you I'm see, out now. And as here, you look see, at though, these. It doesn't matter. She's a hot yeah. lady. Yeah, she's hot. That's all that matters. If this was poor Tony there on hook. Yeah, they, they, he'd be getting nothing. It'd be funny. He's like, I've been on hook for two years. I've not got one message. <laughs> uh, but yeah, really, she is a convicted fucking murderer and was going insane pretty much. Yet she's all these people wondering. She thinks they're the fucking villains. So I married an axe murderer too. 
Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, that's when they're talking about Midnighter. Basically, you know, oh, you know, Midnighter is a sensitive fellow. Oh, you got to see that? And it's, it is funny. And finally, he says, like, yo, 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 I'm here. Don't talk about <laughs> And I'm trained like to kill. Yeah, I'm trained to kill. And, and it's funny. See, that is good. That's some humor for me. I like it. Uh, and then, yeah, even to the point where, like you said, and I, I agree, and we've had that the last couple of weeks where you get this day in the life yeah. of these characters. And a big thing to me is from this dinner to actually seeing Midnighter and Apollo washing dishes. I, I thought that was pretty cool. And they talk and like, and Apollo, hey, you know what? I like, I like your friends. They're pretty nice. And hey, I didn't ask. Oh, you wanted to know. And then it's time to get busy. And I said in the spotlight. It's so weird though that it really seems like it's right after, but it says two good nights later. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Why would they bring it up two days later? No, I just actually I think the two good nights are saying good night to Tony and then saying good night oh, to Marina. Oh, you're right. No, that yeah. makes sense. I think that they kind of like, okay, I, I, Tony, we'll see you. Good night. Because and then, we have that throughout this issue where you see like, oh, the next night and then the next yeah, yeah. night, and I'm like, I, I really thought that was continuing. No, that makes leaving. sense. You're right. But again. Why make it that confusing? Yeah. Just think later that night. Like I just yeah. thought they ha- like honestly because there is no freaking space between good night. Um, yeah, it does make sense what you're saying. I really thought like okay, we had two nights yeah. later. Now they had some yeah. good days before that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> later on, they're talking like three days later doing yeah. the dishes. But yeah, yeah it's a I weird said, thing to bring up out of nowhere, Apollo. I, but yes, yeah. I do like my friends too. Now I said I said in the spotlight what I like about this is they are gay lovers, they, and yeah. I don't ever think. That, that, that has never been an issue for me and you in this, in this series, the old series, this. Steve Orlando does not, it's not for shock. Like, he shows them there, and then the next thing you know, they're laying in bed afterwards. Apollo it, picks freaking Midnighter up, puts him on a counter, I'm like, yeah. 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 You and fucking then, manhandle you know, Midnighter. But yeah, it's just these characters. It's, it's what they naturally do. And I do like the thing where, uh, Midnighter always knows what's going ahead. And this is even earlier. Tony says, oh, man, you know, you and Apollo, it looks good. You know, you got that flight computer, you can tell. And he's like, well, no, I'm not going to use it this time. You know, I got to, I'm just going to let this happen. I fucked it up the last time by knowing everything and, and trying to control everything. And he did. That's why Apollo left. And I really like that, and I really and do I really like the play here. I really think that Apollo should have left because Midnighter murders everybody, which yeah. we see after yeah. after the like they get done. Like, okay, it's pillow talk time. Hey, um, starting to have a problem with you murdering everybody all yeah, the time. Yeah, and it's funny. You should also say, and and you know what? You you have two friends, and one's a murderer. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you you surround yourself with these fucking Apollo. Pieces I of think shit. this turns you on because you had to have sex with me first before we talked yeah. about this. Hey, Apollo was he was he wanted his. Uh, but yeah, they're laying there, and like you said, he's like, hey, you know what, I don't want to talk about this, this is Apollo saying at the Midnighter, but, you know, I don't know, those kids, they shouldn't have seen all that, and this is where I thought that we might be onto something, where maybe Midnighter did murder everybody that was coming out of the subway, because those <laughs> kids didn't see any sort of murder, they didn't see uh, Halfbeard getting murdered, I don't know if he's talking about the bodies, just in general, but really, Midnighter saved them. You know what I mean? I it's a little though, late now. There had to have been some fucked up shit if people were being pulled away in garbage bags. Yeah, I know, but that seemed to have happened like before. You, 
it's I weird they to me strewn around and freaking midnight I just think they, the subway it's with weird though because he would say he would say to Hefford, where are the kids oh they're walled up in the subway station okay and as he's running there he's just decapitating people and, and slicing them I, you, I think that most of the body bags and things were the people that were in that train like he went to town on those fucking murder boys on the third rail they, they were kissing know, more than mind, that that train just kept going yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, but they they did that. But then from there, now we're gonna go to the Oblivion Bar, the villain who's in the Oblivion Bar. And at this point, you get the he's just interviewing people. You don't know, but it is uh, Henry Bendix. And I like this because I don't know. It seemed like almost like that uh, that hokey scene in a movie where you'd have people uh, almost like dates. Like you would go on hook, and these right. would be the guys who show up, and then you you know it's all a disaster because it's speed yeah, dating is what it is. Yeah, it is. It does appear to be speed dating in the Oblivion Bar, and I told you the Oblivion Bar is a big thing in the DCU where magic users yeah uh, hang out, and that's why at one point Black Briar Thorn yeah uh, even says, "How did you even gain entry here?" Because we do find out it is uh, Henry Bendix who looks a lot like Lobot. I swear to Christ, freaking Cloud City went down and Lobot moved up yep. in the world. Started Lobot calling himself moved up. He looks just like Lobot. I mean, to, to a T. I'm nobody's um, manservant anymore. I'm in no. charge. But yeah, there's some pretty cool characters here. And oh, uh, the they're thing very... is, too, I know, I know there's no real continuity. I'm not expecting that going in besides for the Midnighter book we had. But like, I had to think to myself, because Faust was a big deal during Forever Evil and the Just yeah, League yeah. Dark books. The um, uh, What the hell was that goddamn thing called? Um. Oh, fuck. It was whatever the magic users were doing during Forever Evil. I can't remember what the hell the villain was called, okay. but Faust was engineering something, kidnapping all the magic users. And I'm like, did he survive that? I can't remember, but I'm not yeah, going to go yeah. back to Forever oh, Evil to look. And it's, again, it's all pretty much for comedy here. Yeah, they it's don't just a bunch of, like, part. you know, obscure magic users pretty much, like Raw Man. I'm like, I yeah. don't know you, Raw Man. And I think it I is, yeah, Raw Man. He's from the planet Raw. Did you know oh, yeah. that? Yeah, I did not. Yes. He even says he's there hey, as we speak. Raw man. Uh, it's funny, though, because you get this idea like whatever they're being asked, they're like, they don't want any parts of it. And then you find out uh, very quickly that what they're being asked is to take care yeah. of Midnighter and Apollo. Uh, these crazy fucking zombie people like they're, they're in. They want to be in. And that's where Bendix gives them the. Uh, what is it? The Ace, the of, Ace Winchesters, of Winchesters, which and I, I said, it looks pretty look, fucking cool. I'm looking at the markings, though. I'm like, this yeah. just reminded me of the Supernatural series because from season like one to five, the Winchester gun was a big thing. It's a, a gun that can kill anything is what it was pretty much. And I'm like, looking at the pentagram on there, I'm like, this is just a rifle version of that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's pretty kick-ass, and he, Bendix even says that he got it for them, and, and explains what it is. It's crafted by a mad Texas ranger from the steel of a halo, the bones Chuck of saints, Norris. infernal gemstones. Yeah, it's fucking Chuck Norris, and it, it's not insane mad. He was just pissed, Eric. Yeah. He was a, a mad Texas ranger. Some, somebody canceled Walker, Texas ranger. Yeah, he, he did, he he did not pissed. want to go back to reality. No, he mind, didn't want to. He was a Texas ranger. He didn't want to go back to fucking, you know, sidekicks. He, he sidekicks too. He Jeremy Brandis is dead. Yeah, he killed himself. What, what are they going to do? You can't have sidekicks too now. I need Texas Ranger. Uh, but yeah, Bendix leans back. He's like, yep, that's what you get. Take care of business. 
and then they go off. And, and the scene is uh, so really weird, like, though, because we have these I, uh, he calls them demons. So I'm guessing they're demons inhabiting humans and the bodies are decaying. Yeah. So they disappear with the rifle. But then you have this woman screaming out of nowhere. It was such yeah. a weird thing to have. I just thought it was weird because it when you see the the zombies or the, you know, the, the demons screaming as they go off. She has a very similar thing, and I really thought that they were decaying, and they were going to go in these bodies of these young people. I, what do these people expect at the at the fucking they're, they're oblivion, at the oblivion bar? bar. Yeah, I'm telling you, they're like, at the you oblivion your, bar. You have your nose pierced and your lip pierced. You've seen some shit. Why are you fucking yeah, worried really? about this? Yeah, that's some hardcore yeah. shit. Yeah, Jonathan Brandis. It might be there. I, I said Jeremy Brandis, didn't I? It's Jonathan I Brandis. I don't know what he said. But yeah, then uh, Bendix <laughs> goes back. Here about, I don't think it's Jeremy. Huh. Yeah, ben, Bendix it go. goes back to his like lair, <laughs> his little lair there. And uh, that's when he really looks like Lobot. It, it is Lobot, right? It is definitely and, uh, Lobot. He has Rose, like his AI. That, that does when he's really concerned of somebody being there. And, he, you know, or am I alone? Is somebody there? He's really uh, seems very concerned. Uh, but then you go back to Midnighter. He gets up. Poor Apollo. He's, he's sleeping on, there. He's on the hunt for Bendix. He's going to yeah, go. He kick wants some to ass. find Bendix now. He goes through some doors and he goes around and he's just kicking everybody's ass to find. And it, again, the, he cannot just ask questions. He has to ask questions. He asks fist questions and foot questions because he, he runs nice into questions. this guy. He, he yeah he runs into this guy who appears to be an electric lobo. It's a lobo too, electric yeah, boogaloo. It's lobo two electric boogaloo, and he's like, hey, I know that Bendix made you electric. It, it's weird too. Even this guy, he says, hey, I'm the Midnighter, Mikey. I want the man that made you electric. So unfortunately, this guy is pretty much like an electric version of Midnighter, right? Yeah. That Bendix had used like him, experimented on him. Why does why can't he just be nice to people? I think Powerhouse is having a better time with it than Midnighter is. Yeah, I, I, just hanging yeah. out, drinking, being a yeah. powerhouse, yeah, looking like powerhouse. an electric lobo. Yeah. He's like, hey, I, look at me, I'm fucking kick ass. Next thing he's look missing like Jason Mamo over here. He, yeah, really, he activated his dental plan too. <laughs> he kicked them. Uh, then yeah, you see, it's like the next night, the next night, and the best one to me was Mala in the brain, yeah. and he has the he has a knife right up to the brain. <laughs> It's like really though, and and he looks very happy. He is insane. He really yeah. is. Then you have what appears to be some sort of priest of some sort in a confessional. He's dead. And then the next guy is a guy that looks like Bendix had fused his fucking nerves to a motorcycle. And again, well, this just guy don't hurt my bike, the yeah. bastard. Like yeah. he bonded my nerves to my bike. Again, like, you would think would that these guys might that? even, you know what? The, like that guy hey, might really. Up. I don't like Bendix either. Look what That's he did what to I'm me. I'm saying, like, if Midnighter shows up and says, like, "Hey, buddy, you know what? You're pretty fucked up. Do you know where Bendix is?" The guy's like, "No, I wish I did." And if you find him, tell him that Bikey t- said hi. Hey, you know, guess tell what? Him that I'm kind of a cyborg. You know my special powers? I'm in pain all the time because yeah, I'm, I'm used pain. to a bike. It's such a great thing. And you know what? I can also drive to get you some milk. I could go through drive throughs That's all I can do. I if can't even go home. I run out of gas home. so my heart stops. What I, the fuck? I sit there. I, my house now, I have to sit in my garage. I can't even there, go in and watch there are TV. ramps all over my house. And really, and by the way, I don't want to raise kids. He kills them. <laughs> It's just very odd, like, why Midnighter would ever have to, like, press the flesh with these guys. 
Yeah, they should really they they should be joining him and all going. Maybe not Mala in the brain, but fucking you know powerhouse and fucking motorcycly. They Hot they pursuit. should head off. Hot <laughs> pursuit. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's where he actually ends up. It, it seems like Motorcycle Man does know where he is and sends him there, and that's where you see that. He goes in, Midnighter goes in, there's Bendix, and at this whole point, you think that Bendix is going to be very, you know, scared about yeah. what's coming up. He's not. He no. pre- pretty much locks the doors, Shut locks Midnighter door in with him, and then says, hey, y- you know what? And it's really funny, too, because he does show him, like, hey, look at this. Look what's happened to your fucking precious Apollo. To me, I think that right then, Midnighter is not, he's going to snap neck first, then may look. Uh, but yeah, he goes and he sees that Apollo is being attacked. Uh, it doesn't seem I, like he's being something? attacked by that Winchester. He's no, being attacked it's by a, a insect-looking man with like it's like you know, an insect of guns, insect reptile, uh, maybe android predator that has maybe the predator hair and twelve arms that shoot lasers. Sure, and uh, I don't know because we see bullets later on, so he has ammo stored somewhere. You do see somewhere. bullets, and it also looks like some, I, I don't know. It, it really and and, and he's got and the it road has warriors shoulder pads. shoulder pads. Yeah, it has the road warrior shoulder pads. And I mean the road warriors awesome. from freaking the WWF. It's Hawk and Animal. Yeah, really, it is. It is like the. the it, it reminds me of like I don't know. It does remind me of them. <laughs> it's Hawk. Where's Animal there? Uh, but yeah, Midnighter. Hawk got like, fucked up. Animal split because he couldn't deal with there. that shit. Oh wants to be a tag team partner with a six arm freak. No, nobody wants to be that. I, I, and I'm looking in on the side. I I think I might have seen the Bushwhackers back there uh, <laughs> and Coco Beware. Uh, but yeah, then Midnighter's there and he's like, American oh no. Dream. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh no, Apollo and Rollers. I, I don't know what this thing is. I don't At know. one point, it even looks like its head is like a skull. But yeah, it's it looks hit biological though because yeah. Apollo hits it. I don't he's know what's from his going eye on. A little bit. Yeah, it's bleeding. It's got some crazy shit going on. But yeah, then bullets go, and that's where you see Apollo seems to be uh, almost like solar flaring. Doesn't yeah. he look like he looks like it's when Superman died? It looks just like that, and everything goes dark, and it says elsewhere, and that's where you see. And I really do like the progression of art where oh, it's yeah, completely that works, dark works then really you see well the light go and go and then all of a sudden you see that it is apollo in the fetal position and he looks like he is in hell yep. possibly in the matrix i don't know what's going on but yeah no, there's now outside the matrix yeah 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 he is he's outside the matrix now there's a lot of demons going on i don't know what's going on with that yeah and the book i'm says, telling you as bad as the dialogue wasn't be, uh, beginning it got better but then it just went off the wall yeah it kind of went hell. crazy it, it just got wacky at and the I'm end telling with you, this. I had such a weird time because I, you know, I read this book earlier tonight. And I'm like, okay, the Ace of Winchesters. This seems like that yeah. bit from Supernatural. But then I was thinking too. I was pretty sure it was the last Midnighter series when we had the God Gun that yeah, we had to yeah. go to that that uh, yep. Argus satellite to get. And I'm like, why isn't it just the God Gun? Yeah, because why not just have same that? Thing. Yep. And, and then we and have then this you guy realize why shoot you had at Apollo, that and it doesn't appear that he has the Ace of Winchesters. No. He, like this, is this one of the demons? 
Yeah, I, I don't know. They took the gun? Yeah, and really, if you are going to do that, you, you would think that they'd have them look a little like these decaying zombies. And you don't even get, or have a, unique, have a unique way of, of them talking, and then you can have that talk in that way. But yeah, all of a sudden, he's outside the Matrix with a bunch of demons. And like, he gets, I like the one... a lot of bullets shot. Is one of the bullets special? Because you yeah. don't really see him get hit. Yeah. I just like when I'm looking now, these demons, one looks like a bird that has a pot on his head. You don't know what he's doing there. Do you see that guy? He's a pothead. You see him? There he is a pothead. I don't know what's going on, but they are in, in hell. And uh, I don't know. The guy talking says that we're going to put this light out. And yeah, it looks like Apollo's in big trouble. And it looks like that Midnighter's going to have to go to hell and back again to save his lover. But I do like it. I don't. And, I, I like it better already than the first one. Yeah. But just that opening was Well, rough. it's the it's it's the bookend. The beginning and the very end were rough. The beginning is so rough. And the beginning, it, it I wouldn't just doesn't mind the fit. end if I just knew what the fuck was going on. Yeah, yeah, it's confusing. Because it doesn't just match up to that what we've dialogue done, so. and the whole thing. It, I guess you're supposed to think like that's Midnighter when he's at work. You know, when Daddy goes to work, kids, Daddy doesn't talk like he usually does. Like me and you are at work cursing it up. Is that Midnighter at work when he's yelling fucking crazy talk? Because this when questions. he's sitting, when he's there by himself Press with the Apollo, he's, everything's fine. And I really like it. Uh, but yeah, we'll see where it goes on. I gave it a 7.5 on the site because I did like the art. Uh, a lot more than oh, like the old series, and I do like that middle section. It does give me hope that Steve Orlando knows what he's doing. In the beginning, I, I didn't have any hope, but I started to get hope. And I do like Midnighter and Apollo as characters. I do like them, and I like them together. Of course, well, he starts up another series and separates them right away. Yeah, I'm telling you, well, the series really got good at the end when Apollo showed back up. I like yeah. the two together because it seems to even out the stupid it does. shit it's that the light, Midnighter says. And it's also the light and the dark. Apollo yeah. doesn't talk nonsense, so he stops them. Even earlier, it was like Steve Orlando making fun of himself when he's like, oh, those brigands. And then Apollo <laughs> goes, did you just say brigands? And then Apollo, Midnighter goes, no. And then he stops and doing the nonsense. it's really good. Yeah, it's really good. But I, I do like this a little more. And I don't know, maybe because I know it's six issues, I can be like, okay, you know what, I'll go with the nonsense. It's a contained story. It won't be yeah, bad. We only have five more issues and, and whatnot. And I don't but like I, I did not like the beginning with the me. fucking murder boys. No. I liked everything once we got to the dinner party on, even if it didn't make total sense to me at the end, but I would give it a seven out of ten. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. Uh, but we're going to move on. All right, Eric. Boy, that Midnighter. Oh, that Midnighter and Apollo. That Midnighter. Oh, my. Those brigands. How dare they? Listen, these glory boys are going to hit that third rail like there's nobody's bust cheeks going on with me. That's Murder boys? These murder boys are going to hit the kiss in that third rail Plus my innocent strain that's high and rising and you're busting those you're cheeks. You're going to lose upward mobility. Ah, uh, yes. If you don't answer these questions, you're going to lose upward mobility. And listen, if these people don't take care of you little scamps, <laughs> I'm going to be back to convince them. What was I don't even remember what they said. I'm going to encourage them. Fucking, I'm going to be back to encourage them. Fucking normal-ass people. Just yeah. fucking minding their own business. He's going to encourage them? Why doesn't he fucking raise these kids? Because he's midnight. Look at all those chickens! See? That's what you'd have. A cute-ass girl saying, look at all these chickens. That's all I need, the chickens. I like turtles. Don't Maybe we have some all. turtles. 
Don't we all, Jonathan? Don't we all just like turtles dressed up as zombies? You zombie-looking motherfucker. LeBron James! That is right, Eric. It's all coming back. Uh, we are at the stretch run. We have two more books left, and they're okay. All right. They are okay. Yeah, I like one more than the other. Um, I like them probably both equal. Oh, yeah? They're not my favorites, though, but we're going to start with a very talkative book. Very talkative. And what book is that, Eric? Well, uh, not the one I thought it was. Yeah, it's a Cyborg one. Number Two, written by John Semper Jr. with art by Paul Pelletier, Tony Cordos, Tom Palmer, Guy Major, Hi-Fi, and Rob Lee. Yeah, yeah. Now, now that Cyborg's yeah. now that Cyborg's gone and found his soul through improvisational jazz. <laughs> yeah. Kilgore's come to <laughs> Kilgore's come to rip it away from him while also talking our hero to death. After hearing Kilgore go on and on, the stage is finally set for Vic to make the ultimate choice: save his father and die trying, or let his him die and continue to fight Kilgore. Of course, Cyborg saves his father and doesn't die. And thanks to the help of Sarah Charles by turning off Detroit's power grid, Cyborg is finally able to defeat his foe. But as we close out this issue, it looks like his father that he saved is actually an imposter. Yes. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Why don't they? Why, I know that Kilgore is a legacy character. He's around a while. I'm renaming him. Talk more. He should talk actually less. be talk, talk too much is what <laughs> he is. Uh, I will just say, I don't know. I must be a moron. Because even from the beginning, uh, one of the big things that I didn't get was that he is being powered by the electricity of the city. I, I don't that. know if I... In my I mind, know. he was just controlling the electricity. Yes, and that's when you're saying your thing, that when she shut off all the power, I, I wondered what was going on. And if that's something that he, that Cyborg pulled up from the database of the Justice League, to me, I think that Kilgore would have... I don't know. It was odd. And also, it does start... It's a lot of talking. Kilgore just goes on and on. And basically, he's going to Cyborg up. that, hey, listen, brother. We're we're brothers in arms here. We are cyborgs. We're uh, machinery, and the humans have missed. Uh, you know, ever since we were made, we were made to help the humans. But then when we became bigger, they want to make us slaves. This and that. Come on, rise. He's he is like we said the last time we talked about him. He is kind of the cybernetic eradicator. He sure is, is going to do this. He's going to purge that human side right out of him. And it's funny because at one point, Cyborg's going to try to figure out what the fuck's going on and how he's going to find him. He's like, I'm going to pull up the Justice League database on this guy. It is such a lame fucking thing that pops up. It pops up. It's like a little name, card. Kilgore. It says, name Abilities, Kilgore. controls electronic yeah, objects. That's it. Oh. Boy, thanks a lot. You fucking assholes. But even there, it's he. you don't get the whole – it says he thrives on electricity, which he can also control. To me, that didn't spell out that if the – you know, yeah, he thrives on electricity. I'm thinking that maybe if he sucks electricity I, – I don't know. I never got the idea that if you have a blackout that this would that cause done, this yeah. problem. And it just – that threw me off. But really, the whole thing threw me off. If there was ever an issue – that was set up and filler. It's this one because well, that's boy, the worst because we don't really learn. It's a recap of everything we've already done. It's only the second yeah. issue. Yeah, and it it is not great. It is not great. And the problem I had is, did you think that the art? 
I, I didn't mind the art, but did you think like the shit with Kilgore going on with Cyborg? Did you like all the fighting and all the shit going no, on? No, I'm telling you, I actually found the colors a little bit muddy when Cyborg yeah. and Kilgore were fighting because it's just gray on gray violence and it just mixed yeah. together. Oh, my, my issue was there was so much goddamn talking that I barely get. This is the sort of issue that, you, you know, you're really mixing your shit here where you have so much talking going on and shit you have to sit there and read that the only real way that I think you can absorb the art anyway is to go back afterwards and look at what you had been seeing because you were busy reading this whole time. And once you have to go back and do that, you've lost the spark of, of the issue. You know what I mean? Like going yeah. back and like, okay, I see he threw Sarah off there or he did that or he, he was going to stomp him. I really think that this was way, way over the top talky, talky, talky. Uh, you even I said, said when you read it, yeah, you, so you sent me talky. the night on Tuesday when no we were doing talky. all the reviews. Yeah, you sent me the thing. There's a lot of talky-talky going on here. And you're right. In fact, he he is proving, Kilgore is going to prove to Cyborg that he has advanced more than the humans would give him credit and all this sort of thing by quoting Shakespeare. And again, over you know, and over maybe again. I'm not a fancy fella, Eric, but I really don't need to see that. No. And that leads to him, and really, as this is just going on, it's just Cyborg yelling that he's not, I'm not your brother, and I'm going to do this, and I'm not going to be with I'm you. I'm going to fight you. I'm going to fight you, and then Kilgore basically telling him, no, 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 you know what, we're brothers, we're, we're you know, we're machines. And since I can uh, control electricity, that means I can read your thoughts. Yeah, I know exactly what reading you're thinking. His thoughts. Like, he start, I, I don't understand that, biology or technology no, that well. That doesn't really seem to No, and, and me. to me... If you were going to do something like that, I would have rather, because he does mention the alien tech that created Cyborg. And I wouldn't even mind it if it was one of those where Kilgore, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you, you find out he knows this tech. And that is able to almost download, like, there you think their thoughts, they're more fucking program deal, I can download it. They're kind of getting at that. Uh, but really, I hate Kilgore, and it <laughs> doesn't seem to be anything that interests me going forward like there's nothing interesting about him thankful uh, he is dead yeah it's just you know what i mean like if he was like somehow he knew about the alien tech even then i'd be like oh my god cyborg will not want to kill him because he wants to know more about this and basically like you said he reads his mind and basically tells him the shit that he's afraid of he tells cyborg the Stuff shit we've that already he's known. afraid of yeah you you're afraid that you're more machine than human and you know what your dad's afraid of it too and and, and i also just, overheard you talking to that jazz player last issue yeah. so let's talk about that some more yeah yeah it's, no. it's basically just he's trying to get him upset and then that leads to him saying you know what my leader he wants to know if you're worthy enough you're gonna have to defeat me and then leaves he disappears. He jumps out of the way. And then you get a couple pages of Cyborg just like, I can't track him. My long-range sensors are down. Is this set up for something later? Because it is, it is so it's so unnecessary. He's talking to Saros at Star Labs. And I don't know about you. It, it seems silly in this issue to have to spell out what Star Labs was because we did that all last issue. It, yeah. It, I know that it's something if somebody just jumps in. They do it every boy, issue. 
even that it just felt silly here because of all the recap and all the explanation of things we already know that uh, that just it, added to it to me when he goes when he goes back over he was he finds out that cyborg a uh, cyborg Kilgore is over at this church that his family used to yeah, go to yeah. where his mother was buried i mean i had a funeral service but he goes there and it becomes so heavy-handed because it's like Kilgore gets him in these tendrils and he's all like hey you know what the machines are like? It's a lot like slavery. You're a black yeah. fellow. You understand how Every, bad that is. I'm like, everything really? is forced. Really? And, even then, go? and then there's pictures of the KKK and the freaking oh, yeah. burning cross. I'm like, and it's, what, it's how is that like machines? Me. And it's funny to me because you have Kilgore, who's an alien. He's an alien android, and yet he's so centered on a particular time in the U.S. that he really wants to like center on. And yeah, it's a horrible, horrible thing. It just seems just wedged in here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to say like, oh, you know what? We're just like these slaves and all oh, human beings that humans have a penchant for destruction. And then not only just machines, but, but you really are picking a oh, like you could have had Hitler here as well. I mean, there's a lot of shit that went down, but it's so forced because of Cyborg and, you know, his ethnicity and things like that. But it doesn't seem like Cyborg is going down with that plan. You know no. what I mean? He's not being fooled by this. And hey, Kilgore, that was 150 the, years ago. It was terrible. You know what? I'm still human. I'm going to fight it, for the human I'm race. I'm saying even that it's like, you know what? There's a lot of good too as well. And there's been worse as well. There, like I said, there's Hitler and all this. Yes, there's awful people. But it is so weird to kind of say like that's what our plight is now. And we knew they have done this before with the machines and, and stuff like that. It just to me, it just was over the top. It really was. And not even the slavery thing. The thing that was over the top is just the repeat of everything. And it is basically the one-trick pony of Cyborg. You, yeah. We said Cyborg does a couple things. He hacks, and we haven't had that as much in this series with John Thankfully. Simple Jr., which is good. But it's also this, am I more machine than man? Um, it's at a point to me, you, you have to get over that. You have to get past that and make him more of a full out fleshed out uh more than a, a one-dimensional character of yeah. the oh my god do i have a soul oh my god you know the whole thing with the jazz was was fine enough um but really you're getting this point and i thought they were going a little different which i really liked where cyborg was not he didn't have these issues it was more of silas who had the issues and silas was upset like did i create a thing that thinks it's my son and boy how could i deal with that and i really thought they were going to go more with that that only led to cyborg thinking this yeah. whole shit again it really i john semper jr didn't go the way i thought that would have been a little more well, unique even in this issue thing. i thought we we're going to go to a strange place because like when cyborg's talking about i'm not like you i was born i wasn't yeah. made i'm like i thought Kilgore was going to lay some knowledge on no, us like well here's here's the craziest think. thing because we were talking about that at one point that we really like and he does he says maybe for you big now this is where you know Kilgore has said a hundred times oh my god you you fucking you know we're brothers and oh we're the same and he says hey big mouth uh you forget that i'm human i wasn't built i was born and then he goes on and then kilgore says wrong on both counts yeah and i really do think but we don't we don't dive any i know we don't that. but i really I do think that was, i think that that's a hint of maybe we're gonna find out a little more uh of what went on and maybe that is gonna be a big twist that we find out that he was never born that he, in fact, was always built by him and, you know, Silas and his yeah. mom. 
Uh, and then if that happens, I'll be like, okay, we got a little bit different. And, and even that, even if we found out, if we went that whole route of cyborg is pretty much almost all machine and, and, but yet this whole thing, he's developing a soul and this, that's interesting to me. This whole thing of, oh my God, what am I? And I don't want to be this and I'm going to be that and whatnot. We've seen it every time that Cyborg shows up and it's just, it's getting boring to me. And this issue with all this talking oh my made God, it even stop. worse. Uh, but yeah, at the point, the, the, uh, Kilgore then kidnaps what you think kidnaps his dad, Silas. Well, he does says, kidnap his dad. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's weird though, because in, in the, the way it's all going about, like at one point, the kidnap one must be the cyborg that they planted and all this because they, they put this bomb on them. Well, and they, say, have, oh, they have Silas in this glass ball yeah, and yeah. they have gas all in there that will be corrosive to cyborg's shell, but they've yeah. also planted a bomb in like Silas on Silas's chest. Yeah, in his so chest. Like, God damn it. So Cyborg makes the ultimate sacrifice. He's like, all right, I'm going to break my father out. I'm going to get him out of here. Yeah, and this and is, it, this is the part where Kilgore almost uh, gives him the deal. Like, listen, if you're more machine – you're, you're going to test out the, you know, the probabilities and this and that. And you won't do this, but you know, we want to prove to you almost like to me, what they're doing is to try to make him not save his dad. So he just completely goes, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not really human. You're right. I, I'm done and whatnot. But yeah, this whole thing really doesn't lead to much. It kind of backfires uh, though, because he brought him to this church where yeah. he was reminded of his mother. Where it's like, look, mom. me and my That's father mom was have there. not always seen eye to eye, but w- the connection we do have is we both love my mother. Yep. So, and, you know, and we'll he always says, be connected. And he says, like, it's one of those, I have to say my dad because that's what my mother would expect or want exactly. from me. Uh, so he does it. He breaks up in this thing. It starts to disintegrate him. And that's where he, he's Fred Sanford. He's like, okay, Ma, here I come. Whatever's left of me, Elizabeth. It's a big one. He starts saying it. He's there with Silas. Silas seems to be passed out, even says it later. But yeah, he says to himself, like, you know what? We've had our differences, Dad, but you know what? You're my dad, and we love Mom. That's our connection, and here we go. It is weird, though, because to me at this point, like, he, as this series, we get this number two issue, he seems to be less and less connected to his dad each issue. Like, yeah. even in the rebirth, he seemed like it was a shock that he heard this thing, and, and it, it was that big moment where he found out that the reason why his dad did not pay attention to him was because he was busy all the time trying to save his mom. And I thought that this was like a breakthrough. This was where you're going to get the Silas. We're, we're not going to get the evil Silas who did what he had to do. In the New 52, he was pretty much a piece of shit. That well, he I don't did know what if, he has to if do. Vic is, you know, privy to that information because that was the mastermind behind all of this going into it. But I don't know how much Vic actually knows about his father's involvement, his mother's, you know, trying to cure her. Yeah, I, I still, I think that he, get, he, I think he has a hint of it. I, I don't know. But even then, he, just, it seems to be getting like more and more distant away from them yeah. being uh, together. But yeah, uh, then he. There's this bomb on Silas that never really comes about. It's no. still going. Uh, Kilgore seems to die. They walk away from because, uh, like you said, Sarah shuts down the electricity, so he can't fuel himself. And that that, basically. that corrosive stuff stops after a few minutes, so it doesn't actually. It's not actually going to yeah. kill him, and he regenerates, yeah. and yeah. then rips Kilgore's arms off. Yeah, he farewell to arms. He has some fucking, <laughs> you know, fucking trash talking. I like and, that. Uh, I like that. He says, "Hey, you like Shakespeare? How about some Ernest Hemingway?" Like farewell to arms and rips his arm off, and, and then crunches okay. his fucking head. 
Yeah, it's up. Yeah, and he basically crunches him and then walks away and says, "Hey, you know what, Dan?" And his dad's passed out, but he's like, well, "We don't have a lot of you know great days and, and times where you know we can just relax and win the day. It looks like we've done this. Let's go." Leaves that that bomb is just That's there. The thing. He's like a quick scan of my dad tells me that the, my, his vital signs are, uh, seem normal. They just must have drugged him. Like, how about that scan show you what that bomb's up to, man? Come yeah. on. He's got a bomb on him, and if anything, it's got to be hurting him, if anything. But he walks away, and he's like, you know what, Dad? Uh, he says, and we're both alive, so for us, this was a happy ending. And how often have we had that, a chance to say that in recent years? And that's where you see that somebody is watching this whole scene, and it is the legitimate Silas who is yelling that the person that uh, Cyborg has is an imposter. And yeah, if, if you want to guess, I would say that this is the... Uh, the continuation of that crazy father that we saw at the end. Whether I'm just calling him the mastermind at this yeah, point. Yeah, and it looks like it does appear that that would be him, or he's making clones of himself. Whatever. It's just it's odd too because it seemed at one point that he was standing on a building across the way watching Cyborg and yeah. uh, Kilgore yeah. fight. So I don't know yeah. how he got from one place to the other and I got a skin know. suit. But it yeah, it, it is crazy. Uh, it's a pretty cool ending, but all in all, this issue is a lot of just, it's not I nonsense. I not enjoy it at all. A lot of talkative stuff, and it's talkative stuff of things we already know. Uh, we already know what's going on. If this was the first bit of the arc, and it was Kilgore kind of telling us what was going on through him, we find now, but we know all this. We And yeah. there's not, until that shocking cliffhanger, there's no shock. Are you shocked that Cyborg tries to risk himself to no. save his father? No, you wouldn't be fucking you know surprised at that and everything else is just ridiculous but uh i like the art enough it just like you said there there's some confusing things and and whatnot but yeah overall i thought it was forced and very talkative what did you give it i give it a 5.5 out of 10 i'd probably give it a 5.5 out of 10 as well i I just there wasn't much to it but yet it took me fucking forever it took me two times to sit down and read this whole thing oh god Uh, we even talked earlier about uh, the Dead Man book and how it's an oversized book, but yet it did read very the quick. Man. Uh, the Death Man. Uh, this book is a standard issue, and boy, it seemed like a three-part fucking story because of all the fucking reading. It, Thank it God Kilgore's dead. Yep, but we're going to end the podcast now with our last book, and yeah, I, I did. It's weird because I don't know. As we talked, I originally in my notes said that a 6-5 for a uh, for cyborg and as we talked about it i realized how much i did not like it so yeah. i changed my score because i do like this next book a little more death of Hawkman number one written by mark andraco with art by aaron lopresti live say blonde and josh reed the new ron thanagarian war has started and it may be up to hawkman and adam strange to stop it well maybe just adam strange if you take this title seriously even though this looks to be a hawkman title you won't get a lot of him here because we spend this issue watching Adam Strange search out a rogue Zeta beam that was supposed to take him to Rand, and when one finally does, he sees the planet and is all sorts of fucked up. Yeah. All this sorts. Was, this was a weird issue. It really was. Don't don't you think? I'm telling you, they're not lying the on the cover when they say featuring Adam Strange. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 this is Adam Strange. This is more of an Adam Strange book than anything. And I didn't mind it, but in a How weird book, is it when Hawkman is the selling character, so you call it that? But also, what's also weird to me is just the fact that you have six issues and not much happens here. 
I mean, no. you get more of Adam Strange at the we DMV barely get a setup, yeah. than you get at uh, Hawkman. And yeah, there there is a very hokey setup at one point that made me laugh uh, with Despero because we've yeah. already seen him. He's on the cover. At Motherfucker's points, larger than life on yeah. the cover. Yeah, he's on the cover, but yet they they show him, you know, Bell Rev. It was Bell Rev, right? Where yeah. he goes, and they're like, "Hey, do you have all the heavy hitter heavy hitters taken care of?" Everybody's oh, yeah. supposed to be. Everybody's accounted for, and the only thing that you can read is desperate. Desperate, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's gonna cause some problems. But yeah, <laughs> uh, the, this whole thing it uh, it is a callback to the Thanagarian Rand War and all that yeah. sort of thing. And reading the solicits and what they said when it was going on, it is going to end up with Hawkman and Adam Strange kind of teaming up to prove to everybody that the war is not back on. And you know it's going to be Despero who's causing the issues. And it starts off with the uh, planet ran right now. And there you get. Well, I don't know. Your... It's like we started out, though, with this issue where it really seems like, you know, Despero will be a second, like, kind of consideration to this war because Thanagarians are starting some shit. Well, here's the thing. If, if the solicits and the story – now, this is spoilers – Right. And whatnot. And maybe what I read, maybe they'll kind of twist and turn around. But everything seems to be that the Ran, uh, is it the Ranians? <laughs> well, yeah, the Ranians. The Ranians are kind of fooled into thinking all this has happened. Like most of the shit hasn't really happened the way they think. What they, what you see the, the Thanagarians coming and doing, that's actually Despero fooling them into thinking that's what happened. That that's what it seems to be pointing out. So it's one of those like I think one of the solicits like the the Iranians think that their worst fears have happened. The Thanagarians have attacked again, and the war is on. But is it just is it real or is it Despero's you know machinations? So it's one of those where it looks like the war is almost like you know fooling them into starting the war, fooling them into making the war happen. And now we're well, seeing it's, the it's just so weird because like we start out like well we start the issue out where we see his shit has gone fucked up on Ron. Oh yeah, we have the Hawkman and Adam Strange pretty much just just beat the shit out of yeah, Hawkman no. is pulling arrows out of him and you know they fucking have to try Adam to get Strange away. Is a pussy. He can't <laughs> even take it. Fucking Hawkman. Hawk it doesn't even look like that bad a thing. He's just pulling an arrow out of his shoulder. I know that it might be crazy. I want to see him pull out that one out of his fucking chest. Might cause a little more issues. But yeah, he pulls an arrow out and a fucking Adam Strange almost throws up. I go, do like the art in this a lot. Oh, it, it looks great. I'm saying, yeah, but we go I, I back really to like, like Adam Strange is thinking how he got himself in this situation yeah. because, well, first off, too, Alana Strange has her classic origin in this where she is the uh, daughter of Sardath of Ron. Yeah. But we never really have any of that in the Justice League United where we had the character. She just seemed to be, you know, an Earthling who yes, was yes. fell in love with Adam Strange yeah. and went on these crazy space adventures with the Justice League United. But yep. here we're back to normal. And yeah, uh, Adam Strange hates his goddamn Earth life. He can't wait to get Zeta being back. It's it's boring to him. At one point, he was an archaeologist, Eric. It seemed like he was having some fun, but now he just cleans up. He cleans up in his apartment. Yeah, he wants to go back to Ran and and be a superhero. And that's what he, you know, they even show it. And it's all exciting. Uh, His big thing now is playing PlayStation and going to the DMV. It's all he does. He's a bored fella, and he wants to see his wife. He's all horned up, but, you know, he's not going to get that right now. But, yeah, he's in the DMV, Eric, and it drives me nuts because he's one of the guys who, uh, like, always wants to talk Cathy. to people. Yeah. yeah, he's a chatty Cathy. I, I don't need that. Uh, the fucking one lady says no habla inglés. She's lying. She just doesn't want to talk to him. Why she has would her she? fucking number. 
I don't know. The guy just starts talking and pretty much is telling everybody the story about him being a space superhero. He's a fucking nut. Nobody's going to listen to this shit. He's got and his Justice League because, idea. That's what I'm saying, especially because as it goes on, he keeps telling people and showing the Justice League ID. Nobody believes him. Nobody remembers him. Nobody thinks anything of it. It's pretty funny. Uh, but in the meantime, he gets uh, his uh, fucking wristwatch, tells him that there's going to be a fucking Zeta beam, and he goes off to get it. And he's trying to find it, and that's the big issue here is that the Zeta beam is misfiring. And the Zeta beam never comes. Yep, it, it goes. It goes to different cities where he can figure it out, but it doesn't well, go saying, where it's supposed to. That's the one thing I have going on here with that Des- Despero thing is that the Zeta beam doesn't come. It's a rogue Zeta beam. It's going different places. But the next scene we have is Alana Strange and Sardaf wondering yeah. what the hell went wrong. And it yeah. looks like two Thanagarians come and fucking blow the shit out of them kamikaze yeah. style. Yeah. And I'm like, would Despero have like Zeta beam there and like already started shit this immediate? You know, it's yeah, kind of weird. It seems that that's all a big set. Like this is all a setup. And this is where you would get from what they're saying that the suicide bomber fucking Thanagarians may not be what they're supposed well, to be. That seemed a little and, weird to me that they're suicide bomber Thanagarians. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it does seem like shit's, you know, being played up to try to make Rand cause a war, uh, with the Thanagarians and vice versa. And really from how it starts and ends, it does look like shit has escalated very quickly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you get you get uh, the rest of the issue pretty much is just Adam Strange trying to figure out why the Zeta Beam is not working. And he sees where there's residual uh, things from Zeta Beams and it goes to Coast City, uh, St. Roche, New York City, Gotham City, and Metropolis. And it's kind of funny seeing that map there where you see where yeah. Gotham City. I always want to see the map like too. that. And I actually do like it. It almost seems like Gotham City spelled out to be almost like Philadelphia all out yeah. of nowhere. Uh but yeah, you have it there where, you know, he's trying to figure it out. So he goes up, talks to a uh, cyborg and basically wants to teleport or boom tube. Uh, Teleportation out to is these. my jam. Yeah. yeah. He says that to cyborg. Teleportation Never say that is again. Jam. And I, I did laugh at that. That was but a yeah, good he's, line. He's going to go to all those <laughs> cities and try to figure out what's going on. And that's what you get. He's going to go around. The big one to me was when he goes to Bell Rev. Like we said, yeah. he goes to Supermax prison. And he so I want to see them like matter at all because we see the Despero cell. Yeah. And you see it just plain out there. He is on the cover. And yeah, you can't read any of the other cells, but you see Despero. Yeah. Something tells me he's not in there. Or if he <laughs> is, he's, he's up to no good. And the Zeta beam just is going there and out. Uh, but we'll see what's going on. He also goes to LexCorp. He's going to go to Wayne Tech. He's going to all these places. Uh, at LexCorp, it's it's funny because that's where he uh, he tells her, "Hey, I'm a Justice League," and they're like, "I I don't remember you, but I I do like it. it." This issue is very laid back. It's just to me, it's very odd to be part of a six issue mini that we really don't get a lot. And the really, very if somebody, slow beginning. Yeah, and if somebody gets this and wants Hawkman, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait a couple issues. And, I, you know, thought at least I was a little disappointed issue. in that because I really wanted some Hawkman going into this. Yeah. And yeah. I get Adam Strange instead. And yeah. And I, I, Adam Strange intrigues me. I always like him yeah. as like that classic golden age here. You don't even get a lot of that. You no, really get you, none. You, you're you just get getting Adam Strange walking around Earth. And it's funny because in this issue, he's pretty much telling us that's the bullshit shit that he has to go through and that's what we get we get the bullshit uh 
But then, yeah, he goes back home then eventually. Yeah, for some and, reason, Zeta Beam goes to his apartment yep, and transports him to Ron. Yep, and gets him. And he's like, oh, man, Alana, I'm going to come home. And he gets there and all shit shit's gone bad. loose. And it, it looks like shit has gone bad, just like at the beginning of the issue. So you would get from here that he's going to go and find Hawkman and we'll see what's going on. But in the meantime, I think then Hawkman know, probably knows what really is going on. Like he'll say the Thanagarians have not been on this. We did not attack. Yeah. There was no fucking, you know, suicide bomber. I don't know what they're talking about. You know, you'll have it going both ways and then we'll deal with that. Uh, but really for a start of a series like this, I was a little disappointed. I thought so it was, was going to be a lot more. But I thought we were, I thought it was just going to be fun out. Let's go and fucking space adventures, baby. You have Hawkman right. and Adam Strange together. Sounds fucking awesome. It sounds like just not You got a title Death of Hawkman? Yeah, that sounds yeah, badass. Well, that was the thing. At one point, it was Hawkman and Adam Strange out of time. And then they changed it out of the blue. Right before this came out, a week or so ago, we had in the news, the uh, title was changed out of nowhere, Death of Hawkman. And uh, it just seemed weird. That Why would you change it like that? And like you said, is it because they're trying to push Hawkman as more of the deal? Because he's not in this issue. And really, and yeah, I think even somebody that I read even pointed out like, oh, if you put Death of in front of anything, it's going to sell more. But really, Hawkman? You're you're really counting on that? And it just seemed odd. And Eric Shea I, might care. I don't know about the major populace. Yeah, no. Nobody, you see Death of Superman. Yeah, that's sold. Uh, Death of Hawkman. People probably the most, most people that are even in the know are probably, I thought he died already. I haven't seen that motherfucker <laughs> in a while. And yeah, you, you get this. And it really is a slow start to a miniseries that of all the miniseries that were announced and came out this week they all seem to drop this week this is the one i was most excited about Me too. and i really wanted to have some fun and it was one of those where i'm more of an adam strange fan you love hawkman and i, I thought it'd be fun i thought it'd be so fun we get on the podcast and we're talking about oh man it's so great we're seeing all this stuff and we're, it's so much fun and, and wacky adventures and we did not get no, and but the we'll thing see. is, what we did get, though, was still fun. It, yeah, I was it was. Disappointed, it was okay. But it, it was still fun, and it looked great. Like I great. said, the, the, the shit was a lot of, like, downtime, but, yeah, there was okay. I really liked the art, and I'm still I'm still intrigued to see what's going on, but oh, yeah. I'm not intrigued by the story. I'm just intrigued because of the characters involved, and I want to see what happens with them. But this story, I could care less. I, I'm not like, oh, my God, what happened to Ren? And, oh, Jesus, the Zeta Beams. And I really, if next issue, they fucking just, you know, here's what happened, and here we go, we're going to do this, I'm fine. Because I, I'm more interested in just the characters, and I want them to have some adventures. And see, I'm not I a don't. huge Adam Strange fan. I want to see some Savage Hawkman in the next issue. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying, I, but I don't care if we find out this or that or the other thing from this issue carries over, and you know, we find out that yes, indeed, and when we find out, oh, Despero's involved, that's fine. But it's not like I'm waiting on fuck with bated breath to right. see what's going on here. I just want, in my mind, at the end of this. I'm looking forward to the next issue because I want something to fucking happen with Hawkman and Adam Strange. That's it. Uh, and, it. And, and I'll go from there and see what's going on. But, yeah, what did you give it? Seven out of ten. I think I'd give it a six five, uh, hmm. only because I, we didn't get a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I did like it enough. Uh, I'm just hoping. I, I actually want some Savage Hawkman as well. Not 
Let's pull out Don't an you, arrow, that fucking, that two, do not, Even that, that was my favorite part of the book. Yeah, it was. It was one panel. Really, I if I counted, I think Hawkman was probably on for four panels. I think very like two odd. pages, you know. Yeah, very, very odd. But uh, what is your pick of the week? Because I'm trying to think what I would have given oh, the pick fuck. of the week. Because uh, mine is probably, it's weird, mine is probably Harley Quinn. And that was just Har- an eight five. Mine is probably Harley Quinn as well, and I think I yeah. gave that an eight. Yeah. yeah. So Harley yeah. Quinn number five. Harley Quinn crazy. number five. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't think that'll ever happen again. <laughs> but yeah, there you go. Harley. It was Quinn. a down week. Yeah, even it was funny. Even Reggie was surprised that I liked it. I, I don't know. I, I liked it a lot though. Uh, for what we got, I really liked it. But yeah, you want to hear what we got next week? Of course I do. We got a lot of books next week. It's back to fifteen. I have five of them. Uh. Action Comics 965. All-Star Batman number three. Batgirl and the Birds of Prey number three. Deathstroke number four. Detective Comics number 942. That ends the Monster Men story, so that is the conclusion. Earth 2 Society number 17. Earth 2 Society number 17. I'm actually looking forward to that. I want to see what goes down. Eric, I already read it. That's cool. You kind of Gotham Academy, did. second semester number two, that may in fact become the first flash review of the rebirth Eric, of the rebirth era. Because I do not think we're going to talk about it. And Reggie got mad at me when I suggested that to him. Like, oh, I don't know. We'll see. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, number six. New Superman, number four. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number three. Suicide Squad number four, Supergirl number two, Superwoman number three, The okay. Flash number eight, and Wonder Woman number eight. And yeah, That's I think a lot The of Flash number books. eight ends the the Godspeed thing, and Wonder Woman number eight is back to my year one, but it is the Barbara Minerva Cheetah story, that, that side story that we're going to get. And that is a lot of books I am, I am fully excited. Is that artist name Bill Quist? Right yeah, it's like Bill Quee. I, I, I don't even know it. anymore. Yeah. Uh, so late. <laughs> yes, it is. But I will tell you, I'm looking now, I'm trying to, I, I hate sounding like a fucking moron, but I guess saying that I have to go back. It's Bill Quist Evely. Oh, I was right. I actually thought Bill I made that name Quist up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm telling you right now, I fully expect next week to be an over 10 hour podcast. I, and I hope that we can plan ahead. And get some shit done before we, Saturday. We plan every week and shit gets fucked no, up every actually, week. It never matters. It, it never. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. If we plan ahead and do everything, it's still 4.30 when we're done. Now we get here. We have to do almost every book tonight. It's quarter of five. It's always yep. the same. It's the AM, my man. That's what you get. That's what happens when you have the dedication. So whenever you go out there, if you learn one thing about our podcast is when people start complaining about the length of their podcast and how much work they have to do, you tell them they're full of crap. You remember us. And really, I say that, but I think to me, it's also a badge of honor to some people who can say, I listen to an 11-hour podcast, you <laughs> fucking assholes. Like they have people at work on. I listen to podcasts. Oh, really? How long's your podcast that you listen to? Oh, it's a long one. It was an hour and 10 minutes this week. Quaint. Oh, really? Hour and 10 minutes. That's a cute little podcast you got going on. The, the fucker assholes that I listen to, they're not even done the fucking intro by an hour and 10 minutes. They're just getting a roll on. Right? I need a roll on. I stink. <laughs> a roll on it. I am so goddamn tired. 
Uh, but yeah, I don't think that we should extend this anymore, right? No, we no, it's false extension of the podcast. I really don't think that anybody is interested in me yelling and screaming about my kids anymore. <laughs> or are they? But yeah, I, I can't even think of anything I, today that I got angry about my kids. I already told you. Raining threes, Eric. They got me mad and I fucking took it to the court. Little white guy taking it to the hoop, baby. I was like Spoon James on that court. I actually think I realized today I think I might have a mental problem, too. No, really? So I, I was, we're going to go out and get some Chinese. I was going to pick up my drinks for tonight. I'm like, okay. So I got showered. I got dressed. We went out. And on the way there, like, okay, and uh, we got to go stop by here and get up cat food. And then I want to stop by Walmart. And I felt deceived. I'm like, I had a set plan in mind. Now you're fucking up my entire yeah. day. See, you're starting to get like me. You're getting a little older. And, yeah, you, you're fucking with me now. Today, um. I, I, we just went food shopping. And I might have thrown the word cunt face out there. I don't really? know. Really? That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. Uh, we, I, we did all our shopping and I did get kitty litter and I did get fucking, uh, uh, what's it called? Toilet paper. Right. So today I am getting ready. I'm doing my thing. And the one thing that happened, Tanya comes downstairs and she goes, Oh, can you make me a French bread pizza? What they do? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I, I heard her. I didn't just ignore her. I fucking forgot to even turn on the oven. So I'm typing away. I'm listening, you know, looking at my shit and reading. And she comes downstairs and starts fucking yelling at me about this goddamn pizza. Now, when she said to me, can you make this pizza? She was fucking two inches from the goddamn fucking oven. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm busy. And then she gave me the whole thing. This is why you people who <laughs> hear of this, when we beg you that maybe someday we may have asked for money, it's so that I can shove it in my wife's face when she oh, goes, yeah. oh, you're busy, are you? Well, that certainly pays the bills. <laughs> and then I, I, I really want to shove it in her face. That's all I want. Maybe we'll do a thing where it's a new way that we're going to run the, the Patreon, that the people donate the money. And then we, I just wanted to hit the bank account so I can show her, and then I'll give it back. You can have the money back. I just want to be able to show her there. Oh, yeah. You know what? I am paying the bills. Whatever. I don't Not me. I do stuff. that. My card's going to be taken. New things are going to be yeah. bought. I can't afford. I know. But what happened from this then is then I'm getting ready, and we're just about to go on, and then I hear this yelling. Oh, it's nice that somebody bought kitty litter and fucking, you know, toilet paper. Oh, I'm like. The fuck are you talking about? I I did buy those. Yeah. So I I got I fucking start. They're gonna complain about that. You, and and they're upstairs. You know what are you talking about? Oh, we don't have the toilet We have it. It's just the fucking assholes didn't take it upstairs. So when we unpacked the groceries, that's I did, your jerk I think, off kids. I think I said it to Ethan. Like, hey, take this up there to the bathroom. And okay, he just set it down. So I'm getting fucking guff. Then I say, no, we have it. The the kitty litter is right where it's supposed to. I'm like, we have both of those. Do I get a fucking, you know, oh, I'm sorry? No, sorry. Of course not. I, I, I get more of the, almost like my parents with the, oh, you must have done something fucked up anyway that we didn't see. Oh, yeah. Somehow that's still biting me in my ass. I'm a fucking old man. I don't need that. I'm a man. <sighs> see? There you go. A little bit of, little little bit of my day. But yeah, my day. His day it, shit. I'm this becoming day a mental did not patient. Go well. Yeah, this day did not go well for me at all. And I really thought that even when we started, I was a little off at first. I didn't feel comfortable with the books this week, like reading them and doing my notes and stuff like that. So I hope it doesn't come off of Honestly, like, oh, I feel odd just because I was disconnected for two days. Well, that's what I said. That, threw, my entire week that off. did throw the whole week. 
It really did. You not being online and even to the point where we didn't see each other at work because I was out a day, then you yeah. were out. We never really had that day where we sat and talked about all the books that we usually do. We usually sit there and talk about the books. And we don't even say like, oh, when, when we talk about this, we just talk about them. Yeah. And I do like hearing some things that kind of, you know, gets me. So then when I start reading the books, you know, I kind of have it. a little bit of what to look for or, yeah. or even to the point where you have an issue with something and I might see something that you might not have seen. I'm like, oh, you didn't like that. Well, here's this and, yeah. and all that. But uh, yeah, it was off this week. It really was. But yeah, uh, I hope next week's books are better. Because even the books themselves seem to be off a bit to me. Harley and Quinn number these, five, book of the week. Yeah, book of the week. Maybe it was these minis and stuff all hit at once. It was weird that they let that happen, that they all come out in one day. Oh, Jim, you missed one too. Next week, Lost Boys. Oh, yeah, yeah, Lost Boys. I don't, Maybe we'll talk about that as well. Because I am interested in that. But, yeah, that's Lost a Boys, book. of course. That's why when I was going down my uh, – my thing on my app, I only looked at the DC stuff. So, yeah, I missed that. But, yo, Tim Seeley's Lost Boys uh, book is coming out as well. That's crazy. But that is the podcast, Eric. I am that now is. not going to extend anything more. And I'm trying to find the theme because what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Keep great it week. weird. Keep it weird. We'll Creep see it seven. weird. See you in seven. Oh, here we go! 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 Oh,